Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. Where do you think you're going? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. This is a full-blown, four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're going to press on, and we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap danced with Danny fucking K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney night, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse. Look, Daddy, teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. That's right. That's right. You guys give up, or you're thirsty for more? Jim is yelling like his hair's on fire An axe is nipping at his nose In the background we hear things go haywire And now Jim's blood pressure just rose Everybody knows Continuity's been trashed No one tries to make it right Nonsense plots Contradicting the past Mean Shay can't get to sleep At night And Steve Orlando JLA might be the worst ongoing from DC today. It's got bad dialogue that we despise, and reviewing it is making tempers rise. And so to Jim Warner. And Eric Shea We have to say a big thank you For reviewing the books Even when they're not great Merry Christmas Holiday greetings go out to Reggie, Chris, Brandon and Trevitt, Jeremy, Josh Vermillion, Batman Beyond Mark, Lord Andy, Alex M for his great cover art, and all the members of the Get Fresh crew. Whoop whoop. And so to Jim Warner and Eric Shea. From me and all the Get Fresh crew For all that you do For us we want to say Merry Christmas Woo, woo
It's holiday time, boys and girls, and boy, do we have a gift for you, but I'm not giving you the receipt for it, so you better enjoy it. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I am Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, and episode number 155, which may just be the equivalent of getting coal in your stocking. 155. Poop, poop. Eric, hello and welcome one and all to the official and official podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com for the week of December 23rd, 2017. As we just heard, Dancing Mike serenade us, Eric, Thank with a lovely Mike. holiday song. Uh, yeah, it is uh, Christmas weekend, so Christmas is almost upon us. Some people had asked me, Jeremy said, hey, you still doing regular schedule you know, stuff because he has a crossover corner this week. Uh, so he wanted to know when he could send it in and things like that. I said, yeah, it's, it's all... There's all no sh- rest for the wicked. Yeah, it's all... Uh, what am I saying? All ships ahead. I was going <laughs> to... All hands on deck? All ships ahead, Eric. I don't know what I'm saying. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the proud. Weeby Geeks Network, the proud. Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent proud. Bound Podcast Network. We are on Facebook proud. at Weird Science DC Comics, Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com, and Twitter at Weird Science DC. We also have an award-winning website that we already sure mentioned, do. but I'll mention again, uh, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, where you can go and read all sorts of reviews Eric. we put all our reviews up there so that people can go and read all of that jazz we also have a patreon account that's uh, at patreon.com slash weird science where you can go and support us but when you do support us i'd like to think that we offer shows to uh, allow you to so. think that you get your money's worth uh, this your week yeah this week the badasses picked for the badass uh patreon spotlight two books again superman number 37 and Super Sons number 11, which is the Super Sons of Tomorrow are getting all that goodness over there. Yeah, so if you want to hear us talk about those, those will not be on the podcast tonight. Uh, you have to go over to Patreon and get that. Also, I want to point out a little bit as well that we always have a regular spotlight that goes up on our regular feed. People who are followers of ours and have our feed and whatever pod, uh, you know, podcast player you have would Whatever's know that that comes out. Yes, uh, where you have that that comes out, you would see that. And uh, the spotlight is something that does come out every Thursday. We usually or always up until now have put that spotlight on the regular podcast as well. Well, I thought this week, finally, I was like, you know what? It's kind of this nonsense. (laughs) Why double dip? Because you have the spotlight on Thursday. Just go and listen to that. And then when the podcast comes, and if you do listen to it normally, you don't have to skip through it later. Either way, it is a bunch of nonsense. That's the only reason. It is. And when I go and try to edit it into the podcast, it never fits snugly in. I have to end up because we're idiots and we can never segue in and out of it. And I'm telling you, at one point, we did kind of try to put an intro, stop recording, then go into the book. That's a bunch of nonsense, too. Next thing, (laughs) I have seven trillion files. And really, I saw a lot of people putting up the podcast this week, as they always do. But some people are like, oh, listen, uh, we're going to take off for the the Christmas or whatever. But we want to get something up quick. And the one guy I saw was uh, bemoaning. That they actually had a po- he had to edit a podcast that was an hour and ten minutes or something. Like, <sighs> Jesus Christ, that's like, forty five minutes. Yeah, that's like mail or something for us. So yeah, uh, but yeah, just go if you want to listen to Spotlight, and then it also gives you the opportunity if it's a book that you could care less about. 
You don't Boom. have to listen. There you go. But this week we did talk about Trinity on the regular spotlight. So again, if you want to listen to that, you got to go to your feed and grab that and listen to that separate. And I, I also telling you sometimes you know me and you don't just talk about that book the intro and outro we kind of have some goofy stuff and things like that so if you haven't been listening to that you may be yeah yeah so go and listen to that but since i did talk about the patreon that means that now it's time for the badass roll call all right eric it's time for the badass roll call and uh, uh there's been a uh there's been a power struggle going on, Eric, but it looks like Crazy. Dancing Mike out of nowhere has come up. He, at the moment, Eric, is the new Ultimate Badass. He has nice. uh, he has taken that away from Toby. Uh, Toby's <laughs> going to have to fight back. But, yes, Dancing Mike in a very – actually, if you knew what was going on behind the scenes, it is a very funny way that he ended up becoming the Ultimate Badass for at least the moment. But we also have Brian from Arkansas, Eric. Ace of Spades Productions, uh, all new. Dave, I'm, uh, this this damn thing is like loud. I have it so low on the thing, and it's so loud. We also have Hakeem, Manship, D-Man, Josh Vermillion, Havlin, Batman Beyond Mark. We have T. Werner, T. <laughs> Eric. We have G-Man. We have Brandon, Bobby, Jolly Drew, Reggie. We have uh, Andrew and Belfast, Double A-Ron, Eric. We have a couple new ones here. If you see, a couple people Oof. have uh, jumped up to the badass level. Uh, we have the Abuse Mom in the Verizon Hole. We have Monty, Mad Monty. We have Swanee, Simon, Anthony G, Dave J, Bill Bear, Ian, Missy T, Rob Lewis, Pete from NYC. And I, I, it took me too long. Ron Wolf, Marv, Jazz, uh, Ruben, and the OG, Christopher Hyden. There you go. See, that's good, though. We're getting that's too awesome. many people as the badass. So thank you, guys. And thank everybody else who does support Mwah. us because we do appreciate it. And I hope that you appreciate everything that you are getting. Just to, to throw it out there, me and Eric just did our Necessary Nonsense podcast. That was our top five uh, Christmas movies. We did that. That ended up almost two hours right there. Crazy. It actually was longer than I ever thought. I actually was worried because we were like, we were getting ready to do stuff and we had to record with Reggie. We also had our movie night last night as well. And that we got on. I'm like, okay, we'll we'll probably be done this in 45 minutes. And ah, oh, man, I, I wish that we could make it. Like, next thing you know, it's an hour and 50 minutes. I'm telling you, this to me every time. Like, no, we're, we're gonna get done right when we need to get done. I, I wait for the one time where we get on and don't have anything to say. It is, you know, not amazing. I don't want to say it's amazing because then I sound pretentious. But we, we've amazing. gone a, a long. It's amazing. Oh, what performers we are! No, <laughs> I, I end up like. I, I guess Fair we enough. always have some stupid night. That's why the nonsense always comes in. Because, yeah, if we had to talk just straight-up knowledge, eh, we, I wouldn't have anything to say. No. When we start talking about later, when you hear me talking about uh, making sandwiches out of scabs, uh, oh. then you'll wish that there was no nonsense, right? That, that was complete and utter nonsense. But we're going to move on now, Eric, to something that you like because we have a rant and rave line, which you can call at 641 715 3900 Enter extension 452-328, followed by the pound sign. It's just that easy, folks. Welcome to the podcast! You know it's gonna be a long one! 
that easy sure yes is. it is eric and we're going to start off the rent raise with a little call happy holiday call from someone called mr miracle oh hey happy holidays man this is mr miracle calling in uh <laughs> not what i expected I voice sound like at all to you no you didn't my book um, I think you're just trying a little bit too hard to fully comprehend a book that's so steeped in surrealism. Hold on. <laughs> oh, yeah. <coughs> it's Mr. Miracle. What are you saying, man? Like, just sit back, take some mood-altering drugs. I don't want to. And enjoy the don't ride you? that is Mr. Miracle, man. Enjoy the ride, man. Enjoy the ride. I'm telling you, it's not that hard to like this book. Just look at the pretty pictures and understand... I do like the art. Maybe yes, you Mr. Do. Miracle doesn't fully understand what's going on either. <laughs> I Maybe don't think he does. It's all just to make Tom King understand the mystery going on. we call life, man. It is the mystery we call life now. Fit into it. He's speaking like, my, st- singing my is tune. Real? What is like the nature of reality, man? Anyway, <laughs> I'll let you get back to your show. Happy holidays, man. From Mr. Miracle. There you, is Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle. Thank you, Mr. Miracle. Thank you for shedding the light that I needed to enjoy that book. Uh, the next caller. No, well, the next caller, though, he th- this guy doesn't usually call for encouragement or holiday cheer. Here huh. you go, Eric. Hey, Tim. Hey, Derek. <laughs> I'm still waiting. He's waiting? Yeah. The stoplight, you know the fucking one. You fucking know the fucking one. I'm here, and I'm ready to fight. I've been sitting here for weeks now. He's just standing there. Seems like months. Oh, it's a pumping station still. That's right. Jetting does not step down from a mother. <laughs> fucking fight. I sit there and I see the space coming up in, in this thing now on this visual. Wait. In the intersection. Yeah. Only enough in this fucking shitty town that I actually kind of love. Not one car has passed by in this one intersection in your town. And it's very strange. So, so 
is going on. Pretty sure I passed through that recently. It ain't right, and I know. My car's you busted up. You yeah. Don't need it, don't want it, never needed it. But I'm waiting <laughs> this intersection come out and fight me. I will get I'm leaving now, Eric. Your mother. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Long pause. That's right. That's right. Come on. Get it, I will. Strike. Come on. Head over for the holidays he's, tonight. He, he is waiting. He's waiting in that one intersection. He's waiting for us to go there and fight him. I feel like I would like to fight him right now. I, yeah. I'm not in a good mood this week. I, I would probably fight him right now, but maybe this not next me. call can get me going. Uh, it is uh, Johnny Thunder, Eric. Are you aware no. of Johnny Thunder? You, you like the old Johnny, Johnny Thunder. Thunder. Do you like Johnny Thunder, the comic book guy, or Johnny Thunder, the uh, musician? Are you a fan of Johnny Thunder, the musician? Are you aware of him? I don't think I'm even aware of Johnny no. Thunder, the musician. John, you would have to look it up. Uh, big influence on that. at least Duff from Guns N' Roses, if I remember correctly, but here is Johnny Thunder. He's calling in. Hello! Hello! It's Hello. Johnny Thunder! I didn't mean it to run away! What? But if you're gonna bring me back, don't let me be written by Steve Orlando! I'll try you! Say you! Say you, say me, say all of us. There it is. He's there's Johnny Thunder, Eric. He's he waiting does, for his grandkids to visit in the old folks' home. He does do. not want to have Steve Orlando write a book with him in it. I, I would agree I with that. that. So, yes, that is it. Now we're going to go to the next one, and I know it's one of your favorites. Here. Richard Richardson oh. here, and since this is a Christmas season. <laughs> He's coming out like a shot out of a cannon. You a couple ideas of what to get. Richard Richardson. I'd like to know what to get him. Yeah, Richard Richardson has a list. At the top of my list is going Henry to Cream. be some graphic novels. Very yeah, graphic. He has some really good graphic novels. It would be the top of my list of go. 2017. You know it. it will, it, will it not be uh, Batman, Jokes and Riddles? And Mr. Miracle. Here we go. List, you know who it's gonna be? Yeah, it's Tom King's <laughs> Batman. Yeah, I'm gonna reread all of Tom King. All of them. Yeah, Tom King graphic novel would be perfect for Richard Richardson. Yeah, and then next yeah. on my list would be. The Justice League of America Yes, book. check. Where's oh, my, where's my ding? It's so good. It's so great. I can't remember the guy's name that writes it, but he <sighs> should be writer of the year. Yeah, <laughs> He's so that good, Eric. And then uh, lastly, but Johnny not Thunder leastly, lastly, but yes, not leastly, would be the Justice League <laughs> Rebirth. I know it's gone. Yeah, that was so good. The stories were so good. They connected really well, and they had a beginning, middle, and end that flowed very well. There was no nonsense or anything like nope. that. It was so good, and that was done by good Brian Hitch, my 
my favorite writer. Yes, Ryan Hitch. What is he Wish writing he knew his now? Because he should be on like every DC book. So Ooh. that was Richard Richardson's Ooh. list. Shout out to Get Fresh Crew. Real quick. Boop, boop, boop. And we'll see you in seven on the sevens. <laughs> <laughs> See you on the 7th. Yeah, see you on the 7th, Richard Richardson. Have a good holiday. The next rant rave is uh, from somebody who had uh, written in before. We haven't heard from him for a while. And I was actually, it's weird. I was going to mention him uh, this week to you. And I was going to say, you know what? Because it's Ulysses Jones. And he ended up, he did the Ulysses Jones show, is what he used to call his males. And if you don't remember, he left to go to college. Uh, oh. It was the end of the summer, and he went to go to college. And he was telling us he's heading off to college. And then pretty much I figured college life had taken over. The comic no nonsense went down. And, yeah, no time for us. But this is a rent and rape from him. So nice. I, I was really excited when I heard uh, that it was him. So here we go. I guess this is where I'll leave my rant and rave uh, to oh, little Jim, uh, Eric, and the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm so happy to be calling. This is my first time calling in. This is Ulysses Jones, if you remember. I had a, I do remember. I had a nice time at college and listened to Weird Science as I was going to my classes and, nice. you know, fucking up. If I could tell you the amount of people that do not know comics at my school, it is ridiculous. I, I fucking hate it. I fucking hate <laughs> that fucking school so much. He I hates hate that it. fucking school. Please, God, I want to go. I hate that school. Do <laughs> you think his dad's making him go or his parents? At least I don't you doing good? Doing all right. Better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, golly. What, 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 what did I want to call about? I think I just wanted to call. You I just wanted just to call, Eric. Just wanted to check in. Talk to you. Yeah. How you doing, guys? I'm doing right, great. No, I, I'm, I'm excited to, to get the uh, Dark Knight's Metal trade when it comes out in cool. 2025. Uh, <laughs> I think it'll be really good. It will be. To have that piece of shit in my house. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't I really know, been, been keeping track anymore. of it too much. It seems very convoluted and... Uh, Distressing, but you know, on to good stuff. It's almost Christmas. Yep. Oh golly, I hope you guys are recording on Christmas because that would be magical, don't you think? No. Actually, actually, Eric, I do want to tell you that the plan is, and these plans don't often come to be, uh, me and Tanya are going to record one of our Issues podcasts on Christmas Day, uh, only because Christmas Day does not mean much in the Werner household, so I can make fun of her about that as well. I'm going to be at uh, Jess's parents' house trying to, yeah. at one point, I'm going to like you know fake sleep just because I know that nobody will bother me if they think yeah. I'm napping on the couch. Yeah, you act like an old man on the couch. Also, uh, I did say because last week I ended up having to not be able to do uh, the far out sports nuts with Brandon. So then I'm uh, during the week, and again, I didn't think ahead. And I'm like, okay, we didn't do that. Well, we'll get back to the grind with that. Um, oh, shit. Monday. Oh, no. Monday is. Monday is Christmas, so I was like, oh no, so we're actually going to do that tomorrow on Sunday, so yeah, I actually do have a couple things that I'm going to record the next couple days, but hey, that that's the game we play, Eric, but back to the call. That would just be, oh, that would be lovely. It would be, wouldn't it? Uh, what's your favorite Christmas song, and what's your least favorite? Ooh, are you going to listen to our top five Christmas movies podcast? We yes, we about did this, talk this about that on Patreon, but I will tell you mine was actually Run DMC's Christmas in Hollis is actually my favorite. 
I have to say my favorite one right now is... Christmas Shoes is my least favorite. Probably the Christmas Waltz. And <laughs> you like that Christmas Waltz, My least you? favorite is that fucking little drummer boy bullshit. Yeah, I don't like that either. <laughs> oh, God, I fucking hate that song. I'm with it. It's, it's better than Christmas Shoes. Yeah, I fucking hate that song. It sounds like something wrong turd would think. Wrong turd. Wrong turd. <laughs> I'm the wrong turd. <laughs> Speaking of which, Eric... Ulysses, I thank you because when this call's done, I have a wrong turn story that oh, is actually going to blow your mind. Oh golly! Well, I'm walking around my house and my dogs are looking at me weird because I'm talking on the phone and no one's talking back. <laughs> so, and I don't think that's what like the other call better be good quality because we're both in Pennsylvania. We're all we're all in Pennsylvania, yep. folks. Yep, we all are. So, in the heart, better be like. Decent, or I'm dropping Verizon. I fucking hate those people. I have seen Mobile. I'm going to drop them. Fuck Verizon. Yeah. So I agree. I hope everyone has a nice Christmas <laughs> and a nice New Year's. Hanukkah or whatever. Yeah. You know, whatever <laughs> you celebrate. I know. Yes. Jim, spend some time with your kids. No. They're gonna really love Christmas. Yeah. You know, and you get them nothing but comics. No, no. And Eric, give your hand a little love. I'm sure he needs it. I always you know, do. Cellar dweller. I'm sure yes. they both need it. Cellar dweller. And Reggie, that deep voice, that lovely voice, give it a little bit of love. A little. And the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop. Give it that whoop, whoop. Yeah, boop, give it whoop, whoop, whoop. All right. And that is Ulysses. Thank you, Ulysses. Hey, Ulysses. That, uh, keep, you got a mail in as well because I always love your mails as well. But uh, I went shopping today, earlier today. Now, I did tell everybody in the Get Fresh group, beep, boop, boop, in the Slack chat that uh, later on the day, my car broke down. It seems like my fuel pump decided to take Jesus. a shit. And I was, uh, for some reason, uh, decided the, the, it to happen the time that I was the farthest away from the house that I've been in in a long time. <laughs> but uh, so that was nonsense. But before them we went shopping didn't seem like anything was wrong then but we went to aldi and when we were in aldi it was just me and logan so we're standing there and i look over and there's wrong turn now i see wrong turn in aldi a lot we we tend to go he goes you have to the same aldi, shopping schedule the same about the you know the same time pr- pretty much when it opens on saturday so i look over and he's he's just standing near the front you know the front deal the front door yeah. and i don't see anybody with him and the thing is any other time i see him Anytime I ever see him, he is with other people. He, you know, he's there. He's just standing there. So me Did and Logan are looking. Him? Yes, he oh, was, I was home jail. alone in the Aldi. That, that was. <laughs> I'm telling well, you, he well, was Aldi alone. Now. Yeah, it, it was unbelievable. Because then I'm like, what is he doing? And he's just standing there. And I'm like, we got any? They left without me. Like, what that do you mean they left without me? They actually loaded up the van, and I guess they didn't realize they counted heads. I'm telling you, somebody was going by, you know, just walking by, they counted heads, and they thought, yeah. okay, there's long turn, and got on the, in the car yeah. and drove no, away. No, they, they went in, so he was just I standing like there. They were just tired of his bullshit. Yeah, they were just standing. He was just standing there waiting, and then we're like, oh. And then uh, we went, and, and Logan's like, why didn't you ask him if he needed a ride? Fuck him, I'm going to give him a ride. So we were loading up the, the things, and then we saw the van come in, pull up, and then he <laughs> just walks out by himself and gets in the van. I'm like, he, he's Macaulay Calkin of Aldi. He, he's there all alone. I actually should have been in a video. Ah! He could have put his I hands. kind of wish he was crying. Yeah, it would have been good. But yeah, they, they left him. They left him. 
It made me. It made me laugh so much because we had just done that recording, and yeah. both of us love Home Alone. We have that in our top five list on the Patreon uh, necessary nonsense show of top five uh, holiday movies. So I I thought it was hilarious. There was there was wrong turn in his own little Home Alone. But we're gonna go on to the next rant and rave, and this is I'm gonna laugh a, at him so much when we go yep, back to work. The Christmas rant and rave from the Hollywood Kid. What's up, Weird Science? <laughs> Coming at you live from Leakslip, back again. It's your boy, the Hollywood Kid. Yes. So, what up, lads? Uh, it's much. Thursday today. It is not. Uh, I'm recording this rant and rave on a Thursday. The Thursday before Christmas. And yep. it's also the day after New Comic Book Day. Sure is. Uh, or, as we like to say over on the Twitters, hashtag... NCBD. Uh, yes. So I, I thought I he was going to say some that. like I thought he was going to say some like slang that he says in Leak Slip. I thought <laughs> you know here in Leak Slip what we call down with the pants and up with the people. I don't know what the story is if what? we're going to have a podcast I don't this week or not. Uh, I you know <laughs> down with the pants up with the what people. What would have been Christmas and all that? But uh, I I say we get like a Christmas Eve episode. You know festive milestone bitches. What up? You will be getting it. Get yeah. Something at least because you know. Jim and Eric are the hardest working podcasters in the podcasting business. That's right. Well, at least Jim is anyway. You know. Damn right. Uh, Eric Finally. Is. But, uh, you know, there's, Finally, if there's no... By the way, anybody who wants to hear me yell about Eric and, and the treatment, he gets uh, better treatment than me at work. Listen to that. That reminds me of that. Uh, when we were doing the news thing, somehow I started going off on how you have all your Transformers yeah. uh, there, and then you spend time showing me the transformations of, of your toys. And I said every time, it's, boy, this one's a tough one. <laughs> You're freaking struggling with them. Then I gave some of my favorite Transformers, including one of my all-time favorites, Eric, the milk truck that turns into the so ice cream much. truck. That is a triple change, Eric. No oh, podcast, uh, and this you hear this rant and rave the next week. Then all no, no. I just said- see this is this upsets me. Luke thinks that we may not have had a podcast this week. He should I know wish, better, right? I wish we would have gone with Luke's thinking. He should know better than that. I don't think that there'd ever be a way that we can do this. I'm, I'm desperately trying to find. Oh, I don't have what you talk about Willis anymore. <laughs> I was gonna hit that. That would be really ironic. It but, would uh, be. There you go. So uh, I've read three books so far uh, uh, from New Comic Book Day, and I I liked all three of them. I loved The Wild Storm, uh, and my boy Jeremy, he knows what he, up, yeah, was that yeah, book. Love that shit. Absolute business. And I love Metal Four as well. I yeah. think that book was definitely take that Eric. worth the wait. I actually I actually fell asleep the first time I read it. Not gonna lie, uh, <laughs> but that's not because the book yeah. was bad. Sounds like Eric watching the Last Jedi. <laughs> I was just I was up at the crack of dawn so I was uh to hand in my last assignment before oh. the new year in college. Uh who fucking sets an assignment for like the twentieth of December? Isn't that asshole. just criminal? But anyway Professor uh, I was very tired. Uh so I 'cause I you know, I'm not usually a crack of dawn type of fella. That's not me. That's, That's I not heard. how the Hollywood kid rolls, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but, uh, he gets up at the crack of noon, Eric. He's at Hollywood time. Yeah. Uh, well, I popped into Dublin City Comics first, of course. Of course. Uh, you know, Dublin City Comics. Comics. And then I, I got on the bus, uh, and when I got on the bus, it was like perfect snoozing environment right there. Nice. Because uh, it wasn't... It wasn't. I, I'd be too nervous to sleep on a bus. There's too many people. Too many people looking to do too many bad house. things. 
That's true. You got to sleep with one eye open around here. <laughs> no, he's, he's got an axe I wasn't now. too he hot. Does. I wasn't too cold. It was just, just right. right. Just like the porridge uh, from Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but perfect snooze, <laughs> you know, perfect snooze environment right there. So uh, I'm reading metal. And, uh, you know, it's Brother Scott and Brother Capullo. That it is. So, you know, it's good. Uh, but, you know. Says he, Dancing Mike. I got Mike. to the bit with, uh, with Dream and he's talking and he's talking about his, his big story. And uh, next thing you know. <laughs> he's not Dream's selling talking, this. And I'm dreaming. He's boosh, dreaming. I fell asleep. There you go. But, you know, that's just the way it is. But I read the boosh. second time and it was great. So, yeah. Shout out to everybody. You know, I think actually... Uh, while you know, while I'm saying that, you know, I don't know, I don't know if I'm being positive, Peter, or nothing. But uh, the books the last couple of weeks have been pretty damn good. Like poop, you know, poop. we haven't had read three. even the books that are usually a bit down. Like Flash was good last week. In fact, I'm sure it's JLA okay. that was decent. It, was, it wasn't bad. Not decent. It's usually shite. Uh, so, I still think he's positive, Peter, but yep. he's got a point. Some of these books he's saying, I have to admit that I've been down on and weren't as down. I don't know what. Maybe it's just maybe it's just a bit of Christmas magic, you know. Santa's be. smiling down on the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop, and we're poop, poop. Some good books for a change. Happy days, but yes. you know, I don't really don't believe in books, Santa Claus. Ones, but uh, you know. I just, I just think. I'll just tell you. You want to even things up? I got a couple books you can read. They're gonna bring you down. Yeah, oh, Batwoman. Take the, take that one. You might not be singing that tune there over in Leak Slip. You know, we've been getting some good books. Happy days. But uh, before I go, because I'm just fucking rambling at this stage. Uh, before I go see you guys on the sevens, I got a couple of points left to make. I want to give a shout out see you to on Get the Fresh Crew, of course. Oop, poop, oop. poop, poop, uh, poop, and I want to wish. Jim and Eric and Reggie and everybody in the Get Fresh crew boop, boop, a very boop, boop. Merry Christmas or a Happy Hanukkah or Feliz Navidad as they say in España uh, and you know as we say over here in Ireland Askilga no son a ditch there you go yeah, boop, so boop. I hope everybody has a nice holiday season and I hope everybody gets what they want for Christmas I've, al- I've already got all I wanted because uh Christmas came early. Why did he sound sexy when he said that? <laughs> I've already you, got everything you, I wanted. Tell you, what do you think this is? He's like, I have a ah, you know what? I want everybody to have a good thing, but I got what I want. <laughs> like, I don't know what the hell this is going to be. Out of nowhere. You know it's going to be Kyle Rayner Volume 1. And, not, and to him, maybe that is sexy. But boy, he got really sexy there. For me, and it came in the form of the wrong turn oath. Oh, there you go. Light. Uh, but yeah, there you go. I also, oh, I also want to remind Max, everybody we forgot to it tune again, in Eric. to Netflix on Christmas morn uh, over in foggy London town. Oh, yes. Uh, and go watch Juniper. Uh, go watch the show, you know. I, I, Juniper Hogswallow show. I can't believe it's not British. British and I mean I it. But, British um, and I mean it. Juniper Hogswallow uh. is the Get Fresh Crew's <laughs> number one favorite comedian. So, you know, you got to yes, support... I don't know. Is it his or her? Because Juniper sounds like a girl's name, but <laughs> that didn't sound like a girl's voice. No, yeah, but um, yeah, great accent, by the way. Like, uh, <laughs> like Juniper is almost as authentic, I'd say, as uh, Jim. You know, hello, hello, love. Love. It's like I'm there. It's like I'm in foggy I'm London right town now. right now. I'm uh, Simon Hogswallow. I am. Yeah, at this stage, if you're hearing this, it's probably yep. like Christmas Eve or. 
the day before Christmas or after. I don't know. So you're probably banjaxed uh, if you need to buy presents at this stage. I hope you've already done um, all your Christmas shopping. Uh, I know the Hollywood kids are. He's talking that crazy Irish, Eric. <laughs> I think he said banjax. I don't know what that means. Don't you throw your voodoo at me. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just mesmerized us. He's done all his Christmas shopping. Boosh. But um, Boosh. if you're looking for that last minute present, you know, and you Boosh. don't know what to do, right? Nothing says I love you more to a loved one than them waking up on Christmas morn in, in foggy London town. And, uh, you know, they go down and they see what's under the tree and what's under the tree. But the book of the week. Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner. He can't go without one. it. That is just true love. Cause the but maybe of... the DVD of Juniper Hogswallow, whose big uh, hit from the, wa- this year. the comedy wagon, Eric. <laughs> week is a gift that keeps on giving. I'll tell you that. So, I'll get that, that is everything from works. me. Uh, happy Christmas <laughs> to everybody in the Get Fresh crew. And a happy <laughs> new year too. And until next time, cool, this cool. has been your boy from Leaks Lip, the Hollywood Kid. XO, XO, XO. And yes, thank Happy you, Christmas, Hollywood yes, Kid. Luke. Thank you, Christmas. And because of that, Eric, uh, we did mess up again. It, it's hard for us to remember that oath because when we do uh, record these, so later I apologize, that, uh, especially to Luke, that we do not have the oath before the Green Lantern's book. So as a special holiday gift, here you go. Listen up, Luke. This is for you. And also we can say specifically this one is for Kyle Rayner, right, Eric? We'll say sure. this time it's for Kyle Rayner. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escape my sight. No warthards, evil mites. Beware of my power, green's light. Ah, uh, yes, Eric. There we go. And uh, I this really, week... really wish that Wrong Turn didn't have a phone because then I just want to know how long he'd be standing there waiting I for know. them to think. You just, oh my you God. just can't think of that. Yeah, or stop thinking of that, right? I can't. I, uh, I wish yes. I was there. I needed to see it. Now, there's also a thing this week where I did try uh, because we were talking in the Slack chat and we were talking about uh, – uh, fan fiction and how you know most gets a little erotic and things like that and people most. are kind of going oh. with well it, it, the main thing was toby wanted to write some rose tico fan fiction i'm like i'll write you some right now big boy <laughs> i've got some ideas but uh so people were because toby somehow had never really heard about fan fiction and things like that so he was kind of asking about it everybody was throwing in some fan fiction again i'm talking about this this is part of the selling point of the patreon to be part of the get fresh crew so you could be in these uh you know these conversations on slack, slack with everyone it's pretty good uh but yeah uh it led me to think that i wanted to have wrong turn and we were going to have wrong turn fan fiction uh, you know, fan fiction Friday or what? I don't know why I call it that, but whatever, fan fiction theater. Yeah. And uh, so I wrote up some fan fiction, some very basic stuff, and I Not will verify. Enough. I will verify that he wrong turn can read. Not well. I'm not verifying he, that. He can read, but the problem is there. It's one of those where, as he's reading this fan fiction. It's the most crucial points where he decides to get cross-eyed and not be able to read a, a word like door. 
There are very important parts of my very intricate, uh, you know, continuity of my fan fiction involving Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson, Eric. That's what my story was. And there's parts where he messed up by saying the weirdest versions of words that were – and then – added little things at the end at one point where he he made it more sexual than i even had it so you may hear a a snippet of it later in the podcast i may shove it in between a couple sections or something but i may i may have to wait until next week but he i am working with him on uh reading yeah on reading so we have one last rant and rave and it is from our man the the new ultimate badass. He ended up stepping up his game, Eric. And I'm telling you, it was really funny when he did. When I, I got, it, I'm like, let me see what this guy did. And then I realized it's Dancing Mike. I'm like, oh, you you sly son of a bitch, you. But uh, yes, this is Dancing Mike. Hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric. And so I'm like, hello, mother. So it's Christmas time, one of my favorite times of the year. So I'm going to try to be, try to be positive. Right. About everything in this rant and rave, making it less a rant and more so of gonna, a So you're going to lie is what you're going to do. Yeah. So we'll start by talking about The Last Jedi, which I saw with the lovely Mrs. Dancing Mike last God, night. So I went into it. this movie not – It's funny too. Uh, I really wanted to ask him about it. I saw him. He tweeted out that they yeah, were I heading he off too. to see it. And then I didn't hear anything about him and I did mean to message him or at least tweet him and ask him how he thought. So good. I'm glad that he's letting us Having know. seen any spoilers, I was amazingly – able to avoid all spoilers for this movie. So as things unfolded on screen, I was surprised by stuff. I didn't know what to expect going in and didn't know, you know, the twists and turns in it. I'd heard so much bad going into this movie. I expected it to be a real dog, but um, I enjoyed it it, uh, quite a bit. Not the best Star Wars movie by any stretch of the imagination, but um, Mrs. Dancing Mike and I both enjoyed it enough, especially after all the bad things we had heard about it. So, uh, there you go. So I uh, would be very, very remiss if I didn't wish everyone in the Get Fresh crew boop, boop. happiest holidays from everyone at our house. That's me, Mrs. <laughs> Mr. Dancing Mike, uh, the lovely Mrs. Dancing Mike, and our adorable daughter, Snow White Dancing Mike. Yes, Snow White. Happiest of holidays and Merry Christmas it's a cat, to everyone Eric. in the Get he Fresh crew. it's a daughter. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Boop, 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 boop. So I bought comic books this week. Now, as much as people say you guys are negative on the podcast, he thinks that is the cat's daughter. He's a crazy <laughs> daughter. If you're so negative, then why would your podcast reviews inspire me to uh, go get all four issues of Nightwing: The New Order, which are out so far, with See? I think another issue coming out next week. So yep, I yes. need to get reading those. But. Um, I decided to go ahead and buy that because your guys' reviews nice. on the on the podcast have. This is where he tells us he's pissed. No, 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 no. He's gonna be positive. So I'm I'm hooked on it and want to see where it's going. So, awesome. um, yeah, thank you guys. That's, That's something awesome. I'm looking forward to reading and uh, continuing till I guess there's hey, a couple of issues. Yeah, left. only a couple more. <laughs> and let's see. I bought three. Uh, I'm sorry, two and a half DC comic books this week. So I bought and read Batman number thirty-seven. Uh-huh. So, um, Wonder Woman Conan, number four. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I thought he was going to give us classic, like, yep, 
It was a comic book. And I am enjoying this series immensely. This is actually the actually I have to say I read the first two uh, Wonder Woman Conan and I liked them mm-hmm. and I I've fallen up you know I haven't been reading them and it's so funny too because I say that I don't even have to buy it we get the review copy yeah. and I just haven't read it and I actually thought today I have I have to read it because Jeremy likes it I know that Dancing Mike liked um, it so yeah I want to get back yeah, in Jeremy it. gave a great review on the yeah. website um, and he gave it I think seven five I went a little bit higher I went eight. Uh, it, was, it has yeah. a great cliffhanger at the end. No spoilers for anyone who's not reading it. If I you do. haven't read it yet, either I'm gonna um, get right I would on that. suggest either picking it up yeah. or um, I want to. You know, picking up the first four issues and continuing, things. or maybe you know, trade waiting for it. It's it's four out of six so far. I four out of six issues so far. I enjoy this immensely, and I'm uh, looking forward to the to the next one. Simone is killing it with the writing and the art. Don't use good. that term. And Raven Simone, she's no. doing that. I, I, really good after all of... the Tom King stuff, I can't stand the term. He, they're killing it anymore. Yeah. I'm like, all right, yeah. this means nothing to me then. Yeah, I, I don't like that either, especially since Zach got the axe. Eric, that oh, scares God. me. Well, which Zach's going to kill him. That one is yes. over, actually. Um, but I think it'll be good because I'm sure it'll be a self-contained story and everything. I'm, I have no doubt in my mind that Simone will wrap things up Raven very Simone. nicely with it as she's been doing and, and calling Never back Raven through Simone. the whole series. Uh, so like I said, really enjoyed that one. And uh, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles 2 uh, issue number 2 and uh, Brandon gave a, great, gave a great review on the website of that. All the reviews on the website are really good. Yes, awesome. yours too Eric. All right. Yes, yours too Jim. Great uh. reviews. I'm last. So, um, but anyway, yeah, uh, really enjoying where the series is going. Uh, the addition of Dave, uh, like I said, loved returning to this universe from the first. It's another book. I actually read the first whole series of that, the first mini, and I loved it. I really did, and I haven't read one one issue of this. Uh, we've been busy. I, uh, I don't know what this nonsense is. i got to stop doing all this. And the, the, the problem is, is this is what leads us to read the comics. So if we did, we talked about it. If we stopped doing all this... I don't think I'd ever read another comic of my no. life. I think I'd be so burned out that I'd just stop. So we can't stop so I can read, but I want to stop so I have more time to read something that I won't read, Eric. How about that? It's playing the oh, devil's series. hand. It, it, that is the devil's hand. And uh, enjoy the addition of Damien or, or as uh, one of the turtles called him, Bat Boy. So I thought that was funny because he didn't like that at all. Bat but, Boy. Uh, Bat Boy. It was um, – that was really good. I'm enjoying uh, that. Are you imagining Bat Boy with that mouth? Of course I am. <laughs> it's the best. I that love one Bat again, Boy. And uh, just, it's always a blast to read those. Uh, and let's see. So that's my comics for this week. Now, um, in case anyone is new to the podcast and you've never, you've, you don't know how it goes, this is what you do. Uh-huh. I love that. I love that. <laughs> he he really does know the the routine. And actually, it was funny because when he first the first time he said it, you actually were one who this was something that you would tell me all the time. Yeah. Like I'd just be there and you'd be like, listen, people have to realize this is how you do it. <laughs> and you would go and then I'm telling you, a week that week or a week later, Dancing Mike had a rant rave when the, one of the first ones, or it might have even been a male, but he spelled it out. I'm like. What are, you, what are you two on the same goddamn wavelength with this thing? Because you, you just, just know just how it has to go. I guess. I, I guess I'm in the dark. I, I just I, every time my life is like a runaway roller coaster. I never can just sit back and, and think of these plans. The only plans I have are like how to eat cereal, Eric. 
every week you go and buy your comic books. Maybe, let's say your comic book store is um, the Golden Age 1942, which is on the corner of High Street and Court Street in Maryville, the High yes, Court of Comics. It is the High Court. And heard you that. could even buy a Golden Age t-shirt. I hear those t-shirts are so popular that people as quality. far away as Quakertown, Pennsylvania have them. Somebody was wearing that shirt today at the gym, Eric. I Tanya. almost wore it on it was Friday. It was Tanya. Tanya was wearing I, I it I almost today. wore it on Friday, but I knew it was going to be cold, so I, I put on like a flannel shirt underneath it and then put nice. that over top of it. And since I have, I'm off my diet and I've gained 10 pounds, I'm like, I, I can't pull this off <laughs> You right should have went extra large, my friend. No, no. Yeah, Tanya put it on. Because of the layers of my – I no, look so no. goddamn fat. I gotta no. put, I'm going to put Big this boy. i got to start dieting again. Big fatty fat fat. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, Tanya had it on when we went to the gym. Although one of the T-shirts may have been destroyed by an axe. Um, <laughs> no, it's still there. That's how popular Tanya those T-shirts are. They're li- well, here's the problem. Uh, Mike said that he had sent it to his favorite podcaster, and Tanya took that as her. Literally so flying off the shelves. I have one myself. I love it. But anyway, let's say you go to your local comic book store or your maybe you download your comics digitally, however you get your comics, then you read your comics, then you go to the award winning website, <laughs> WeirdScienceDCComics.com, where they yep. have reviews of every book every. and some Marvel books and some books yes. by different publishers. Yes. And different articles, uh, top covers of the week, maybe a top five Fridays list. And you, you read the reviews. <laughs> you going back in a time machine there? <laughs> oh, my goodness. The archive section of the podcast. Oh, my website. goodness. Look at the comments underneath. There's, you know, different viewpoints like the under there. Um, yep. Different people's uh, Throwing shade at Eric. And maybe you've got something you want to get out there. I've been the laying so low lately. You leave a comment of your own. And then on the weekends, you listen to the podcast mm-hmm. and the spotlight. Yep. And you will get all the DC books. But... There might be one or two books that were chosen by the badass Goodness. supporters of Patreon. Boop, boop. What is the Patreon, you ask? Well, you go to patreon.com slash weirdscience, yes. and you donate a little bit. Preach it, you Mike. Will, you see the different levels there, yep. and you will be able to hear the Spotlight podcast, which is chosen by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Boop, 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 boop. Which there might be a new member this week. I don't know poop, poop. that. There was. But anyway, you listen to all the uh, then you will hear all the books, including the Spotlight books, and you'll yep. be supporting these guys uh, for all they That's do the for us. The, the website, the reviews, the podcasts. Uh, there, there are other podcasts on there. There's a, a, a Far Out Sports Nuts podcast. There is a Necessary Nonsense podcasts that come out. There are sometimes bonus reviews of different books which are out of continuity. There's a net, let's see. I don't know if I mentioned necessary nonsense. There's a, yes. a badass movie night. Yes. There's a new news show um, about yes. comic book news, which I'm really, really enjoying. Ooh. And you become part of the Get Fresh crew on Slack. That's the best so, part. Yeah. Um, I would definitely support these guys on patreon.com slash weird science because, as you know, Jim has to support uh, a wife who paints rocks and occasionally paints a ceiling the wrong color. Uh, I think he has pain ain't, ain't cheap. 17 kids. I think yes. that's it. 19 uh, He has an axe chopping up all his furniture. Yes, it is. He has a dog, which occasionally barks on the podcast. Yes, pain uh, two cats who live in the attic. That I hate. An army of Merkwood spiders <laughs> invading his house. No, now, uh, I have to, no, now I've been told that there's uh, daddy long leggers that Tanya claims are after her and have possibly bitten her. Uh, she has but this they nonsense. they can't. I know. 
I told her she don't listen. She doesn't yeah. listen somehow. So this happened up in the attic. Next thing I know, she's pulling the oven out to uh, you know scrub under there and stuff. Somehow she thought that that was where they were hanging out. That's the league of daddy longleggers, Eric. They hang out under the uh, oven. Is what happens. So I just just in case you wanted to know, oh, an army of rabid squirrels, which also are that, that is true. The house. They are trying. She and says everybody. I'm telling you, I just want to get out. She thinks everything's trying to get in. <laughs> some detergent to wash his shorts in the shower. Yes. So you will be supporting I did that, that today, and also you will be supporting Eric, who has a lot going on because he has cigarettes and Masters <laughs> of the Universe figures. Yes. So anyway, like I said, and soda um, pop. I don't know which one's more ridiculous. Shut up. Please support these guys. Like, no, I'm place. saying me or you. Okay. I, I actually have all this stuff going on. It's all nonsense. Weird Science uh, Patreon, which is patreon.com slash weird science. <laughs> and anyway, um, that's all I've got for Mike this Mike gets week. 50 so again, cents every time he mentions it. holidays <laughs> and Merry Christmas to everyone out there in the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop, boop. And uh, let's see. Let's poop, spotlight poop. off. Uh, Patreon spotlight off. Keep it weird. And oh, yeah. See you in Seven. And seven. See you in seven. And Eric, that was going to be the end of the rent race, but we got one in as we? we were going. Yeah, and it's from Jeremy, so I have to play it. It's very quick. He just said he wanted to have a quick rant and rave. He was afraid that he did not make it in time, but he did. And here it is. Hi, guys. This is Jeremy. Just wanted up, to Jeremy? drop you a line. Um, I've not done this for a while, so uh, I just Me wanted to take the time, really, to. He just classed uh, up this joint. <laughs> Jim and Eric and. Uh, everyone else involved in uh, in this really quite staggeringly uh, creative and ridiculous uh, and, and <laughs> yes. entertaining endeavor. <laughs> yes, I just wanted to wish you a happy. He made himself laugh. He made himself laugh. Oh, jeez, I messed up here. I, I'm um, doing this a different way. I just wanted go. to wish you a happy Christmas and uh, and a happy My new mistake. year and. Um, yeah, it's uh, just to think actually that this time last year I hadn't even heard of uh, the Weird alive. Science DC comic book podcast, and uh, now it's such an integral, <laughs> an integral <laughs> part of his life. How He's did getting this sexy too. It's it's very strange. Uh, but strange. I just wanted to, to to give a shout out to you and uh, thank you for for everything no you've done this year. Um, and uh, you, for Jeremy. allowing me to be uh, to be a part of it. Oh yeah! And uh, just wanted to wish you the all end. the best for the future, and hope you have at least some uh, respite and no. some peace no. uh, during the next few days. And uh, I'll uh, I'll speak to you in 2018. See you uh, next year, he just said. Speak to you soon. Bye bye. All right, thank you, Jeremy. And yeah, Jeremy's a big part of what we do as well. So I want to thank him and everybody else who gets involved. Yeah, Jeremy just did my favorite thing, and and he is a teacher, so I'm sure he's heard it uh, as a kid, especially grade school. It's the best where when you leave for that break and you're like, see you next year, and then that numbskull's like, what? What are you moving? Oh, you (laughs) idiot! Then then you you check on your list like, yep, I can get that guy with the epidermis trick in 2018, and then you move on. Eric, but yes, that is the end of the Ram Race. I'm not sure exactly what podcast Jeremy was talking about of that creativeness and all that nonsense. Yes, he was. He just wanted to make us feel better. Uh, It's funny. I'd like to think he's like, last year at this time, he's like, you know what I need in my life? I need a 10-hour podcast with the guys who talk such nonsense uh, that it, it makes my head spin.
That, that's what he must have been looking for. And luckily, he found us, Eric. But here we are. But yeah, we're going to move on now to the mail. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with you. Hallelujah, it's mail with you. It's Mail with Jim. This is Mail section number one. If you want to get involved in the mail and be the star of the show, Eric, you can email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And we do read each and every email. Unlike a podcast I was listening to earlier this week, Eric, and it really got me upset because people were mailing in. And this guy's on this thing. And I've listened to this podcast a couple times. They don't get a lot of mail. And the mail that they get, they always condense. And then the guy has the nerve. He's like, oh, you're killing us with these mails. You're killing me with you're killing me with these mails. You know, Stop these, listening to these podcasts, yeah, goddammit. Well, and I'm, but I'm saying is you, you're, you have a podcast. You want people to listen. But when they have something to say, you have the nerve to not want to deal with it. That is utter bullshit is what that is. And I hope that is what one of the main things that people I can stress that we are really proud of the fact that we do read every mail. And I like to hear from people and I really beg to hear from people sometimes. And we that's why you want to know why we have a nine hour podcast, 10 hours, 12, whatever. It's because we like to hear from people. We just got done the rant and raves where we, we play those. Then we read the mail and the nerve of this guy to sit there and have like, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. All these people, if these people want to listen, then he's fine with it. You know, oh, all of a sudden he's got a trillion downloads. Then the guy's not bitching and moaning. The minute that somebody wants to say something, actually has, you know, maybe more than two sentences, they're killing him. You're killing me, buddy. How about that, Eric? How about about me getting angry about something that nobody knows what I'm talking about? Isn't that what always happens? It seems like that's my whole life. Seems like everybody just walks away shaking their heads at me. I, I wasn't even – we were talking about this this week, and until I just started to – now I'm angry. I wasn't angry before. I just was kind of irritated. How – just the nerve of these people. And and I'm not even talking – some some podcasts, they don't have the email sections. That's fine. Yeah. You know, that that's you know that's just something. Sometimes you have bemoaned that we have it, Eric. I will tell you that, that there are times we do a lot, but we do read everything, and we do like to hear from people. This guy has an email section and then bitches and moans when somebody emails. Phew-wee. Eric, we're going to start because I like right. the mail. I like to hear from I people. And, yeah, I, the other thing is do you think at any time when I was listening to that in the car, I force you to listen to this. I, yeah. I, get, in these, I get in these grooves where I, I kind of tend to grab onto one podcast and then I burn myself out from it. And, really, it's just me playing it to Eric and yelling. It's what re- That should be yeah. the new podcast. It's called Jim and Eric Listen to Podcasts, dot, 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 Jim Screams. 
because yep. that's what really happens. Uh, but it, it just now I don't even know. There what we I was... are. We're having a nice conversation with each other, and you're like, "Hold on, hold on, stop that thought." Yeah, I, I always put forget. on this shitty podcast. You yeah, I always on. forget, and I have to, I have to put that on. But yeah, the, these guys. There goes it's... that nice conversation. Yeah. Why, why though? Why would somebody get mad? <laughs> no. Why would somebody get mad if they want to have email and then they get mad that they get mail? I, I don't understand this. Is it that they say? Oh, yeah, just mail us in and whatever. And that's like they're, they're faking the funk. They really don't want it, but they want to seem like they're nice. Is that it? I, I don't, don't want to seem – I'm not a nice guy. I'm a, far from that, but I like to hear people. And I like – I think that the mail actually adds something to the podcast where you get other people's you know, opinions on I things. Agree. Whether they're right or wrong, Eric. If they agree with me, they're right. If they don't, they're wrong. That's That's the rule. But yeah, it just it just gets me angry. I'm sure I'll yell about it some more in a little bit. So oh, good. rest assured, Eric, you'll enjoy that. But this first mail is from John Wayne. And right. John Wayne says, well, howdy there, pilgrims. How uh, are things? Howdy, Krilgrim. Howdy, Kilgrim. <laughs> howdy, Krilgrim. And he says, Eric, please punch Jim in the arm if you forgot to set up the John Wayne sound clip. No, oh, God I damn it. Now not. i got to go over there I and punch not. him in the arm. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if John thinks that we actually record together, that we're in the same room, because I don't want to be anywhere near you. Absolutely I, I, not. It's funny. I, I just was going to say something, but I'm not going to mention that I do laugh when you do the video, but I do not have that set up that I could see. So don't even try it, Eric. Don't, and also, you know as well as I do, when you do that, it, it screws up our connection. I'm looking now to make sure you don't. No, nope, I just see your picture there. Uh, and he says, only because I actually reminded him earlier in the week. I just recently started digging into the extra podcast you guys give us as Patreon supporters. Well, and got to give baby. you... And got to give you and the whole Weird Science team a big thanks for all of your hard work. Everyone that listens to this podcast should delete their favorite, least favorite book from their pull list. <clears throat> JLA says, cough, cough, <laughs> and donate the proceeds to these guys. Really yeah, loving yeah. the Comics News podcast in particular, Aaron. Nice. See, he has some class and some taste. Anyways, before I get into what I really like this week, let me touch on what I really didn't like last week, and it was Birds right. of Prey. I got upset by this book because I do love the characters, and it's the one book okay. left my girlfriend added to our list that I can stomach. Seriously, though, what an epic waste of talent the entire manslaughter arc was. You guys said it last week, but with all of the assembled heroes for that story, it should have been a million times more interesting. I know. But there was never any suspense, never any buildup, and then logic a lackluster climax conclusion batman waving to catwoman they're engaged why aren't they in bed together after surviving an event like that every time that happens he wants to tell her a story that goes nowhere that is true she just waves so weird. It feels like the Benson sisters wanted the allure of bringing in this wide-ranging and diverse cast of characters to drive up sales, Which but the lack cool, of creativity yeah. behind the art killed the whole thing. It's true. He's right on, 100%. Yeah. As my namesake once said, courage is being scared to death and saddling up as always, pilgrims. They could have bawled out and told a crazy cool story, and they didn't make a ton of sense. Did you like crazy my John Wayne? Cool? Do you think John Wayne, the John Wayne impersonation, is a dying art? That if I yes, went into somewhere, I'm John like, Wayne is anymore. Hey there, I, I don't even know a. I don't we have a very good John Wayne. If she knew who Michael J. Fox was, and she didn't, she has no idea who John Wayne is or what he hey sounds there, like. Hey there, pilgrim. Yeah, you, you don't get many people who. Yeah, Michael J. Fox. You're like that guy's a crazy. gem. I know a gem. 
Shaking all over the place still, Jim. Shaking, shaking, just shaking that stir, Eric. Uh, bland and boring is story as anything that comes out in Rebirth so far. And yeah, it should have been fun, and it was not. Moving on to this week, though. Hot damn, I do love the Super Sons in this crossover. I do, too. That's great. And actually, in two issues, and, and again, I'm not just saying this because it's on the Patreon uh, that we did it. I actually had a lot of fun with these two issues. And actually, the more... I thought about it after we recorded, even today when we were doing – when I was reading some of these other books like Nightwing and Batwoman and stuff like that. I was thinking to myself, why can't we talk about that again because <laughs> it was so much fun. I think I actually would have went higher now uh, a couple days later. But we got off to the smashing start literally with Tim Drake smashing through the windows of Wayne Manor and immediately gave me the feelings of a holiday blockbuster movie. While uh-huh. I'm a little tired of Damien acting like John is in his BFF and being a shithead when he's with the Teen Titans, to Masa Gleason do yeah. a good job of playing with those things in part two. They also seem to have a better feel for the team than Percy does. LOL, and it's true. Plus, Jorge Jimenez is probably my favorite artist in all of One comics of my right favorite. now. I'm telling you, we're having our end uh, end of year awards coming up, and I was even thinking I may have to give him some serious you know thought of artist yeah. of the year, but we'll see how that goes. I can't even explain how stoked I am to see Bart, Cassie, and Connor back in action, Eric. Hear that. I got no time with a hyper time. I'm with you, you wrong turn. I don't got no time for the hyper time, but we'll see because, you know, when we see them... Must be Superman reborn. <laughs> Must be. May. I also really hope that they make some illusions of how messed up time is in the DCU because this would be the perfect place for it. We had Tim Bat in Detective and now again here, and we had the kids of the Just League in the end of Hitch's run. We're going to get the Titans up tomorrow beyond. next week, and I feel that that there's been a few more yeah if they can't reveal anything to us because of doomsday clock they should at least play around with it and show that our heroes are trying to figure it out that said i fully trust Marcel gleason to do this arc more justice than the benson sisters lol jim how can that dynamic duo not be on your short list for best writers of the year and i uh, well what the benson sisters jim's on my short list Sure different saying, kind of list, though. You son of a bitch. You're on my short list, too. My short temper list. Anyways, love the podcast. Love the website. And love how often you guys leave me keeled over laughing my ass off. Got two questions for you, though, before we go. Number one, which new books in the new age of DC heroes are you guys most looking forward to? Trying to figure out which ones I'll read, but still got to figure out which current books I'll be axing. Uh, I say that I'm looking forward to the... Uh, well, what's that one called? The Incredibles? Silencer? The, the Fantastics. What's, the what's that one? The Terrifics. I, I'm looking forward to the Terrifics. And out of so nowhere. Much, he has no idea what it's called. Out of nowhere, I'm looking forward to that one. What's it called? The Destroyer? The Big the big Damage? Ragu? Yeah, the Damage. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Damage as well. The Damage? Uh, I'm gonna, the Damage. Uh, I'm going to probably just go into those and read each number one. And just go from there. Silencer is not my cup of tea, it seems. I was looking forward to the Immortals at one point, Challenges but I, I don't even know. And it's funny, too, because I say all these. All I go by is the title and maybe a one thing of art that I've seen of the main characters. That's I'm all. telling you, for the most part, I've been trying to stay as far away from it as I can. I don't want to know anything about it. I want to go in fresh, but just off title alone and what I've seen of the character – I'm going with Damage, the Terrifics, and uh, Sideways just because that's something I know I'm going to be reviewing on the site. Yeah, and and I'm not even sure of that anymore. I don't know how we're going to play it anymore. I don't know. I thought that – well, you like Sideways because you love that wine movie, Sideways, Eric. Oh, God, I hate that movie so much. 
You like that. You like that movie. Number two, what characters or teams would you like to see get new books under the new DC banner? And then he says, thanks for answering. Um, I would like to have I've, – I've been wanting a Batman and the Outsiders book for yeah. a while. The problem is is we already have Detective Comics, which is kind of that. We also have JLA, which kind of was that as well. And then we also have some of those characters that would be in a standard, really, Batman and the Outsiders in Katana other books. Black Lightning? Uh, yeah, yeah. So we already have uh, Metamorpho, too, I think, is going to be in that terrific. So uh, we have oh, yeah, issues right. there. Yeah, so they're, they're kind of scattered for me to get that book that I would really like. I know everybody wants a JSA. And I'm uh, on that trolley right there. I maybe I'd say uh, – how about this, though, Eric? What would you say about a – Young Justice with Connor and Cassie. How about that? A little That would be Drake cool. I'd be down. Would you be down with that? I would I be would. too, actually. I kind of want to like the Teen Titans, but whatever. Yeah, but still, if, if you're going to have it, maybe separate that and have a Young Justice book. There you go. I'd read Boom. the hell out of it. Boom. Toasted you are. Uh, and he says, thanks for answering uh, all and all your hard work and for Jim always hooking me up. Uh, wishing you and your families the happiest of holidays and the merriest of Christmases of your lives. Yeah, merry little pilgrims. I, I got <laughs> to hook him up one more time. Howdy, pilgrim. Howdy, kilgrim. Much Got love, John Wayne. Thank you, now John Wayne. Yeah, thank you, John. And we're going to go off to our next mail. And Toby has an issue with this. Eric. Oh. Toby has an issue. And he says, hey, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the Get Fresh crew. Whoop, whoop. Get Fresh crew. I have a couple of things I want to ask. He's, he's going to get into money here. And you know what I like to say? There's a couple of things I hate talking about, Eric. One is money and one is you. I know. But I always have to talk about you. The first thing I'm wondering why I was cut from the badass roll call last episode. I paid $50 at the start of December, figuring I would be included until the end of the month. But apparently, when I deleted my account, I was deleted from the roll call, too. That wasn't my intention to be cut off completely, so I wondered if I could please be put back in until the start of the first episode in January. No, Toby. There you go. There you go, Eric. If not, then I just wanted to let people listening that I still consider myself there in spirit, and I'm sorry I couldn't close out 2007. 17 with the rest of you now toby you did end up uh quitting about like the 18th or i don't yeah, know it was even sooner like say about like the 12th right. and you said oh my god i quit i didn't know that that would make it so that i uh wouldn't get the shows and things like that and i told you specifically just sign up again until the december 31st you're not going to get charged until January 1st. I have tried to hook you up as much as I could to make sure that you did get what I consider you getting your money's worth. The other thing is, with, and I consider you a badass before and after you were ever giving any money to the Patreon. And I know that in your heart of hearts, you know this. You are more of a family member than a, you know, a badass. So I know that you're upset that you didn't hear it. Now, I, I would think that you're very upset because Dancing Mike has taken your title. He has come in and swooped it up. But I'm telling you, Toby, we will hook you up uh, till the day you die. It's just what it really what it all comes down to is when we do the badass roll call, I'm struggling to read a list that is straightly from page. I, I go to the page and I hit the thing and when we get done and then I'm like, oh shit, I forgot Toby. But it, it's just, I, I, I don't know what else to say. 
it's only fair to the people who yeah. didn't quit. That that's all I can service. say. And I know that you, I say quit. I know why you didn't. It's not for a bad reason. You end up you have to support your mother. I understand. I understood that for months before you did. I never would get upset. I'm sorry, Toby. You will be back. And, and really, I even said and and the, the whole, he did throw in when you pledge fifty dollars. I said, what, what are you crazy? Yeah. You, you goddamn nonsense. It's you know a badass level is now eighteen dollars. If you want to give eighteen dollars and one cent, just do that. Yeah, play the Dancing Mike card. Do that. <laughs> you, you can give whatever you want, and we really appreciate it. But don't go too far. Don't overpay for, for your means. I'd rather you be able to live your life than to give us a couple bucks. i got to split that money with Eric anyway. Bro. What the hell? Look at, look at the shit that he's buying with it. God darn it. But yeah. Look at all these cool He-Mans. Look at him, yes. Jim. Yes, yes, look at them. But yeah, Toby, we love you. I, I know he, I just, and, and the uh, here's another. This is the other hint that I have for, for people around that listen, and especially, you know, the Patreon people and the people we love. Uh, if you have a problem, just tell me. Yeah. That's basically the whole deal. You don't have to, you know. Send in a mail. Uh, secondly, my birthday is on January 7th, and I believe that IDW was releasing a comic book called Star Wars Adventures number 6 on January 10th. Is there any way that I can please review this book on the site and or podcast? No, Toby. <laughs> I just like that clip. Uh, yeah. Uh, apparently, it's a one-shot issue and is centered around my beloved Rose Tico. So I really appreciate the job if it is available. I, I'm guessing nobody else. The one person that you'd have to talk to is that Andrew Belfast. If he possibly was going to do it, I'm sure that he'd let you anyway. But I don't think anybody's rushing to review that book. No. Right? And, and then we'll, we'll Not that I've heard. We will talk about it. And plus, uh, Toby just did a live stream. If you want to go and listen to him talk about The Last Jedi, him and his buddy had a live stream on Facebook. YouTube as well. Yeah. Oh, is it on YouTube? I yeah, believe it's I, on YouTube. Uh, but he's going to have it on his uh, feed, and then you can listen to that. But uh, the problem is I think it's like three hours already. He's, he's got craziness. But finally, before I go, I'd like to read my gratitude to everyone for keeping my spirits up during a time of intense stress for me. Your messages of support and love have kept me smiling when I've felt like doing anything but. The Get Fresh crew is amazing. I will always have each and everyone's back because you have all got mine unless the animal that lives in the apartment above me is somehow in the Get Fresh crew. <laughs> Boop. In which case you specifically can go fuck yourself. Have a happy and safe holidays, everybody, especially Drew. I worry about that guy sometimes. And love from Toby, formerly known as the ultimate badass. And happy holidays, yes. Toby. Thank you, Toby. And yes, we're going to go on now to Batman Beyond Mark. And Batman Beyond Mark is a man of few words this week, Eric. He says, sup, Jim and Eric. Happy sup, three Mark. straight years of podcasting. That's what he said. Three straight years, Eric, of podcasting pretty much. We, it, we have gun? not taken a break. I know. Now, Mark, you, you have just depressed us immensely. Immensely. The next one is from Ruben. And Ruben says, hey, hey, Jim, Eric, and Reggie. 
I only discovered the podcast a few months ago, but I'm hooked. The passionate rants and raves, random nonsense and humor reminds me of hanging out in the comic shop, which is a luxury I've abandoned this year in favor of fatherhood. Contrary to what Dancing Mike thinks, parenting is rewarding, but it definitely involves sacrifices. Thanks to you and the rest of the Get Fresh crew for bringing the comic shop to me. Dropping Tom King's Batman and Joshua Williamson's Suicide Squad to become a Patreon really was one of the best decisions (laughs) I've made this year. (laughs) That's awesome. Anyways, I'd love to hear about any good or bad comic-related gifts that you received this year or I've received in the past. I'm particularly fond of Lego Batman sets, and if my wife doesn't act on the not-so-subtle hints I've been dropping, any cash I receive isn't going to savings like Mr. Sensible Jim Werner. It's going to finance the most audacious set that I can find. Thanks again for all the hard work, and have a Merry Christmas. Sincerely, Ruben. And I've gotten a couple uh comic gifts and it basically since we started the site and especially the podcast uh i don't get a lot of gifts i told you i really haven't gotten a gift since 2001 we figured out when i got the original yeah. xbox but I, I do that that is not entirely true the one year my son alex did get me some comic related gifts but they were all marvel. marvel it was very bizarre he got me some marvel books and things like that so but he was thinking and you know he had the right idea but just he wasn't in he was in the right church wrong pew eric as as they say, but you you get uh, things from Jess's parents. You get comic stuff, right? I do, and it's always the worst too because Jess can't keep her goddamn mouth shut. Because I had you know I had asked before for like you know volume two of Nightfall. I think it was last year or the year before that. And when I opened this gift, it was volume one, which I had already like bought and owned or whatever it is. And I, I'm just talking about you know, oh, this is great. Thank you very much. I'm trying to play it off because I intend and on you know exchanging it out or whatnot. And she's like. Don't you already – and this is after I've already you know, oversold my goddamn yeah. hand at this point. Yeah. But don't you already have that one? Yeah. Oh. Oh, you're, you're right. Yeah. And I got so angry, but I had to keep cool the entire time. I'm like, you just made me look like an asshole in front Jess of your family. doesn't know how to keep it cool, does she? No, she doesn't. She doesn't know went, how to play went, it cool. I went into a big old rant the other fucking week, I think it was, about just got to play it cool, baby. You hear me, Jim? Cool. Ah. <laughs> yeah, she can't, she can't play it cool. She's there rubbing like, stuffed animals I, in her go, face. I'm just saying, if I go to like you know some um, you know it's a flea market area. Is she home? Yeah, she is. Shut up. Oh, geez, uh, for some reason, I'm worried about you talking. Come on. But no, uh, <laughs> no, like if I go someplace like uh, that's selling like secondhand toys or something like that, like collectors items or whatever. Like yeah. I used to go to that place, the Q Mart, and get my He-Man figures. And I a place that pretty much it's cool. up for barter. That exactly. Place. Yeah. But she's like, she. I pull out the He-Man. She's like, oh man, you really want this one? I'm like, yep. shut the fuck up, because now I could have bought it. Now yeah, the guy's hiking his fucking price. <laughs> that price went up. Price tag on. Yep. So you have to figure out what you want to find out what it is. But now that she's fucking yelled how much I need this one, well, I guess I'm fucking paying everything I have for this one goddamn figure. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. But yeah. Play it uh, cool. Play it cool. I, I just, I really, I get some money from some relatives and I'm a sensible man and I save it. And luckily, again, usually when I save it, something comes up and it, our, our car broke down today. No. So a freaking car that's pretty much brand new. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I was sitting there thinking after you told me it broke down, I'm like, I don't know. He's had it for a little while now, but I, I don't, it's not I've even two years about old. Oil change. No, no, we get those. We get those okay. for free. So yeah, it's it's the they say it's the fuel pump nonsense. Uh, again, though, I say that it's two years old, but I I actually thought forgot until Tanya said. 
did get involved in a you know a front fucking head-on collision. Yeah. So that that might be part of the issues they, as well. I forgot so. about that as well. Yeah, I I did. So that might have been you know part of the reason. Maybe I thought that was the, the last heel. car. No, that was this one. I've only had it for it's a little under you know two years old, and it, it looks like it was the fuel pump is what went wrong. But the problem is, is it broke down today? So nobody's working tomorrow. So yeah, for Christmas, the the place is not going to be there on Tuesday, and then we go to work on Monday or Wednesday. Wednesday. I might be I might be given the. You old, hear me, Jim? I might need a little ride to work. I don't know what's going on. I said to Tanya, if I need a ride from Jess, I might as well just walk. I'll Here's get like, there sooner. Uh, we'll leave at the same time. We'll see who gets there first. Oh God. Oh, uh, yes, but here is the next email. Thanks, Robin. The next email you, is from Hakeem, and Hakeem says, what's up, Jim and Eric? Up, so, Hakeem? with Anna in Brazil visiting her parents Ooh. for the holidays, I finally uh, caught up on my comics and podcasts on Weird Science. One of my buddies went to Brazil to train with the Gracies in jiu-jitsu and then came back with a lot of crazy stories, Eric. Regarding this week's poll, I would say it's not bad. My scores were just a bit different than yours. Here's a recap. All right, Superman 37. This right. was actually my book of the week. Mine as well. Yours as well. Eric gave it a 7.5 on the site. Spoilers. <laughs> my score was actually around 8.5 to 9. Uh, maybe uh, my score is a tad generous. I believe my score, since this was on the Patreon, I think mine was an 8. I, I think I so. went. I think I did. I think I went eight for both that and Super Sons. Uh, I believe, but I'm really looking forward to hear Eric's take on this week on the podcast. I'm a huge Superman fanboy, and sometimes that does cloud my ratings. Thankfully, I have you guys to bring me back to earth on these things. Killer dreams we are, Eric. Dark Knights Metal Four. That was an eight for me. Very enjoyable, but very setup heavy. I said it was just like yeah. Jim. I was actually more entertained without Jordan and Wonder Woman's parts rather than Batman. And Superman's, yes, I was. Batman number 37. I can see the issues with the story, but I don't quite think it deserves the fuck you fiver. Fuck that book. Yeah. Catwoman meowing at the guy to get in was fucking cringeworthy as hell, though. I think King wanted to recapture the magic Tomasi did with Superman number 7 and Rebirth when Clark, Lois, and John went to the fair, only this time with Bruce and Selina instead of John. The you know, problem where it is, makes sense. Yeah, the problem is I, I, I really think that Tom King is living his own life. He sits there in his cocoon of his stories, and he does not care about that stuff, though it was mentioned. It was mentioned in that weird way where Clark's like, well, it was in small, you know, it was, I guess it it was a Hamilton County at that point. Yeah. It wasn't Hamilton. I don't think it had the same effect. I mean, yeah, it didn't have the same effect because in the one with the the uh, Kent family there, Lois and Clark yeah. and Superboy, uh, it actually had heart to it and actually seemed like a nice night for the family. This, there's drinking going on. They're fucking meowing. And then they're throwing shaded jokes and riddles because it was ridiculous and Tom King knows it. I'm telling you, later on we're talking about it and I don't say anything really about it because I don't want to look like a prude. I actually got really upset the more I thought about how Catwoman was pretty much all over Bruce when they came out of the Tunnel of Love. That actually bothered me. It really did. You're at a family fair. No, I know. Just act like it for a second. Don't don't go in the, the you know that's complete nonsense. You're a grown ass man, act like a Batman. Yeah, yeah, really, and especially there you go, yeah, Batman. I I think that that was supposed to be basically like, oh look, he'll even let this nonsense go on. He's so in love, but it's just like save that for the manor. 
Take that home with you. It just was so weird. Plus, it, it was weird to me because I think that all of a sudden uh, Bruce was real excited because she was dressed up as Lois Lane. Or, I mean, yeah, yeah weird it cold ideas in your head. Yes, I mean, yeah, my, I, I didn't have problems. With I did have a problem though that just to show you, oh, look at how the old couple Lois and Clark are when they come out, and then you have the other. Just to show that you pretty much make it like just over the top. Like if I saw that at a, I don't even care if I was with my kids. If I saw them, mm, gross. I'd be like, mmm, sexy. No, oh. I, I would be. I'd be like, the hell happened to me and my wife? Holy shit. We really are old. No, I, I would be mad. I'd just be like, really? You know, take it home. Get a room. I mean, yeah, it might have been a corny concept of the Kents or Smiths at the time going to the fair, but in the end, it was a heartwarming story. I like that Superman. I really story. enjoyed it. With this Batman 37, I was fucking rolling my eyes. The only thing I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> this is pretty good because this whole time I'm reading this, I'm like, he didn't like your score, and yet he's ripping it apart. The only thing keeping me from giving this a fuck you five, Milf Lois and a thong as she's changing into the Catwoman outfit. She you know what he out. gives it? A 5.01 for him. Not even a 5.1, a 5.01. Trinity and Aquaman were not bad. Mid-Ranger, 6.5 out of 7. Before I go, Anna is still on her Wonder Woman high. I mean, I honestly thought she would shake it off by now, six months after the movie. But nope, she's still buying the comics and Wonder Woman merchandise. It is. It's awesome. She's kicking herself for not leaving uh, to visit her parents in Brazil earlier for the holidays because Gail Simone was in her hometown for the local Comic-Con. Oh, that's cool as hell. Sao Paulo. Paulo. I'm, I'm awful with stuff like that. At this point, yeah, she pretty much is getting her hands on as much books as possible from Gail. Um, I will tell if you do talk to her, you, you could actually, if there's more than one comic store in, in her hometown, you might have to get her to call if you're talking to her. Because some of those places actually might have signed stuff by her. I know that when, the, you know, Comic-Con and was it things a, like I'm that. Saying, was in, it a Comic-Con or was it a comic shop? It was a Comic-Con, a local Comic-Con. I'm saying right. some of those shops, though, end up going and do get some signed stuff. Or in the meantime, Tony they have something that. with it. What's that? Tony, Tony did not leave Quakertown, for <laughs> Christ's sakes. You would be hard-pressed for Tony to go next door to the candy shop and get you some sweets, Eric. And I see that comic shop that, that Tony ran. We have this comic shop. Can you call it a comic shop anymore? Not anymore, but back I then, went in. yeah. You, you know what the, the, the most recent comic, the last time I went in, and I do remember what it was. Do you know what it was? It's a, it's a no kind idea. of an important issue of what it is. The most recent comic that I saw going in there was Wonder Woman 35, the last Brian Azzarello run in the New 52. It was the New 52, Eric. That's the last. And maybe they had some a little past that, but they were bought. The only one I saw that was anything close was the New 52 Wonder Woman 35. I was going to buy it, actually. but I didn't want to talk to that bearded fellow Twink. friend of yours named Twink. What a what an unfortunate nickname for that fellow. She does have a question for you guys. Uh, Gail Simone apparently follows you guys on Twitter. Have you spoken to her, interview her, anything, or is it just via tweets? I had talked to her a little teeny bit on private messages. Uh, we have not interviewed her, and really, me and Eric are socially anxious fellows. Oh yeah. So even if we were going to interview her, it would have been through emails or tweets anyway. Uh, we end up having our five questions with 
uh, thing, and that's pretty much I send guys emails. I, I get too nervous talking to people. I, I have a real problem, and Eric's worse than me. So. Sure. Uh, but no, I actually talk to her, and she occasionally will pop in and say stuff. She actually talked to us about the crosswinds when uh, Andrew didn't like one of the issues as much uh, as he had the, the others, and she kind of said thanks for reviewing them. I hope you like the next one, uh, which is – it's a class act, and it's also a good act to play because I'm telling you, you you'll be hard pressed to not look at that next issue, at least hoping that you like it better yeah. after getting that. You may not, you may not review it well, but you do go in hoping at least that you like it to, you know, you kind of do. But uh, I talked to her, I forget what it was. There was some controversy going around, and I ended up talking to her. It might have been back when she was actually somewhat fired from DC, but I don't know. I guess that would have been it. I guess we were doing the stuff then. And I think that she ended up, I asked her, hey, what's going on or whatever? And she's like, oh, it'll all be clarified. Thanks for asking, stuff like that. It wasn't that crazy. Uh, but she is very nice. I told yeah. you, get Anna to get on Twitter and, and message her, and there's a good chance that she will respond. So that's all for today. And, and really, if you get that, then next thing you know, who knows? Maybe there will be pen pals and stuff, and Anna will be all, all fired up. That's <laughs> all for today. I want to take this time to thank you guys again for keeping me passionate about the books. I really had no idea I would still be reading and enjoying comics two years after Rebirth. You helped Anna break into the comic book genre as well, which I thought was impossible a few months ago. So thank you for that. Awesome. As well, Merry Christmas to you and yours from Akeem. And see, listen to that, DC. Where, do I have that one? You hear me, Jim? DC. <laughs> Does that make sense? You hear me, Jim? DC. Can I, can I yell that? Everybody thinking we're all freaking negative. Uh, it gets me down sometimes, Eric. We don't get We got previews like one time, yeah. twice, and then they ditched us again. But that is the end of mail section number one. And we're going to go off to the books and what you were talking about, a little Batman action and metal and, I believe, Justice League, right? Yes. That's what we're going to start with. All right. We'll be back with those. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love, the meat and the cheese that we crave. Indeed. Woo indeed, Eric. You there? I'm here. I'm Are you here? You dancing? You dancing? No, I'm not dancing right now. You're not dancing right now? You sound down. Yeah, I'm almost as down as you. uh, Mainly because in this section we are talking about Batman, Dark Knight's Metal, and Justice League. And I can't say that I loved every one of these books. Uh, Also, I... I actually did like one a lot, and you don't like it as much. So that no, I'm pretty much. I'm on this section pretty much not really liking anything. Oh, now, 
I can say I like some stuff. I don't love anything. That's for no. sure. Well, I I have some theories about some of these three books. Is it Batman? <laughs> some of these. Yeah. I actually have a theory on Batman of how I could enjoy it. And it may involve the, a lobotomy. No, oh. it doesn't. It doesn't involve that. I, I will talk about it. it. Basically, I am going into these, uh, looking at them as if every issue of Batman, I'm going to pretend it's an annual, and oh. I'm going to pretend that it may or may not be in continuity, and I'm going to pretend that I don't have to know anything about Batman or what this whole story and this, you know, everything in Rebirth this crazy has been. Thing we call and Rebirth I'm just is? because Tom King just wants us to enjoy these singular moments that barely have any thread between them and so I, i'm gonna I'm, I'm bowing down to them i'm gonna do that so at least i can find Twitter. two moments in a book i can go hey i get the idea actually hey, what, what happens right. is it's almost like i'm watching a movie and you get to these points where you're like "Ooh, the director really wanted to show you this how smart he is mm. i'm gonna go with it and then I can smile because I see people talking to Tom King. I see people with these best of year end lists already where they're listing the jokes and riddles as one of the best stories of the year. And, and, and I just – I don't understand it. And yes, I have given up. I've given up hope that, that anything that we will ever say will reach any ears but the few people who – The world's you know, going crazy around us, Jim. What are we supposed to do? Beep, boop, boop. boop. That's the problem. The world has gone crazy around us, and to me, I'm going to now go crazy with them. I'm not going to try to fight the crazy. I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to go with the flow, but this is the meat and cheese. And as we say this, Eric, you tell me about the meat and cheese because I have to move. I'm, I'm sitting here, and I can't breathe as I'm talking. Can you tell I'm getting further away? Yeah, why can't Hello, you breathe? What's going Eric? on? What's going on? Oh, oh God, no. he's, he's in a deep cave oh, somewhere. Oh, I actually wow. went I went under my desk. <laughs> Did you why like can't, that? Why can't now, you breathe? What happened? No, I'm telling you, this. I fully have that. Uh, I made a theory one time to you, and it's true. We have that one chair that yeah, I told yeah, you I that you I got rid of out. because it squeaks. I adjusted my mic for my new lower chair. If I actually sit in this tall chair, the way that I have to scrunch over – I actually, yeah, I actually think that it actually compresses any sort of breathing that I do, and it makes me automatically feel like I'm having a heart attack and can't breathe. It's like I sit there and I go, Eric, wait, help, help, Eric, yeah, save Jim, me, no! save me! Ah, uh, he's a lost cause. I just right, laid under my the, desk the Burger King. Uh, but right now, <laughs> right now I'm on my knees, Eric, like you like me. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is you have to talk now because I need to reach over. I, I can't reach my chair, though. I actually got rid of the other chair. Well, I'm going to talk about meat and cheese. And <laughs> why, are, why, why don't I do this before we record? I don't this know is why very, you do anything. See, or other don't podcasts, do they sit there and get on, and they're like, so what should we talk about? We have all that hammered out. I just don't have my chair situation. Here I go. Tell, tell me about what meat and cheese would you like? The meat and cheese for tonight's podcast, in my mind, I'm just going to go a little weird. It is actually a meatloaf. We're going to have meatloaf tonight meat for loaf. our meat. And for our cheese, I'm going to go pretty standard just because it's one of my favorites. Uh, Some mozzarella cheese. Can you hear me adjusting my chair? Oh, man. That feels nice. So I'm going to talk a bit louder. That feels nice, Eric. Now I'm good. See, I can, I can talk better. I think actually it even affected the way I was talking. Now with this meatloaf, 
Is the cheese in the meatloaf? Did you say that? Because I no, love cheese, a, a cheese that, in that the meatloaf. That is good, but the cheese is not in the meatloaf. It is a separate item altogether. Uh, is the meatloaf a meatloaf blend uh, or just pure ground beef? Do you pure have that blend that's beef no, 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 and, no, no, and nothing pork? Nothing fancy, baby. No, no, nothing fancy. It's just I told beef. you, I had problems because uh, I actually like the blend. I like the pork and beef blend oh, for meatloaf. And when I went to Walmart the one time we were buying stuff, this was in the summer, and we had we were going to grill out, midnight grilling here. Yeah, it's wonderful. And they had those burgers that I'm like, oh, you know what? I like a meatloaf. They actually had a beef patty. and pork yeah. patty. And I don't don't buy that. Just don't go with that because it, a lot of people then, you forget what the hell it's made, and you're like, you know what? I like my burger medium. Next thing you know, you got worms. Yeah. Like, that's what happens. You, you can't get that crap. I don't know what's going meatloaf on. Meatloaf and mozzarella. Meatloaf and mozzarella. I wish I wish it would have been meatloaf with cheddar cheese inside, then mozzarella on maybe top. Maybe next week. And then maybe some Swiss. I'm having problems. I have a really scratchy throat now. Uh, and uh, my, my lovely wife was supposed to bring a coffee for me when she dropped our kids off at the uh, concert that they have tonight at 6 o'clock. It's now 7.30. Where is she, Eric? She's not coming home. She's Where? Where's my coffee? No, no, she'll come barreling in. She'll be there. Rafe and Logan will be with her. They'll come barreling in. Oh, they're going to barrel in, and the thing is, the she, dog got the coffee go she, she, she got the coffee when she left, so now it's going to be cold. Yeah, and you know I like them burning hot, so that's not going to play. So then I'm going to have to ask you to say something while I yell at her, verbally undress her, Eric. Obviously, because this is not the Jim Has Issues with His Wife podcast. It is not. So that's why the mic will go on mute, and then the, the hell will drop. The hammer will drop, well, Make sure you say. turn the mic on your phone so you can at least record this juice for the podcast itself. Ah, uh, yes. But if you want to uh, listen... Or no, you're going to listen to the reviews Damn with right. these books if you want to read these reviews. You can go over to our award-winning site, weirdsciencedccomics.com, and read the reviews that we've already done. Uh, usually, I will tell you that Eric Shea does not like to tip his hand of what he's going to talk about on the podcast. So I, I would say – no, I would say that the review, if you would read the review, you definitely do get a different angle of the yeah. review by going to the site as well. So, They're two so different we animals. The podcast and written reviews, two different animals, Jim. They are. Also, we have the lovely uh, combo of both of us here on the podcast. And like I say to you, Eric, whenever I want to get anything done, and especially something from you, all I have to do is say meow, Eric, and it gets done. That's what I do at work now. They come up to me. I'm like, hey, why didn't you get that work done? Meow. And then they're like, okay. Actually, they're like, huh? Meow. And then they go, Eric, it works. Yeah, of course they go. They think you're a goddamn psychopath. Exactly. Well, we'll get to that because what is the first book we're going to talk about? Batman number 37, written by Tom King with art by Clay Mann, Jordi Belair, and Clayton Cows. And I don't know if it matters or not, but there was also a special thanks to Seth Mann. I didn't know what they meant, so I did special not put it thanks. in the free credits. Little, little shout out. Little shout out. He's, he's doing something. The yeah. double date that everyone was waiting for has finally Hello, happened with it. Our heroes and their significant others go to Superhero Night at a traveling mm. fair, where yep. we see our heroes swap their costumes and Catwoman put on Lois's dress for some reason. And we see Batman and Superman talk about whether Batman can hit a baseball thrown by Superman, and Lois and Catwoman talk about why they're with their men they're with yeah. while they get drunk. In the end, we have a repeated dialogue, not only from this issue, but from the last one, as it turns out. 
Batman can hit a baseball thrown by Superman. Yeah, and, and with this, though, uh, I'll even tie it in. The big thing, I don't know if you're aware of this, Eric, but the uh, Jedi, Last Jedi came out, the new Star Wars I heard movie, that. which I did see with my kids. And what, where I think about the same deal with this. Now, I did say that, boy, I, I, I will personally tell people that I was a little disappointed with it. I'm a yeah. huge Star Wars fan. I was a little disappointed. Now, I will go on to say something that you'll laugh at because – Eric, I consider myself a huge Simpsons fan, though oh. I've only ever really watched up to season 9 or 10. So can I say I'm a huge Simpsons fan? Can I say that? I don't know I'm if you can. I'm asking you. Can I say I'm a huge Star Wars fan as, as movies keep coming out? I like my not like column is getting bigger than the like. You know what I mean? If I say, man, I love Star Wars, and then you really find out that I only like four of the well, movies we, that came out. Maybe we do this. You were once a big Simpsons yeah, fan, yeah, and you and, were and once a big Star Wars no, fan. No, now everybody has to go, like, I'm original trilogy, you know, something like that. But oh, I did say, yeah, well, oh, gee, when, when, they, when Batman comes out, and then when I saw them, it's the same thing. Like, I see... Big plot holes. I see things that have gone wrong. I see things that don't jive completely in my mind. But then when you go and say this, Tom King supporters, just like, you know, in other things, not even just Star Wars, but people just don't want to listen. Like, you, and it also happens in Mr. Miracle and things like that. But talking to people, and I say talking, I've kind of been arguing with a lot of people about this issue, about Tom King in general, about you know his run and things like that on Batman, and you'll get people who'll just say, Tom, this is awesome, he knows Batman, you know, I, I don't, I didn't like that repeated dialogue that he had before, I'm like, what are you talking about? It's of all course. continued, or they'll say, oh man, this run of Tom King, it's so great, it's so great, and then when you talk to them, and they really get down, I'm not saying arguing, like, oh, you know, what was your favorite issue? What was your favorite deal? I know the tricks, Eric, to get them the reveal. Things. I know you're a math. And then they'll they'll be like, hey, you know, what do you think? Almost all of them that really really love this. I mean, I'm talking like love it. Have pretty much joined in at the jokes and riddles, or probably the, the issue before where he asked Selena to marry him, and then didn't show up until the end of jokes and riddles when she said yes, and then move forward from the rules of engagement into this, into the Super Friends deal. So you have this where, again, I say when you have your first big comic or whatever, you're going to like it. You're going to get all excited. But the people who seem to love this comic just love it just for it on face value. Oh, you know, we get to see the man, not the, the Batman, because a lot of people who are liking this Tom King, and again, I have to give him credit for doing this. To me, what I see are people who never read Batman before. They are actually being yeah. drawn into this for a Bruce and Selina story. Now, because of that, they are really enjoying that they don't need to know anything about Batman. This is not a Batman comic anymore. It is a Bruce Wayne, Selina Kyle comic. And, and so when they say, I love the story of the man, not that, not the Batman. I don't need to have comics where people beat each up, beat each other. Yeah. The problem is they don't realize that it hasn't been that for a while. So when we get frustrated, the people who are frustrated with it, it's not just that we don't like Bruce as a man or Bruce. We've had miserable no, I, Bruce since is, the beginning. I, I'm okay with Bruce as a man. I just want it to be well written. Well, yeah, I, that as well. But this is the problem is the, the, these people, some of them that jump on, they are just coming in. They are like the tabla rasa 
Eric, they, they have a clean slate. Mm-hmm. So when they read this, this is going to be something that they that can and, – and really, yes. And, and with this though, it's not hard to follow. You can read this comic and not be confused. You can read this comic and not have to know one iota of any sort of background, origin, continuity, nothing. This doesn't even have to be in continuity. That's why I said earlier, if I could get in my head where I'm going to read Batman, I'm going to read it for the two fun moments and then just move on and not care. The problem is, Eric, I care I, I can't I, I'm help saying, it. I'm a caring you, you're man. Sa- you're saying all this. So, like, let's say I, you know, take all the continuity I know and I throw it all away, okay? Everything yeah. I've been reading, never read it. I'm going to listen to it with a clean slate. I'm saying I'm you know that Batman. Batman asked to marry yeah, yeah, Selena. Okay, I know That's that. all I, you I, know. I got that, and I'm going to this comic, and I open it up. I, I may not know anything about Batman or comic books. I do know that a traveling fair having superhero night will not yeah. turn people yeah, but, away. Except the problem is costumes. that's true, and we're going to get into that. The problem with that, though, is that this is the sort of thing where they read it and they're like, oh, man, it's so great. All they are going with are the little moments that we see. Oh, man, it was so great. Superman and Batman throwing a baseball and trying to hit it, that, that. But mainly it's, you know, it was awesome. I was always afraid to read Batman comes because I thought he was just hanging out on gargoyles and punching people. And this was so much better. They'd never get past the big moments because they're fooled. The big moments in this, there's two huge moments that people would go gaga about. And that is Batman dresses as Superman, Superman dresses as Batman. You could go Lois and Cat. That doesn't yeah, matter. But, uh, it's the Batman, Superman deal and then at the end instead i heard something about flash and superman racing yeah, the, well this, this is, is batman and I'm superman race and I, again i i really want to say in my mind from what i see and the dialogue that he gives and i'll get into it by the very end tom yeah, king no. does not have to keep trying to prove that he's a sports fan it's obvious to me that he is not. He, he yeah. And if he is, he's not paying attention. And also it doesn't translate well in his scripts because there's the one, hey, guess we can't do the old pitch and hit. Nobody says that, Eric. You, you would say, hit, you know what sucks? I didn't get a chance to fucking knock that ball out of the park, you hack. That's what I'd say to you. If me and you were at work and I'm like, I, I could fucking blow a ball so right much. by you. You would be like, no way. I'd hit it. And I'd be like, you're blind. You wouldn't be able to do this. No. So I, but I'd say if we didn't, all of a sudden the, the ring, the, the fucking buzzer rings at work, you're saved by the bell. I'd be like, yeah, you're lucky I didn't fucking get to blow one by you. Yeah, whatever. I'll t- some derogatory name insert here. It's just nonsense. It's nonsense. It, it is basically where this is what I'm saying is if I can just tune out and then tune in, Eric, I think that's a, oh, my God, that's so cool. But if I'm sitting there, this is what I alluded to also before of when you're sitting there watching a movie and you're like, oh, yeah, the director really wants to fucking nail that one in. How is this not so obvious that it's Tom King going, you know what? I need to do something here, and that Flash race with Superman, that seems to be kind of, you know, liked. Well, I'm going to do it better. I'm going to do this. Like, all these things in these big moments are usually nothing, but wouldn't it be cool if... I, I've said this over and over on our podcast. This is what he did when he explained to everyone, oh, the jokes and riddles. I went in and blew their minds. I said, hey, anybody ever do a uh, Riddler and Joker story? No, they didn't, Tom. That sounds cool. How are you going to do that? Yeah, I'll get back to you on that. Uh, run, Tom. Uh, oh, well, you know. And, and usually the problem with him is 
The idea is always better than the execution. It, the idea is cool. The ideas that he comes up with are really – they are neat moments. It's to get to them. It's always forced. It's always the idea of force, which you say, which we're going to start. This, you know, double date starts with them going to this fair, and when they get there, Tom King wants them to dress in their opposite things. This is yeah. not a natural progression. He wants them to do this. So to do this, you have to force it in, and it's superhero night. At the Gotham County Fair. First off, it's supposed to be a traveling fair. It would not be called the Gotham County Fair. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because it's it the one that they had weird. in Hamilton County Yes, it's a little person. weird, I mean, but I guess Clark it Lewis would be. I guess it would be because they even have the Quakertown yeah. Fair, and it's a traveling deal. So I go with that. But it is – you know, you get this time where Clark tries to apologize, but you have a fair. I, I don't know about you. They had some trouble with fairs last, last summer. You had some rides, having some yeah. snafus or whatever, but even – so I would gather that these local fairs – I see the Quakertown Fair. Uh, it, it's harder and harder to get people to get excited for these things. So you Especially go there. you won't let your kids go because of well, the goddamn yeah. problems with rides Fuck before. I'd let them. But just say I hear – because they say they've driven a while here. Yeah. They, they have driven a far way to get there for some reason. Uh, they say like – I don't know. Did they say an hour? She's like, well, I it didn't took drive them an, an hour. hour to agree to this. Yeah, OK. It took them an hour to go, but they go. I can only imagine – that I am going to take my kids to a fair, even if it's, you know, a half hour away. I go, I get them all excited. I go and it's like, oh, all right, the fair, punch my ticket, I'm in. Oh, no, it's superhero night. You can't come in. Right away, me and you both read this separately and said, that is the most hokiest thing yeah, I've know, ever heard. There is no money. fair that would turn people away. Like we said, yes, they would have a discount. You might get hey. a discount dressed as a superhero. Yeah, they say, hey, it's superhero night. And where we made the joke is like, it's superhero night. You get 15% off if you dress as superheroes. You have them all there. And, and, and Bruce is like, we're going to go dress up. And like, what are you talking about? You're, you're a billionaire. How do you think I got so rich? <laughs> and then you, uh, your parents died. Uh, how do you think? I stayed, I stayed so, rich. so rich, and then they do it. It would be a joke, but yeah, I mean, even if you're gonna go with it, you got there's there's he's the wonder twin as he goes. So you're already being nonsense, but yeah, they're there, and you have hey, you all have to be superheroes, and that's when yeah, and then they start talking about it, and basically it boils down to Catwoman is, is hungry. She wants to eat. She's like, this is bullshit. I am. I've been patient. I'm not going to be patient anymore because I want to eat. I want to have fun. We're going to do this. And Lois, you know, they figured out, what what happened if you guys, you have costumes. Yeah. Why don't you just dress up in the costumes? We can't do that. They're going to figure things out or whatever. Now, it's funny that they go with that when basically last issue was pretty much predicated on the fact that Selena knows that it's, uh, you know, Clark Kent is Superman in a way that to me means everybody else does. Plus, like you said, we don't know what happened with Superman Reborn. We didn't even mention it the other day or the other week with this. When like, Some people may still know. We don't even know how that is played no, out. Is but it, was there the whole thing with the human Clark Kent? You know, it was like, oh, he, he's not Superman because he's human Clark Kent. The yeah. other, I, that had to have been all a race with Superman Reborn because we never had that New 52 yeah, Superman. Yeah, I, I, I believe it was a race. So you wouldn't have had him die. So you wouldn't have had this. It, it is probably wouldn't all have a race. Had the but truth. 
We need to know Must that. Must be Superman reborn. But even so, basically the joke, because again, it was a wow moment of, hey, everybody laughs at Superman only putting on glasses, and then he becomes you know, Clark Kent. And Selena basically said, sweetie, everybody knows. Basically, you know, you think I'm stupid. I know. So it just this whole, you know, back and forth. But all of this is is just a force way to get Superman to dress up as Batman and Batman to dress up as Superman. Number one, I didn't need to see this. I didn't need to see it either. It just doesn't even make sense, the whole concept, because, okay, it's superhero night. We got Catwoman, Superman, and Bruce, uh, Batman, and Lois Lane. Yeah, Lois Lane. All right, I guess we got nothing for Catwoman to wear except for a Lois Lane dress. That's what you have to have forced in. But, again, you go to this whole thing where you you have Batman and Superman dressing up as each other, and... I saw people like, oh, it's so awesome to see them walk in their their other shoes. And No, you don't even get that here. You don't get the idea of maybe you have – play around with the idea that they are. I mean really you have Bruce Wayne as Superman. The other joke is they always look alike, so you have that. Yeah. But you also have very big dudes as Superman and Batman. Some of the jokes that you could have had with this would be walking through and some person's like, oh man, you're an awful Batman. Batman's so much bigger. And then you'd be like, oh, that's okay or whatever. Or you have Batman who's dressed as Superman at this point walking through and somebody coming up and like, you know what? I always love Superman more than Batman because at least Superman can uh, smiles and then you have Bruce as Superman like, huh, and walk away. You have a lot of ways that you might be able to show one or the other how much they mean to other people or things like that. But instead, it's used as a cheap gimmick and never really comes to anything except oh, to fucking confuse me. Oh, That's it all it did. the hell out of me, especially when we start getting to the like the nine-panel layout. We have to go back and forth to what they're talking about. Yeah. And then you have to keep in your mind the entire time that, okay, we have our heroes that are in reverse costumes. And thankfully, which I can't even say thankfully because it even hurts the story, why is Clark Kent wearing his glasses He's over top of the Batman cow? He's wearing his glasses over cow? the cow. He doesn't need his glasses. He's already hiding your identity. He, and, so he you doesn't, and, and he doesn't use prescription glasses. No. Those are fun. And yeah, you can say, well, he had them um, and maybe he – but they had the, the – you know, the outfits and shit was somewhere he could have somewhere yeah. where they would be it's just it's nonsense because then they dress up and they go and and they basically who are you going to be super journalist and and cat one's like i got a plan it's very subtle honestly, which it if, isn't if, if lois lane had her id badge or something like that and gave it to Catwoman, she could say i'm you know pulitzer prize winning like journalist yeah. lois lane yeah I am a hero to a lot of people. Yeah. There you go. You could at least have that. Yeah, oh, I said that it would have been a cool setup if uh, they went and the guy somehow would have been a Lois Lane like fanboy or something. Right. But no, he she just and basically she goes yeah. up. Hey, you're all you're all good to go except you. Who are you supposed to be? Meow. Well, well meow. Well. Okay, you're good. Great, thanks. Uh, what? Again, it's this, you know, and then they go and this will be fun. And through this whole thing also, you have a Batman. It's his book and you have him and basically it's no, no, no. And then you have that thing. Hey, here's my cape. The S stands for hope. Okay, here, the bat stands for a bat. Okay. Uh, if, if this is your thing, then that's uh, all the power. Vengeance to you. is the night. 
Yeah, you have that again. Yeah, I mean, if this is what you what you enjoy, and this is what you want from a Batman book, then great, you're getting it. But this is not what I want. I I am really to the point where I'm not only bored with what's going on, but there's no story. I'm bored, and I roll my eyes so much during this, I get dizzy. Because then you just have moments where it's supposed to be this thing that's oh, he shows us that. Clark and Lois, they have such a nice little relationship because they come out of the tunnel of love and they're holding hands saying it's nice. And then when you have Selena and Bruce come out, Selena's basically lap dancing Bruce and they're making out. And I'm like, okay, whatever, you got that. But, you know, and then they're going to hit baseballs and they're just talking. And that's how it leads to, yeah. I bet I could rip one by you. Uh, oh, what are you scared? He's like, I could look at the machine, make adjustments, or Bruce, I suppose, I could pitch to you. Unless you're, you know, scared of embarrassing you. No. And they go, and here's where, again, I have nonsense with the sports deal. But this is the problem is the, the whole, the bet is I could throw one by you. That's, yeah. that's a bet. There's no, I could throw a strike. I could strike you out. They don't even say that. And then the whole thing that Batman goes, well, basically, he couldn't throw it because the ball would fall apart. No. Utter nonsense. Utter and complete nonsense that Superman couldn't throw a ball 130 miles an hour. And no, not to throw it because at points he does throw things not to kill people. So he can't yeah. control it. And he just would go by. I don't care. You can't say to me, well, he'd hit it because he's Batman. Because th- there's just limits to, to things. And he's – I've never seen him. do, yeah. Huh, don't give me the, oh, well, he's Batman because it's only a hokey setup to end with this end of the issue that's just nonsense. And you get this dialogue back and forth where you do get you know hey uh catwoman why do you like uh batman he's so batman yep he's so batman but he catches me when i fall he catches me when i fall and then they just go back and forth then the minute that lois took this flask out people seem to love that it infuriated i'm telling you i'm not a pruder by any means no i'm not either just the whole idea for some reason we actually had a long-going joke at the beginning of rebirth of how lois was a drunk it was funny to watch this is right out in the yeah. open now. She has a, she keeps a flask in her purse and like, hey, Catwoman, now that we got away for a while, let's get drunk by, by the side of the bathrooms. It might yeah. be in my mind. I don't know. Yeah. And just hang out and talk. But and and, and basically shows me fair. Yeah, shows me two things when when they went. Now, again, we don't know how this went down. At the one point, they did say, hey, do you want to go for a double date? So you would imagine that they went home to change then. If they didn't, then Lois always has this class, which I'm going with. I had to go back and look to see what dress she was wearing when they fought Dr. Double X last issue. I didn't go back. I I didn't think it was that crazy. So I do think they may have gone back. For some reason in my mind, it was this, and they left right from here, and Regan went out to double date and took an hour inside. I get more angry if they go home because they go home, and you have Lois like, okay, uh, you know, John, he's okay. He's Superboy. He's going to be by himself, so I don't have to worry about that, which she never did throughout Rebirth anyway. She'd leave him for – remember when she was waking up in the woods? And, yeah, uh, you know, we, we said <laughs> she was drunk. So she's there. OK, I got to get dressed. I got to get. Oh, did I remember? Is the oven on? No, no. The oven's off. OK, did I lock the door? Yeah. The, did I bring my flask? I got to bring liquor because I'm going to see my husband's best friend, work partner, if he even will, uh, and, and meet the fiance. Who can do that sober? You know yeah, what I'm saying? You know, so you they go. Problem, yeah. Yeah. And they go and it just – it makes it – all it is again is, oh, it's so great. Lois and Catwoman kind of get a little tipsy and start – so basically also Lois thinks to herself, listen, 
This is going to be fucking awful. This Catwoman, I don't have anything to say to her, so fuck it. I'm going to get drunk. If, if, if Lois can't have fun, Lois is going to get drunk. That's what happens here in my I world. I understand that, and they I go, have a problem. And basically, it's only there so that they seem to loosen up. But I, Lois, number one, is a reporter. I heard she's pretty good, so at least she's good at questioning. And if it was something where I wish that she was there, this is script, Doctor Eric. Instead of drinking, you have Lois. So where'd you grow up? Oh well. So what'd your dad do? And then Kevin say, Whoa, whoa, whoa! Stop! You don't have to be Lois Lane reporter. You know, I'm not here. You know, for a, a story here. I'm here to get to know you because of Bruce and Clark. And then, oh my goodness, you know what? I'm sorry. Let, let's go eat or, you know, let's have some fun and talk. But instead it's let's get drunk and, and loose lips won't sink now, ships here, but we'll, we'll get going. After they've been drinking and get pretty close because they have been drinking. They're and leaning Batman on each other like they're best behind. friends. You, what is this line Superman says to Batman? You ever get tired of ginger ale every damn day? Yeah, I just what think it's like I just think is it's, that like it's, because like he has to have that Playboy persona where he just drinks ginger ale instead of liquor and like or champagne and that's what yeah, the whole thing is. I actually is? think it's like look at our drunk fucking significant others up there. Why don't we drink? You know, and and even with, if I'm gonna go with the play of like a Superman, the big joke is he drinks milk and you know yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. But really, for the most part, alcohol. It doesn't affect – whatever, but it's just whatever that I think, I think – I always say it doesn't yeah, affect him very much. I don't think it does either. So I think it's just like he sees those drunkards ahead of him, and he's like, you know, that kind of looks like some fun. Don't you get sick of not – like I think it's like don't you get sick of not you know, letting loose and drinking? Uh, the other thing that I can only think of what made me laugh is it almost seemed like they were reversed. That it was supposed to be Bruce saying to Clark, like, "Hey, don't you, don't you yeah, get don't sick know. of that?" I'm telling you, because it seems way, like more something Batman it. would say to Superman, but because of the costumes, it is switched. And again, because of that, half the time I'm reading, and I actually have to go back. Oh shit, I, I was thinking that was Bruce. Well, I did so. the same thing. Yeah, so you have and the I'm guy. Telling you, even with that, I'm talking about this, and I'm, the thing is, I should be focusing on you know what Lois and Catwoman are saying. It's like it was actually really sweet. Sweet is good, but then he says. Before you answer, I have to tell you something. It's about Kite Man. What? No, don't get me started. And in my mind, this is somehow Tom King actually laughing at all of us for the story of the jokes in middle. And that's the thing. People would look at it and say, oh, he has a sense of humor about himself. But that whole thing wasn't a sense of humor moment. That was what he wanted to really portray and and do this. And so you do that. And the rest of us. I'm right with him. If I could stay, you know, I'd like to get between them. But uh, if I'm there, I'm drunk with them. I'm like, really? Kite man? Hell no! That's what I, you know, is, that's what that's I the need. the thing is, too, he considers the entire War of Jokes and Riddles a kite man story. Yeah. It was two interludes yeah. where, you know, Batman fucked over kite man. And you that seen. wasn't even the thing that he was worried about at the end. Hey, sweet cheeks. I, I just read through a lot of uh, people's end of year lists and basically put Batman on and said all they talked about was kite man. I told you five years from now, Tom King's going to be wishing that he never had that hell yeah, because that's all people are going to remember and say. It's a bunch of nonsense to me. And then he basically, like you said, to me, how I played it, he's laughing at us. But yeah, yeah. some guy dressed as the question. I so and I will say, I do like the concept of, you know, you have, but again, it's the wow moment that continues through this of seeing other characters and cosplay of these characters, including Did one of my favorites. Pandora? Yeah, no, no. Is she there? <laughs> no, the one that yeah. I liked is Batmite, who, yeah. who was there in that scene. I don't think that's a cosplay. I think it's Batmite. So you, you go, you know, maybe he's running around, whatever. It's Another like little mixing. nitpick. The, the question isn't a hero in this continuity yet. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. So and yeah, you have an issue. It, it's there. not a big deal. I'm not, so, I don't have an issue. I'm just pointing it out. I know. Well, again, there. where are the Wonder Twins? But you, you go, and the question comes out, and he steals the person. The kick-ass question costume, right? Yeah. And it is like I like this, like that. But I don't like that this guy is going to be a purse snatcher, but fully in the persona. Of the question, this guy is completely insane. You can steal things and kind of get away with it. You don't not by yelling shit and running. So he's like, the question isn't who is going to let me; it's who's going to stop me. Ha <laughs> ha! And he runs away. And I do like Lois and Selena. Just like, oh god! Actually, I'd be like, this guy's dead. <laughs> he's in big trouble. And yeah, you have him there where Bruce then, as Superman picks up a ball and is like, hey, you know, where do I have it? But then you have Superman looking, which he has to pull his glasses down to use his X-ray vision. So why does he have more? I, I don't but he's know like, what, I'm telling you, that is only there to make sure the people know that it is Clark yeah, that's all it is. the cow. That's all it is so that you can keep And it doesn't even work separate. the time because I no, forget. No, it didn't work for me because then, yeah, the guy, they just end up throwing the ball and knocking the guy out. And he's there, and yeah, that's that. So then I love it too. Another, another little nitpick that means nothing, I'm telling you. Just the idea that, you know, there's somebody dressed as dead man who was an acrobat who nobody would be able to see as a hero yeah. in the real world. Yeah, you wouldn't have known what he looks like. Yeah. So there, there's your nitpicks. Got to do what he gets in town. I know. But then they, they go on, uh, you know, a uh, Ferris wheel type deal. It's like one of those like spinning the tornado. combo, the red tornado, whatever. And as they go, also, it's like, okay, I get the idea that it's superhero night at the fair. Boy, they have spent a they lot of money out. for this fucking one night. I'm I mean, they've redone they, they the spend, rides. They spent so much money that it's ridiculous that they would turn anyone away. Yeah, they could the turn people away. It's here. actually the Red Tornado and the Flash thing. Like, this doesn't look just like stickers. This looks like full out. You know, he's forgotten that it's just going to be this one night. And they go, but yeah, you have them in there. And now Clark and Bruce are both, you know, thinking only about this contest about who can do it. And it's like, this is where uh, uh, Clark's like, he honestly has no idea. I mean, John can't even hit off me. And then uh, look at the stars, Clark. Can you believe the stars? I'd seriously, I'd throw it right past him. Strike. I'm like, nobody talks like this. I, I wouldn't sit there and go, you know what? I'm going to throw it right by you, Rafe. Strike. Fuck this. I'm done, Eric. What did you give it? I gave it a <laughs> We're not going to do it. We're going to keep uh. going because you have to give. And then there's Bruce with us. At certain speed, the ball falls apart, which wouldn't count as a strike. We never said anything about striking out. We said about throwing it by. I don't even care if it goes in the corks there. He's not going to see it. I'm telling you, Superman should just play with the whole deal. Never even have a ball. Pretend he throw it and then fucking use some fucking cold heat vision to blow a hole behind. Oh, look, it went right through. There you go. You lose, Batman. I'm telling you right now, when you have the Flash versus Superman, you are playing with the whole idea that you have, I'm the fastest man alive. And there's Superman who is going to be fast. This is nonsense. This is complete and utter nonsense. This actually now goes against a Kryptonian who we know is the strongest. You know, B.L. Endo is going to throw a ball and a human. I don't care how much he trained. I don't care. This is a human being. If you're going to tell me that Superman legitimately could throw the ball 150 miles an hour, because I even looked up shit, and they're saying the mechanics of it, it doesn't matter, strength, whatever. But we are going to go with that me and you both believe that Superman could throw a ball till it does fall apart. Five miles before that, there is no way Batman sees it. He better hope that Superman has very good accuracy or he might be dead. 
Yeah. This is it. He better get in the goddamn fucking Kryptonian battle armor to you step got, up to you, that plate. You got to leave this fucking whole baseball thing alone, man. No, because he won't, because this is what he wants everybody That's to be wowed by. Yeah, so then they're talking. You get the whole thing. It's back and forth with, oh, you know, I love Batman. Catwoman says, I love Batman because he catches me when I fall. And then it turns around that that's why Superman likes Lois. Uh, You have, you know, them eating ice cream. They're talking. And then they're just going to leave. And they're, you know, we had a great night. We'll leave. Hey, maybe next time. He's just so Kansas. Yeah, just stuff like that. And and it's just to me, again, I want a story. I don't want a scenario. I don't need a sitcom. I don't need a, you know, a fucking situation drama. I want an ongoing story in my books that I get twice a month. <sighs> Jeez. Jeez, Eric. Why do you make me do this? This is what happens. This is so, why yeah. I get upset. So at the end, then, you know, they even have the whole deal where God damn it. Selena stole the mugger's freaking wallet. Stupid shit. And to me, it's like, who look? Selena still has the – the cat still's got claws, Eric. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm done, man. Fucking nonsense. And then, like, too bad. Too bad we we can't go do this and whatever. And this is the worst thing. This is where I want to tell you guys where I can tell that the nonsense is the nonsense. Number one, Tom King, and it is Lee Weeks, right? No, it's Clay Man. Or Clay Man, I'm sorry. Tom King and Clay Man want to have this be something huge. They want to trick you into something huge. So when they say, hey, let's go and hit the ball. Hey, let's go play the old pitch and catch, pitch and hit. They say all of a sudden, yeah, but let's switch costumes. That is because they want to have this fucking thing where they can sign and nobody's confused. So then they're like, oh, what? I thought that story was one. So because if they don't do that, it's Superman dressed as Batman hitting the ball. And then it's like, oh, Superman could hit anything that Batman would pitch. He's Superman. So they have to force it in right at the last second. Oh, yeah, I'll go do the old pitch and hit. But first we change costumes. Why? Why Pop would they do that? Vengeance they would the do night. that because they want to have this moment so that 20 years from now, this will be a poster and nobody will be like, oh, what, what's this? Superman? No, no, you don't understand. That's not Superman. That's Batman dressed as Superman. That just shows me that it's all forced just for this fucking page. It's all it forced no matter what. And it's just well, it is, nonsense. but again, it forces again to force the force. And yeah, he hits it. And why? Why the, why and the I love hell it is too, Lois cheering? Point, Lois is in like, big trouble when she goes home. Cheering I, I, you, for I, I love it too. It's just that you know, Catwoman. People are gonna think the Catwoman and Lois are gonna become besties now. I'm like, no, I've been down this road. You yeah. drink with somebody, you're besties for that night. Yeah. You make any plans? Yeah, that never night. happened. I'm telling you, Superman looks over and sees Lois cheering. He's like, just basically like, Lois, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk tonight. There's some trouble here, woman. You know, they're all cheering around. And in this point, are we supposed, you know, and also Catwoman changed. Like, why are they all changing just to go? So now the other thing. The other thing with this is we have been talking about it as well. Is Selena still wanted for mass murder? Yes, she is. I mean, that's a big thing. Okay. Do people know Selena is Catwoman? Yes. Yes. So there's trouble. It was Batman. Do we think that he should be arrested for an international crime of going in the Forbidden City? Not only that, the Forbidden – we talked about this on the Slack though the other day. It was the the, the Forbidden City of Kadim. We had the uh, Kravia from the JLA where she entered yep. illegally with the JLA. And there was another one. I can't remember. I think Simon put it up there. We were all talking about it this morning. Yep. I'm like, 
Yeah, yeah, he's he's done this a bunch of times. He's just going into places illegally left yep. and right. Well, and let's. I'm just saying, uh, not yeah. only that though, I don't care about Batman. It's just the whole idea because this is a superhero. And I, Bruce Wayne should not be seen with a mass murderer. No, no, not only that, but uh, I just wanted to ask you, like, is that most of the crimes that we can figure out that they're all wanted for at this point? Because now yeah. they're wanted for trespassing because they just go into a baseball field out of nowhere and, and turn on the lights. I, I mean, what, what is going on here that they can just go to the, the Gotham field and get going and just just to hit a ball? That's all it is. That's all it is is there. And then you add this thing. So just imagine this whole thing is a page. You have obviously the credits page here. You take the credits. You take the end. You're going to have Tom King and Clay Man signing on the baseball and everybody will be happy and they'll, they'll fucking hang it up. But not even realizing that through the whole issue, they were dressed as other deal and they were uh, – it just infuriates. I hate – when something in anything, a movie, comic, story, yeah, rap song, Eric, uh, dinner. I don't know why dinner, but when something is so forced just oh, for like, that like the moment. Oh, like the dinner we had in the jokes and riddles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just there to be there. That? It's just there to be there and never comes about from it uh, from then on. And, and I don't know. Other people seem like oh, this. Oh, he also invaded Santa Prisco is the other one. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, Santa Prisco is told that uh, Amanda Waller said, if you go, you're in trouble. I mean, this guy just breaks laws everywhere he goes. And to the point where it was funny because Superman had a big problem with, with Batman going in to the deal. And then as the nerd to be like, so, you know, she's a criminal. You know, what's going on with that? And Batman should have been like, who the fuck are you talking to? I mean, I've broken so many laws in the past three weeks. And what about that talk? You know, the United Nations should be coming down. You were going to come down hard on me before that alien invasion that you didn't tell me yeah, anything about. So invasion. what's going on? Yeah, what's going on? Because when we go to the next issue, you, you forget about everything else. Everything yeah. is a clean slate. You just stop and move on to the next wow moment. I mean, I could sit there and like, you know what would be cool? If me and you had a podcast where I, I shoved a pencil right down your throat. I, I, don't, I don't like but it. But then I just do it. And then it no. doesn't matter. I don't know. What, what do you give this, Eric? What do I you gave this it? issue a fuck you five. And I'm pretty much the fuck thing you five is, too. The, the, the whole issue is fucking nonsense. It's completely forced, repeated dialogue left and right. And even, you know, Clay Mann, who I used to be a huge fan of lately, yeah. he's had a really line-heavy like style. like this was a little rushed. Well, I'm saying, we even had this in the last issue, too. It was very line-heavy, and it seemed very Francis Manipool to me, which is not a problem for most people. No, it's I just, like Francis you know, Manipool. It wasn't bad overall. It's not a style I really enjoy, but Bruce Wayne just looked dirty throughout this whole goddamn thing. It's another thing we didn't bring up bother. It may not matter to anybody, but at the end of the New 52, Bruce Wayne's body was remade through the Dionysium, and he should not have that many goddamn scars on him for yeah, what he's Yeah, but again, they'll so just go, they'll just say, oh, you know, Bane, this, yeah, and... right. Yeah, so just, yeah maybe. it's like just, uh, something was going on where you had this book, the I Am Gotham arc. I liked, I liked a lot. Then you had the I Am Suicide. Yeah, you kind of got I that. That's well, that's okay. when just things started to not jive from issue and arc to arc to issue. Uh, things were left on the table and things like that. But you were still like, you could still see something going on because at least I Am Suicide. Then with the uh, the mask, uh, ended up. Tying into the I am Bane, so you know you steal. Yeah, we that. had an ongoing arc about yes, the you have that. psycho pirates. You know, so uh, when they get psych- he Medusa gets psycho mask. pirates, Medusa mask. Uh, that led to them bringing up and talking trash to to Bane. But even so, it looked like Selena was supposed to have broken Bane's back. Was it just him overdoing it with Venom that made it heal? Because it looked like he healed right away. So there's always these weird well, things. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, so they, they, you, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. 
you were breaking up there big time, Erica. I'm sure I'm one so. of my kids is online. But yeah, you, you at least had like, okay, we got a story going. We got a story. And then somewhere along the line on that rooftops deal when everybody was like, oh, my God, this Catwoman, Batman, something affected Tom King. Then that leads to, say, the Brave and the Mold that's just a one shot. Then you have that. Then all of a sudden you get a, a big arc that just ends up with Kite Man nonsense going on and everybody like it. And something went like – to me, thinking a cynical thing, it's when Tom King thought, why do I have to try? I, I mean, I, I throw this stuff out there as a joke. People are loving it, so let's just go with that. I Or it's just he realized what type of non-story people would grab onto. And for some reason, people are into it. They love it. I, I'll tell you, the sales are down. And if you are a Tom King supporter and you're getting infuriated by hearing me yell, the sales on Batman per issue sales are are the lowest since August of 2011. So yeah. something is going wrong. It's under 100,000 now. Now, again, the big thing I said was per, per issue because you can't go by per month because obviously there's two issues. So it is selling, you know, 180 some, you know, 190 a, a month. But per yeah. issue, it's going down. It's obvious that people are dropping it. And I can only think it's because they're just not getting a story here. And that's, that's what I want. I want a story. And even when we get into the next book where me and Eric, are going to talk and yeah there's some crazy but when i read it it seems at least it seems big and it, it seems seem like big. it's stories going on and things like that and again people like a dancing mike will go on about how i'm a scott snyder fan well unfortunately uh for me and dancing mike the only thing that i really can fully and knowledgeably say is to compare Scott Snyder's run to Tom King's run now. I, I don't. I have not read all of like a Grant Morrison run or or, or even Scott Snyder Detective or you know all that other stuff. I can only say what I know. And at this point in the New 52, at this amount of issues, we had what seemed like a lot of story, a lot oh, yeah. of big stories, a lot of stories where people will go think back and like, what were your favorite stories of the New 52? And there's one or two that I would put up there with that. Uh, this Tom King, Court like of the death of the family. That's what it would be. Uh, you have this where what do you, what are people? Oh, I I liked I am Gotham. I thought that that was a really good start Tom leading to something, that. and he said he hated it. Uh, I think that he hated it mainly because I think that was probably the most edited story that he had. I think he had a very strong – he was starting Rebirth. He was on the biggest book, and I think that they were trying to kind of reel him in and do things. I think after that, they let him go. I think that, that there's something to that, that maybe that was the story. He wanted to do some nonsense, and they didn't let him, but I like that story. But even that, like if you say to me, but Jim, I am Bana – what really happened in I Am Bane? Because really the main thing was the end where Batman says I'm Batman and headbutts him. You know, or you have the jokes and riddles, which to me it just never – it just fizzled. It never came – it never, it never felt, started in my like, mind. There were so many questions of even what was going on. And now since then we've just had rules of engagement that was, people are saying it's great. It was nothing. It just no. it, it just upsets me. And I, I don't know why I can't – Nothing makes legitimately, sense ever. People, if, if you're going to sit there, and again, I'm sure that we have lost so many people listening to the podcast because we flip out. And I, I blame you, Eric. You're always of flipping you out. Do. But I just want you to know that we could certainly get on here 
which I plan on every time and going, okay, Batman goes to – they go to there and they switch their clothes. And you know what? It was okay. It's not for me. So let's move on. Talk about it for two minutes and then move on. We don't do that because we do care about it and we care about talking about it and stuff like that. But it is driving me insane. And it's driving me insane as if I'm in the – me and you even and me and you and the Get Fresh crew, beep, boop, boop, boop. we're in this fucking – cocoon where we we can or i don't know we have glasses on it's it's they live uh, we're trying to make people put on the glasses they won't put on the glasses i don't want to fight roddy piper i'm putting the glasses yeah, on yeah just put the glasses on and, and look at these stories for what they are not the wow moments try to pay piece them together from issue to issue and try to get the overall look of the book and if it's something where you just want Hey, I don't mind because I just I don't like Batman being in the you know punching people and being a bat god. I like to see what makes him tick. If you think this is what makes him tick, then all the power to you. Just enjoy it. I'm not gonna try to convince anybody anymore. I, I, it's a losing battle. It really it is. is. I just thought we meant something to people, Eric. I really get the hell did. out of course we I, don't. I thought Eric. I thought that we meant something somewhere down the line. Now I'm saying this because I don't know where my notes went. Eric is. <laughs> I'm you're starting to sound like Tom King. You got enough. What did you give it, Eric? What, what did Fuck you give you five. it? Oh, that did you? Uh, I was gonna ask. Wrong turn. Wrong turn. What did you give it? Wrong turn gives this a fuck you five. <laughs> That guy he can't smart. read it. He didn't even know he garbage. is smart. He is smart. The next book we are talking about is Dark Knight's Metal number four. Would it shock you if I told you, Eric, that my my coffee arrived about five minutes ago? Would that shock you? Yes, it would. You didn't even hear it, did you? I didn't sure. even have to mute the mic. It was Logan. He came on. He's got some pimp ass uh, freaking uh, like a, a what is it called? Where you get a robe? He okay. came up with this freaking robe on. All smiles. So obviously when they went out and got – they all got their uh, Christmas money from the relatives, and I, I would guarantee dollar to a Did donor. Did buy a pimp rope? There, it looks like a pimp rope, I, and I believe that probably all that money they got is gone. So oh, probably. I swear I, I begged them not to do it. Rafe has probably spent all his money on like uh, Madden cards and points <laughs> and stuff. Up oh, there he is. He's back with, with the pimp rope. What is that? Is it a pimp rope? You kind of look like a pimp slash bloodied up magician. I don't like it. It's weird. It's like white and red, and he's also got these big ass slippers. Sounds like a king's like cape or a whatever you fucking call that. It like does a, look uh, like that. It do, it actually looks like it'd be something like he's at the wall, <laughs> and he, and he's run into a lot of problems because it looks very <laughs> bloody. Ah, uh, yes. Dark Knight's Metal, number four, written by Scott Snyder, art by Greg Capullo, Jonathan Glapion, and FCO Placencia. I will tell you, there may be more. The problem is, and I could look right now, and when we get to it, maybe I will. This was one of those review copies that had no uh, credits. Didn't have a credit. So, oh, it drove me nuts. Metal continues. And while I've gotten into arguments with people, including one guy I'll be talking about in a moment, uh, I actually thought this was the most straightforward issue yet. Uh, I'm not, and again, is that a backhanded compliment? Because Maybe. some of the other issues were completely insane. My head was not spinning when I ended this, but I'm not saying everything is explained because it still is the fourth issue of a six issue miniseries. 
plus two other issues involved. So yeah. if you really want to go with what is the big part, and you include the Forge and the casting, we have kind of a 10-issue series. Yeah, hell. I'm not even going to go with those because those were mainly about the Dark Knights, and those seem to not be... I see what they were trying the bat, to do. That's out of hell I could see being more tied into this because of how we got our heroes from one place to the other. Yeah, uh, you know what? But what I'm saying is you end up with everything kind of resetting near the end of those anyway and it didn't add what i think is more that added more to kind of the lore and what's going on with the and even the one shots of the dark knights even i'll throw those in those were more about just the dark knights that don't seem to have as much of a limelight in the series and that's why i think they did all those because they thought oh my god we have this big we have opportunity all these great bat- dark batman we're not doing another with yeah, yeah so i think that that stuff to me you, you don't but but you do need to read the forge the casting yeah. obviously the six batman metal lost, issues well. and i would say you should read batman lost hawkman found and then uh the, the wild uh, hunt the wild hunt so it's it's kind of like we could say that this is for the fourth issue out of 10 or yeah, actually be like the sixth out of 10 because we did have the others or seven whatever it might be but it, i don't it know is, i lost count i'm telling you when we usually do these minis uh it is usually the third and fourth issue we we've talked about it the first two yeah. kind of set up things to what's been going on how then you get the third and fourth issue are usually the full out setup to what you get in the fifth and then obviously the finale. So I think that what happens here, and I'm not even done my blurb yet, but what I think happens with this, the delays screwed everything. But also because it is the big event book, I do think people have lost the the idea that this still is kind of a mini-series and the way it is. And we've seen almost every mini-series follows this same pattern. And I think that this does as well because it's it's a lot of setup here that I believe will be explained, but we'll get into that as well because it's still the fourth issue out of six-issue mini-series, but I like the setup. Uh, The art was fantastic and I had some fun and it feels really big. Uh, But now I will go into the talk of Scott Snyder. Uh, me and you are uh, – we're not you know, fan – people say we're fanboys. We like, I'm, a, a, we I'm like, a fan of Scott Yeah, Snyder. we like a lot of his stuff. You know what I like about him? For the most part, he usually does end his stories. I usually don't so, because I am still confused about what's going on in this. I'm not as confused as, say, a Mr. Miracle. Right. Mr. Miracle, though, I can't tell you and I couldn't bet you that anything will be resolved by the end because Tom King writing that. It, so if somebody's like, oh, you, you like this, but you don't I'll like say, that. He, he ends them, but they kind of fizzle out by the end of the That's what I'm saying. But, and I'm, I'm afraid you're not going to get all the answers you want. I think that we're going to get answers with this book. I, I hope so. But still, I still had a lot of fun with this issue. I had some fun because it sets up some things that we didn't have for the most most part, we didn't have much about Barbados. That, that's no. one of our biggest problems with metal. Well, in this issue, you don't get much more, but we start to get some other evils in here where I can focus on of, okay, they're going to do this. One of the bigger ones, the biggest to me, is Vandal Savage, uh, Black Adam, and possibly the other immortals that we saw before, right. which were mostly comprised of evil people. That was one of the other things about them. They were they were very heavy on the villains. So that starts making sense. And now it's almost like – it's like this is a boxer or I'm a boxer. Finally, when I got done this issue – I have something to punch. I know that there's something out there to punch. Before it was this Barbados, which I did air quotes, Eric, and the dark multiverse where 
you know, you didn't have a lot of things to go forward of what you're going to do and, and attack. Now I see there are some things. But yeah, there, there are some confusing stuff in here. It does start out where you have like a cartoony version uh, of what's been going on to kind of catch everybody up. A storybook up. version. Yeah, and I, and I like that because it does tie into Dream that comes in and it ties into the whole thing being based on stories and things like that. But it also is one thing that we say, and I think it's well served here because we have not had an issue in a while. So no. I like that it catches people up. So I'm into that. And I, I do like it. And it goes – also, I'm glad that this is here because you do not get Flash and Cyborg in this. No. So you know at least – And I actually like, had forgotten that they were off doing this yeah, shit in the multiverse. And, and they're off trying to find other heroes, which to us when we did see that that was going down is they're going to be grabbing other multiversal uh, you know, characters that I do think if people are upset about characters just showing now, up – are they, are they actually grabbing other characters or are they kind of trying to grab the nth metal from other uh, multiverses. It said that uh, Speedster Flash, Mysterious Power searched the multiverse for help. And I remember when they went to go off, we actually thought that it was kind of hinting that they were going to go and they were going to get the good people of the multiverse to go. So we'll have to see because everybody else is definitely searching for metal. The way that it was in my mind when they went off, we and me and you talk, like I wonder where they're going to go and who they bring right. back and things like that. I think that it is set up for, uh, say, the sixth issue, end of the fifth issue, in my mind, would be, say, Cyborg and Flash coming and having an army behind them. And it will be one of those, like, where's Waldo? Where we're going right. to sit here and go, like, oh, my God, there's him, him, who's that? And you, you'll have that sort of thing. It'll look like the Sergeant Pepper's cover. Eric. I'd imagine well, that it's going to go and grab the Justice Incarnate. Yeah, well, they might, and that's what I'm saying. I think that it's going to be something cool. Again, I'm not judging it on this now. I just, I'm glad that they throw that in because I forgot all about them sure and what I. they were doing. So we're going to go with that. But this is, you know, with the font and the bubble, you see, it is Dream talking and says, you know, impossible stories destined only to happen in Dream or in Nightmare. Should any of these stories be spoken, let alone actually occur, the whole library will burn. Now, obviously, we are seeing these stories happen. So shit has gone wrong. And when we do yeah. go, uh, we see that shit is burning, so we're going to have to find out what's going to go on with that. But then, you know, and the world will likely burn with them. We go into the That's dark the multiverse. Thing. It's the whole idea of this whole story that should never be told and should never be ha should happen, you know. And we find out this whole prophecy as well where this yes. Lucian library, yep. where, you know, th these things are kept. If this happens, it will start to burn, which will take over the entire dreamscape and just destroy everything in the long run. Yeah, and we do see that happening, and it even ties into when Dream tells a story about how the universe was created and what happens in stories. Because really, to me, that's the other thing, and, and me and you will talk about it when we get to it. I think that a lot of this, and Scott Snyder, he, again, he's really, this is Scott Snyder. Or, or I would say it different. This is Grant Morrison through Scott Snyder. You can see oh, that Scott Snyder is really trying to get that, that Grant Morrison vibe with this. And because of that, I do think that parts just kind of are a little wacky more than they should. They're not as well explained. I do think that Scott Snyder is trying to – you know, right in the vein of a Grant Morrison, oh, maybe some of the really things are because like that of that. To me is when when Batman and Superman have to get to the the World Forge, yes. and like you know, you have to have hope in your hearts in yes. order to get there. It's, and the, it's like a dream machine. It's a wish exactly. machine. Yeah, it is. And so he is doing this. So and and most of the things where I think go a little wonky. I think it's because of that. Now that that doesn't give him any sort of pass. And no. it, it's not, don't think that I'm blaming Grant Morrison. It's not. Scott's writing this. Do. But 
I think that he tries to get a little too clever and a little too things because and if you haven't read Grant Morrison, which a lot of people who joined in on the podcast joined in a rebirth, and if they haven't, Grant Morrison is a guy who just loves wacky shit and shit gets sure wackier and wackier, but he also loves to just throw characters that end up being just fucking stand-up comedians out of nowhere. They'll do this, and that's why I think later we get Starro that's so bizarre but it kind of fits the vein of what I think's going on. But even so, it and is And even bizarre. that, just trying to like you know make old continuity relevant yes, in today's yeah. continuity and just throw it in there and try to make yeah. it relevant, even though it still doesn't ever really work in my mind. No, and with this, though, you have this old and new continuity going. And is it – without any explanation, I don't know. I can't say – I'm not going to say this is that and this is this. But it almost to me feels like with this dark multiverse getting closer and our Earth falling into the dark multiverse, that shit is getting a little wonky. That shit is bleeding into things and, and you know different timelines, whatever it might be. I could, I could guess that. I don't know because it's not spelled out. So some of the things are a little confusing, if not, you know, infuriating. And there's some forced things in here. But I do like this part where you have Batman. He's connected to the the tower, and he has been. We saw, we saw before. most of what in Batman Lost, we saw what he was going through. And I said even then, my guess then was that that issue was only to show you the shit that he is going through. He is aged. You you yeah. see him. He has white hair. His life and, force is being sucked out of him by the Dark Tower yes, battery. Remember, and he is a battery as well. They call yeah. him. They, and Superman's the great battery. And yeah, he's the his dreams battery. and his basically yeah his nightmares. And they call him the great battery. But they you know he he's getting his. It, it's almost like he looks like me, Eric. I, I am I am a younger man. I look uh, 90. The shit that I've gone through, Eric, it has aged me. And that's what that's all the, to me that's going on here. Now, it's weird because you're in here. You're wondering what they're going to need to do to get him back to being normal Bruce when they get out. But we'll see how that you know how that comes about. A wishing um, machine. Yeah, that may be because at this you I'll do have – Basically, Batman was there and we, we found out in the medal number three that he was only there – to trick Superman to go there. Yeah, this was supposed to be a Batman story. They needed Superman. So now that Superman is there, they can get rid of Batman, and they're going to take him to another way. And to do this, they get the nightmare visions and nightmares uh, you know, of the bad versions of Superman. Which, which now, is just really weird because we have been talking about how these worlds were created by not only just nightmares but fears and like you know, mm-hmm. uh, mistakes and shit like that. Just pointing yeah. out that these are the nightmares of Batman. Yeah, I think they that flash. when he says – I think when they say nightmares, I do think – that they are going with what we said before when they said, oh, are these Batman's nightmares or are they his fears and things like this? Because I do think these are more of his fears right. and what he has to do. It's, it's just that when the Batman Superman says his nightmares, like if he yeah. finally killed you and took over your mantle and it just felt yeah. so yeah. good. I'm like, I'm telling you, I would not have a problem with that if we didn't already have Doomsday yeah. Clock or Jeff Johns. Well, that's why Superman's I, I, never had a nightmare Again, before. I kind of went with the whole idea with that because even people in the Slack chat were saying like, boy, you know – you have these crazy nightmare Batman. I mean, you have them. They're they're monstrosities, like one worse yeah. than the next. You have these Superman. Nothing wrong with them. Like, you know what I mean? He's just you got like, Batman, Superman, Lex Luthor, Superman, and Superman Blue. Yeah, yeah. So to me, what you have here is these are the worst versions of a incredibly good character. Like, yeah. like you have it, and this is how I tried to explain it before, is that, number one, I could even go with the idea of he didn't have nightmares. They don't know. 
So the nightmares are just these kind of thoughts like, oh, what would I have to do if Batman got too crazy? And there's not much. First off, it also means to me where Batman says, oh, listen, you know what? Clark had no imagination ever. I also think that you can even go with a little wink-wink that Superman thinks that he could take Batman easily. Yeah. He doesn't need much. You know what I mean? Like he, he can do whatever he wants, to, to, which he probably could. You know, with a Batman that he had to take over, but uh, you end up having these guys, and Batman realizes and does say, hey, you know what? I notice. I know my toys, and you have them because Clark doesn't have imagination. So if he's thinking of any sort of weapons that he would be like nightmare versions and things like that, he's just going to think of shit he saw. Now, I don't know when he saw the five-finger death punch. Uh, and I just want to know why was- in this, this nightmare Batman, or this fucking nightmare Superman that's also an amalgam of Batman – why he would be wearing a kryptonite five-finger death punch and I it just get, him. It's, it's funny, but I think that that's why the Bat-Superman has it. It's that that's his weapon. But yeah, Batman just grabs it. He's going to do it. It's a, all it is, it's a wow moment. Again, it it's just there because you it's don't need it because it doesn't work. Death punch. Yeah, and it doesn't work because no, he's about metal. to do this. And this is where they realize – well, they realize that they're just going to attack him then and just take him. And that's where he realizes – Batman's talking and realizes that uh, Dream said that when there's the Black Sun, you know, call me in the place of the Black Sun. Now, I like how this has played out though because in Bruce's mind, which he explains a bunch of times in here, he thinks 30 years have gone by. 30 years of his life have gone by. He's He's fought. Uh, endless battles for 30 years. So yeah, it's mine, yeah. He, he kind of forgot about what, you know, 30 years from now, I'm not going to remember what I said or did with you right now. I won't remember two seconds from now how much I care about you, Eric. But you, you have it, or I like it, though. You know what I mean? That it's he's remembering things like, oh, my God, you're going to go. And he I, does I don't call. know what that means, though. Call me in the place of the Black Sun. Well, he starts saying, and he's saying, Clark, damn it, wake up. You're powering their battery. You're at the center like some raging, and he was going to say Black Sun. For some reason, and then he's like, Black Sun, all those years ago in the tomb, Dream, call me in that – because he did – it was weird that Dream did say that, call me yeah. in the place of the Black Sun, and this is where he gets the idea. That just you know triggers him remembering, and he gets called I, I don't away. know what that means, though. Yeah, I just – I guess that he told him that because he'd know that at some point he would know that he'd say the Black Sun. He's just – that's just what he's saying. I guess that Clark is a battery, and he's emanating. You can see there it's not played out, but he does have that energy coming out. He's turning black, so I guess he just thinks instead of you know red sun superman he is now black sun superman i don't know it it just it It just seemed odd it triggers his mind that that's what he's the place of the black sun so and dream with them away yeah you go away and they're all gone and then we go off then we go off to the he is now the dr fate of this where we had dr fate coming in and whisking everybody away right before death it, it is weird that he did say that, like, it almost seems like when Batman gets mad later and, like, I was suffering and you didn't, eh, you know what, I don't really go down with that, you didn't call me, whatever. But you go to the Rock of Eternity, and I'll tell you, when I tell my score, this Rock of Eternity bit is one of my main parts of why I liked it, because you do get an idea of some bad things going on. You have some bad guys that I know, and I could see what goes on from then because you have Kendra, Wonder Woman, and Dr. Fate going to the Rock of Eternity to supposedly get the mace of Carter Hall. And that that kind of, you know, they're going. In the meantime, you have the whole deal where Kendra is not interested. She's not going there for the mace. She's going there because she has the astral brain. She's going to destroy the the dark multiverse. The astral brain, making it physical. 
Yeah. So the the problem with this is, or the Possibly. reason why the reason why she's doing it though, is because she can feel that I think that like Carter uh, ends up even that they have some reason or the metal in them. Uh, what well, Barbados the can you know, call out to them. Bar- Barbados can call out to them, and it was every time that Carter was resurrected before to start a new life in between the moments of death and yeah. resurrection, like reincarnation. I mean. He would see the dark multiverse, and he became fascinated and obsessed yeah. with it, leading to him going through to the dark multiverse and being lost all this time. I don't know why it's just yelling out to Kendra like this. So I well, don't. She I, says it's, it's in her bones, and it's yeah, not. It's, it's not. And she's not even say. She's not saying he can influence me or talk to me. She's just like I know that somewhere if Barbados is there, and it's just my body keeps telling me about this. All roads lead to darkness. I need it to end. To me, she's just she thinks she's going insane, pretty much. It would be like somebody who just hears voices and things, but she wants to get there and destroy it. She just wants it to end, and she thinks that this is the way. The Immortals had this plan. Also, you just can go with that fully. That's the Immortals' plan. They have yeah. told her. It's not like she's acting against the Immortals. This is what they wanted to do, and now we see that they didn't decide. We had that whole thing in the first in the beginning where Raish said, listen, Batman's on it. He'll be able to figure it out. You Batman. had Kendra and you had Kendra right away. Kendra was the one who just basically was like, no, 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 he's gonna fuck shit up. We can't let this happen. And now you see that she's fully in. They're they're gonna destroy the dark multiverse. And I'm telling you, I really do, do like this whole thing too, where the, it is the lead up to that reveal where we do have them going to the Rocket Eternity and all of the you know like the uh, statues of the like the um, the seven sins. They actually come to life to try to stop them because they yeah. realize that something is wrong. That she, you know, they like they and Doctor Fate has no idea why no, they Dr. are Fate, attacking. Yeah, I'm really and that's like the whole, whole thing. Yeah, because Doctor Fate does have the secret. Yeah, and Doctor Fate says something's wrong. They should be here to help us. We're, we're welcome. We're here yeah. to do good. Why are they attacking us? And it does. You know, it depends. It's a really good setup to me that it ends up because they know that that astral brain is there. That astral brain and they, this that's is not what does really going to destroy the dark multiverse. Yep, that's but all that it does. All of creation and all of creation. And and it's almost like I said. I think that Kendra's really playing it out the way of basically. I just want this to end. And and even when it comes down later, uh, it's you know Wonder Woman, and they're like, if you do this, you know, what about Carter? He, now Carter's gone. He's already yeah. gone. I can't let this happen. And then she ends up not, you know, maybe the talking, it took too long. Maybe it's one of those things because then she does end up, and we'll just reveal it now at the deal. Yeah. She ends up morphing into this lady Blackhawk, which was her name. They did call yeah. her that before. This. this is like a dark multiverse type deal. And yes, I think that some people were confused about that. I do think that basically it was like. They had set up Batman to become the gate or the key or the you know the wagon. The, the wa- well, yeah, they set him up all that time to be what did they call the it? Like the, the door. But they they even made it like a weird other name. I can't even remember. But it was the switcheroo yeah, that yeah. one had to switch for this. Kendra, obviously, to me, through those resurrections with Carter, all this, both of them have been prepped as well to fulfill their positions. And this is what happens in this issue. Again, not all of it's fully explained. But no, I'm, even you, the whole thing, too, because then you have to assume it is through the nth metal because of that is the thing yeah. that is keeping them alive and, you know, having them be reincarnated over and over again, like we had, you know, Carter yeah. writing about. So, if she, you know, she might be experiencing the same thing. She hasn't let on to this before this. Yeah. But if it is all the nth metal, why do we have, you know, the Thanagar Prime people? How come they're okay? Is it the whole thing? Is maybe they're not, and Starro has nothing yeah, to do with the whole that's, thing? That's you know, what like I'm you saying. Were talking about, I don't. Is yeah. it actually under Barbados' control? 
Yeah, that's what we have to see because I think there's something more going on with that than, than we see only because there's, uh, there's saying, a couple weird I, parts. Alkmaar said, he's like, I ate all the Nth Metal, which we yeah. saw him doing the old continuity. And I think that he's giant, the big you know? bad. People yeah. want to go with Starro, but when we, that's the next part. We'll talk about it because right before you have probably to me the least interesting of all the stuff in here is Aquaman. in Atlantis when Aquaman yeah. and Deathstroke go down into Atlantis. And you have them go and there's been a slaughter. Somebody has done this. You don't get a lot of explanation. You get talk oh, from the a little thing, fish. The first, you know, the first King Arian. And when you throw Arian yeah. out there in the DCU, like you think of a character who was not the first king. So I don't know if they're playing yeah, with so that. Yeah, so I don't know how this is. Or that's the play that Atlanteans think that. And then we know that it never was like that. So and that's the, the because there's this grave here and they have been told. And this is the thing that I do like of this. There's a sacred and forbidden grave of Arian, king the first king Arian. Now we know that Arian is a wizard, kind of ties into immortals maybe because we see whatever. But there's this grave that you're not allowed to talk. Well, I'm saying Ar- Arian is an immortal. I can see that the whole thing yeah. that we just had him also in Blue Beetle where yeah, he was I'm a saying, bad guy, I, so I'm it doesn't work you. in that I'm light as well. You, they, they don't give a shit what happened in Blue Beetle in, in this book. That Blue Beetle book you, is so far just one from anybody. Section of Atlantis, though, it's like all right, we have this whole thing, Arian. That doesn't make sense to me. And actually having Aquaman like communicate with a fish as in talking, like yeah. it feels weird for all the progress we've made with Aquaman just to have him go back. It and is talk weird, to a fish. but it's funny because you, then you kind of go with the deal that Deathstroke does not understand what's going on. So you have to realize that, you know, the fish is, it's just talking. So we did have that whole thing with uh, basically saying, I don't talk to fish. I can kind of nudge them in a direction and things like that. But since then, we've had Aquaman where you have these big behemoths and Aquaman is like, what's going on? Why are you doing this? And seems to be doing it. So, But what I like about this is the idea that if Arian is supposed to, I still think that maybe that is kind of a bigger thing than that what we're seeing i maybe it isn't what we think it is like arian is part of this but because of this because they've been told you're never allowed to touch the the tomb it's all been a ruse it, it's not even true it's like it's even, even when a, the death strokes like smash it's not a tomb like, bastard yeah it's not, not even a tomb anyone who touches the tomb is banned from yeah, the yeah. forever and it, it's not a tomb there's nobody yeah. in there it's a gateway it, it, to a deeper a depth of the ocean yes it goes down it's one of those where it's almost as if it's there for the puzzle of it and whoever would figure it out will know to go further and it's been guarded it's been set aside now again who killed the what's the slaughter have anything to do with it because they didn't do anything it seems to the tomb unless they open it up and went but deathstroke just goes and it's weird because deathstroke even must have something else going because he's like i sense the metal and I'm like, yeah, okay but he he opens this up he shatters this and he's like it's a portal and they're gonna go down to it it's a cool moment to me but it's it's not as interesting as some of the others because then we go to Thanagar prime they're going to explain and i know that Ruben had a big problem with this because you have to have this Thanagar prime that's outside of space and time it seems so that and not really it's it's a weird explanation but how can't know we about phase presence built yes. on zombie star gas this place exists at multiple coordinates yeah. at once and basically you take out that zombie stuff it's it's themascara that's how themascara was it's described when it left it left because it phased out and it just blinks into different things and that's why you can't get to it anymore because it only exists in different phases of different things that's how greg rucka completely yeah. explained how themascara is a place but can't be gotten to normally and so you have Thanagar Prime, which is set up like that. It's just very odd. And, it, again, and, and I'm telling you, the whole forced. idea itself is odd because we can't have it be Thanagar.
Thanagar because Green Lantern would know about Thanagar. Mm-hmm. But so it's this hidden place of Thanagar Prime where the real, you know, Thanagarians live and shit yeah. like that. So now we have to have this whole thing. So nobody has any idea about anything going in because this is this whole hidden planet which nobody knows anything about. Yeah. And when yeah. we walk in, even the reveal of Starro, the whole thing too, in my mind, if it does play out, like, you know, if there is no ruse going on with this whole Starro thing, the only reason we have the line that he is, you know, I have, you know, evolved so now I can, you know, I can affect your yeah. beauty brains without my spores is only because we needed them not to know that Starro was in control when they came yeah, in. Yeah, but I, the thing is, I don't think he is. We talked about yeah, this I'm before. There's only one point when Starro actually seems to be controlling somebody somewhat, and that's Hal Jordan. And, yes. and it, at, at the point because he goes on, and I don't know the whole deal. I don't know much about Anamar's sin. So he's there. Welcome, friends. The center of the Thanagarian demon. I don't know if that part of his hand there means something. Is that like I've never seen Anamar's sin? I've never. I, I can't really look up Anamar's sin's hand. But he has this weird deal on the one hand. He has something that looks like it's imprinted on the one end. The other hand has a metal gauntlet type right. hand. So I don't know. I don't know if that's something that'll come about. But He's there. He says, basically, you're coming to get the nth medal. Where that's me, bitches, because I I ate it all. I ate yeah. all of it. I'm just basically standing here, and this is something that he has done before. You said so. He has stuff like that, and then you have Starro, and Starro was peeking. And the weird thing is, is there's Anamar Sin is talking. He's like, listen, for eons I was nemesis the Thanagarian Empire, but now I have taken my rightful place on its throne with the help of my new ally, the most powerful telepath in the universe. And Starro's there. Now? Now? As if he – is he telling him to say – like he's asking a question as if he's – not like he's controlling Anamar Sin, that he is just talking telepathically to him right. so he knows when to go out. And at no point does it seem as if Starro is doing anything to control the Thanagarians or Anamar Sin. Because uh, then he's like, ah, you know, he comes out, I'm back, bitches. And he's very street. People are taken aback by it. I took it as a kind of like, you I know, Scott you Snyder said, Starro is just basically a, a ridiculous concept anyway. So let's have fun with it. We'll see what's going on I because like he Starro. does say, killed me. I psyched you out, sucker. And regrew myself from a piece of my own exploded tentacle. I don't need the face spores to control your puny minds anymore. Just my will and eyeball. I'm like Super Starro. I I think something else is going on because the only time then that he basically Starro steps out and like sits there. Basically, at one point, he sits there and kind of is like the hype man to yeah. Anamar Sin. So where is it that he's you know that's the thing. I don't know what's going on here with him, but I don't think it's as big as what. You know, some people are getting upset about because I don't. I don't even know if we're going to find out that it's a ruse, that it's not even him, because it just seems so odd. I do like. Seeing it does him, seem though. very odd. I, I like seeing him, and I like the deal, but not once until when you know how Jordan's going to end up using the ring, and that's when you know he can't, and he doesn't understand why, because they want the egg, they want the plastic man egg. Now it seems like again, if you're going to go with it, he says. Oh, you know what? I ate all of this nth metal. You're going to come to me. You know, oh, I knew. Obviously, they were getting them there to get the egg. 
They they knew oh, I, somehow the egg was going to be involved. Whatever it might be, they seem to be. This is all just a trap. There's Admiral Akbar should be yelling right now because it's set up. So I want to see what's going on. But then there's even also, looking at Starro with that weird way he's drawn though, with that weird yeah. netting around him. I'm like, is that netting keeping him yeah. at bay somehow? Yeah, like, I'm is telling that, you, something weird is going on with him. A little more than just talking street. Uh, yeah, like I said, he's like, listen, well, you know, we have this uh, cannon. We have the Phoenix cannon. He spells it out. We have this cannon. It's filled with the super metals. At any point where we think, because we know ahead of time, we've been waiting. If this darkness ever rose to take Earth, we would shoot this at Earth and destroy it. Now, it makes sense that it's kind of saying the super metals. We've learned that that's what would kill this dark multiverse yeah. stuff. So it's all set up to do that. I think it'll come into play, obviously. But as he's going, he's like, you know, it's locked onto the Earth's core and never changes target. And then there's Star. Ever. I'm telling you, he's Flava Flav. He's just a <laughs> hype man. That is not a guy who seems to be. Starro. And when it all comes down to it, when they like take them, grab the egg, it's not Starro saying it. Again, if it was Starro well, and all these people. Too, like, you know, I, I don't know what Anamar Sin's playing at. If he's being controlled himself, it really does seem odd, the whole Starro thing, since he is what appears to be only, only a hype man here. Like yeah. I said, I don't know if that netting is just a weird design choice for him or if it's yeah. actually something more. But even the whole thing where Anamar Sin talks about the Phoenix cannon, like, when I first took this throne, I considered using the cannon to destroy your home world, you know, once and for all. I'm like, but now I'm like, no, no, tell me why you didn't. I guess he just decided not to do it. Yeah, I mean, it, to like, me, why, it's just why like, it up then? I'm telling you, it's just like, I think he's just like, I was going to do it before, but uh, I'll do it. I'll, you know, I, but I think now that, that I've got this other, like, you know, special, you know, I, I, do I, something I, I mean, legitimately, I legitimately know. why I think that it, it is said, because I think that Scott Snyder saw a bit of a dead end where at the end of all this, you would say like, what does Anamar Sin care about Earth? Do you, yeah. do you think he cares? Well, I'm saying that I think he cares to the point where Earth would bring about the dark multiverse, which would well, you know, bring the, the entire universe. You need a reason, even if it's not told. Uh, you, at least it's spelled out because really – if you did care about that, you would not wait for the Dark no, Multiverse. No. So that's what I'm saying. I think that this is just spelled out that he's just – and also he's on him, our sin. I think that they're playing off this whole thing of like he's basically this – you know, it's like Julius Caesar sitting around eating grapes. Well, he could go out and kill people. He's going to do it later or whatever. Yeah, he's got but, that guard now. He's eating all the nth metal. He's that's what I'm saying. I think wants. that he's just hanging loose and you're supposed to – but yeah, there is the problem because at the end you'll say – what the fuck? Why didn't you just fire this cannon and get over with? If Seriously. you think that it's ever going to happen, just do it now. It would have been cool if there was some sort of You're on Thanagar Prime. What do you give a fuck I wish, about I, I know. Hurt? Well, that's why I think it. It's like one of those where I think he was trying to explain something, but it ends up throwing the question that you probably wouldn't have asked. You know what I mean? If he just said, there's this cannon here. When the Dark Multiverse comes out, I'm going to shoot it. That's fine. That's Some people would be. That's what he went with. Yeah. Some people would say, like, but why didn't you fire it right away? And get, you know, but really, it's it ends up bringing up the question, I think, more than answering it is how they do it. But, yeah, you have Hal Jordan. He's, they, they capture them. And uh, you have Hal Jordan who's going to try to use his ring, and that's where you get Obviously. Starro, who says it's not your ring. That's the problem because his ring won't work. It's your stupid brain. And he's like, I've slowed the synapses in your frontal cortex. You can't even create a full train of thought anymore. You idiot. Just try. And then he's like, impossible. My will is stronger than – I mean I'm going to. Wait. What was I? Now, again, 
I could go with the whole deal that we would have found out that it's the metal that's doing it and not in the cave back in the, you know, I'm the earlier you, I still want to know why that freaking affected his well, green I'm saying this effect. could have been a way that you showed that if you had a, say, you, you know, the, the metal that was part, you'll, you'll find out that the rings were made from this and they kind of like a, a reverse polarity. I don't know. You, you could know. have explained something reverse here. Instead, polarity you, neutron flow. I'm telling you, you end up having two magnets go together and they, they fucking separate from each other you can even go with something crazy like that and how it it, it dissipates the energy well, Star always got some mind powers over some humans and and Hal's an idiot so he yeah. can't form a sentence but yeah we go back to uh bruce and clark who are now with dream and dream is going to talk about you know what's going on and what's happening and he the says i'm going to give you the most powerful thing a story he throws him into a book he's talking about the books and all that you know all these stories the are library. made. yeah all these things are made from your dreams and your you know nightmares and things like that but the lucian library has this where it is kind of burning and we do see a pile of books that are burning and he said this section is reserved for stories that never should be told made from the horrors of the human heart but they are becoming a reality by the doings of barbados the destroyer and the library has started to burn should this continue of all the dreaming will be consumed and forever the stories will be lost so yeah it's basically everything will be destroyed it'll just right. you know implode but i can give you uh, they're like can you help us and they're like i can give you the uh, most powerful weapon in all creation i can give you a story and now i'm telling you they're telling the story and it is for us to see but i also think that there's more to it because i do think that as he's saying this he can't give them a weapon or thing, but he can give them a story, and this story is what's going to end up being the key to how they figure things out and what goes on. But basically, it is the story of creation. Uh, you know, it's even to, and it to seems me, more though, the story of creation of the pre-flashpoint universe where we did have a world of like a, you know, like a multiverse of infinite earths and shit like that. Don't think we're supposed to be thinking of numbers and like sitting there and just thinking i don't like it because it says eons and we only have 52 worlds i, I don't I'm just think saying, that... it doesn't all come together to me in the end especially since the fact that we're, you know scott snyder is creating a new origin for the dc universe where we had the things before i don't think that he's here now you're talking dancing mike uh, talk that he's trying to change everything i don't think no, no, that no, that's I'm saying what this is adding about things to the story yeah i just think that this is just myth and story like he says he says i have something to tell you i have something big i can give you a story Mm -hmm. And then he tells from the dark came a spark of molten potential, uh, you know, a spark created by two opposing matter and antimatter. You have this. The only reason we even go with, you know, the other things is we do see them in the constellations. I just thought that this was more of, a, you know, how man explained it even as a myth and story and how he's telling where we're getting the basis of it. But we're not supposed to just sit there and really go through it with a fine tooth comb to figure out exactly what it means. I think that basically what we leave from here is that Barb Barbados has fucked up the process, ended up, you know, going, and now he has to be stopped, and you have to get to this, you know, the World Forge before it goes out. But, you know, and that's what they do end up going to. But they do even say, like, he has a cosmic being. They have a greater secret, a cosmic being, to tip the balance further in their right. favor, and there's little time left, and we both think that that's Hawkman, that we saw at I'm the saying, end we that. Thought, we thought it was Hawkman. It's just odd to, like, throw it out here where Dream's talking about how, you know, Barbados and the Dark Knights have a cosmic being tipping the scales on their side. And then seeing, you know, the hawk god that, you know, the hawk forger or whatever it is later on, you know. So I don't know if, like, they have this, but Hawkman, he's not even a part of the things we're talking about. He's already over there being the, the keeper of the Dark Force. We said before that we thought that, he, that uh, you know, the Batman or less was talking to 
card, oh, okay. but we do go to Kendra there, and she does reveal her plan that she's going to, you know, destroy the Dark Multiverse. You have the big part where, you know, Wonder Woman's not going to let that happen because Batman and Superman are in it. If they get destroyed, yeah. they're done. And Can't you really don't Trinity. know. Yeah, and you Trinity really don't know what else is going on. Get the fuck out yeah. of town. So she's about to do it and then ends up getting stopped and then ends up really getting affected, starts bleeding, and, you know, it all even, the shit comes out of her. It even bothers me, too, where we have the, you know, it just seems out of nowhere to me because we did talk about before where the immortals were talking about their plan of throwing the astral brain of the anti-monitor yeah. into the heart, like, you know, the heart of the multiverse, and which would hopefully stop the dark multiverse. And I never got the idea of, like, the fuck's an astral brain? But here, yeah. you know, oh, it's the compressed astral brain of the entire, and it's the size of a human brain. I'm like, I have no idea what you're doing with this whole goddamn thing anymore. I, I I don't know if it's because when you have the astral brain, when you get it close to the Rock of Eternity, that does end up doing that. But it seems like he is saying, like, she has now changed it into a compressed form. Where's, where's she, where was she hiding that astral brain on her body? Yeah, she's, I got an astral I don't know. Brain. I just I just don't understand the astral brain and why it's the size of a human. Basically, in this, a lot of people, yeah, people were talking that basically the nth metal in Kendra comes out. And yeah. She is bleeding. The shit's bleeding. So that nth metal that was that's in, that was what was inside her that comes out and it's ready to go. And as this is going on, you do see. Uh, Black Adam show up and he shows up and they're like, oh, my God, what's going on? Because uh, Dr. Fate's like, we're going to get you out of here, uh, Kendra. We're going to save you like he has been. Yeah. And Black Adam comes and just zaps him and says there's not going to be any saving. And, and, and I am so where... worried about what happened to Dr. Fate because all you see is the smoking helm of fate sitting yeah. there after the end. I'm like, holy shit, Black Adam, what did you yeah. do? And basically he's been hanging tight because he knows – that that plan was never going to work. Yeah, he's he's and, one of the immortals. Yeah, he's one of he the immortals. He was there for the meeting. And him and, him and Vandal, Vandal Savage. Savage decided, you know, fuck all of you guys. Yeah. We see, we know who the winning side's going to be. We made a deal with Barbados. The hell with all of you yeah. and the stupid-ass yeah. plan that might kill everything. I'm just going to make a deal. Yep, so they did. You see Lady Blackhawk behind there. Well, I don't even, even... The whole thing with Lady Blackhawk, we talked about, you know, like possibly the whole idea, you know, the nth metals in her bones and like, you know, the whole idea of the, it's what keeps, you know, reincarnating her and Carter. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know what brings it forward here to do this or, you know, the whole idea too, you know, her and the rest of the Blackhawks were going around collecting all the ants metal they could find so that she could destroy it. I don't know. At this point, I don't even know because, you know, friggin' uh, that, that I can't even think of his name, Oranon Sin. He was yeah. consuming it. You think she's been destroying it by eating it? Like, Maybe. I mean, the whole, well, the, I the other thing about it with that, uh, I wish that we saw because I almost went with the idea that Black Adam actually was what was the spark that turned Kendra because what would the deal be? You know what I mean? He says, yeah. me and Vandal Savage made our own deal with Barbados, and I can only think that the deal was wait until she comes, wait, she's going to bring the brain. Like I don't know also. I mean there's a lot of things that I do want to know. Yeah. Is, is this brain important going forward? You know what I mean? If this brain – is this something that he's going to grab now that – or was he supposed to – I think it's something to, to stomp on. Or is that's the thing? Or was he there to protect it? He knew Kendra was coming. So part of this deal was – because Kendra's like saying this was our plan. The immortals knew. They gave her the, the brain. So he knew that she was going to get there. She He probably knew when, probably followed him. So what the plan was and what the deal he made with Barbados with Vandal could only mean to me like, okay, well, we're going to help you turn, you know, Kendra there. Right, we're going right to do now this. Right the deal is make sure they don't throw a goddamn yeah, I know, but it's the funny though, that will destroy but what, the dark multiverse. But that's the problem is that doesn't seem like he's the one who stopped it because she was about to do it. 
and then she just starts turning. She starts yeah. bleeding. She drops the brain. Seems and like you know, really, explodes. if Barbados' know. plan was to have it, he he shouldn't have. He better not have paid too much because Black Adam did shit to stop Agreed. that. So I'm telling you, it, he made a deal. And before that deal, he's just hanging out in the shadows. And Kendra just explodes like she has. Yeah, I'm telling you, I wish that thing, we you know? saw if maybe he had something to do with like that final change. It would be well. great. Uh, so we'll have to see. We'll see how that goes. But really, uh, that's where I liked it. I like the idea now that we do have Black Adam and Vandal Savage. May you know, it seems like those two of the immortals that sounds awesome. uh, are the bad guys. So we're at least going to go from there. And I do I like love those that. characters. Yeah, and then that's where uh, Dream continues, and he's basically like, "You got to go to this forge." So whole big deal about this forge if it goes dark you know that's it and and again it's funny because how i took that it was more of a metaphorical thing but then at the end it seems like it's not as metaphorical as i thought but he's like you got to go the only way you can get there i can make a portal you need hope you need you know dreams and hope and this is where we were talking earlier where bruce is like i can't go i don't have any hope I've just spent what seemed to me to be 30, like 30 years, years. Yeah, of failing everything failing I did. Over over also, again. I like this too because basically what Clark ends up – and I, I think the only thing that I didn't like about this, it's too quick. It, it's it's not – it doesn't page. go far enough where you have Bruce – we've already seen, like I said, it seemed like something jogged in his memory and he called Dream. Uh, and even so, even that Dream may have been able to come where if ever he called, it was just Dream Maybe. knew and gave him a, a, a trigger word that whatever. But it is thirty years, so in his dreams and whatever, you know, you may have a Damien who's the Batman six 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 in his dreams, and they like everything that would have been great and hopeful in his life. He's been going against and thinking of and dreaming and nightmares for thirty years, so he's probably half insane. He has no hope, and all the people that he would have loved, he's probably dreamt of killing fifty million times. Man. And and there's you know Clark's like, just think of something. What is it? And he does end up saying, you know, one thing that can help us save our home, Bruce. And again, it's like a trigger home? deal where he's like, home, uh, Damien, like home. almost as if he didn't even remember Damien Man. or remember Damien as being something. Positive like and something you, that he honestly, loved. in my mind, Batman half the time he does forget about David. Yes, he, he does. does a, Shit, I do have a son. I better go home. Yeah, for yeah. A and I, but I like that. And then he says right away, Damien, keep going. <laughs> like, my, what are you my doing, children, Superman? I look yeah, at and he remembers. Such wonder. And I'm telling you, this is okay. It's very quick. It's, it's just kind of too corny, quick for me. But even at the end, it bothers me because all of a sudden they decide, okay, I have some hope. Let's go. And all of a sudden, the Superman and Batman turn into Peppermint Patty and Marcy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like you know. Don't get sappy on me, Kent. I'm Batman. Let's do this. Like, yes, sir. I'm like, oh, God. Uh, it would have been funny to me. Now, you can kind of play, but Superman is a little bit older. He's got like, you know, he's got the silver fox. He's definitely, yeah. if you would ask me, because and this was from being in the battery, if you would ask me, he might be 50, possibly like around yeah. there. Bruce is like 80. He yeah. seems so old, and I, I thought that that was kind of a funny deal with the yes, sir. That's what, we, like, call, that's what we call a Quaker Town 50. Y- yes, he's respecting his elders. Uh, it just made me <laughs> no, laugh. It's, it's like he's saying, Patty and Marcy. he's saying sir because he's so much older now. But yeah, now, now you go forward and you see like the final bits of what has been going on uh, with the other characters and things like that. And then we go, and they do end up you know, going to the Forge, Batman and Clark. 
And pretty much when they show up, the Forge of Worlds is a wreck. I mean, yeah. you see the worlds being destroyed, and smashing. You, that's the one thing is like, you know, you talk about the literal sense and stuff like that. I get to this world, I'm like, all right, the, oh no, the Forge is all dark. And I'm looking at this, I'm like, show me that because all I see, it looks like a world that might have been like, you know, destroyed at one point, made a big old crater wherever you're at. And I have no idea what yeah, the Forge is. Yeah, I don't think, I think that's the actual what, Forge. And it, it's, and, I'm saying though. It's on fire. I don't know yeah, what the talking about. Yeah, but it's not. To me, the the forge is going to be a big volcano. This, there's the lava that's already starting to, you know, turn into rock. Uh, also, at this point, you have to remember that the the main concept was is that our Earth and everything else is coming towards the dark multiverse as well. So maybe that's what's fucking up too. Everything's kind of going together. But he's like, oh, you know what? Is this how it ends? And they, he says, like, oh, Carter Hall in his journal, he swore the forge was supposed to be a place of creation of beginnings. I think that that's pointing out that it's showing it's all reversed since, you know, the trouble happened and it's now a place of death where that's where you see the planets. You know, and I think that's Bruce even saying, like, this yeah, yeah, is supposed get, to be. The reversal, and this the is supposed is, so to be what's going on. It's supposed we, to be going. We had the world forger, like, even in our story, the dream was telling us we had the world forger and his dragon who was, you know, the uh, – the destroyer of the world yeah. that did not work out and shit like that to make sure that the you know, energy would keep going back to yes. the port so he can make new worlds. And then we have, you know, Carter Hall show up in the end. He yep. looks kind of like the Hawk God that we had during DC Zero Hour yeah. back in the 90s. But he has the, you know, he's like, I am Barbados's dragon, yeah. but he's got the World Forger's hammer. So I'm like, I don't yeah. know what you're playing at with this. Yeah, I know what they're playing with. Who's Where's the World Forger right now? He's dead. Yeah, he took his hammer. The World Forger's dead. Uh -huh. Barbados got the hammer from him, took it. There is no world forger anymore. He just gave him that hammer. I mean, what would you do? You you ended up killing a guy who has a big sword. You're going to pick up the sword and use it to do whatever the fuck you're going to do with now. He's just holding I that. I, to me, I'm saying that when Barbados killed the world forger, he threw him into the fucking pit, took his hammer and said, fuck you, bitch, and went on. And then when Carter turned into that, he just has it as a weapon. It's just there. He's not forging anything. We see worlds are destroying i actually think that that's just because the the world forger's dead they just right. have his you know they have his hammer just as a weapon of what they're going to use now i think it's also set up so that if we do have maybe return or somebody else to be the new world forger which we think that there should be right uh, they can just grab at them from him and say you know what this is rightfully mine, or yeah, I this belongs to me, sucker, and go on. I just think it's there because the World Forger is dead and it was hanging around there at the Forge. He's there to me. Like, instead of now being the dragon that does anything with the Dark Multiverse, because now you, they don't want to ruin these oh, worlds no, that right are the now, Dark Multiverse. Right now, he's the keeper of the Dark Forge, is what Barbados yeah, well, is Well, that's what I'm saying. Now. So basically, he's at the Forge, where really Barbados wouldn't have been before either. He's where yeah. the Forger used to be, I'm sure. Sure, he just picked up the the hammer and he has it. And really, if anything, it's there for the visual. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I can I can wrap my Giant head around. And again, you also said that if it's the Dark Forge, maybe that's what Carter's new role will be. Yes, he's the dragon. New Dark Worlds. Yeah, he'll just dragon is Barbados and the new Dark Forge. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either, and I don't know if it's one of those where you need the Forge to be, you know, you have a Forger of the good worlds, and you have the dragon to destroy the bad ones. You stop making the good ones, 
and stop killing the bad ones. Now we're just going to have an overrun of, of awful worlds. And I think that Hawkman's just there to make sure people don't fuck around with the plan. So I, I can go with that just being that hammers there because the, the regular world forger is dead. So, yeah. But, yeah, I liked it a lot more than you. I thought the art yeah. was great. Oh, and, I enjoyed uh, the art in this I liked a lot. it. I thought that uh, whether or not, you know, we talked about some things that, yeah, you can't really explain everything. But I like where we actually to me the book actually finally got some sort of direction before it just seemed to me like okay you're doing this now you have batman and superman at the world forge they got to figure out what's going on and especially maybe fight carter because he's this god you have vandal savage and uh, uh black adam betraying the immortals and and trying to you know make a deal with barbados you have wherever aquaman and uh Deathstroke are going in whatever they're going to find there. I'm assuming they're going to find a treasure they're, trove they're of They're doing the metal. same thing that they were doing in the last issue or even yeah, the last, I mean, like, that, you know, but a again, of hell maybe deal. that'll be, uh, you know, focus the next deal. But yeah, they're going down. That kind of changed into something where they're going to this portal. We'll see what that leads to. And then in the meantime, we didn't see anything of flash uh, and cyborg so we're gonna probably see that next issue uh start and you have you know how and them they're there and there's a cannon that can blow up the earth uh yeah. in a way that with these super metals so I, i'm telling up. you to me we actually seem to have a direction where before it was to me before it actually was just like okay this is happening that you got this person like kendra was going around we didn't even know why she was you know even with them at the point where she was and she was bitching and moaning and things like that and then you had last issue where you had batman in a dream playing guitar with the you know the kids playing guitar and stuff yeah. like this this actually seemed to me more like a full out you know let's get things moving here to get towards the end so that's why i liked it so much and i, I like the uh you know the art and i didn't focus a lot on like okay if barbados is the dragon then you got this and you got the multiple eons and stuff like that i just went with okay we have some bad guys now we have the people doing things i can see what's going on and we'll see what goes on from now so i, I gave it a nine out of ten and i i really enjoyed it but uh you did not no, I'm telling you, I, I still like – I'm telling you, I'm still fully on board with Metal. I just want things to be explained a little bit better, yeah. especially since we're adding new elements to the creation of the DC universe. But like I'm telling you, I like the art and the issue. I just wish you know things were spelled out a little bit more and just didn't come off odd and forced at times. But I would give it a 6 out of 10. All right. We're going to go to the next book. Hopefully we don't argue as much, Eric. I, I, I do think that uh, – the arguments that I'm talking about may not all make the regular podcast. <laughs> it, really? it, went, oh, it went on a little too long. I'm telling you, this ended up being me and you have not had an argument like we just had since we had Grayson and certain people changing in and out of different clothing. <laughs> that, that is probably the last time that we spent 25 extra minutes arguing about one thing that neither of us could say is right or wrong and no. just yelled at each other. So that that may not – people I, may I be wondering like, – I didn't argue about anything and I yes, wasn't yelling. Yes, you did. Well, when you said – you were telling me all that stuff about why I'm such a bad person because I think that people should get along and I that I think more, if more people would love each other in this world, I mean I, I don't no, know no, why that, that – that, Nothing I would say. I would no, say, I don't know why this is such a, a bad thing, though, that I think that people should respect and care about one another. That I know. I, I, don't I will take it out, though. You, you sounded a little too much like a piece of crap for me to How allow that in the podcast. I rarely edit. 
but I think I'm going to edit that part. Yeah. Uh, and maybe also a thing about us complaining about, uh, you know, arguing about what is myth and what is reality. That may end up uh, on the floor as well, but we'll see. Justice League number 35. Uh, in, it, in case you're wondering, if you go back and look and if the the uh, metal number four, Dark Knight's metal number four comes in at a time in the show notes – a time of seven hours and 30 minutes for just that book, <laughs> you know something went wrong. Yeah, that's all I have to say. If it's not seven hours for that one book, I did edit some things out. And I'll tell you, it, I'm, if I do edit stuff out, it's nothing for content. It's just for I, – I don't want people to be driven insane with me and you going back and forth. Again, like we haven't had since – what's his name? In Grayson uh, when we were the, – the changing of the outfits at the end yeah. of that, that deal. Uh, now I can't remember because it was the uh, – Dr. Auto Nets. Yeah, Auto Nets. When Auto Nets was changing outfits when he jumped in a machine. How does uh, that work? That, that caused a lot of lot of arguments. So I will say that I think it was Brandon who had a ball listening to that one, but we'll see. We will see. But yes, Justice League number thirty five, written by Priest, art by Pete Woods and Willie Shue. This is the last issue of Justice League. I will be reviewing on the cider. Ah, uh, yes. And I, I am, forgot about that. I'm like, yeah. oh shit, that no, means I, I didn't. have to do it. When now. I got done, I was like, mm. and I'm kind of glad. It's weird Not me. too because. Uh, it, it, Hussein really likes this. Yeah. I think we might be giving Hussein a little color. <laughs> Give him a little note. Uh, the book isn't bad, and I, I will stand by that. Priest is a great writer. This is not – it's not written bad. It's, it's overwritten. Just, yeah, and I see what he's trying to do here. So do I. But I it's like, just I, not I, I a lot you, of fun. That's I like my problem. What he's trying to do, but he's thinking yes. way too much about it and well, working way too hard that's at what it. I'm like, saying. I got to humanize the Justice League, so I got to break down each yes. individual character and humanize them. But he go, because of this yeah. aspect, he goes too far with each individual character yes, he does. and overwrites the shit out of him to the point where it's just a boring fucking read. Yes, yes, Eric. Here, I was going to hit the the ding, but that's not the part up. This it's is just that easy. It is just, just that, that easy. See, with the long wait for something better. I now realize that what I actually wanted was a thrill ride with my favorite characters. I am now – this is better. Be this is better than Brian for. Hitch. It, it is. It's written better. Yeah. Uh, you know, the pacing and the plot, it, you know, it's, it's you standard deal. You can understand deal what they're doing? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 but it's not what I've been waiting for. It's not what I want from this book, and that's my biggest problem. Uh, I want to love the Justice League, but with these first two issues, uh, I haven't. And no. and that's the problem to me is down to to the basis of the team and the story. I am not having fun now. Christopher Priest is going into new territory. Uh, again, Hussein loves it. He says that he loves it because it's this new look. To me, unfortunately, it's one of those where you even said kind of it's you know be careful what you wish for. But there's also sometimes like I sit there and I think to myself sometimes. Why haven't they made a liverwurst and scab f- uh, ice cream? Right? I'm sitting I, I don't there. Like I'm like, your thoughts. I love eating scabs. I did eat scabs as a little kid. And I will tell you, you that as I ate scabs, I did think because nobody told me. I told you main, almost everything that my childhood was based on was <laughs> uh, almost like the dark multiverse. We'll go with that. It was weird theories. That nobody ever refuted because number one, I was too afraid to talk no, to no. my father. There, about there was things. two things: weird theories that nobody ever refuted, and things your babysitter told you. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it's true too. And so, basically, where I would need guidance from my mom and dad, where I could go to them and say, "Hey, uh, dad, mommy, daddy, weird, 
Hey, Mommy, Daddy, I have this weird thought in my head. As I'm a little kid, I'm thinking that you only have a certain amount of blood in your body. Well, why not? So when you get cut, and that doesn't you're, seem you're, like that's crazy. You're not crazy. putting new blood in your body. Why well, here's you the thing, though. When you, have a scab, when you have a scab, to me, if a scab is going to fall off, you're going to be losing some of that precious blood there on that scab. So it's I would so eat my gross. scabs, and it's disgusting. And I did this until one night uh, as a little gonna, kid. I'm only going to have so much semen in my body. Better That's replenish. Right. I mean that led to me doing a lot of yoga until uh, where, I got to a point of very stretchy I'm back run gym. out of zit pus soon. God yeah. damn it. Yeah, but see, that's something I didn't want to, you know, I didn't, could care less. <laughs> I didn't care about that. I'm like, huh, I'm going to run out of thumbs up my ass. I better start doing No, and what I would do is the, this, the scabs would be about to fall off and I'd eat them. Yeah. I'm telling you, this is like a young kid. I, I stopped doing this probably I can about – hear the crunching in my yeah. fucking ears. Well, here, I'll tell you. That I, I ended up – this only lasted till say, 33, Eric. Then I wised up. But no, I, I ended up thinking this. That's probably, I got smart too. Probably five years old, six years old. I remember when it ended because somehow in my brain my, – my mom and dad wouldn't help me somewhere – in my brain, I knew this was nonsense. Again, this was pre-internet too. I can't look shit up. I don't uh, have uh, my family was not. We were not Rockefellers. We did not have the Encyclopedia Britannica, Eric. <laughs> well, maybe one. Actually, we did. Missing the bees. No, I'm telling you, not even the bees. We had the one that came as the you know the the trial. The trial, yeah. And we may have had three of those, but yeah, we never got them. And so I'd sit and read that. Read. <laughs> I actually, when I was yes, I actually at one point in my as a little kid thought that I was going to be like one. I'm going to read through a whole set, and then I realized I, I, I'm too lazy. But then I realized reading is the worst. I, yes, <laughs> I ended up having a dream one night that I was made to eat a um, a scab sandwich. And uh -huh. the, again, this is and in this dream, just thinking, you even said you have the crunchiness uh -huh. of that. This in this dream, unfortunately, white bread. This white bread. Was Wonder, Wonder Time Seven? Oh. It was the softest, most oh. like the the best Nothing. bread you could possibly go. It's so soft, so when you bite it, right into those. And so I have soft bread and scat. I woke up gagging. I ended my that ended my uh, it ended two things. I'll, I'll tell you now. Again, we we pride ourselves in, a, in a, a podcast that tends to talk about things that most others don't. That ended both eating scabs and eating boogies at that Maybe. one point because at that point I was a full out booger eater uh, oh, to the point where fucking gold. I also thought that it was like. You know that was natural, Eric. Uh, that, yeah. That's my original I'm organic about to blow up my meal. Fucking mouth. It was an organic meal. Uh, I'm telling you, as a kid like that, I even thought to myself there were times when I'd go to pick and there weren't any boogies uh, there, and it, it really upset me. I was like, now, "Where are they, boogies?" I'm really Where concerned with my own self right now because you know every now and again, if I go and get like some peanut butter and jelly and stuff like that, yeah. I do enjoy a sandwich like that. Well, every now and again, it's not very often I make one, but yeah. I like to have a peanut butter with, uh, you know, uh, uh, sometimes crunchy peanut, you know, peanuts. In yeah, there. yeah. I'm but not a crunchy peanut, peanut butter, butter fan. Not normally either, because Jess doesn't like it. But every now and again, yeah. I'll get it. But also like putting potato chips in there as well. Yeah, so peanut I, butter I, jelly and potato yeah, chips. Yeah, Because I like the crunch. You're never gonna and be able to do it I'm now, right? I'm gonna be able to think of that every Thank goddamn time I crunch into it because I do enjoy it. You're welcome. <sighs> You're welcome. Uh, I hate crunchy peanut butter. That's nonsense. I can't have a, a sandwich that has big pieces of peanuts in them. It, it doesn't do well for me. Plus, you you know, 
I hate peanut butter anyway, and it yep. makes me gag. So you know, I I, I shouldn't beg or be a choosy there, but uh, you know, I'm not a real peanut butter fan. Now, where were we? Just where were we? What I was saying somehow before the scabs, scabs talk uh, is that I I remember what I said. What you wish for? <laughs> remember this? This will tie back in. Please, Eric. Sometimes I sit there and I think to myself, you know what I would like? Liverwurst and scab ice cream. Right, the problem is. The minute that you get it, you realize why it isn't available. And I think that that's what we're seeing here. We're getting a more humanized, more reality-based Justice League. But as I've seen it play out in these two issues, especially the beginning of this one, it kind of points to why we haven't seen it before because it's boring. Well, I'm it, telling it's you, what not we very got fun. is the extreme of two spectrums right here. Where Before we had world-ending disasters. Every yeah, time just Justice so came ridiculous. Out, it, ne- it never had a fucking breath to pause or anything. Now we've gone to the other side where it's just the human aspects of the characters. Yeah, we're not dealing where, with world any threats. We want that fucking sweet middle spot where we can yes, go on we fun do. adventures and see the Justice League yes. be the Justice League. And this should be my fun book where I get all the characters. Now, this is where I also have to point out the last yeah. issue where Wonder Woman, it starts and Wonder Woman is there and she is being questioned by the FBI, it seems possibly. What do you call whoever that? A deposition? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's at, they're actually asking, and they're even mad, like, you left the scene. It's, it's supposed to be where Christopher Priest is showing us that what the Justice League does is ridiculous. But yeah. the problem is we're in on the joke. We know the joke of the Justice League swoops in, they do this. We don't usually see the cleanup. We don't see the rat because it's just what happens. It's a superhero comic. With this – there she's Diana sitting there and she's being, you know, questioned about how what happened, how it went down the with this went terrorist. Down, yeah. The problem being is, and I really have to point this out, you said it last issue. You were already upset that what the Justice League were getting involved with seemed to be what more would have been a local police issue, exactly. FBI issue, not a Justice saying, League they, issue. They're using they're throwing the term terrorists out there, and I guess you can call them terrorists, but it was yeah, a it low like level compared to what the Justice League I'm sorry. Yeah. This is something that an individual hero will deal with in their own books. Yes. You know, on a yes. side basis before they deal with a big supervillain. Yeah, and the problem being is when you had this issue going on, you did have Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Wonder and Wonder and Batman Aquaman doing this where at that same point there was a earthquake tsunami you had a but like those you you probably could have because all in all the FBI the police did show up and we're going to try to you know deal with the situation unfortunately they kind of messed things up or whatever but I think that you know now, Aquaman, we, Wonder Woman gotta, would have been better served to be helping the earthquake I'm anyway. Saying, now, so now we're going to talk about whose fault it was that these people died. Yes, you know the nun died because the, the terrorist plunged Wonder Woman's sword through her goddamn yes. chest. But like you know, is it the policeman's fault for doing their jobs? Where yeah, the that's what just I'm saying. It was more. They even said and they said, "Oh, we saw what was going on with the you know through the cam of the you know the the police officers and things like that." They pretty much were in the wrong. If you're going to tell me that, hey, this wasn't a Justice League thing, I agree, and now we have that. But because of that, either way you see it, you're just left with Wonder Woman there to talk about what happened and how the law would in reality work and question Wonder Woman to the point like, you left. Where were you? Well, we had to get out of there. Uh, I went back to, you know, all what Wonder Woman would do. Well, you had brain matter and, and blood in your hair and stuff Gross. like that. And it's like, Poor Marvin. I don't want to talk about it. I, I, this isn't fun. And in the meantime, you have a Bruce Wayne who's undercover going around and ends up. They, they want to get her sword. Yeah. And, it's you know, up in evidence. 
Does she it's really need that weapon. sword right now? It, it, that sword is a you know a magical sword from Themyscira. It you kind of need to have that. But it is there in lockup for a trial. I, I, you know what I mean? And maybe part of the evidence that will exonerate the Justice League and also may have some clues. I don't know. They would have well, the, even, the guy even seemed now, to yeah, be we dead. Have, anyway. We have a confession and video, but there is a yeah. chance it seems that this terrorist who did commit this act. Could walk because could of walk things like evidence of going missing and the judge yeah, which like, is you know, now going to be missing outside of the law and all this other shit. So yeah, this guy could go free. That's yeah. a problem. Yeah, it is. And and with this, like I said, maybe the trial would be you know months from now, a year. I mean, sometimes things get hung up. There's get, uh, but there will be eventually, and eventually she will get it back. But it's just weird with this because on the other part of this dr jones and on the other part of this whole thing you're still left to believe by the end that everybody wants to blame batman but this beginning really questions that as well because it wasn't really the plan that went wrong in this instance it was it was settled and the fbi came in and and didn't listen to the standout that's the thing is I don't even know how it played out because I can't even say for certain that they got the the, the message that Batman sent out. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But it's it's just weird that you're going to still play in the background of all of this as Batman's a bad leader. Uh, yeah. Really, the bad leadership was the bad dispersal of the team. You know, okay, you go that here, you go there. When, but really, places. almost number, almost to the T. Aquaman going with them to New York and not being sent to where you had the, the earthquake and things like that, which turned into the tsunami. So that that really, to me, was the you know strategic problem. Now, also the last issue, we really laid on heavy with Batman kind of not being on his tippy top shape because yeah. he's so tired. That's not played in here either. I don't At know all. if you're going to get back to that. So we'll see. Uh, but you'd keep pushing where we, we heard it before, and I did say in the news podcast I have, that Cyborg is kind of going to become the leader of the team. And you do see the, the steps. But you, that, go, yeah. you go then to the watchtower, and all of a sudden this, you know, mecha, whatever you'd call I'm it, this guy you, it shows up. It looks like an alien Ares to me. Yeah, he does. And, and, and what's funny is what ends up happening is this guy shows up. He walks in on Jessica who's listening to music while taking a dump. Yeah. And then you get two and a half pages of uh, Spanish as dialogue. And we know. We know that Jessica is Hispanic. Uh, yeah. This would be what she did. You even explained to me where you liked it is that – Obviously, she's by herself. She's listening to Spanish music. Uh, she's singing along, at least in Spanish. And then she's surprised. So there would be no reason for her to switch to no. English. Uh, you know, well, right she, then, though, I, I can't read Spanish. or under, That's you know, the problem. I can't, that's know. what I'm saying. And so it's now not, I'm going off and just watching this thing. I have yeah. no idea what yes, they're saying. There is nothing wrong with this in, like, I, I'm not going to sit there and say, but, like, oh, but Jesus, this is one of the things, too. It just threw me off. It's Jessica Cruz. She is from, like, you know. She's. Uh, I guess she speaks Spanish. She's. Ha- she's some kind of Latina. I don't know where she's from specifically. Her. Like, you well, know, she heritage. seems to be from Portland, though. It wasn't exactly. it Portland she, that no, she's she, from. She's from Portland. I don't know yeah. about her heritage and shit yeah, like that. I, I'm but saying she's Hispanic. This is, this, we, I'm saying though, this is what I'm talking about. Where we're overwriting the characters mm-hmm. because while we've had Jessica Cruz around for a long time, we have known that she is of Spanish descent of some sort, like Hispanic descent. Yeah. But 
Now we're just going over the top because of this. Now she has to speak Spanish and goes on for so long. Well, and, and this, this the villain, and you think it's a villain at this point. Now, I yeah. will say that when it's all wrapped around and you find out who it is, I really just want to th- say to this guy, like, you really have to work on your entrances. I Seriously. mean, you're going into what you know is, you know, really knows that this is where the Justice League hangs out. That's why he goes, why are you coming in guns a-blazing? It's really weird it, to the point where even – but usually what you'll get here is you have Jessica. So you have it, and this this guy ends up being able to speak Spanish as well and talks. Uh, so what happens though is you usually get the – you know. I say some. I say in Spanish. I and I'm not even going to pretend to even be able to read the Spanish because right. I'll end up offending people more than I probably am anyway. Yeah. But if I have you say to me in Spanish like, "Hey, uh, stand down, or I'll have to get busy with you," I would repeat that in a comic where you want somebody to know what's going on because you can't assume that everybody speaks Spanish. I know that this is important to Christopher Priest to show that Jessica is true to her heritage and speaks Spanish. That is fine. That is 100%. You need this guy, though, to say, hey, listen, I know you want me to stand down, but hey, I'm just here to find out information. Then she speaks, you know, speaks in Spanish, and then he repeats with, "I I know, I know, but. I, I'm really here just for – you always have that. We call it the Chewbacca, and I, I yeah, hate yeah. to say it, but it is where you can have in comics where somebody goes to where you would never know. This is an alien language on the other outer rim where they're like, gleep, glop, gloop, glop, gleep, and then the, the guy Vegas goes system? like, yeah, yeah, I'm in the Vegas system. Gleep, glop, gloop, glop, gleep. <laughs> you know that I'm here to pay back my debt. Gleep, blop, bloop, blop, bleep, blop, bloop. What do you mean? You told me two weeks, not one. I'm here early. Beep, bop, boop. Oh, jeez. You're going to bring that up. You know what? I didn't know it was your sister. Beep, bop, bloop, bop, bleep. Okay, it was your mother. I'm sorry. There you go. I just wrote a scene that has some humor to it, Eric. Laugh it up, buddy. (laughs) But you know what I mean? You have that. With this, it goes on. And the biggest problem I have is that you have a medium that is not well to do with me cutting and pasting because I would like to know what they're saying. I really do. I'd like to see because it even ends with the, oh, everybody thinks they're a comedian. The problem is there is no possible way that I can cut and paste a comic I'm handing in in my hand or a digital comic. I don't. Maybe somebody has an app that can do that. I don't have that. Uh, the app that I read these things in, I just read them. I can't cut and paste actual word bubbles. So at the end is me just going, Oh, well, I guess I'm going to have to just keep moving on because I just I, – I can't say that I'm going to make that effort. In a, and it, it's not – if they were speaking Greek, Russian, German, possibly even English, I'm so dumb. I'm not going to go – I'm just like, okay, well, you're going to be doing this and some people are really going to love it. Some people are going to be like, you know what? Uh, thank you. I, I finally get to – you know I, I learned English. Let that chip motherfucker Jim learn some Spanish, which I right. did take Spanish in college. I don't know anything. So it just ends up being like, okay, you just wasted a bunch of pages because I don't know what you just said. And, and really at the end of a comic, you should think that the most important thing is you've told your complete story to the point where it's understandable. And I just didn't. So you go, but you find out. It gets a little exciting because this guy then, Glenn – he actually is there to find 
Uh, he's there for Martian Manhunter. Yeah, John and he Jones, does say, he says. And it's like, funny, oh, shit, though. I know. That's the secret identity of yeah. John Jones. And right. that's what gets me because he says. He stops then. And all of a sudden, then they start speaking English. Oh, why are we speaking Spanish? Oh, it's what I do when somebody invades our headquarters. Okay. And then invade. But why would they switch now? It's now he wants to go on and tell the story or whatever. But you go and he's like – Let's start over. I'm Glenn. I'm looking for John. Like, just say that right away. Don't come in. Like I said, you walk into a bathroom, guns are blazing. And Jessica, as she would, she only knows really one John that would be somebody that somebody would come to the watchtower about. Yeah, like, it's I, weird, I, too, with, like, you know, with, like, Glenn Gameron here. He would know John, like, like Mar- I want to say John Jones, now, but he yeah. would know Martian Manhunter from the Just League Task Force days back in the 90s. Yeah. So that's a weird thing to throw out here. This is where he would know him from to say, well, okay, yeah. that's in continuity. This is where I met John Jones when he was a part of the Justice yeah, League. Yeah, and he does say you you're a Green Lantern and says, you know, I don't know. He used to hang with you people. It, yeah. It's very sketchy, though, about it because – he could also mean maybe Green Lanterns. He could also mean that you know, and he kind of did at points. And I'm you know, just saying and, because he shows up at the, the, the Watchtower, the Justice League. I know. I'm just saying it does seem like maybe even that he was drawn to the the Lantern Ring because he's very into her being a Green Lantern. He really knows even before she turns in. He does see the ring probably, but it just seemed like they were playing with that. But the big thing I thought was that he does say, "Let's start our." I'm Glenn. I'm looking for John. And she says, John Stewart. No, Jones. John Jones. I'm an old friend. And like you said, that is his secret identity. So if he knows him as John Jones, it's weird that he also knows him as Martian Manhunter, who has been part of the Justice League. And this, this is like me saying, I'm looking for Clark Kent. You know, Clark Kent, the reporter, but being on the Watchtower looking for them. That, yeah. To me, it, it doesn't play off 100% there only because he only knows him as his secret identity. And I think that that was just uh, Christopher Priest trying to show us that he does know kind of, you know, Martian Manhunter. And it's also to say, you know, John and then Jones. It yeah, just, yeah. I, I don't know why he just didn't say, I'm looking Martian for Martian Manhunter. Manhunter. <laughs> because, yeah, he's like, hey, he looks, you know, hangs with you people, whatever. Uh, I'm Glenn Gameron, and I need a little help. So basically he's shown up. it's such up. a weird thing, too, the whole thing. You know, we go, I'm going to go to the Justice League Watchtower because I know Martian Manhunter. He used to hang with you people. Yeah. Uh, talking about the Justice League, I'm like, when I mean, like we had one yeah. glimpse one time, I think earlier in the New 52 Justice League, where we found out that Martian Manhunter was, you know, a part of the Justice League very yeah. briefly because he lost his fucking mind and you know he left. Well, and that's why stuff. I think that you still can say that it's in continuity because of before saying, that time. And Glenn Gamron actually met John. I mean, John. I want to say John Jones yeah, now, yeah, but yeah. he met Martian Manhunter in Justice League Task Force. Back yeah, in the well, old continuity. Yeah, it's just weird. But with the whole deal, you're going. And again, uh, should I hit it, Eric? Must be, must be Superman <laughs> reborn. He was on the team with, you know, he does know Superman. They That's said anybody who knew him. Yeah, but he said, uh, you know, but you're going. It's a weird deal to throw up because this would be the same as somebody showing up and like, hey, you know what? I'm here to see Shazam. Ooh, we haven't seen him in a while, you know. Oh my goodness gracious! Or, or like you with Connor recently. Goddamn freaking, you know. Yeah, I know. I know. And, uh, they're like, hey, you, you see his buddy, Mister Biscuits? You ever, you see that guy? That but, uh, I don't think we're ever gonna hear about him again. Uh, he loves cookies, Jim. Yeah, I, it'd be funny too if, for some reason, uh, Glenn brought a a peace offering of Oreos or something. It'd be so good. But they're talking like, I need some help. And then you see Wonder Woman and Batman come up. Batman's in the disguise. He has 
there. Still has the the sword in the evidence bag. Well, that's the I thing mean, is too, because in my mind, Wonder Woman's like, all right, check this out. Interview's over. I am done, and teleports away. While Batman, who's in disguise, is off getting evidence. Yeah, so I, I thought that they, she forgot all about him. I'm saying he upset, and that's just point, ended up no disappearing idea. at yeah, that like point. She, she left without the sword. That's a so weird thing funny. for her to do. And then you know we see that Batman was there. He did get the evidence. He I was he the guy who was there with lockup, the evidence. Grabs the bag and teleports away with her. Yeah, it, it'd be funny if she just went up and left him. But he's like, "Here's your sword," and then he takes off the the deal. But it's funny because he's like, "I'll clean this up for you." He say he says to to Wonder Woman, she's like, "No, thank you. I'll handle it." And then Jessica comes. Hey, how bad was it? Bad as it gets. What was it? I, I mean, you know what I mean. And then it's such a force. This actually starts to veer off into powder keg material of the JLA with Steve Orlando it because does. you're you're wanting to force this this whole deal that Wonder Woman's upset. Well, you but, know, and exactly. And later on, when you get the whole idea where Batman just is hanging out in the shadows of the Watchtower, which is odd to me, but yeah. he's like. Wonder Woman blames me for what happened, but she's not letting anybody in on it. I'm like, yeah, that's just weird. You're really just forcing this here because, you know, she is upset. Somebody died, and I'm saying, but you're yeah. just forcing this whole idea. Like, she's upset at me. Yeah, and then you get the whole deal where it's like, and Jessica has coffee, which is kind of funny because that, that is Batman funny had been going on and on about coffee. And, and his, how, little, you know, his squad, it tastes it's yeah. like oatmeal. Yeah, yeah, and then she shows up coffee, and you're like, ooh, he doesn't like that coffee. Jessica but then he's like, he's all pissed, and, and, and then you get that bottom panel, a long stretched out panel of just Wonder Woman cleaning the sword. There's the human version that you get to see the things that are it, – it's very – to me, it's very much like if you had a Christopher Nolan Justice League where yeah. he really wants to show that this is based in a reality where if somebody says, I'll take care of that sword and clean it, you get to see that. It's just not as fun for me No, uh, it comes to off very this. boring. And really what you want to do is get back to Glenn to find out about Martian Manhunter. Tell me more that's, about Martian That's all Manhunter, you want. John. But then that's where – Batman shows up. We haven't seen Martian Manhunter in quite some time. You know, what can we do? And he's like, hey, I'm a skip tracer, a bounty hunter. I don't usually work this sector unless a future takes, you know, refuge on Earth. And he goes through the whole thing where he got a guy. He ended up kind of cleaning up, but a bug got away. And you get kind of that whole deal of it's almost like when you find out that frogs or toads went to Australia and messed right. shit up. And, like, this is now on the global scale. We've seen it. We even saw it in, I believe, Brian Hitch's thing even played around with this a little it's something that you see a lot in a sci-fi setting as well but yeah they have to find this bug and if they don't find this bug it's going to mate, mate with, with cockroaches bugs make super cockroaches yeah it's gonna make super cockroaches all the, and the world's food and, and really yeah humanity. and really you're playing with the whole deal of everybody laughs it's like you know there's two things that are going to survive after a nuclear blast you got spam and cockroaches i Those always are the say two. cockroaches and twinkies i say cockroaches and eric's love of the continuity is what I say. Maybe even yeah, wrong right. turn. But yeah, you, you get there. That Oh my God, cockroaches. And there you were going to go from there. And now I'm thinking, okay, we're doing this whole thing where you're spending all this time on Wonder Woman in this, you know, interrogation type deal and her leaving. And then she's cleaning the sword and what, but what we're, and then we're really going to get to a giant hive mind of cockroaches. That, that's what we're going with in this, you know, it's just very odd. They call Barry Allen. They call Barry Allen. We have to take time to. See I love that the kid. Is Flash a, is involved. I love. He's a police athletic league coach. You know, Coach Allen here at the freaking basketball. And I'm yeah. like, we're going to talk about him going around and getting cockroaches. And then yeah. even when we have to do get the cockroaches, 
he's just throwing so much scientific no, jargon. It's the worst. I'm you, all right, like you know, Christopher Brees, like I got to break this down. I got to get the voice of Barry out. Yeah, he is a CSI forensics man. He did all the schooling. He knows so the he's science. just gonna go. So yeah. I'm gonna throw all the science and technical, like you know, scientific jargon I can to deal with it. And even you know. Thankfully, Simon Bass is there because he is yeah. my voice. He's so the just, every man. He is the every man. He's like, please speak English, Flash. Stop being oh, yeah. an asshole. I hate to speak English, Amtrak. He keeps calling him that. And it's weird because we are doing this now at issue 34 and 35. This is 35. We've had, while Brian Hitch, one of my biggest problems I've had with Brian Hitch through that whole run, you never got a lot of the characters. There was never an issue where I sat or an arc where I thought everybody got their part. Christopher Priest does a very good job of letting everyone have their part. Like you're saying, though, this hasn't been set up. Unfortunately, you're going into a continuity that's already been going on. And not once did I think that Barry would ever talk like this. Barry seemed almost like the goofball at points, oh, yeah, and I like, never saw where Simon de- was that pissed off at him. These detectors are scanning for the Superbugs protein fraction, its signature phospholipid and carbohydrate composition. The insect likely has a high neutral lipid and sterile content yes. indicated by an asymmetrical area of the protein peak of fraction 2. Fuck you, Barry. Fuck yeah, you. Yeah, and this is a CSI Barry, but he's talking about cockroaches. This, if it's going to be anything, which, be, which Simon Christ. says later, this would be better served if, for some reason, I don't know, Simon. It's like when you have the phone and you accidentally activate the uh, you know voice command, and the ring tells him he's like, "What do you mean? We're talking about cockroaches? I don't want to hear about cockroaches." Beep, the ring goes, cockroaches, they are, but no. this is not, what is Barry reading this? Is Barry a cockroach fanboy? Because I this is know. not a CSI thing to know everything about cockroaches. And then out of nowhere, Mothzilla attacks, 1962, black yeah. and white with English subtitles. If you freeze frame it, you can see the zipper on Mothzilla. I'm like, yeah. the fuck is wrong with yeah. you, Barry? <laughs> are you scatterbrained, Barry? Yeah, is he that is. Uh, also, I don't know if it, it, it threw you off because you end up where you have Barry. They call him. He's like, I'm sorry? What? Did you say cockroach? And you have this. It seemed to me like for some reason Barry was in San Francisco. Like they never said once that he's in Central City. And it just to me it seemed like they called him because he's closer to it than them. I know that he's on Earth is one of the biggest things, but it really played off to me as if some reason they were closer to San Francisco than I would have thought. And it just was weird. And it also led to the point where we've really never seen a fake city in this Justice League so far. Yeah. It's never spelled out Central City. We had New York. We had, you know, uh, I forget where, the, the one where they had the earthquake. Now yeah, we have remember. San Francisco. And I do think, again, like I said, the Christopher Nolan cut kind of deal, I think that Christopher Priest is grounded and more human version of the Justice League is really centering on real-life locations and things like that. It's just weird that it never even said, you know, Central City. I know you can tell me it's Barry. You would assume. Yeah that but what he's doing with the police athletic it just seemed weird to not even have central city police you know athletic league on his shirt it seemed very odd to not just mention it and just led to me to say like oh my god he really is pushing to not be based in the comic book world and again you have cockroach talk i'm not enjoying it 
I no. really am not. I'm not having fun with I'm this. I'm like, we, we I, had a bunch of pages that I couldn't understand because I don't read Spanish. Yeah. Now we're having a bunch of like your pages where I have dialogue. I can't follow what the fuck now, you're saying. Now, again, scientific jargon. you have Wally West, which is funny because he's like, this is what we're doing. I, I dreamt of being on the Justice League, and now I'm, I'm on Bug Patrol. That's funny. That's yeah. actually like, okay, you know, Wally even is later seeing on, I the humor. I don't want to grow up to be yeah. on Justice yeah, League Yeah, that's anymore. fun. But as you go, then you have Cyborg and Glenn, and they're they're riding in a space deal, which, again, it's weird where Cyborg is, like, riding in this when he could just kind of get there on his own. But he's going, and you get the whole deal where he says, I just want to ask you, Glenn, you could be any human you look. You can you choose your look. You are a – you know, you have a cloaking routine. It allows you to disguise yourself. Why did you pick being a black man? And he says, truthfully, I didn't give much thought. I just modeled this for him after a human image of beauty. Okay. He, he, uh-huh. That's okay. I get it. But then it turns into Glenn saying, like, why you're clearly technology way above anything I've seen. And even my, you know, my ancient, ancient race. world, yeah. And uh, why aren't you leading these people? And basically all Cyborg says is, I'm not a boss. I don't want to be a boss. Uh, not to me, it's like not like. Well, you know, I'm kind of younger than them. You know, uh, you know what, Batman and Superman, they're they're kind of pretty big on this world, or I look right. up to them, or whatever. It's just like I don't want to be a boss, which that's what we think it's leading to, which he will be. Which uh, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it does. And you have Flash, and and especially, I don't know, boss. I would think that uh, he should be more the tactician, even I'm though Batman saying, prepares for everything. everything. That's what I'm saying. Like he that, should be the you know, full out coordinator. He, he exactly. should be. In my one, the boss would be the person who tells you where you need to be. Yeah, but again, Christopher Priest definitely gets the idea and the joke that we have said for so long because he definitely has gotten Cyborg away from this whole monitor duty. He's out oh, and yeah. about. Normally, this but would the be thing is, Cyborg this whole sitting thing there. Too, even with the whole idea, like, you know, when um, John Semper Jr. was going to be doing the Cyborg book when the rebirth mm-hmm. started, it's like, I'm going to take him to his roots. He's going to be a black man on the streets. We're going to. Stuff like, all right, we have two things for Cyborg, Man and Machine and Black Man, and we checked both of those off with a small conversation yeah. we just had right here. I'm like, yeah. God, bring and something we'll, new to the table. We'll, see, least, we'll you know, see how it comes. Next thing he's going to like jazz. But, yeah, we'll see. I, I hope that they – like I really like the idea of expanding past the – like. I want him to go and say, you just see me as a kid who played football and ended up like, I I think that the way to play this out is more of the fact that, hey, listen, I know you see me as a a failed experiment. Like I'm Frankenstein's monster here. I have more to bring to the table. Like you have set me at monitor duty here. I can connect. I'm, I'm my own. I'm on. my own goddamn world monitor bench, duty. You know what? I, I don't even need you. I am the internet. You know, right. I could do all of this. And again, if you're gonna have somebody spell out a cockroach, he should be because he's connected and all. Not Barry, but yeah, Barry goes. Wally actually is the one who finds the cockroaches. Uh, initially, finds a dog that kind of gets eaten. And he's about to upshot. I'm telling you, this whole thing too, where we ha- we're looking for a single cockroach in all of San Francisco. Because it's going to do all this terrible and shit. Yeah. And we see a bunch of cockroaches swarm this dog, take over the dogs, apparently eat the dog. But that's not the big deal because we have a giant cockroach manifestation. Yeah. Like, you know, all the cockroaches building together one giant form yeah. that the other Justice League members are fighting. And then when we get back to the scientific jargon about, all right, Glenn, he's going to make the sonic going. amplifier on Cyborg. Yep. It goes on and on. And the Flash is going to be running around and doing all this different stuff. By the end, 
I don't know what happens. The, the the swarm falls apart, and we're left with one pink cockroach, and I have no idea. Now they get an they... emulsifier, and it's just I'm, nonsense. I don't know what that is. I don't well, the know thing what's that also on. happens that I I it drove me nuts is not even just that, but we end up where we have the the cockroach, and it, it's a funny little moment. I didn't laugh too much, but. You get a construct box around it. You do have Simon go, and he gets it surrounded, and he calls it the Roach Motel. Or yeah. It's actually the Roach, Roach Hotel, so you don't have the mo- – but that's kind of a funny deal. And, he, and then he says, and now what Christopher Priest wants to give us is basically the – not origin. You want the power set of a cockroach. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw I'm gonna take the oxygen out. Hey, cockroaches can survive up to 40 minutes without air. Okay, call me in 50. Exactly. Because I'm I'm going to choke out this goddamn cockroach. Forty-one minutes from now, I'm the hero. There is nothing that's stopping him. He does. It doesn't say when he puts the Roach Hotel around it. Uh, depleting ring. Ring only one percent. No. He just says I'm gonna get the air out. Cockroaches can survive up to forty minutes without air. Okay. Call me in forty-one. We'll do it. Okay. Then he's like, okay, I'll throw it in the bay. They can survive thirty minutes submerged. Okay. Call me in 31. Plus, you're going to piss off Aquaman. It's going to destroy everything, blah, blah, blah. It's going to piss him off. It's in a construct that he can maintain and then let water go in, and now it drowns. Again, all this is is a forced deal. My favorite is let's throw it into the the space. Well, if an alien bug can survive outer space, we're back to square one. But what are you saying if? The alien yeah. bug. You just told me that uh, it'll, you know, now you're changing up the rules because I'd get that goddamn construct and say, Superman, you meet me at the sun. Damn you're going right. to do your thing. And you're not going to tell me that this cockroach is surviving getting thrown in the sun, which is very much plan A, B, and C for most yeah, of the things yeah, that Superman cockroaches does. Cockroaches can survive for hours in the sun. No, I, I didn't realize that cockroaches can survive for 46 minutes uh, in the <laughs> middle of the sun. <laughs> Tell you, it's all just this nonsense that just wastes time. If if you're not gonna have it, you are basically telling me that he could, you know, take the oxygen out and it will die in 41 minutes. You just tick it down. Just say 41 minutes later, dead. Just why? Why even go through all this? Because then you do go with this crazy deal, and all it is is so that cyborg can come and say, no, 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 this is what we're gonna do, and he does kind of coordinate what happens so you're getting that cyborg again jumping in control so that he could eventually say you know what i didn't want to be a leader but i kind of am but it's very forced and and like you said the jargon that goes in i'm sorry frequency which agitates the bugs breaking down the cohesiveness of the hive mind while gamron sprays it with a non-toxic compound that behaves a lot like the Polycryomalide gel we use in the crime lab centrifuges. Yeah, Electro- I'll continue. Yeah, electrophoresis that- <laughs> sorts dispersed particles within a spatially uniform electromagnetic field. The gel then, binds with the calcium carbonate in the uh, carbonate normal, in normal and, and, insects outer shell. Yeah. sonic waves are agitating them while, <laughs> while Kid Flash and I create an EM field. The, the sonically charged insects will come together while the single tiny superbug, boom. Yeah, then he has it. Then Glenn has it in a jar. He has it. What happened? What the fuck just happened? Yeah, that that is dialogue that you just read that you you might as well just uh, punch me in the face and and call me Sally because I don't know what went on. 
I, I don't know what you just said. I don't know. I'm back still thinking, why isn't Superman throwing him into the sun? <laughs> and, and even so, at, at this point where you have this, it's a very odd thing that Wonder Woman and Superman are on monitor duty. And I do that. And yeah, Batman hiding out in the shadows. It's so funny, smoking. too. It's so funny because all this fight's going on, and you have Superman. Uh, he, he teleports up, and then he's talking to Wonder Woman. He's like, hey. He says, hey, I'm hearing calm chatter in San Francisco. Should I be down there? Yeah, go grab that thing and throw it in the sun. The reason Please. he's not down there is because Superman versus Cockroach, it's not going to last too long. Wonder Woman versus Cockroach ain't going to last too long. So you have the other guys. But she says, that's an excellent question. I came to Man's World with a mission. To my, What are you talking about, Wonder Woman? Hey, I, I come into work and I'm like, hey, Eric, you know. You think I should go out to dinner tonight? Well, you know, yes. I came to Quakertown with a mission of peace, mission was compassion. What, to what eat you, what? everything that Quakertown had to yes. offer. And you know what? I completed my mission years ago. Yes, and, and now I'm out. Smell and now, later. now I need a yeah, the, little the like progression a, of this. I, is, I need a I'm, little scooter around because I'm too big to walk. I'm hearing calm chatter from San Francisco. Should I be down there? Wonder Woman yeah. responds. That's an excellent question. I came to Man's World with a mission to model certain values. Peace, compassion, joy, love. Since my arrival, all I've used are these, her fists. I'm starting to wonder if the League is a distraction. A team was never in the plan. What are you talking about? Superman just said should he go fight the cockroach. Jesus Christ, calm what down What are you already. talking about? And then he, the Superman, he, I, I give him all the credit because he can follow. It's one of those, he must know her very well. Because I don't know what she's going on about what he went from that. Plans change, Diana. So what? She and means then, my plan, Clark. She means it was my, my plan. plan. That went south. And then you Diana look, and I want Superman to turn around and go, Are we listen. Still talking about this? Creepy. Get out of here. He is in the ducks sitting there. What is he doing? He's Batman just in the stuff. ducks. Like, what are you doing up there, Batman? I wish Batman I, had like I, a hammer. He had a hammer and he, he a hammer and he's hammering an orange. <laughs> I was up here seeing if I could work this out. What, what is he no, doing? I'm telling you, I originally too, I would like to say that, you know, Christopher Priest is utilizing the justly more than, you know, Brian Hitch was, but I even think about it. Aquaman just shows up at the end to watch what went yeah, down on the TV with the rest still, of the Justly. I go, Batman, I'm not even Batman's ready to go stuff. there yet. I'm telling you, at one point Superman looks up and he has the like what's like dude. The, the Justice League is down there struggling with a giant cockroach hive mind. You are sitting in the ducks. What are you doing? <laughs> what is going on? And the weird thing about this is we love Christopher Priest. The, the, the Deathstroke book at the point of two issues in, we, we, had, we were losing our minds. We didn't oh, yeah. know what was going on. This doesn't have that feel. Not this doesn't all. have the feel of, okay. I know what's going on. Once we, yes, that's the problem. Once we got our heads wrapped around what Deathstroke was doing and what Christopher Priest was doing with Deathstroke, it actually was like the light bulb went off and everything before it actually went up a point. Like we're like, holy shit, I see what he was doing. I see that this was that and this was that. No, this is straight up. The, the Justice League is fighting a hive mind cockroach and Batman is sitting in the ducks, in the shadows, sulking. listening in on people, sulking. What the hell is going on? Like that, that, that to me, like where you said, where he's, you know, he's like, okay, I got to get there. I got to hammer in each character. All, he, all this is is like Batman hangs out in the shadows. So then he thought, where's the shadows? Oh, it's in the ducting in the roof of the, the watchtower. What the hell is he doing? 
Ah, and then Wonder yeah. Woman's walking away like, here we go again. No, no, none of this makes sense. It's just so forced in. My plan. Plan? Superman asked if he should go help them with the cockroach. No plan, not like you, – you have this where why, – why don't you have Superman's like, hey, I'm hearing a lot of com chatter from San Francisco. I don't know why he has to make he, – he doesn't want to cut the middleman out. He hears chatter from San Francisco, so he heads up to the watchtower when yeah. all the chatters and say, just go there. But he's like, should I be down there? Why doesn't Wonder Woman say, why are you asking me? Batman's the one with all the answers, and uh, you know, I thought he was right, but or you always think he's right. But look what the fuck happened in New York. She's being then, way more passive aggressive than that. Yeah, then I'd be okay. But even Batman just hanging out there watching—so <laughs> much nonsense. And now she's like, I- "I'm sick of using my fists. I was here for love and compassion. Okay, get down there and love that cockroach." You know, get down there and love whatever else is destroying the world. Like the Justice League, your book, like you said, your solo book is where you go to, I'm the compassion, I'm this. You lend that to the Justice League when you get here, but the Justice League is called together and does things with threats. You are there. You are, unfortunately, also there because you're one of the strongest characters on this planet. That's why you are part of the Justice League. Yes, you are also there for your compassion. I get it. You're there to do that. But Superman's also there because he's a great guy. But really, he's there because he can throw people into the sun. Superman. Yeah, he's Superman. And so don't give me this nonsense behind it and also make it so you, you have it. It's a very forced situation to be the Trinity together to argue here because I don't know what Batman's doing in, in the ducks. He's just sitting around. I, there's where you have a problem, Batman. Get down it's, and start it's fighting. It's such a weird concept where we are going to take the time to freaking look deeper into the humanity of each of the Just League members when it doesn't correspond with what's going on in their actual books that is doing the same yes, thing. Yeah, and, and you, have, yeah, yeah, you have some weird shit because I'm telling you, I don't think I can get over this duck thing because before it's like he's like, what do you want me to do? Uh, all I can do is drive a bus last issue and here I'm going to be up in the, the ducks. I'm tired. Uh, no, no. He, he drove a bus and he fell asleep on the steps of Wayne Manor. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm tired. I'm not thinking straight. I can't get up these steps. Uh, it'd be so funny. Superman's like, what's going on up there? What? This isn't the conference room? Oh, my goodness. This is where the cool kids hang huh. out. I heard a noise. I, I thought we might have mice. That's why I'm doing this, hanging out and, and creeping I, I would, instead of helping the team. Not once do you see him or hear him on a comm to talk about the threat. He's hanging out in the no, ducks watching. I don't know what he's doing. He's right there where Wonder Woman is. He's just sitting there. But yeah, I wish it was more like a, you know Wonder Woman and Superman actually start throwing shade. And then we see Batman was in the ducks listening, and now he realizes that he's kind of lost two of his best friends, and maybe he should leave. That would be, have been to me better served than him just standing there talking, my plan. No, make it so that he does see that they doubt him and, and you know, and kind of reacts from that. But in the meantime, you get the bug. <laughs> Back to the bug. And the, the day is saved. We saved the day is the saved. Yes. And everybody's watching, you know, the whole, you know, Just League saves the day in San Francisco. Oh, no, but police body cam footage of their ill-fated raid on a domestic yeah. terrorist has been posted to an extremist website. So all over the news, you see the body cam of this terrorist using Wonder Woman's sword to impale this nun. Yeah, and like, and, is and, the Justice yeah. League to blame for the nun's death? 
Yeah, and in this, it's like, and it's weird, too, because it's like, oh, one of those, like, yeah, happening now, all right, San Francisco, it's saved, and then, like, oh, and you have that joke with Simon's, like, it was a pink bug, like, all it had to say is find the pink roach, I could have used my ring, I could have done that, then you have Aquaman show up out of nowhere, the bay, seriously, Simon, you thought that was a good idea, and I wanted Simon to be like, actually, you uh, you know, they drown, and they'd they'd be dead, you know what, maybe some fish would eat some of those, I I don't know, know. but they interrupt the program, they they interrupt the program, yeah, and they interrupt the program then, and you see this, not one thing in this, where they're like, hey, the ill-fated deal, uh, Wonder Woman's sword, Uh, you do see the police busting in, which is actually a little less than what we had before, because the flash now after like the that. explosion yeah, yeah that's you, what i'm saying the police in my mind have leaked us to an extremist website so they can save face and blame the justice league for yeah i think that or up. just somebody got a hold of it but yeah you see justice league to blame for nun's death why 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 would they be to blame you see them doing this you don't see wonder woman the just standing around was apparently compromised by the justice yeah, league resulting yeah. in an explosion and the death of one of the hostages yeah and, and so it's not the full story wherein a domestic terrorist that. gets a hold of what appears to be wonder woman's sword yeah and there, yeah. there's what you have it. And that, as they're sitting there, uh, they're all just looking. And then they just Wonder Woman reaches over, and Turns Batman. You know, I don't know. You, you can't see because Batman looks like he's about to click it off as well. Uh, but they're just sitting there, and I don't know. Like this is usually like uh, what I would think would be the story that would be like uh, what happens when the Justice League realizes that they're no longer loved and they decide to just go there. I don't think that's going to go that way. Uh, they're going to have to fight for their, you know, oh, you don't understand. I do think that at some point this is leading to the trial where you're going to have a scene where you have Superman, Wonder Woman, you know, super. really it should be Batman and Wonder Woman and maybe Aquaman because they were the ones there, but more Batman and Wonder woman i do think that they will be on trial uh with this even though it it might not be the full-out trial against them but that whole thing set up with the terrorists and again that seems like something that might be neat but i'm afraid that that's going to be something that's boring again and maybe even leads to a a cliffhanger of the only way that we can deal with this is we have to know your secret identity or something like that and you're going to go no what are they going to do and things like that but it's just this isn't fun and this is now the Justice League where now they're going to have people against the Justice League. And in the meantime, I don't like my favorite characters. I, yeah. I don't enjoy Batman in this. He seems like a jerk. I don't enjoy Superman Flash in this. is doing nothing. Flash is just I- insane. Uh, I do like Cyborg. And, and it's funny. I do like Simon and Jessica, which I do yeah. appreciate that they kind of were just thrown in. Brian Hitch had Simon and Jessica in the Justice League. It seemed like they were – I couldn't escape the fact or the – not the fact. I couldn't escape the feeling that they were only there because they were they were made to be because that's how it was going to be. And like Brian Hitch never really – he seemed to go a little with Jessica. Like you had Jessica with the, the fear and with, yeah. with Barry. And the whole Simon idea of her didn't Barry, do yeah. crap the no. whole time. He did nothing. And like I said, I think that maybe Brian Hitch was under the deal like you're going to force these two characters in. Well – I'm only down with having one Green Lantern, so Simon's not going to do much. And he really didn't. Uh, you didn't have a lot for Cyborg to do through that whole deal. Like, every character was not utilized. He is trying to do this, and you're getting some of the focus and the extra focus I like. Some of it, though, 
it's a little too over the top and a little too forced, and I just don't understand why. What they, he really seems to want to do is, I'm going to do a Justice League. If you want to change the team, then change the team, dude. Just get somebody there to change it, because it seems to me that he wants Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman to be on the side. Like right. They are not the characters he wants. They are the Trinity, unfortunately for us, because we want to change a team eventually. They're pretty much the solid on the team. So don't sit there and make them bicker while everybody else does something. I just, I, It's just not fun. But I, I ended up – I like the art for a bit. There is a weird part with Jessica that yeah. her symbol disappears a couple times from her uniform, the lantern symbol. That was odd. Uh, I think that at points, uh, the uh, Pete Woods ends up doing a very Howard Porter-esque flash, which I, I thought that that was okay. Uh, but overall, the, the art is okay. I'm getting yeah, used I, to the cartoony I style. The yeah. I'm okay with it now. And, now that, like, you know, we're two issues in. It's something and, that's going to be happening, yeah. and it doesn't hurt the story. Yeah, and I think I'm going to be higher than you because I still – Kind of enjoyed parts. I like the Martian Manhunter bit. I like the part. Oh, no, I wish that it wasn't all in Spanish so I could know exactly what they were saying. But I like that bit with Jessica. Uh, some of the stuff with the cockroach was – and I can even look at it as a uh, kind of like a wink-wink where you usually get, oh, look at this major threat. It's a giant cockroach monster. Okay, I can have fun with that if it was played out as fun. Yeah. Uh, but I still gave it a 6 out of 10. Now that we talked about it, I actually think I should have went maybe down to like a 5 one five. Five, but what would you give it? I'm at a 5.5 out of 10 yeah. for this one because the, the art, I'm telling you, I enjoy it. It tells the story very well. And besides for Jessica's you know, lantern symbol going away every now and again, the art is spot on. It does what it needs to do. It's just every character is overwritten to the point where they're not fun and it actually just yeah. hinders the story and it makes it boring. Even the situations of what we're dealing with now with the humanized, just like so in quotes, it's uh, it's just boring to read. And even yeah. you, know, you have an over-the-top bill and a giant space cockroach monster – it's not fun. No, it's, it's like eating, book that's just it's like eating a scab sandwich, Eric. Oh. It sounds delicious. I no, mean, it, it sounds like something no. I'd love. Just the uh, – I'm. T- do you ever have the uh, spaghetti taco? You ever have that? It's, no, it's but delicious. I, I want to. And I actually it's want the spaghetti burritos. Because I really enjoy – well, sp- spaghetti burrito kind of takes away my concept because I do the enjoy crunch, yeah. a food that has a – a differing, a juxtaposition of textures. You know, when you, it's almost like when you have that, uh, is it the chalupa? What is the one that has, uh, at the Taco crunchy Bell? Gordita? The crunchy one that has the soft taco shell I'm with sorry, the I hard think it's taco the shell. Gordita. Okay, whatever that one is, that's why I like it. I like that combo of textures i think that's right and that's how the spaghetti taco is which i love that if you are an iCarly fan eric you would know it's delicious but yeah we've had that my kids really like it too but yeah uh i don't know why i brought that up again about a spaghetti burrito though with a heavy meat sauce though yeah i know but that's just to me that's just you know you're, you're not getting anything much different you're just having what would be an italian version of a burrito there's you know it's it's okay it's okay. What did we say? We were going to make the spaghetti hoagie or something? No, no. Was, the spaghetti burrito is what we're okay. talking about. Yeah. Um, I, I and what don't, if you I, then, then you I think I'm the out of that. To make it, then you make it a little bit of, more of a crunchy burrito. No. Well, what you would do then is where, where you had – where they uh, already had the Fritos burritos. Eric. Right, right, you have, right. Instead of Fritos, though, obviously, what I would put in our spaghetti burrito would be – 
bits of, you know, a taco shell type deal, okay. or maybe even a uh, crumbled up pieces of Doritos itself. You can have that, maybe. But uh, I'm saying yeah. a heavy meat, like ground meat, like in there, and maybe even some slices of sausage. You know what? I think that we were just talking about straight up spaghetti sandwiches at one point and spaghetti hoagies and things. Oh yeah, I'm saying that it was spaghetti sandwich. Then I brought in the yeah. burrito because the burrito okay. makes the ultimate meal. I think I like the sandwich a little better. Maybe I'll make that. I am starving right now. But I'm uh, saying you toast up that bread. Yeah, you're fucking right on. Because I do that with yeah, every spaghetti meal yeah. I ever do. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's what it led us to say. Because every time I eat spaghetti, it ends up being a bunch of sandwiches. Is what Damn I make right. out of it. Yeah. That's the Quaker Town way, Eric. You can't, you can't diss the Quaker Town way. But we're going to be going on now. We're going to have to go to the mail. Now, again, if, if this section was not oh, 12 god. hours and 30 minutes oh my god <laughs> it's so long we we ended up saying like let's get together early we were actually going to do six books at this time frame of when we're recording and we barely got three done Holy four hours moly. four hours for three books that is nonsense eric and again people are going to look and go what are they talking about this whole section was 32 minutes oh I'm my telling god you, it's going to be like justice league number 35 what'd you give it eric just shut your goddamn that, mouth, Jim. That, that is some editing from me. But yeah, we're going to go off now to some mail. Yo, it's mail call. It is the best podcast a week. Even though Shay is such a freak, I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go. Uh, yes, it's Mail with Jim, Eric Shea. It's mail section number two. Why are you talking like it is? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But we're going to start mail section number two with Hussein, who says, Hey, Jim, Eric, and the Get Fresh crew. Poop, poop. Uncle Man, as a book feels like it hasn't moved an inch since June. At all. Poop, poop. Sure. We had some little plot developments, but the most recent issue could have been the third issue of The Last Arc, and I wouldn't sure have could've. known. You're going to hear a lot of that of it being said in the next section. Also, Ricardo Federici is the better artist than Stepan Sedgwick. Fight don't me, know about he all says. That. All right, let's No, either. little pencil-heavy, as I like to say, Eric. It looked more consistent, and the characters had more weight. I'm curious. It's like, what? What is he drawing, Eric? I'm oh. curious. Did you guys notice that Frederiki signed some of his pages? A little signature can be find, uh, found in the bottom right of some pages. Take a look and let me know. I did notice that when we were going through it. I, I was can't like, see well, Hussein. Yeah, you wouldn't say. You would not know. But I did notice that, and I was like, what's he playing at with this? But he continues. I fucking dropped Mr. Miracle. I was thinking about it, but after our conversation on the Slack a couple weeks ago, I finally decided to get this book out of my life. I'm sure the GFC members, beep boop, can understand looking over your pull list and trying to get rid of books, which don't make you happy anymore. That's yeah. what Mr. Miracle number five did to me. 
Yeah, I'm telling you, Hussein. Look at all those freaking end of year lists. It's going to depress you. Jokes and riddles and Mr. Miracle Bound. I'm telling you. I got the chance to read Marvel 2 and 1 in PDF form, courtesy of Marvel, and that book's going straight on my pull list. I'm a fan of the Fantastic Four, and if this is what I have to do to get my FF fix, sign me up. As for Tom King, I'm just confused. I went back and reread some issues of The Vision, and oh my, my, is that a damn fine story? It really has a grasp on the character and plot and reading it in trade is really satisfying. If you haven't read it, I recommend you do. What happened to him? Is he just not fit for ongoing stories? Now, I'm going to tell you, this happened, this came up when me and Ryan were talking in the the comic news show. I, I keep wanting to say the DC comic news show, but the comic news show where a lot of the Marvel writers are complaining recently, or maybe this is something not so recent, but it seems that editorial really has more of a grip on things over at Marvel. It seems like they actually – a lot of people, a lot of writers end up leaving because they say that, oh, editorial, they wouldn't let I me do this. Or editorial they, comes in. We need you to tell a coherent story. That's do what it. I'm saying. Maybe he just – whoever is editor on Vision, I don't know who it was. I don't know what's – you know anything over at Marvel really. Well, maybe shout it out was, to Marvel editors now. Yeah. May, well, maybe it was the case that – he had a more of a guiding hand because everybody who talks to me says uh, they really love that story and that it was more cohesive. It actually went somewhere. You didn't have these, you know, dangling things and and stuff like that. Maybe there is something to Marvel being a little more heavy-handed on editorial and Tom King at that point not having the clout to kind of go against that. And not even just the clout. I do think that what happens is when they go over to DC and you're signed and you know you're there and you're signed up and you're you're going uh it's almost like a basketball player that sits there and gets signed to these long-term contracts and then doesn't even try ever again because they have that money and maybe that was the case too maybe this is the problem is maybe like he said the tom king goes on about how i am gotham was the worst story he's ever written though it's my favorite in batman maybe that's the problem maybe that's not what he likes to write maybe he doesn't like to write coherent stories maybe he likes to be wacky Wacky, crazy, whack, funky, Eric. I, I don't know. I really can't explain it. But uh, I didn't like, in the end, uh, Mega Man. I thought it went nowhere. I was intrigued like at first series. and liked it. I liked Grayson, but I've said all along – Grayson, up until the point where Tim Seeley and Tom King left, was really good. The problem is they had set up a bunch of nonsense at the beginning of that book and then didn't deal with it. So the issues that I read by them, like, okay, you know what, good – then when Lansing and Kelly came in, they had to deal with the nonsense. And then that's when I realized, boy, there was a lot of crap that they really didn't do anything with. And, and now, now it's these, impossible for Lansing yeah, and Kelly to come in. Lansing and, and Kelly come in it. and are trying to make a story out of it. Again, I said uh, during that section, uh, at the end of that section, talking about me and Eric arguing, we had the biggest argument when we were talking about Grayson back then uh, about just nonsense. So. I, I don't know. I, I don't really have an answer, though. I, I'll talk for fucking 15 hours like I do. I don't have an answer. I don't know. Maybe Vision was just a character 
that was right for him. Metal number four was pretty insane. I've been a huge fan of the main issues of this event, but I really wish they came out more regularly I for the too. sake of pacing. And so I can honestly get it over with. I expected an issue a month since August, which would end the series in February with a month break. And those tie-ins feel like filler in retrospect. I agree. I completely forgot about Bats Out of Hell, and I don't think it's had any impact on the story. I told you those uh, most of that stuff was just to fill in some of the blanks with the Dark Knights. It, yeah. it seemed to be that, and uh, maybe the close, or even and and that Gotham Resistance just was money grab. Uh, really, and to get us on with Flash and Cyber going and tripping the multiverse, fantastic. Yeah, but which they still really haven't yet, and you kind of could have done that it. anyway. And they're doing it. Maybe the closest reference to it was when Dream called Cyborg Mysterious. But that's about it. Also, I want a Star Wars miniseries written by Snyder. He blew my mind, Eric. A lot of people didn't like that Star Wars. I liked it. I didn't. I actually told uh, Scott Snyder himself that I like the street talk and Starro because I just was having fun with it. Uh, again, everybody's all upset. We're probably not going to see Starro again in anything for probably two years. We'll see him once then and then probably won't see him again for three years. Usually whatever we see is either, you know, in a non-continuity book, you know, you have craziness. Like Starro was kind of in uh, Just League 3000. How uh, Jordan the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, even that, but even that was kind of weird. You know what I mean? So you, you don't get them often, so if you're going to have fun, it's not a big deal. Anyway, I can't really think of anything else to say. My mail for next week's podcast might have my winners for the best of 2017, unless nice. you're doing it at a later date, which we... We will be, but I will tell you, saying I'll get a hold I of you. I don't know when. Thanks, guys. Keep up the stellar work and see you in sevens. I like the killing is what he wants, Eric, and I can never say no to saying. I like the killing. I like <sighs> the killing. And, yes, he says it, that. It is, it is such an odd thing that being the star that Wrong Turn is that he would be left behind like I Kirk don't Cameron. understand why they'd leave him behind, Eric. It's probably because he said. I like the killing. He probably said that. Maybe what they – they're like, hey, uh, hey, Wrong Turn, should we get potato chips or pretzels? And he said. Hey, you, all hit by hasters. And they thought he was talking the devil's language, Eric. Yeah, and he's talking in tongues. we got to leave he him behind was. now. He will leave him behind. Because is there I'm an telling exorcist you, on hand? Anybody who would deal with Wrong turn especially his family members you know that they have some very odd ideas about the world themselves i i would think right yeah i'm telling you i'd love to hear his philosophy on life uh wrong term but he looked very sad he looked very sad that you left behind the next <laughs> it's so great but yes the next uh email is from mechmon who says hey jim eric and or hey jim hello eric hello, so Mechmon. I just finished Metal Number 4, and I really wished I'd skipped all the Metal tie-ins because this would be so much less confusing. Great story, but not 100% on the art at times. I am upset about one major thing. We get to see Black Adam and the Rock of Attorney, but where the fuck is Shazam? Is he the one tied up in the blue blob? Because now we know that it isn't Hawkman, being as he is now Hawk Monster God thing. Now, you say that, that's not entirely true. That could t- because when they say we have that entity, he, they still could be talking about what that could be the remind them for the big reveal at the end. Now, I'm we telling didn't you. talk about it on the podcast, but yes. I had an idea the next day when we were talking at work that it could be the Starman we saw before. Yeah. 
and Not I'm like, the you know, star man. The star man. So I'm saying, <laughs> he was thrown out there and then the forge are casting. I can't remember which one it was, but uh, he was just thrown out there. We have not heard anything. Not on my so watch. Like, it's a cosmic entity. And I'm like, this star man is a cosmic yeah. entity. So it could be that. Yeah, it's weird. It's just to me, like a lot of people actually pretty much 99% seem to go with the idea that when they showed that and then you saw Hawkman at the end, that meant that that was not Hawkman before. Uh, I don't know. To me, it seemed like that was them prepping him to become the the Hawk God at the end. Uh, and when they showed that, when they said, oh, and you know what, they have this mysterious cosmic being or whatever, that was to remind you that they did have him so that at the end when the reveal comes, we're not left going like, what the fuck happened there? But I- I'm probably wrong, uh, and you are probably wrong as well. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see. You're probably more right than I am. Hooray! I just I just thought that that was one of those things that never even crossed my mind that they still weren't talking about Hawkman, but we'll see. I was we'll also see. thinking – Will Payton what, yeah. wasn't wasn't he in uh, the, that show Growing Pains? I was also thinking of picking up Priest Run on Justice League, but after seeing the recent review, I'm not sure. What do you guys think? Uh, what do you think I should do? I never ended up picking his Deathstroke Run up because I just hate Deathstroke as a character in general. I will tell you that I would probably pick it up, even though we haven't been giving it the best reviews. Uh, if you're interested like it. enough to kind of say you were thinking about it, just give it three issues. Yeah, Check out the first three. Uh, see where it's going. Obviously, we've already had two. Uh, it may get you. If you're somebody who wants to have a Just League book that's full of fun adventure, it may not get you. But if no. you want something a little more grounded than, say, a Jim Werner, then it might be the book for you. But, yeah, check it out. And the next email and the last of the section, it always is, is Brandon. Brandon says, sup, fellas? Let's sup, start man. off by stating the obvious. Dancing Mike made an outrageous claim last week, declaring, in a very, very British way, I might add, Rich Richardson, king of the Get Fresh crew. I would like to strike down this motion before it gains any momentum. I don't <laughs> think Rich Richardson could effectively run a washing machine. What, my wife? None of the less Ooh. run, organize the, uh, or nonetheless organize the individuals in the Get Fresh crew. We're not a bunch of grandmas around here. Could you imagine the shouting that would occur from Richard Richardson's end? It would be unbearable. Freaked out he Falcone or Big Tony now. There's a couple men I'd vote for as my king. (laughs) But Rich Richardson, no. We're going to have to have it. I think that what we're going to do next year, if I remember, around June, we might have to have the king and queen of the prom of the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop. And I'm going to vote for Richard Richardson. Good. Or or we should have, like, class president. Each year, we should have, like, for three months, we we do a vote on the Patreon to who is the class president of the Get Fresh crew. Right now, it's Dancing Mike. He's the ultimate badass. Yes, he is. Good news weather-wise. Finally stopped snowing up here. But let me tell you that the Bills no, game Bills, liar. Bills game I went to last Sunday, the problem is is what he says. When they say in Buffalo it stopped snowing, that doesn't mean it stopped snowing. It just means it isn't snowing five inches a, a fucking hour. See, the normal snow, that's nothing to them. But he went last Sunday, was still a god, a cold goddamn endeavor. I made it through only by layering up like the kid from Christmas Story, drinking, Rand. that would be Randy, drinking excessive amounts of alcohol and booze. I don't know if he realizes, but that hurts uh, you with the, the heat, Eric. Uh, did you realize You that? only and, appear warmer. You're not actually warmer. Yes, that's the problem. And then you start being a nonsense with a little Bill's fucking face And then you pass out paint. outside and you yeah, die. And then, yeah, and you die. You're like Bond 
Bon Scott. You pass out yeah. in the fucking back of a car and you die. Uh, now, also, it leads you to be one of those yahoos in Buffalo who want to take off their shirt in minus five weather. Now, here's the best. I told you this because he did one more thing. And I told you this. I'm like, can you believe that Brandon would do this? And you're like, yeah, he lives in Buffalo. He tapes heat packs all over his body. Of course he does. Now, I've had heat packs at some point. My biggest thing is they don't heat for that long. They're they're really not that heated. I saw him outside in the parking lot, freaking the tailgate area. You got to do something because it looks like the goddamn freaking Arctic out there. Yeah, it did. It also looked like they were going into a Judas Priest concert in that picture. <laughs> I don't know what or was going on there. I, I, yeah, I don't know. There's, yeah, I don't know what was going on there. I had one of my one on my chest, one on my back, uh, one in each shoe, and one in my hat. Now, I imagine, too, he's taping all these things to him. I know he can't reach all these places himself. So what does the, the roommate think of all this? The roommate? I, I, she doesn't know. It's those guys in in those vests. Those guys are all into it. They're, they're doing it with each other, I think, Eric. You know? It's a weird friendship. <laughs> that that came got. out really odd. Hey, you got to keep warm somehow. Uh, I'm just saying what I think I want to ask him next is how long – does this heat last? Because I'm not taping shit to my chest and back for it to last me three minutes. Then I'm going to fucking, all I'm going to do is keep feeling it and shit on my chest and back. Plus, no, I have a do, hairy Jim. chest. You bring a stick of uh, Icy Hot with you. So yeah. you. Keep applying that to yourself. There you go. Yeah. That, that Icy Hot. Yeah. I, I, you, I guess. You get that Icy Cool for about two minutes, and you get that heat for about a half an hour. I'm telling you, you might as well just keep drinking. Just go with that. And that goes for full or well. Or watch the game at home. Yeah, the I don't person. Know. I'm telling you, Eric, I sat there, and I'm wa- looking at that picture, and I thought the next thing it was going to be them standing outside the Blue Oyster Bar is what I thought, Eric, is all I was thinking oh, as that, that was going down. That needs a fucking roof is what it needs. <laughs> the Blue, I know. I asked them if they were going to do that, but you don't want that. This is the thing. They, I think they. he told me they put it up to vote. And the problem with that is that Wolf and Buffalo are insane. Yeah, yeah, and you want to have that home field advantage, and that's the the only thing they got there. What are they going to do without that? I mean, they really do, and they they are proud of the fact that they live two minutes from the Arctic. It is what it is. So he had the again. He had one on his chest, one on his back, and one in each shoe. How, how do you get the shoe on then? I don't know. And one in he, his he hat. Two big, two sizes too big. His hat. Yeah, really. Those are the football shoes. Football Them, shoes. Those, those are my uh, heat pack shoes. The neck warmer handed out before the game also was pretty clutch. So they give you that, right? So no playoffs They've for 17 years. They've got to make sure they do years. something to keep fans from dying in the stadium. Well, that's what happens. It's almost like it's like the opposite of when they won't uh, turn off an old couple's heat in yeah. the winter. They better do something uh, yeah, no playoffs for 17 years, but hey, at least my neck is sweltering over here. I also shouted so much that my voice was gone for roughly about four days while I coughed up bloody loogies. Goddamn, Good you times. There's something all... else going on there. Go no, the that's, beca- that's because he probably he probably fucking those heat packs probably went into his skin or something. Good times all around during that 2-0 and week of games. Yeah, he also went to the Sabres game. I just saw, I went down in between segments, and I did see, I didn't realize that the uh, Winter Classic and the NHL, the Sabres are playing the Rangers. So I'll have to talk to Brandon about that as well. Figured I'd let you all know that the roommate, Eric, 
will soon be referred to as Mrs. Roommate from here on out because buying a house isn't making me broke enough. I bought a ring, too. Did so he just he actually, go and buy tires today, too, for his actually, He may have, Eric, Wait, but what? yes. I, I got to get into the FedEx He is now here. engaged. He he actually asked his roommate to marry him. So, yeah, oh, I'm a man. dummy. I think Eric has the right plan. If you never go to work, you'll never give off the impression that you have enough money to buy one exactly. of those overpriced finger chokers. Keep it up, Eric. Uh, don't be like me, Jim, and countless other men out there. Fight the good fight. And I'll tell you, Brandon. Uh, Brandon told fun. us. Brandon told us uh, pretty early in the game when he did this or he was going to go get the ring. And I told Tanya, and she was very excited. She keeps anytime she can get behind a goddamn mic. And I mentioned Brandon. She yells that he better better ask her. Can you believe it, Jim, that I didn't mention shit about shit to Jessica? Really? You didn't mention shit about shit. Can you believe it? Here's his books. Yeah, I can't believe it. Superman, Super Sentence. Now I understand what you were saying. I thought you meant something else. Yeah, you didn't tell her about Brandon? I didn't tell her. I'm sitting here. I'm like, I think Brandon's mail is longer than the amount of conversation I have with her. You hear me, Jim? I do hear you, Jess. I do, and I feel for you. I feel for you there. Just She's just staring at that finger fucking tear down her fucking cheek i like when she starts talking about like i always wanted to have kids and you're like there's the door baby get out oh uh, she started getting all upset the other day because she said something like, i'm gonna like it was all like a childish kind of thing i'm gonna marry eric shim we're gonna have 500 kids i'm like you're not wife material get the fuck out of here yeah, and and you say that and you mean it Edit that out. <laughs> and then she's like I'm looking for something a little bit more in a wife, Jessica. And then then she starts crying, and then you feel bad. And then then I wonder why I ever quit drinking, because I could just go to the bar back in the day. Yeah, Yeah. and you would leave. People don't realize you would leave from the bar, and she's like – she was like, oh, can I go? And you'd say no. (laughs) No. (laughs) She'd be like, oh, I was thinking of coming. You wouldn't allow her. Good time. Yeah, and then she's like, oh, well, what are you going to do there? "Ah, I'm probably going to cheat on you, and then you'd leave. And she'd just cry. Cry, Eric. Holy moly, you're not a good guy. Superman no, Super Sons. It must it must be Superman Reborn, Eric. It must be hey. Superman Reborn. Or not. Sign me up for more of this. Balls to I the agree. wall, action, good art, decent enough story with a few minor hiccups. The Superman books, both action and Superman, go through ups and downs. But when Tomas Gleason put their mind to it, they do some of the most exciting work at DC. Now I follow do. through on a good ending, please. Batman. What the fuck, Tom King? I will keep saying it until I get a story I care about. But what is the purpose of this Batman book right now? There is no story to it, no arc, no end goal, just Tom King running in fucking place with Bruce introducing a character that he's been in the DC Universe for near goddamn ever to all his friends and family. Hey, Tom King, another thing, when someone asks you a dumb question on Twitter like, hey, what were Selena and Lois drinking? Can you give just a concrete answer instead of what do you think? If he wanted to know what he thought, he wouldn't have talked to you and spent the time of his day to ask you the goddamn question. God damn it, Tom King. Gets me so unreasonably mad. It's then funny, I have to too. Listen- you're actually saying this because Brandon just messaged me on Twitter with a picture of that Dark Side Parademon Imaginex figure where Tom King puts it out. Dark Side is for kids. <sighs> 
Then I have to listen to these podcasts <laughs> that just lap up Tom King everything. Up next, Bruce introduces Catwoman to Wonder Woman, and they both bitch about how their mothers abandoned them, never letting them return home. Meanwhile, Batman thumb wrestles Steve Trevor for the right to use guns ever again. Can't wait. If I have to deal with this shit for a 100-issue run, Batman may go from my favorite to least favorite character. It is, it's crazy. I just don't understand. I know I, everybody can like what they want, but people go so overboard about this being a genre-changing run and one for the ages. I, I just hope that you know, 20 years from now, after World War IV, people find these books and just like, what the hell were these people? Well, that's like? the thing is, Jim. It is a genre-changing thing because no one else in the history of comics has given you so much and given you so little at the same time. That is true. And I guess you're right. Uh, they just love it, though. I just think that it's because there's non-comic readers and people who are not, not necessarily Batman fans, and this is very easy to jump into because nothing happens. And it, the dialogue's very easy to follow because there's one word per fucking page. <laughs> meow. I know what same, meow the means. The same word is repeated over and over again on that page, though, Jim. Give them the benefit of the doubt here. Telling you, I, I said to Tanya today, I'm like, I want a tuna sandwich. I'm allowed to have tuna sandwiches on my diet. I'm like, I want a tuna sandwich. She's like, make your own tuna sandwich. And I said, meow, and she punched me in the face. I didn't get a tuna sandwich. It's <laughs> going around telling everybody meow. I, 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 I go to Aldi. I go to Aldi. They're like, it's $72.50. Meow. They're like, okay, now you're crazy, but you still owe me $72.50. Ah. <sighs> Metal. Fuck yes. I love this book and I'll be sad when it's over. I just have a blast with everything that's going on here and the issues are rereadable as hell. I know people have their beasts with the story overall on this issue, mainly Starro, but this may be the first time I've actually enjoyed a scene with Starro in it at all, ever in yes. my life. So that's that. And that's where I'm going with. Starro is a classic, but nothing character to make. Me and Brandon are pretty Thank well you, right on. We are really on. Yo, yo, sucker! Uh, to me, so change him however you want. I mean, let's face it, putting a starfish on someone's face can kind of mean something else nowadays anyway. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It's a butthole joke. If your mind – is it? I didn't even know. I guess the joke's on me, Eric. If your mind is dirty enough that is, then all that shit with Kendra and the ending reveal with Hawkman, I'll be goddamn if I'm not all in – uh, on this son of a bitch, giant ass Hawkman. Scott Snyder is the king of the Get Fresh crew at this moment. How about that, Dancing Mike? You oh. hear me, Dancing Mike? Quoop. After that statement, I'm almost certain he is leaving Tennessee right now, and he is on his way to kill me. Well, right now, he is the king of the Get Fresh crew. Beep boop, so you're in big Ultimate trouble. Ultimate badass. You are in big trouble. All right, gents. Merry Christmas to the Get Fresh crew. Whoop, 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 boop, boop, poop, poop. Jim, go give those kids their damn presents now before they start axing you. And that is from Brandon, and they're going to be talking about the Marvel 2-in-1 number one. So that's pretty nice. cool. You, so we're going to go off now to Brandon and Trevor uh, talking uh, about the Marvel 2-in-1 number one.
All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Marvel Minute. Uh, we had a uh, – did we only have two books? Oh, no, I put three books up this week. Yeah. Uh, Marvel 2 and 1 ended up coming out on top of X-Men Grand Design, and I always say Tales of Suspense, but it's Tales of As- to Astonish, isn't it? No, you got it. It's Tales, Tales of Suspense. Okay. All right. I, I, I keep mixing it up. Uh, I don't know what Tales to Astonish is, I guess, then. Is that another old book? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> okay, that's why it's in my head. All right. uh, so, yeah, this one out. Again, I am Brandon. I'm always joined by Trevitt for the Marvel Minute. Uh, this was uh, something I, I was looking forward to, but then when I found out the team on it, not really. But uh, we'll, we'll see if my mind has changed by the end, because the writer is Chip Zdarsky. Our team is Jim Chung, John Dell, and Walden Wong do inks, and Frank Martin is on colors. Uh, VC's Joe Carmanga on letters. Uh, so again, we got a uh, Marvel Comics production here. We'll get into a blurb, tell you about the issue, and what we think about it. Uh, so we got, well, 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 what do we have here? It looks like a little, a little like a title where you can find the remaining members of the Fantastic Four all under one roof, so to speak. I'll be honest, I initially thought when the series was announced, uh, based on the title alone, that we would be getting two stories in each issue. Uh, so I was mildly disappointed this wasn't the case upon further research and that the title is instead referring to two characters featured in the book. Uh, but the contents inside healed my wounds by the issue's end. So let's check out exactly what purpose these guys, Thing and Johnny Storm, are serving now, that they're no longer relegated to just guest stars, uh, guest star status in other characters' books. Um, so yeah, Thing was popping in and out of the Doom book. And Johnny Storm's been in and out of uh, Spider-Man and a few other books. Uncanny um, Avengers. Inhumans books. Yeah, some some Inhuman stuff lately. Um, but yeah, not, now they're together. We got a, a two circled up in the top left corner of this issue. That's like the corner box art, so that's pretty cool. Um, really giving you the hint. Um, you know, that that's what this is basically about here. Uh, the issue starts off with, with uh, Johnny at Gibson Speedway. He's participating in like this NASCAR-esque race, um, accelerating like hell to get in first place. He's like in fourth or something right now. He's basically blowing his engine trying to get into first. Uh, with like one lap left, he he ends up bursting the car into flames. I can't really tell if he crashes into a wall like kind of Dale Earnhardt's himself or not, but but everything's in flames. Uh, but but he comes walking out unharmed. A little bit of fire on his suit kind of like half powers in effect, um, at least on his face. Uh, and, you know, that that's basically how that scene ends with this girl, like, asking him if he's okay. We get, like, a quick, quick uh, just, I don't know, recap four-panel page of, uh, like, you know, just recapping some Fantastic Four activities throughout the years, uh, which leads into the introduction to Ben Grimm, the thing, who's uh, being clapped into place uh, being introduced for uh, presenting this fantastic award. It's called, that's such a cheesy fucking name, <laughs> the fantastic award. Uh, um, but anyway, uh, it's like that a uh, $100,000 grant for uh, scientific exploration in all forms. Um, and it's being presented to somebody, um, you know, in honor of the fantastic four and their disappearance. Uh, 
Ben does this little chit chat, does this little talk. It's kind of real heartfelt. Um, eventually excuses himself and, and steps outside for a minute here. Uh, did you want to say something about that grant there? Uh, no, no. Oh, okay. I thought you were trying to uh, <laughs> no. chime in about the fantastic award. Um, oh, no, I just thought the name was kind of like on par because, you know, they got the fantastic car and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're right. It's I guess I didn't cheesy. think of it that way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it does fit. Uh, but anyway, Ben, like, it excuses himself for a minute, get out of the stuffy gathering and runs into just some girl outside. He, he starts chatting up, uh, which eventually leads him into running into Spider-Man, who's, of course, in character running late uh, to this event. Um, well, he's fighting some jewel thief. I don't think this guy's named, is he? Or uh, pile driver? Yeah, pile driver. He's one of he's one of the wrecking crew. <laughs> um, so so pile driver and Spider Man are duking it out, and uh, thing <laughs> I I think thing kills him. The, he like just <laughs> takes his face and smashes it into the cement, and there is broken cement <laughs> everywhere. This guy is dead if he doesn't have superpowers. I, I mean. <laughs> He, he would yeah, be. He does. He does. He would be obliterated if this was a normal. He guy. was the guy. He was the guy in the first issue of Jean Grey where she was fighting him when when she was uh, eating the bowl of noodles, and then uh, the wrecking crew ended up robbing like a bank nearby. They've been bringing a lot of like, uh, well, I guess because the Venom Ink stories in my head, a lot of like random dudes Spider-Man's been running into lately, like uh, Pile Driver, the Looter. Uh, there were two other guys that got <laughs> venomed up before trying to steal something. Um, but Spider-Man ends up talking to Ben. He's like, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about something. Um, since Spider-Man's been hanging out with Johnny Storm a lot in the spectacular book, basically brings up to Ben that Johnny's been super reckless lately. Uh, kind of dark and broody, a little Batman like, uh, when, when he thinks Spider-Man's not looking or paying attention. Um, and, and you know, he wants Ben to talk to him, try, try to shake him out of it. Cause he, he knows he's still kind of down with his sister and, his niece and nephew and Reed all gone. Um, Spidey also does something cool. He hands over the keys to this where it, uh, where it, warehouse storage. Warehouse. <laughs> uh, yeah. For the contents uh, of everything that was basically fantastic for related inside the Baxter building when, when uh, Peter bought it. So he hands that over to the thing and, and thing goes to, to check that out. Um, so yeah, actually that was, because I haven't really read Spectacular in a while. That was um, probably the best Spider-Man exchange I've seen Chip Zdarsky write personally. Um, yeah, me too. I know Anthony G's been trying to get me to, to pick that book back up. But in, and maybe after reading this, I will. Because I liked his writing in this a little more. Maybe he's getting better. But uh, I wasn't I thinking the new issue. Spider-Man in that book. I flipped through the new issue, and it looks pretty good, I got to say. Yeah. So maybe maybe I'll try it again. But... uh Kind of, kind of spoiling my reveal for what I think about this book at the end. But um, Ben ends up walking into this storage facility. You know, he, he's going through different memories. He sees his old chair, uh, looking through old newspapers and stuff. Uh, remembers like a promise he made to Sue before um, they disappeared about how he would keep an eye on Johnny and how how Johnny looks up to him even if he won't admit it. Um, so so while Ben's doing all this thinking and reminiscing and, and thinking of the promise he made to Sue. He gets interrupted by uh, none other than Dr. Doom, um, who, who 
this is a funny exchange uh, because Dr. Doom is basically only here because the thing he stole from the thing won't open for Dr. Doom. Um, you know, it's like coded to the thing's <laughs> DNA. So, uh, you know, Doom basically didn't believe Reed and Sue and everybody just would vanish or disappear without him having a hand in it. Uh, which I part. guess he, yeah, which I guess, you know, he kind of sort of did. He was the one that started the whole secret, uh, seek, I always say, secret one wars. Secret, yeah, secret wars, uh, fiasco, but you know, he didn't end up killing Reed, which is what he really wants to do. So, uh, he's like, I looked for a reason <laughs> for their disappearance and you know, I found nothing. He's like, I ended up finding this, which is, ba- it's, it's basically like an orb uh, is what it looks like. And, He's like, I can't get it open. I've tried everything I, I, I know how to do. And he's like, he's even insulting because he's like, I, you can have it back. He's like, I overturned every inconsequential invention. Which yeah, yeah. He, I was, mean, he looked at everything. Uh, he found nothing, and this is basically the only thing he can't get into. So he's just turning it back over to to the thing. Uh, you know, him, him and thing duke it out for a little bit because they don't like each other at all. Obviously. Thing always is throwing in his face how he doesn't believe for one second he's trying to be good, and uh, there might be something to that. But, um, you know, Doom basically hands this over, and what appears to be, you know, leaves Thing alone, but uh, we'll find out. Anyway, Thing takes this thing into his hand and uh, (laughs) pops it open, or it starts, you know, playing this recording, uh, this hologram of Reed who basically gives this long version explanation uh, of based on how they died and, you know, uh, whose DNA signature is picking up. It's a different message. Um, he, he basically reveals, uh, I gotta, I gotta read my notes here. What this thing is called again. Uh, the multi-sect. He, he reveals the location of this tool called the multi-sect to, um, Ben Grimm. Um, I want to stop saying the thing because I keep saying thing to refer to other <laughs> other stuff we're talking about. Uh, and and what this multisect does is it's a tool that can access uh, an area known as the multiplane. It's basically like a roadway to infinite universes. Um, so he he wants Ben to start exploring again. You know, like uh, in their memory, uh, they're not around anymore to do it with them. But but he still wants. Wants Ben and Johnny to to you know keep it alive, keep what they were doing alive. Um, so yeah, that, after that scene ends, we check back in on Johnny Storm, who is up to something crazy. He keeps like blasting himself into the atmosphere and then like free falling down to the earth, uh, kind of uh, looking like suicide attempts. Um, yeah, <laughs> this is is what it comes off as, and. Uh, he runs into Ben Grimm because uh, this is also the location of what their first mission, right? Um, yeah, which is where Mister Fantastic told him to go to find the multisect. Um, so he ends up just coincidentally running into Johnny here, who's just you know here because this is a place of memories for him. Um, him and Thing kind of get into a little back and forth with each other uh, before Johnny eventually like breaks down and actually starts talking to Ben uh, and he tells him basically, you know, I'm pissed off and I can't get over my sister and everyone still being gone on top of that. I'm also 
he feels like he's losing his powers. Like he can't stay flame on as long as he used to. And, and uh, he basically keeps doing these um, free falls or, or what looked like suicide dives to, to test his limits and test his powers in different ways, I guess is, is what he's getting at. Um, so yeah, uh, he, after the breakdown, like, you know, opens up to Ben a little more and, and Ben kind of reveals to him, he's like, you know, uh, I don't think they're necessarily gone. Um, between the message he got and, and you know, this, uh, I think between the new inspiration he has for exploring and the fact that, you know, no bodies were ever found, he thinks they're out there somewhere. Um, and they are. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> uh, we know that. We From saw the, them in uh, the legacy Power issue. Pack. Yeah. Um, and, and power pack. Yeah. Uh, so, so there've been hits of them out there and, and they're doing something, but they haven't made contact with anyone down here. Um, meanwhile, uh, our cliffhanger, uh, while that emotional moment is going down is Dr. Doom, who, who has a drone or something somewhere, it looks like, uh, keeping <laughs> an eye obviously on the two remaining members of the fantastic force. So you got, you get, uh, kind of a whole full circle really classic feeling uh by the end of this comic because doom looks like he's he's back up to no good or you know um he's up to something pure doom right there. <laughs> yeah yeah he sure is he like if uh even his i know his suit doesn't look like classic doom but like the hood's up he, his eyes mm-hmm. are are glowing a little bit like he just looks more uh rambunctious than he he's looked in his series and in some other uh, recent events he's popped up in and around. Um, I, love like, I mean, he really came off as a nice guy in Gwenpool. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Uh, and an infamous Iron Man. Well, yeah. trying to be a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as by bow or forget goes, I mean, I was super surprised by by how much I actually enjoyed this book. I, I didn't have, maybe, I don't, I wanted, I didn't want to say my expectations were super low, which is why I enjoyed it so much. I just genuinely think it was written well and, and like. Uh, the characters' voices felt spot on. Um, I enjoyed again this Johnny more than I do in the Johnny in um, in the issues I've read. A spectacular, like it's just less jokey. It's more of a, a way I feel like Johnny would talk. And, and I know he's dealing with Spider Man, so uh, it's more of like a bro relationship in that. Um, yeah, in that book, and this is more like uh, you know Ben's kind of like a big brother, a family relationship type thing. So. Uh, but I don't know. I just enjoyed their interactions. Uh, the, the doom stuff was cool. Um, you know, Spider-Man handing over the keys and stuff to Ben. There, there were just good moments in it that I really had a, a fun time with. And, uh, and if it's a book that leads to, uh, the return of a fa- fantastic four, you know, that'd be pretty cool purpose behind it. Um, yeah, but other than that, the art was also good. Like, I that's just Jin Chung's style. I always would like to see it just colored a little brighter, I guess, but that's just his style. So I don't really have a problem with it. Uh, it, it looks great all the way through. Um, you know, doom looks cool. Things bottom of his face looks a little funky sometimes, almost like the top of his mouth is eating the bottom half of his mouth, but that's my only beef with the art. Really? Uh, I really enjoyed it. So it's a buy for me. Uh, what about you? I kind of agree with what you said about the colors. Like that's Frank Martin. Like, uh, the, like the color he was doing um, X Men Gold. He's not right now, but uh, yeah. those kind of like tannish, orangish like yeah. feel yeah. to it. Sometimes like, they're really washed out feeling. 
like when he did young of when chung did young avengers it was very bright and shiny and it just it popped a lot more um, yeah but uh i love that in the beginning when johnny is racing the people uh everyone he's he's leading in the race played human torch in a movie like they had jordan from uh the recent movie evans you know captain america when no, he played i didn't him. even i didn't and then, pick up on that that's pretty cool yeah yeah and then jay underwood from uh from the 94 movie so they, he covered like every person who's ever played what, from Storm. the one that never like you can watch on youtube that fucking movie yep. <laughs> yep. he even covered that one <laughs> those are some deep cuts right there so uh i love that it shows uh a really good look into the grief of Johnny and Ben. Like we, we've gotten some of it in other books, like in from Miss Iron Man with Ben a little bit and then uncanny Avengers with Johnny, but not like this. And there was uh, the really good in-depth look at how they feel. And then the scene from the ship when it was crashing from secret laws, that was like a really smart and awesome way to, you know, to, to add some more emotion into their yeah. grief. And it was really a good idea of Chip Zardarsky to take yeah, like advantage how, of that. Um... They almost like took the panel. They took the panels right out of there, but they didn't. They yeah. cropped out the text that wasn't Sue, so yes. it looked really cool. Um, at first, it almost annoyed me. I'm like, "Damn, I want to read those panels again." But then you get the point of it. Like, it's Sue's promise, or Sue asking for this promise from Ben, and and yeah, I liked it a lot too. Yep. It, was, it was a good they, time. Someone, I think it was Newsarama. They did an article about it, and they had all the panels from Secret Wars, and then the panels from Marvel Two and One, and it was it was really cool the fade out of the actual dialogue from Secret Wars. Like this isn't it happened, but this isn't what's important right now in the moment. So they just put the dialogue from the actual actual book. I also like um, you know that Zardarsky has a really good handle on Fantastic Four. He did a really good job with the handling of the characters. And before, if you told me he would be able to handle writing a Fantastic Four book, I'd probably say no fucking way. But this kind of changes my mind a little bit. Yeah. Um, it also has the best characterization of Doom I've seen since Secret Wars. Like, I enjoyed Infamous Iron Man a little bit. It was kind of boring. But this was like Doom, Doom. He talked in the third person. He acted like Doom. It was perfect. Even, like, the scene when he's spying on Johnny and Ben with the drone. That's, like, perfect, like, old-school Doom right there. I loved every everything about it. Um, the art from Chung, Martin, and Dell, and everybody was great. Uh, it was gorgeous. The emotions on the faces of the characters, some of the small action scenes, like the one between Doom and Ben, and the one between Ben and Johnny, were awesome. Like uh, when he like explodes in fire when he's all angry. Uh, that looked great. Um, I loved it. It's uh it's definitely a buy. I can't wait for the next one. Yeah, I definitely have a new respect for Chip Zdarsky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I liked um. I mean, I like some other books that he's done. I just didn't like his his start on Spider Man. You know, like I said, I might have to no. back in and see see what's going on there. But uh, maybe yeah, this this was a cool book. Yeah, this was a cool book. Um, so yeah, the, you know, this is the Christmas edition of the Marvel Minute. So you know, I hope everyone gets what uh, Santa is bringing them, what they asked for. Um, I said that all wrong, but you you get the gist of what I said there. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you know, you guys have a good holiday. We will holler at you next week. Um, yeah, finally the first Jean Grey issue next week. So if I had to predict what was going to win the vote, that will probably be it. Um, so be prepared for that. Uh, (laughs) That's what I'll say there. Uh, so yeah, we'll holler at you guys next week and peace out.
Yeah. I get my best flows and test on my next shows while my whiteboard is marked up with expos. Planning out all of my next moves and expos. The most unlikely artist to make it out of the West Coast. Teenager with the mind of a vet, though. But soon somebody will sign him a check. So if you did something that you highly regret, I recommend it. It's about time that you let go. Cause at first they were trying to diss me. Now I'm coming up, so they ask for favors. And when you get noticed, the story flipsy. Now they talking to me on their best behavior. People I barely know telling me they love me. Two-faced friends only in it for the money. Who can you trust when he's trying to be the greatest? But now I'm waving bye to you haters until I'm number one. One more mile till I reach my destination. One more mile and I'll achieve greatness. One more mile is how I get ahead. But one more mile and I'll probably be dead. Since the number one uh, The door slammed shut and left just an echo Repeated in my head and it won't let go I wondered, hey, what might have caused this mess? Was it the wife of the kids or a lack of interest? Or was it my fault for not praying enough? And diligently showing them a fatherly love We are all left with a diminishing hope But we pray every day that he comes back home Cause he will get lost without a trail guide And he can't do much with that old rusty knife to be a leader, but he follows his mind and chases after what he was told he would find. Believed he find that thing, whatever you call it, and whatever he could do just to fill up his wallet. All that he left us with bills to sort through, and what he said as he put on his new suit. One more mile till I reach my destination. One more mile and I'll achieve greatness. One more mile is how I'll get ahead, but one more mile and I'll probably be dead. Now's the time to hear reviews and. Listen to what Jim will say We'll find out if he thinks the books are Good or bad or just okay Now's the time to hear reviews And listen to what Jim will say We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores We don't want to hear Eric Shea All right, we are here. We're going to hear both Eric oh, Shea oh, 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 and oh, Reggie. Is, is, is that Chop of the Hut there? No, it's St. Patreon. Oh, my goodness. We're here with Reggie. And, yes, there's not a lot of books this week, and Reggie only has two, though Reggie will tell you that changes next week. He's already oh, yes. he he's looked ahead as me and Eric always do and realize oh, yeah. all of us have uh, next week's podcast is going to be insane. Uh, I think there's 18 books total, but, which is crazy. The last podcast of 2017. That I know that and I actually thought you were here to announce that it was legitimately the last, the last podcast. podcast ever. That's the last podcast. Please. It, it's all- called The End of the Podcast and the Start of Free Time once again actually eric has already said so everybody can rest assured if you like the podcast eric has told me eric and me are both very lazy men like we like to lay around but he's already realized that if we stop the podcast he really doesn't think that he'd be able to deal with that much free time he actually said that to me the other day i don't know what to do with myself when we actually don't record i end up sitting there i'm like I should be doing something, but I don't no. know what. I know what you wow. can do with yourself, all right? And you just out the door. I do that. Webcam do, going. About seven times. Podcast, you might get 20 seconds of stop motion animation out. No, that's true. Because my cat so or a... girlfriend would destroy it. Yes. <laughs> Which, actually, it's funny. They're I both the same person. 
the yeah. cat and the girlfriend. Uh, yes. But yeah, Reggie, you only have two books this yep. week. Uh, and we're going to start right in. We're just going to jump in with them. What is the first one? It is Aquaman number 31, written by Dan Abnett, art by Ricardo Federici and Sonny Go. You better watch out. You better not crime. You better not shout. I'm serious this time. Aquaman is coming to town. You see him when you're shopping. He's seen out in the trides. You see him so goddamn much, we should admit he's still alive. Oh, you better act cool. You better pretend. The myth of this dude that wants to be your best friend. Aquaman is coming to town. Yes, he is. And or he's, he's already here. there, but underneath. Uh, he's in town. He uh, is in this town. Is a really pretty issue. Uh, you know, they, this is an art change from... Uh, six or seven, I don't know how many issues it was Step and Cedric. Yeah, yeah, uh, Step and Cedric. But boy, this this is looking quite sweet as well in a different way, but in a very... It's a different way. And, but uh, a very uh, good yeah. way. I, I like I'll tell lot, you. Like, very hard, like, lined way. I dig it. Am I the only one who doesn't like it? <laughs> because I'm telling you, it's... I, I actually, because of how... It, it, it's weird. I'm trying to, to how I would uh, have a grip on it uh, because it's not completely a full out departure from Step and Cedric. Like if this would have been, say, a Pete Woods, who's a very cartoony look, right. it would have been different. This almost when I was reading it at first without knowing because we we talk about this all the time when we're just reading it. I don't sit there and look at the credits page first like no. you would as you review it or even the cover. I just go into it and I actually thought something was wrong because it still has had a little bit of Step and Cedric deal, but almost as if they either changed the way he did it or he had a different colorist or something. But like you said, it's very pencil heavy compared to it. Now yeah. I'm looking at it now. I'm like, you know what? If I just kind of get Step and Cedric out of my brain, you know, then I'll yeah, be, well, I can appreciate it. Part of it is the way it opens on the ninth tried, and, and it looks like he takes the design right from a Step and Cedric. Yeah, panel. yeah. Uh, I, I think that's on purpose. They don't want it to be so difficult but i'll be honest taking them together i you know i've always said i think step and cedric has to kind of step it up on his interiors and they can be a little loose when you really like scrutinize them i like yeah. this art better than step and cedric looking really? at it right now I and, and that's pretty cool still that's yeah. not a diss on either of them you know it's not like i was uh disappointed by what i got but i i really dig this this reminds me of like weird spanish artists you should see in heavy metal magazine oh, really yeah. like no oh, really sex stuff oh yeah i don't know i don't have i can't think of any of their names and it isn't this guy but uh, people, this reminds me kind of a Mobius. He, he's not a Spanish guy, but he's from uh, France or something. Anyway. Okay. So the thing with this book, a lot of people dug it. I saw, I was looking at the Slack chat just before, whoop, whoop, this. Yes, uh, I was as well. Thing. People were digging it, and I can understand yes. that. If this was the first issue yeah. of this drift, you know, Coram Wrath, you know what I mean? Like, if, if this was the first issue after uh, Aquaman had gotten stabbed and Korra Mrath took over the throne I there would I would definitely wonder what the hell happened there would be a big jump but to me it's still we're almost in the same exact place we were last oh, no. issue we, we still are yeah. I'm telling you this issue spends its entire time just rehashing everything it, we've already read just so far people, I mean this is again the proverbial jumping on point where it's just but, rehashing everything with yeah. a development at the very end I'm saying yeah. by the end, the cliffhanger, I was actually got mad that it was the cliffhanger because that's what I wanted to see for this entire issue, yeah, yeah. that development. And now that we have that as the cliffhanger again, I'm like, 
God damn it, you just told me everything I've already read for the past couple months and then gave me the cliffhanger of what I actually wanted to see. Yeah, but it's funny because when uh, we were talking before you got on with us, uh, Reggie, I actually had mentioned to Eric, hey, did you see in the Slack, they're really getting into this Aquaman deal. And I said, were you kind of bored like me? Because it is kind of just a repeat. And I'd love to say rinse and repeat, but there's no rinsing going on except except they're underwater. You can't rinse. It's just underwater the whole time. Yeah, but in the meantime, (laughs) it's like if you're reading this book, this, this reminds me, I hate to say it, his other book, which is Titans, he ends up just there's no forward momentum until the cliffhanger. And then usually it's MC Scat Cat, where then when we go to the next issue, you, you go two steps forward, one step back. You keep going. It's never a well, that, push forward. Well, everybody loves MC so how, Scat how long, Cat. How long I mean, has MC Scat Cat been in Titans? I didn't know. He, you Did didn't know this? He uh, actually replaced Kid is, Flash for a while. Is Paul, Ab- is Paul Abdul <laughs> No, Paul Abdul is actually the right. first I'll villain. Start, they I'll killed him. Yeah. <laughs> they killed Paul Abdul. Uh, and, and actually, Keanu Reeves was there with her in that one, too. Oh, wow. And they, they got rid rushed? of them. Yeah, yeah they rush-rushed. And, and then Keanu Reeves, he went over the cliff in the car, I, I believe is what happened. But yeah, that it's was trouble. Tom and Elise. Gotta, it's I gotta, trouble. I got to pick that up. I got to pick that up. Tell uh, you, do you, do you think that Keanu Reeves is that? That's like one of his best acting roles in the the that video. It was so good. He was really. I'm good. Say, I, think, I know it was. Yes, and I think that Paul Abdul could have done uh, some movies. I think that she was really good in that. Sure. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Why but not? yeah. I mean, for all the crap people they hired to do movies, she could have been. That one is of them true. That is true. But yeah, you're you're gonna. I, I know that as we're going on with this story. Uh, Dan Abnett definitely wants you to know that Volko, they, he really wants to stress to you that this guy is a piece of shit, at least in Aquaman's eyes, until if he does redeem himself. Yeah, we kind of see that that's not going to happen though. anyway. We we see in this, he's underhanded again. That's yeah. all he is. And, and he's I think all like, that, you know, I am underhanded. You know I'm underhanded. Yeah. Use me and as even an then, person. Even then, he's dealing with, you know, he's even being more underhanded than just admitting he's underhanded. He is a bad guy who does, like he says, I think that Dan Abnett really wants to stress this, Volko, he's a bad guy. He's fucked uh, Aquaman, where in this book, they have that common phrase, we have history. They, they say that a bunch in this book going through this whole run. But with that, it's definitely set up for, I believe, his redemption, which is going to come up. I do believe, because he always does have Atlantis first. He just goes fucked up ways to do it. He's almost like Deathstroke in that way in the Aquaman yeah. book. But uh, I do like the continuation of Dan Abnett's showing, like, Aquaman does not want to be king and he he really spells it out but really this issue and and probably the last like six could be condensed into two issues we we just really all of this stuff is just for him to go and get you know the bad guys down there and and have a rebellion i've been saying the whole time we could have done an issue or two of this supposed mythical you yeah, know, Bat- Batman-esque Aquaman. God, that they keeps saying, they even yeah. reiterate that idea. It's again. really like, forced yeah, in here, here, though. Like he's a myth. He's fu- he's standing. He, he's there. Like five dozen people that know he's yeah. alive now. It's ridiculous, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's no longer really a myth, you know. It's no. like just to score wrath isn't sure doesn't mean that. Everyone else in Atlantis doesn't and, and know what's going on. The, the weird thing about it, too, is in this, they, uh, you know, Volko even says at the one point, oh, you know, you like those theatrics like that guy up there. And I'm like, who right. the fuck is he talking? Oh, and then he says in Gotham, I'm like, 
I don't know. I don't really get theatrics. I get the idea of being a myth and being a, a, a symbol, but it just didn't play. It really was forced to in me. In my mind, uh, he really only did that once when he did this. When yes. he appeared in the School of Fish, and that was, yeah, like that the, was first, cool. the first thing he ever did. That was so cool. Other than yeah. that, he's battled the crap out of like Koromrath's guards and criminals and all over, all yeah. up and down the trides. And he, he got his killed. ass kicked by Crush for a while. He got yeah, kicked ass yeah. and got captured by Crush, and, and Crush was all ready to like drop dime on him being alive. And even though Crush got killed, everyone yeah. else that was there saw Aquaman. All I'm saying is this: this is nonsense. Now this this Aquaman myth is baloney. Uh, yeah, and it they, could have been they, really cool. They're not showing it, you know. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're not and maybe it, that's but. one of the casualties of it going monthly. Maybe if you had that extra issue each month, they would have dealt with that. I would have even, I mean, as I say that, I would have even gone with the back and forth like a Greg Rucka, where you have like almost like a Tales of the Myth or so. I don't know, but I would have liked to have seen that. I didn't even when <laughs> when you guys first when that first started and you guys did. I remember me saying, ah, I don't need that or whatever. But now at this point with it pushed i think that we should have had it not just yeah. you know i wanted to we really should have had it just and the techniques you know show him like shooting out of a whale's mouth him using a manta ray for cover i don't know yeah. some nonsense it would have been just like a school of fish like masking his face the entire time and all you see is that aquaman belt symbol thing yeah, going yeah. on but that strikes fear in people like oh my god is this the dead king is this yeah. the atlantis vigilante he i don't know that- but he's taken to the streets we know that the aqua cock, and he's he's taking yes. to the uh, waterways more than the, the aqua cod piece. Yes, <laughs> and I think one of the other things is because we, we really haven't seen much of Corn Wrath lately. It, it's no, you know really you're haven't. going. We really haven't seen him at all, and it's really like I, I guess some people are digging this, issue, but not doing much. Yeah, but not doing much, and so you just have Aquaman he, just kind of walking left around. The throne room at all? No, so I no. why would he? <laughs> he likes I that wouldn't. room. That's now, the, his. One, the, the one bit of recap since this issue in my mind is really majority like the majority of it is recap is where we do find out that Volko and Andine are still working for the widowhood and like that's that is the big I thing forget that's what I'm about. saying yeah and that's I where I said there's that. yeah there's like that underhanded you know he, but, uh, hey honestly, look at me Vol- I'm Volko I always do this and then yeah widowhood she was sent with their blessing I always assumed that she was still in contact she's not like you know, the widowhood said, like, we have an agent that can help you through the whatever throne room. Yeah. And it was on Dean. So I never got the impression that we thought she was cut off from them or anything. But she is talking through, like, it looks like a mirror or something, you know, talking to the uh, widowhood and some, I guess, mirror. Yeah, my, mirror my idea with it was that she was kind of there to help because she believed in Aquaman a little more than what we saw here. I mean, especially that. When she even points out, like, hey, Volko, well, you know, do this or whatever. Volko has just gone on and on. Aquaman, look it. I'm on the up and up now. You know, I'm an asshole, but I'm an asshole in the open because I want to help you. And then I think that on Dean part was to show you more that Volko is still, even though he's telling the truth about, hey, I'm an asshole, he's still being an asshole beyond that being an asshole. And I thought that that was where there's going to be problems because the whole thing is trying to convince Aquaman to be the king again, and it's not working. So I'm afraid that Volko is going to do something very drastic to show, and this as is what he does. he does. As he does, that's what he does. He'll trick Aquaman by saying, oh, what? look, if you were king, Dolphin wouldn't have just gotten her head cut off when he was the one who did it, and 
you know, shit like that. He's very big on that, you know, crisscross applesauce shit that he does. Uh, but yeah, and I'll tell you, with the whole deal, I do like the art. As I'm going, crisscross applesauce. When you go, I like the art a lot. You know where I think it is off that actually was the thing that threw me off was Aquaman's shirt. It really threw it because it's so pencil heavy. It just looks like a hair shirt instead at points. Like yeah, like yeah I think that that's where the only thing that really threw me off because the other guys in the faces are great and very. Uh, this will fit okay with a trade oh, that yeah, would have Step and Cedric as yep. well. It really does play off well uh, that way. But uh, like I said, and and then when you have you know the uh, the King Shark and those things look great. But yeah, really, I, that's I, all I, this I, is. I hate the way King Shark looks in this because it. Is is the king shark, the, like, the hammerhead shark? The yeah. way that the eyes, the, like the eye, like coming off the side of the head, they're just so small to me, and he barely looks like King Shark. He but- did seem to. I, I agree with you that he made the head look a little smaller, but I really like the uh, like musculature of the face. Like it, it, when he's when he's grimacing, it looks like there's really skin pulling back heavily. But right. the detail, I'd say there's more detail, but I'd say the scale is changed from the way Hammerhead looked. In the last issue, King yeah. Shark. King Shark, sorry. Uh, yes, yes, but I yes. Did, I did like that fight. That fight was basically, you know, your requisite action for the uh, for the issue. And it didn't yeah. go anywhere. It's like no, oh, it didn't go anywhere. To sit down and talk like I wanted to originally. Okay. Oh my like, yes. god, damn it! And yeah. then, now they're going to be part of the resistance or the drift or whatever. So that's uh, you know. And, and the, the one thing that throws me off, too, is that you have, you know, these guys fighting. And the whole thing was set up. Oh, look, with uh, with Crush gone, you have the gangs. There's, there's a power vacuum. They're all trying to get their way. But I think when all is said and done here, Aquaman is telling them something that they should agree with right away. Now, again, they may be like, oh, fuck you, Aquaman. But they don't even Suck seem it. to do that. It just seems to be like, oh, no way, Corn Wrath, he's going to dig us. You know, he digs us the most. And yeah. it's not the case. And we see that. And they are smart enough to know that that isn't the case, especially King Shark. That's what throws me off here. King Shark's not, you know, he he's not just the average just monster down there. He knows what's going on. He's also been on the surface world, which he points it out, and is something that might even go well with the Aquaman, where he says, you know, hey, look, I've been, you know, the surface world, but it's it's played off very shallow, though it's deep underwater, uh, because uh. it's it's basically like, no way, man, we're gonna be this, and and you know that eventually, the thing that gets me is, you know, by the end they're gonna agree with them, so don't give me this nonsense. Just go yeah. right into it, because we know that they're gonna, you know. If you don't agree, well, if they can, we can let's, uh, shorten it at least. You know, let them take yeah. a couple of punches and then say like, "All right, let's uh, you know, let's be men about." Yeah, this, I'm or saying man yeah, and a shark. you know, they have the thing and they're like, "Well, let's say for a moment you're right." And it's funny because as he's saying, he's trying to say, "Hey, you know, Cormath and they even say he was from down here. You know, he's a true son of the ninth. He'd never." And he's like, "You know what?" He has a proud heritage, but he also he's ashamed of you guys. And he was so it, it's making ways. But really, when you have this sort of story, basically what's going to happen next usually is that somebody that's close to them will be killed as a dirty, you know, mm-hmm. under what, and then they'll join anyway. I don't need to see that cliched story 
but really, not a lot happens. It's a lot of yelling because then from there you see Dolphin, you know, kind of drift away. I thought that Dolphin was in for big trouble when she did drift away. I thought that something was going to go wrong, she but really kidnapped or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really, what she ends up seeing is Mara, and they're like, uh, you know, the guy's like, you see, Lady Mara, her tank's almost out of air. She's in like a bubble with an air tank, and she looks like she's going to die. She, she got fucked up by the strange yeah. water like yep. two issues ago. Yep, so but she I, can't it, breathe. It is kind of funny that Aquaman like just made a deal and like a hundred feet away is yeah. his girlfriend. And also, you know what the <laughs> other and I didn't mind that like again, this is like a standard Dan Abnett issue. The actual dialogue, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Uh that if you go with the pacing in the just individual issue there's not the pacing of his his whole story and arcs is off but in individual issues you kind of go the one thing though that did throw me off i don't know why when they showed the the crown of thorns and they showed it as almost like an electrical field and yeah, it looked more it, mad it's it, changed a lot yeah it, it really threw me off i know that it's magic i know that they're going with that but it seemed to be a mate- more of a material thing around there that they had to like fight through that was somewhat magic, but it was also it material. That's in step and subject has taken over. Yeah, it just it seems so weird that, that it's, it's just like now. It, I feel like over time they've changed their idea about what the crown of thorns. Yeah, because when it first came, it like knitted together. You know. Yeah, that's, that's what like, I'm saying. It, it seemed like a hard shell. shit. You know what I mean? As yeah. you tried to get away, but uh, now, now it's it, just it does this, seem yeah. more like an energy shield. Who knows? Yeah, Who knows I, the ways of magic? And again, they, 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 just the fact that we still just have basically the same story. Corn Wrath is a bad leader who hates anybody but true Atlanteans. You have a crown of thorns that he put in with the old magic that will keep people in and out, you know, all that stuff. And Aquaman's down yeah. below trying to gather the troops. We, we have not had anything different for quite Aquaman's some time now. It, and the, the difference is now, I guess, Mara's dying, but now Dolphin. Yeah, she's dying. No, and uh, you know, before we do end, because there's not a lot more to talk about, I did like one thing a lot was when Aquaman's like, "Boy, this this trident's kind of supercharged," and Volko just he actually explains it and says, "Listen, this magic that Cornrath has let go loose here, it is powering up these ancient artifacts to more than what you would be used to." And that, that I actually cool. like that. I thought that that was yeah. a cool way that eventually we're gonna have a big ass battle. But that's what I want. Like Eric said at the beginning, he said to me before we recorded you end with a cliffhanger that that's what we wanted to see at the beginning and yeah. i wish we would have dealt more with that but we'll see uh next issue but you have anything else reggie no pretty much yeah anything there's not much going it. on I, you know I, I when i talked about the fellows in the slack chat whoop whoop and the get fresh crew yes, I, I didn't mean to demean them I didn't mean to make it sound like I hate. They no, you did. You told I me earlier. It. Like I, you said, I go in there like, and lesson is <laughs> schools in session, boys. That's what you yell. <laughs> You're gonna show I, them what uh, it is. This is not an issue to hate, though. And you know, if you have no. not been reading Aquaman and you and you've been hearing good things, this could be your one to jump on and pretty much pick up everything you need to know. Yeah. But for those of us that have been reading all along. This is just an issue standing in the same place that it was, you yes, know, to, that, the last that's issue. That's my Far from two issues ago. So I'm giving it that old. And uh, the art, though, I thought was spectacular. Whether you think it's better or worse than the last uh, last yeah. guy, Stefan Cedric, you can't really say it's bad. So I'm giving it that Dan Abnett 7 out of 10. Yeah, it's funny because I, I will say that there is an issue where you we've said about Aquaman a lot. And there's a couple other books like it as well of the, you know, it's actually a – could be a backhanded compliment uh, saying, listen – 
this issue is a good way to jump in. You get because I think we say that a lot with this book, and that shows yeah. that not a it's lot is going on. Lot. It's a lot of recap, a lot of you know, you're always gonna get that. That's great. It's great for more people to jump on. And I do think that when you know you look at the whole rebirth landscape and now with rebirth over but we'll still call it rebirth is uh, this book ends up because i'm also probably going to be very close to a seven i'm kind of teetering between a six five and a seven but because it's been consistently that it, it quietly becomes one of the better books of the rebirth but yet it's nothing that's wowed me more than – the big oh. wow of this whole series I'll was when Stepan Sedgwick jumped you know, on. It's very consistent, yeah. and it's consistently not bad. I can't yeah. say it's been consistently great. I, I don't even know if I can say consistently good and really say that with a you know meaning it fully, but it has been consistently not bad. And I, I think I'm going to go with you because now that I look, the only thing I really do have problems with is his shirt that looks crazy at points. Looks like he's just uh, orange and hairy, and it doesn't even look like scales like we, we normally see. But uh, the art is pretty good, other than that, to me. And the you know I don't know. I hate to give something a seven when we don't go very far, but there's nothing really wrong with it uh so i'll go seven i'll be positive what about you eric i i really enjoy the art in this issue uh, like I'm, I'm not a fan of like line heavy kind of work like this yeah. but i think it really works well and complements what we've already been doing with step on pat sajak but yeah. uh overall this was an this was an issue where i just read the same things i've already read and i was bored to tears from there was a few scenes here and there that i thought were good like i said like you know reminding us about the widowhood and what their plot is with you know aquaman the idea that you know the the trident is becoming powered up. These yeah. are cool things. And even the cliffhanger. I love the cliffhanger. I love the cliffhanger, Because yeah. I wanted to see that for this issue from the beginning. But overall, I was just really disappointed and bored with this. So I gave it a 5.5 out of 10. Boosh. I think that Boosh. what happens is uh, that worries me as well because we do end with Mara there. She can't breathe. As Reggie pointed out, it's all the strange water, whatever whatever they're calling it nowadays. No, it's just the uh, amulet was broken when she passed through and it's fucked up her system because of it. Yeah, even oh, that. that's what it was. You're even right, that, yeah. uh, that. That's what I'm saying. I guarantee you next issue, before we get into anything, we're going to have half an issue of recap and explanation of that. And then we will go forward two inches again. It'll be all crazy. So we'll, we'll Sometimes see. Sometimes two inches is enough, Jim. Remember that. Some to well, that's what you try to get going. No, that that was a couple of uh, arcs ago. Yeah, I think I'm yeah, thinking of the, uh, you know, I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the. Um, I think I'm thinking of the uh, dead water. The special, the special that just came out where they actually referenced. Yes. It. Actually, uh, I, I was thinking of so, it as well, that we said that it was like, oh, crazy that they actually brought that up. But yeah, they actually uh, brought that in. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, just I just don't want – I need something to go on. And really, I only can think that the thing that needs to happen is this goddamn corn wrath has been thrown out. And Aquaman has to say, listen, I love you guys. Mara's going to stay here, be queen, and I'm out. I'm out, E5000. I'm out, and I'm going to do some adventures because I need more. And, and it's funny because this goes along with like everybody going. And even on the site, this anonymous guy's ripping into Eric, ripping him a new one, saying that I like this Batman where we're having this and that, and it's just I don't need fights and all this. It seems like that's what every book is now. I want fights. Why am I a piece of shit yeah. that I want these heroes to go and fight people and punch the shit out of them and have a fucking well, good you know, time? Dad Abnett knows his comic formula. You know, he did. Yeah. He did have his. Was it two fights in here? You know, the one fight yeah, with did. the guards, and then the one with uh, King Shark. 
Yeah, but you know what I mean? When did it become a bad uh, thing to uh, want freaking heroes to go out and be heroes and fight and I, then bring I, down bad I, I guys? Thought, I thought the reason we liked it as a visual medium That's was what I guess. like it for. It I don't want to wasn't to watch people stand around. No. I don't if I if I want to know the you know the philosophy and the goddamn psychology of Batman, I'll I'll go read a book or something. You know, I'll actually go and get my masters. I'll go Listen, back to school. Comics are only good for two things, and that's action and crude pornography. And toilet paper. That's, that's it. Ooh, so, burn. Let's go to the next one. What is the next one, Reggie? The next one is Harley Quinn number thirty-three, written by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, art by Brett Blevins, Otto Schmidt, Moritat, and Alex Sinclair. Deck the face with fists of Harley, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. First we mourn and then we party, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Darn it, now the writing's horrible, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Guess we'll move Quinn down to Florida, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Yes, there you go, Reggie. I did mess up big time on the review on the site. Well, not really too big I, to be honest, I wouldn't have changed my opinion but i did say this was jimmy and amanda's last issue but it's not pen ultimate it is reggie this is it's their the second pen to issue. ultimate the, the but, issue uh, i think and he did get a hold of us i think that jimmy palmiotti was hoping that your main problem was the fact that it didn't wrap up that you would think it'd be wrapped up more uh, you know like that, yeah, that, uh, wasn't my, that i did i did see that as being sort of weird and i guess we'll expect that next issue because yeah with as big of a cast that harley has they got to do the Wizard of Oz. It's got to be, you know, I, I'll miss you most of all, Cyborgman or whatever. Yeah, the fuck yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's the, way, it's the way it looks, it looks like half the cast is coming with them to Florida anyway. You I know, think we they mostly will be. So, it does yeah, seem that way. It's not going to be a big change, but uh, uh, I was pretty disappointed with this issue. You know, it had three artists, each of them yeah. sort of doing their own separate story, and all of them not doing it. Well, visually, I was really surprised by this book because, yeah. especially that first part by Brett Blevins that we know that's from terrible. It's, it's terrible. Terrible. It yeah, really that, looks that part terrible. is it's awful. It really uh, is, and I like I like him. I like Burt Blevins as thing. much I, as I like draw. yeah. Yeah, I like uh, him and Burt Blylevin. Those are two guys I like. I, I don't know that you would know. I, I don't know. <laughs> Burt Blylevin, pitcher. But uh, no, that that first art is terrible. It, it really is, and he's a good artist. And I think it's awful. I think that the uh, the actual knowing what he can do. I mean, yeah. Well, that's the thing that bad. he's better than that. And really, to me, it's like it's full up proportions are off on the cat. Like it really seemed odd to me. But really, basically, you have this issue where they're burying Mason. They have his you know funeral, and it's more of everybody's kind of getting over it. And that's what you have pretty much. And because of that, yeah. that leads Harley to be able to go and do more roller derby, which I thought we were and, done and, with. And because of all that. I'm telling you, I don't mind the art. The art was never a problem for me in this no. issue. It, it is the disjointed feel of this entire story where we start out with the whole idea of Mason. Then we move on to a roller skating girl, yeah. which I don't even know what they're doing, who has fucking magic powers. Wait a and second. Like, you missed the part where she yeah. puts on a meat bikini. I was trying yeah. to skip over that. And then let's, let's all of her I, animals. All, I don't know. And this also, is disgusting. I'm not sure when in, in Harley Quinn. I mean, I knew she had a bunch of stray cats and dogs, but now she's got – Ring lizards, lemurs. yeah. She's got raccoons, uh, an, an armadillo. I see it there. Owls. I don't understand how this is happening. Yep. An owl. This, this really is a weird way. I mean, well, I mean, you guys know. Is this how? Is this what you did after your father? past eric is that you put on a meat suit and uh let the neighborhood animals no i just covered myself in drugs and went to the bush house for the yeah. same effect okay. yeah okay. no so i, I not, actually that's not a thing all right then 
I actually, you know, I thought I was going to do my Lady Gaga thing. I made the meat suit, and I, I danced around town and, and got raccoons. Actually, it's weird. What I did, I didn't really get meat or anything like this. I, I actually just got my dog and, and some peanut butter, and I had a good time that night. But And that's all I could think of. That has actually to do with your father's funeral. No, no, no. No, no, just you know, the what was, what was that ink that your that your dad used to like make uh, arrangements to get through the summer or something like that? Some What's ice that? cream cake. Oh, no, the tasty he, cakes. Yeah, the he got the tasty cakes. cakes. Yeah, he'd that, freeze them. That so would basically, be the yeah. put on for, basically, uh, I just ate all of his uh, hidden food. Actually, like, yeah, it's funny. Dad, I mean, anything I want. I, I didn't go to my – I don't even know if my dad had a funeral. I, I think he just was cremated. My mom came home with the 80 t- uh, pounds of, of ash. He was a big fella and just had it. And had actually in a – a couple of times before they in a, put Yeah, the, uh, in a comedy movie deal, she did come in and, and spill the ashes all over the carpet and then vacuumed it up. There's no ashes left uh, that my mom has. She actually vacuumed them up and then basically just started going to strip clubs and things like that as an 80-year-old Brit would do but uh yeah i just this this issue i think that the main problem is you have this mason uh deal and you do have they're burying them you do have some pretty you know you have some tender moments between her and madame macabre mason's mom but because then you go all over freaking everywhere out of nowhere you're you're starting and i get it this is the penultimate issue i don't know if you knew that reggie but you Uh you end up this is the start (laughs) this is the start of the Okay, let everybody see all the people and go. But because you start with this funeral and start with this like almost like a touching moment, then everything is disjointed. Like we don't need – a character in this book is not roller derby. Yes, the okay. roller derby girls might be. I don't remember well, them. I don't I'll tell care you, about them. You go them. off to like your know, Wonder Wharf and she sees you know the hurricanes coming in and people yes. are surfing and shit like that. And crazy summer days come. Yeah. Like, Who the fuck is that? Yeah, yeah. That? Yeah, and, and you're just like, girl. what? And then she goes off to the roller derby, and then out of nowhere you get this she, girl who she seems to have roller powers. Derby, I don't think in Rebirth. It, it's no, all well, yeah, this crazy she has. This is the thing, thing, the weird thing she has, but it's always been something like this where she ends up like, boy, I want to you know, blow some steam. Hey, there's Harley. We have our thing. And she goes in and then gets kicked out usually. Like It's yeah. not been a thing, though. And so it's not anything we need to catch up on or or put a pin in because it doesn't matter. And what we get here doesn't give you any character moments with the other girls from the roller derby. Really, yeah, we bring it's in just a whole this... new person for her to be. Yeah, fuck and it just—I don't know what they're doing. Like, I don't either. So Nonsense. Nonsense. I, I and never his Thunderdome on skates all of a sudden, and I yeah. have no idea what the deal is. Yeah, I know. It's not even roller derby anymore. It's, it's like... That's point, Eric. I mean, that's how it was even when they met uh, Red Tool. It was yeah. just, uh, just an enter-one-man-leave situation. I don't know what yeah. happened. They, they just decided, I guess, they didn't want to play the uh, sport. Yeah, the, the, the sport. sport of Queens, they call it. Yes, roller they do. Derby. Yeah, uh, then she goes... Over, so this, is, this is when Otto Schmidt takes over, and I'll tell you something. I love Otto Schmidt's art. I yeah. often oh, yeah, it's great. Uh, select him his covers when I do my cover yeah. of the week thing. This also does not look up to snuff for his shit. Yeah. Uh, it looks good. I, I don't think it's bad. It's very stylized, but it doesn't look as good as I feel like I know he can draw. Yeah. And I want did this issue have to be put together in a week. Like what happened here? 
And uh, it may have. I mean, that may explain why there's all these artists as well. Maybe when they change, maybe when uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor were leaving the book, maybe one of two parties were surprised at the decision. Maybe the you know Palmiotti yeah. and Connor said, "Hey, we're going to leave," or "Hey, you got it's it's funny because." John it Kim's seems like, like PC, fuck yeah, you, really, yeah, really. And and with that though, I would assume that Palmiotti and Connor may have gone to DC and said, "Hey, we're done," only because they kind of have been grooming Frank Thierry to take over the book a bit. So oh, yeah. he is the, the you know almost like that was Palmiotti and Connor's pick to continue. So I would think that. They wouldn't just out of nowhere say, hey, Pamian and Connor, you're done. You quit, you know, or you're fired. We're going to get Frank Thierry in here. I think there would have been problems. So I do think it's the other way. And maybe it was something where they had something done and they had to change it because it just, it's very weird to have that. Very weird for Harley Quinn. Like I said, the solicits have been way off. It seems like uh, endings change in in the middle. Even that whole election thing, just like it started with a whole vote for Harley campaign by the end. The election that wasn't even failed, important at yeah, all. It had nothing to do with anything. It was and all really, like you, you, this revenge thing. You put uh, a pin in it here with the surfer. That's all it was. It's so not weird. Only, not only that, it's even when Red Tool was leaving the funeral. All right, I'm going to go check in on Delani. I'm like, nobody in the story no. knows that you have the back girl of, uh, of And the it's so funny. Here. I don't oh, think anybody but us three. Until you just brought it up. Yeah, right oh, there. and I, I, when I read that, I'm like, oh, yeah, the back girl. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't think that's going to ever be resolved. No. Maybe it will with Frank Thierry, so. but that's I don't think bad. so. Yeah, because uh, we like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I, I don't want to. You know, obviously, we, I don't have any inside information, but no. some some funny happened with this book, and I get the impression with this issue that they had to put it together really fast. Because like this whole thing with the roller derby or the roller massacre, it's so weird and unlike really any Harley story. This whole thing with like a hypnotizing, she's getting hypnotized by her antagonist. It's like something you would have seen in the. Uh, Cameron Stewart, Brendan Fletcher, Babstar, Batgirl. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean? That's really what this feels like to me. It, it just does not feel like Harley at all. In the end, Harley wins. Don't worry, she ends up. I like this scene where she's throwing like a bat, a spear, a bunch of machetes, two axes, you know, a, mm-hmm. a ripping chainsaw. She's throwing it. It's uh, and like kills everyone behind her, but her uh, the villain only has like a broken nose. Uh, then at the end, we go to Moritat. Everything gets real cute, and yeah. uh, you know, it just uh, seems to. Like this, you for, you forgot where Harley went and met the Crypt Keeper from the original Tales from the uh, Crypt that, I don't even want to talk about that. It's so is, crazy. Is that, what, is that what she gives money to this? Yeah, yeah. and that's how it's disgusting. Is, but that, yeah. is this a character that's been in the book before? No. I've never seen this character no. before in my life. they haven't been. What is this scene? It's, just, it's just to show scene. Harley has a heart of gold. There we go. I guess that's nice. I know, but it, it, make, it made it feel like. They have such a relationship. I should know this person. I, no. I feel like I never saw. Although I, I do see the resemblance to the Crypt Keeper now. Yeah, it's, oh, it's yeah. the, the Crypt so, Keeper uh, and my mother. Uh, disgusting. And, uh, you know, I like Moritat's art. And yeah, I like Moritat's art. He and Moritat used to be on the book a lot before, so that I like that. He used to do a lot of All Star uh, Jonah Hex. That uh, yes, he did a lot of that. On yep. that a lot. Uh, so in the end. Um, you know, Big Tony and uh, Madame Macabre, they're about to head down to Tampa, Florida. They're like, hey, you want to come? Now, is that Madame Macabre or Queenie? Is it the same oh, I'm character? Sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's Queenie. You're right. It's okay. Yeah. Person. Yeah, it's Queenie. And uh, they're about to head down to Tampa, Florida. And he's basically like, hey, you want to fucking come along? <laughs> like, hey, I like I Big can, Tony. <laughs> if I can pick up uh, Poison hey. Ivy. And they do. Yeah, and, and that's and it. They take the George Washington Bridge in that one There scene they go. Film. Yes, that they do. George Washington Bridge. 
You know what's funny too, as I was reading this, I, I actually thought because of this ending with, uh, and even, you know, you have Poison Ivy through this, and I know for a fact that Poison Ivy League hates the Poison Ivy in this book, yes. and it, per, it perplexes me why. I, I really think that it's this pretty. is one of the nicer, better Poison Ivies. And, you and, know, and it I'll just, be honest, I, I like the friendship between Harley yes, Quinn and Poison Ivy. I do Ivy. too. I think, it's, I think it's all right. It's cool. They kind of like work at each other, Poison Ivy ground. And they, Harley, they treat and her as a, yeah. To me, Poison Ivy in this is treated as a you know a, a regular character and not just a, you know yeah. there to you know make vines and do this. It really shocks me. I just think that she doesn't like the idea of them you know being that close of friends. Maybe I don't know, or maybe it's like oh she's just eye candy here, but I don't see that. I actually like that progression Poison of Ivy their friendship. Has such a highly specific view of how Poison yeah, Ivy it just, should it, be. It upsets I don't me think because I will ever do I it. think that uh, Palmiani and Connor actually treat. Poison Ivy with more respect than you do see in a lot of other books that use her as just a prop a lot of times. So we'll see. But what did you give it, Reggie? Well, you know, uh, I had said in my review over and over that uh, I thought this was uh, Jimmy and Amanda's last book, and I expected to see more of a goodbye to the whole gang yeah. of Harleys, goodbye to, you know, uh, all the different characters. And I guess we'll probably get that next issue, but that wasn't really my problem with the book because I like that's something I was dying to see it's just something i expected to see overall i thought this book was very weirdly disjointed it has that center thing with the roller derby that seems totally out of place and incongruous with everything else going on in the book uh the 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 art in the beginning really was off especially for, for brett blevins for me and it we parts of that were just paced weird like the morning part went on too long yeah. the scene with her with with the meat bikini which actually is the cover of the book was just two pages. It was yeah. nothing. I don't really understand even why it happened. It was like very strange issue. Did not really enjoy it. Kind of disappointed, especially as we're wrapping up this title. So I gave it a four out of ten. Okay, I'm actually just gonna go five five. Uh, it's it's what it is. And it, being the penultimate issue, I I do wish it was better. I do wish that they would been like, okay, let's like go out with a bang because there has been points where we have enjoyed this book. Uh, more than we even thought we would sure. but unfortunately it does seem stale hopefully frank Thierry coming on uh does kind of give it a lift i just to me it almost seems like it's one of those where you know you have jimmy and, and amanda doing this and it's it's almost like they they're just writing it in and i know that they you know if they heard that they'd be pissed probably because they're professionals but i just think that their time on this book has been so long that they just don't have anything else to do with the character. Yeah. And really, it's not even that. It's almost like you almost can Listen, see from when you know, we if, first if started burnt it. burnt out by this. Yeah, it's, there's no spark to it anymore. You can almost see, like, when, when I actually, because Eric reviewed it, then I did, and then, I mean, this has been going on forever. And then I gave it to Reggie, and at one point, I think, Reggie, me and you were just talking about it. Eric wasn't even on, you know, talking with on the podcast. And we were really, at points, we're enjoying it. We actually were, because it sure. seemed like, even with the dick jokes and things like that, but at least it felt like they, they were giving it their all and stuff. Lately, it just seems like, it's just like, oh, you know, it's I become more said- of a chore. I always said that with a Harley comic, even if it's not, you know, obviously, why would you get it if it's not your bag? But you're not going to feel ripped off. It always had really high quality production, very dense. In fact, sometimes so dense you were like, this is a little overly dense. But, you know, it's not one of these comics you burn through in three minutes and you're like, uh, you know, why did that person keep saying the same things over and over throughout the whole comic and Mm -hmm. had a stupid date at a a county fair or whatever? Uh, So even though she's, you know, lives in Coney Island, but... 
Yeah. Uh, I, if Amanda and Jimmy and you know people uh, working on the comic are feeling burnt out, well, they've done seventy-one consecutive yeah. issues, not yeah. counting any of the annuals or specials. Yeah, or mini series, the mini series, little black book, yeah, or that Starfire. It's just I mean, been they, so many. It's been a lot. So I mean, I don't know. No one, didn't, neither of them, told us, or at least not didn't no. tell me that they're no. burnt up. But if they are no. burnt out, I don't blame them. No, They've I don't either. I just thing. think that they did a lot. What they did do a lot with the character. They made her Big a time. hero in her own little continuity. They got mm-hmm. rid of the Joker deal. They did a lot with her. I just think that there's not much more for them to say with the character and do because of the fact that there really isn't much to do with a Harley. Now you have Frank Thierry going, uh, taking him down to Florida. You're going to have that. So that might be some fun situations. But I really think that you know maybe we've had too much Harley in a row. Maybe like you said, the 70 issues and all the minis and stuff, they have dialed it back a bit. Number one, I think that this book should be a monthly book, not twice monthly. They are using yeah. this just because it tends to sell, but even that's going down because, again, it's a, there's nothing new. Uh, and I think eventually when we would say, like, if you like Harley, you'll like this, and there's nothing, but it, it almost to the point where it is kind of just the same things over and over again. But I just, I, I don't know, but I, I give it a five. five. What would you give it, Eric? I have no problem with any of the art in this issue. I actually think it was, you know, even though we had three different artists, I didn't even think about different art changes at different points because I I was just enjoying what I was seeing. But the whole story itself felt disjointed. It was weird. And it just did not fit with what we were having. And because of that, I have to give it a four out of ten. Four out of ten. I am way high then. Look at me, Mr. Positive. Love you so much. Mr. Positive. That's it. I'll give give Harley Quinn back to you, Jim. Obviously, you want to do it. No, no, no. (laughs) I'll trade you Harley for JLA and we'll call it even. Never mind. Uh, Never mind. You're going to pull that back? You pull it back, but yes, that is it. Uh, you don't have any other crazy books, right, Reggie? That is it. That's all we No young animal books until. End of January. The last okay. week in January is the first week of Milk Wars. That is the Milk Wars. Isn't there – am I mistaken that before then there is a prelude though? Is that is that possible? I thought I saw something because in a weird deal, we actually got – I don't know if you saw it, Reggie. We got like the next two weeks of books, yeah. of review books and stuff like that. And I was going through. I'm like half the things – I'm like I didn't even know this was coming out yet and crazy stuff. But So yeah. that's it. That's all the Reggie we're going to get uh, tonight. I thank you for joining us, Reggie. Thank and you, guys. And we're going to go off to the mail. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh, yeah, it's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh, yeah, it's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh, yeah, let's hear what you have to say. We don't need no. It's Mail with Eric and Dean. This is Mail section number three. And we're going to start it out with somebody who usually doesn't email us, 
but usually sends in a rant and rave, Eric. And that's Jelly Drew. Oh, shit. Jelly Drew says, yeah, says, happy holidays, Jim and Eric. I can't tell you how happy I was listening and re-listening and re-listening some more to you and Eric crack up over my rant and rave. I don't (laughs) remember what he means, Eric. I only remember uh, laughing over and over at that British fellow, Juniper Hogswallow. And you said such nice words. I was touched you like that. I would go so far as to say I was mighty chuffed. British (laughs) accents are funny, aren't they? I hope I didn't offend any of the Get Fresh crew members. Members from across the pond. Beep boop. I don't think you did. No, I think the, that everybody the, the was best part about that red rave is where you were cracking yourself up. I couldn't stop. Oh, that working. was the I best. Hear that. I, I love it. Tonight I finally got around to reading Mr. Miracle number five. I hesitate to even listen to the spotlight, and that's what we did last week, because it pains me to hear you so distressed over not only this book, but Tom King's writing in general. I am a fan of the Omega Man, and I am a fan of Mr. Miracle. I'm not a fan of his Batman, and never really was from the beginning. I dropped it after jokes and riddles. I think you should get Mr. Miracle a chance to delight you without all the pressure you put on yourself. Easier said than done, I know. But this is not a difficult book to enjoy. I think you may make it harder than it has to be. Fact number one. The art is stylish, executed at a very high level, and sets the overall tone. That alone has most people hook, line, and sinker in love with this book. I love the art. I, I do. I, 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 I have actually become a huge fan of Mitch Giriad's and I think that he does a great job on it. Fact two, this story is steeped in surrealism. It will never make linear sense like we normally expect from mainstream comics. Guess we're dumb, Eric. We're dummies. Fact number three, no one is smarter dumb for liking or disliking Mr. Miracle. I guess we're not dummies, Eric. I feel like a dummy, though. I, I actually... Actually, I just feel like that book is laughing at me while I read it. Like it's like, listen, sucker, it's like Starro. Yo, 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 sucker, this is issue number five, and you have no idea what's going on, but you're gonna keep on reading it, aren't you, sucker? Fact number four. Liking this book is very subjective. It's not for everyone. Most people who don't like this book have already bailed. Yeah. Uh, my recommendation, give this book a seven. Every issue, regardless of how you feel about it, no one gets mad, glad, happy, or sad at a seven. A seven is a punt. Just keep punting until something clicks or it doesn't. Do it for your blood pressure. I don't know. I, I got think, shaded for throwing at me for giving Superman a 7.5 because I, I Metal think, got yeah. nine. I think one of the issues, I gave something around a seven, and the guy told me I was a dummy. Uh, I, we actually, yeah, because actually in that uh, – in the Patreon spotlight, when we talk about your Superman and the Super Sons, I actually got a little mad and had to start yelling that a seven is a good score. Yeah. Uh, the main point in this book can't be quantified like normal, at least not until we get to the end. So don't even try and set yourself free, my man. That That's actually a jolly draw. I'm, I'm, I'm really appreciate him trying to cheer me up. Uh, that's one of the problems that I have with this book is seeing people giving it 10 out of 10s when nobody knows what's going on. And yeah, yeah, by the end, I said, I know already that this series, whether if it does work out, it'll be better in trade, that you can sit there and read them, boom, 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 get done, and like, holy crap, that was one of the best, you know, hour and a halfs I've ever had, or whatever, how long it takes people. I'm not a fast (laughs) reader, Eric, but you, you go through that. When you have to keep waiting and waiting and when you get that little snippet and people are like, this is the – this is, again, genre changing. It just keeps going and like he's retelling you know comics as a medium and this is the big, biggest book of the 
generation and things like really we have five issues i don't even know what's going on if you don't like it that's totally fine no need to get stressed sip on a margarita and daydream about big barda tying you up and having her way with you margaritaville Uh, where was i (laughs) you know (laughs) every day's margaritaville over at that house oh yeah Mostly, please don't stress too hard. I have to keep trying to make you laugh so I too can relax. I'm the youngest of three kids, and I always wanted to break the tension with humor if I could. I'll do the old soft show if I have to, Eric. You ever hear the song, The Old Soft Show? You like that one? Give me the old soft shoe with it, the old soft shoe. You know that one? It goes a one, a two, a boobity-boobity-doo. There you go. That's all the singing I will do tonight. Reggie will take care of more. Uh, Let's hope it doesn't come to that because I can't dance. Uh, I I just went, he wrote old soft shoe. That actually made me smile. Uh, (laughs) Love you guys. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And that is Jolly Drew. And thanks, Jolly. Thank you, Jolly Drew. Uh, He has cheered me up a little. And I, I said, there's sometimes, like this Batman this week, I do see where people would enjoy it. It's just if you are into, you know, you've read every issue, you have to review it, you have to talk about it, and you, you kind of, it kind of gets you down. It does. It, it just this the overall story's nothing, and it gets to me. There's Mr. a story. Mr. Miracle, there is something going on. I just don't know what it is. So we'll see at the end. But I just want to say, people are like all these reviews I see are like this is a story that's all about the love of a man and wife, Scott and Barda. Beep a dupe. And if it does end up that we end up with the whole thing that that was never Barda, I want to see what these motherfuckers say then. What, how are they going to explain their way out of this? And say all of a sudden, no. Then it'll be, that was a mind bender. Uh, now I'm mad again. Jolly Drew, get, get, get. Does anybody have Jolly Drew's number? Call him now and tell him to send me some more Juniper Hogs follow. Stat! Tell all I need. He doesn't even need anything. Just jolly, just start talking and, and laugh at yourself, and it'll make me smile. It'll make me so happy. Ian is the next writer, and he says, Ian, hello, Jim and Eric and the rest of the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop, boop. boop. I, think up, I, have, I think I have something for that, Eric. Here we go. What up, Fresh Cup Poo? What up, Fresh Cup Poo? Uh, I somehow enjoyed Batman this week. The book right. does have the same annoying issues I have with Tom King's run, but after the last story arc and the war of jokes and riddles before it, I like that it was a down issue and a sort of pseudo-slice-of-life story. I guess I'm more satisfied that there were no big shocking moments or any sort of non sense twist that we come to expect from a Tom what King issue. What are you talking issue. about? Batman can hit a fastball thrown by Superman. That's right. However, I wouldn't give it more than a 5-5 five five just because of the constant use of the nine panel layouts is lazy and the repeating dialogue is abundant in this issue than I think in any of the more recent issues I could recall. I actually talked to somebody on Twitter and they told me that they liked this issue because there was no repeating dialogue. I'm like, you're insane. The repeating dialogue here and from the last issue. Oh, my God. It was crazy. The big book of the week was obviously Metal. And while I did enjoy it, I think Metal as a whole needs uh, what are more tie-ins to expand the story on what's happening (laughs) with the other characters, being Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman. With two more issues left, plus two side issues coming out revolving on Hawkman, and I guess the Dark Knights, I'm having a hard time seeing how Scott Snyder will tie up what those characters are doing without forcing a rust resolution, but I guess we'll see. I do see a lot of people that their biggest complaint is that there's only two more main issues. They're not even even going to throw in the Hawkman. Like Wild Hunt or Hawkman. And Wild Hunt. 
Uh, so a lot of people are worried about that. I'm all caught up with my books this week. I read around 20 issues of different titles and listened to 20 hours of podcasting. I was hoping you guys could help me out with some questions and oh, issues boy. I have with some of the books. Selena Kyle says in this issue that Batman, that she was really hungry and took an hour to settle on a place. Why did they end up at a fair? I, have no I know why. Idea. No, I know why. Because oh. that was the only way you could force them to change costumes with their superhero night. It's the only reason. It is the only reason. There was no reason that they didn't just go to dinner. That's all they needed to do. Go to dinner and talk. Jeez. Uh, go, go home. I'm fair. sure Alfred will whip something up. Go to a fair. Yeah, really do that. And say, uh, He's not a friend. Two. He's on the payroll. Number two. In Superman, when Tim Drake of Tomorrow burst into Wayne Manor to attack Bruce, why was Bruce sitting there in the middle of the night reading a newspaper? Shouldn't he be out being Batman? Yes, he should. Actually, maybe he was still that it was. We don't realize that this took place right after that fair. That corn dog was not sitting well. He had to take the night off as Batman. He called it. Vengeance isn't the night when it's sitting at home reading a book. No, that's true. Vengeance is the uh, New York Times crossword that night. <laughs> Number three, where did Bruce get those rings that he used to attack the Nightmare Superman with? Like, did he have them on him this whole time? Now I can answer that as well as we you. We talked about. He this, didn't yeah. have that. He actually grabbed the the gauntlet From off the Batman of Superman. the Bat Superman. So yeah, that was part of that. I told being you it was a there. weird transition of that. It was. I had to go back and look at it again. It. Uh, I only saw it on the second read. Uh, I at first I thought like boy he kind of materialized that out of nowhere and then I was going to go with the whole idea of he ended up thinking of it and then I'm like boy this is getting really wacky so I was glad he did rip it and where you do see where where you can see it the most is not actually when he rips it off but afterwards you see that Batman Superman without the glove yeah. on then he has a bare hand and it, I, unless he's Rawr. trying to be Michael Jackson you know with the one glove you, you kind of yeah, get you. that. Yeah. Is this Black Adam's first appearance in Rebirth DCU 2017? I don't recall seeing him much since Forever Evil, and that is a big uh, – I don't know. I'm trying to <laughs> think right Do you right remember? Now. I don't remember. Now, Shazam has been in one issue of Hellblazer. I don't think Black Adam no, has no, been No, no. It, is, it is his first Rebirth appearance because the last time we saw him was in the Sinestro book of the New 52 DCYOU yes, yes, era. Yes, right. Yes, you're right. So, yeah, he was in Sinestro. Uh, yeah, that, that nonsense that kept going back. We liked it. But that I was did. when everybody was turning into uh, – Everybody's a fucking yellow lantern. Yellow lantern. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and then he says number five is the most important question. Why does Zach Wertner have an axe? And I, I will need to know answers to this too, Here, Jim. Please minute. tell me. Wait. Zach? Zach? He's not listening. It's no, he's like, probably sleeping. He is probably asleep. He's probably pissed at me now. I was just going to ask him. Getting the goddamn axe now. You I was just going to ask up. him, really. He's, he, he actually said to me from now on he's uh, Lizzie Borden. He wanted to oh, go God. by. I, d- I didn't know what I, that I meant. didn't know what that meant. That's I didn't weird. know what that meant. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, he. why Zach has the axe is because unfortunately for me – because uh, he's Tan- 18 years old yeah, now. That's why Tan- Tanya went with the whole deal that he is 18. He's allowed to do whatever he wants, and that was to buy an axe. Let me see one more time. Are you up, Zach? Why did you buy an axe? What? His exact answer was for recreation. <laughs> for recreation. Thank that's you. A psychopath answer. Uh, Eric said that's a psychopath answer. 
he says he's going to see you with that X tomorrow. Oh, God. As always, guys, thanks for reading my mail, and thanks, Mr. and Mrs. Werner, for the awesome podcast a few weeks ago. That episode had me dying. He's obviously uh, referring to the episode that I like to call Me Lose My Shit Over Anything That Tanya Says. That, that's, that's every episode. What are you talking about? Yes, it is. You really want to hear me yell. That's the that's the thing to hear me lose my goddamn I like you mind. telling me about it after you get yeah, done recording. Yeah, I get so angry at, at that podcast. It's And another one, like I said earlier, like when we have these necessary nonsense and things like that, I often think to myself, like, oh, we're not going to have enough to say. I do think, like, okay, this is going to be the episode that I'm Tom and me and Tanya talk about things and we, you know, have a couple of laughs and, you know, talk about the good old days or whatever. It never comes that way. It's immediate. The minute that I connect on Skype with, and it's funny, she's downstairs, I'm right here. We connect on Skype, she says one thing and my blood boils and I start screaming. It just always is. And I have notes uh, about, uh, you know, leading up to it. This coming up one, I'll tell you, one of the notes is, Drier money equals Tanya's money. That was a quote she told me. That's the reason. The thing is, you just write down everything that makes you angry. That's why you explode. I guess so. She was yelling the other day that drier money equals Tanya money. Now, what you need to do is start writing down stuff that you do enjoy, you do like. I would like that. That's a blank page. (laughs) That might as well be air and invisible ink. Because it doesn't happen. I do have some uh, disappearing ink here. Do you want some? that's, That's what I need. Disappearing. If I jump into it do i get to disappear and get the hell out now, actually that's that something happens? i want to talk about because jess bought me a bunch of gags for my birthday because i do enjoy them like this little rolling cockroach thing to scare people which i'm yeah. getting, getting a lot uh, of use of scaredy scaredy brian scaredy wrong term really went to oh my goodness but anyway she, one of them is disappearing ink and i actually do not like this as a guy because i think it's more of a almost vandalism because while you do put yeah. something haha and it then disappears there is still some kind of substance yeah it doesn't really disappear you. No, it's, There's something it's, that is still there yeah. that I'm like, it does not just evaporate. At least I, as far as I know, I haven't looked into it. And it's just always weird to me out as a gag because I imagine in a fucking blacklight situation, that is showing yeah, up Yeah, it's stain. trouble. It is. Uh, my favorite gag is to put razor blades and apples and then oh keep my them God, downstairs. Oh, my God, what a classic. <laughs> classic indeed. Uh, yes, but uh, thanks, Ian. Ian, I don't know Thank why, you, really. For recreation. Uh, and the next mail is from All New Dave. All New Dave says, Merry Christmas, Jim, Eric, and the entire Get Fresh crew. Beep, boom. Ooh, I'm trying to send this mail from my phone, uh, but my big fat fingers are not making it easy. Just wanted to wish everyone all the best. I'm way behind on all my comics at the moment as I've been working 60-hour weeks. Never let your children enter the catering profession, Jim. You'll never see them again. Huh. All right. Really? Huh, catering, hey, you say? Yes, catering, you say. I'm going to treat myself to a catch-up on Boxing Day to all the comics I've missed out on and that have seemed the most interesting. I've got the Batman double-date issue that seemed to drive the Slack chat nuts. Uh, anyway, hope you can make sense of this mail. Have a great Christmas and New Year, everyone. Thanks, Jim and Eric, for the awesome podcast this year. And that is all new, Dave. And I hope Thank you can you sit there day. on Boxing Day and enjoy himself. That's, uh, I'm going to watch it. Cool. Doctor Who Christmas special, either that Christmas night or most likely Boxing Day, whenever the stream yeah. comes up on a stick. Yes, that's what you're going to do. I am probably going, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I want to really relax, but that's the problem is we have reviews coming up. Yep, I just want to kind of, yeah, Boxing Day, we have all reviews. and It seems like that shouldn't I be. I got six or seven books this That shouldn't day. happen. Can we, can we actually just say this week we do them on Wednesday? Could we? Could we, do Could we just say not do them at all? Yes, we could. Yes, we could. Now you're talking. That's the Eric Shea that I know and love. 
Always the next thing, man. Thanks, all new Dave. The next Thank one is Dave. Josh, uh, the Vermillionaire himself, Eric. Ooh. He says, hey, Jim, Eric, and everyone in the Get Fresh crew. Poop, poop, poop. poop. Up, Just Josh? wanted to drop by and say Merry Christmas to everyone in the Get Fresh crew. I hope everyone has a great holiday and gets plenty of coal to keep the house warm. I have oil heat, though, Josh. You guys are fucking all-stars, and that is from Vermillionaire. I'm going to stocking. I'm just going to pour oil into <laughs> oil. it. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot there. Hey, no problem, STP. See, just <laughs> yell that. Hey, thanks a lot there, buddy. But yes, that is from Josh. And we're going to go off now. Actually, the next section thanks, of stuff is actually Josh, who will start it off. Uh, he's going to have his Vermillion's visions, and then we'll end uh, that section with Jeremy and his crossover corner. So enjoy. What's up, everyone? Josh Vermillion here. I want to say welcome back this week uh, for another Vermillion's Visions. Uh, you guys know how I do things. want to bring you guys a little bit of a, of a review of a trade, try to stay away from the big two of DC and Marvel. Uh, and this week, I'm going to be going back to Image Comics, uh, and it's going to be Black Monday Murders Volume 1. Like I said, from Image Comics, that's the first four issues of the series as well as a little bit of a prologue uh, there before the first issue starts. But it's written by Jonathan Hickman and art by Tom Coker. So, guys, I'm going to be honest. I have absolutely no idea where to start on this. This comic is all over the place. It's a big, confusing story. It covers a lot of characters. On top of that, it's, it's a really slow burn when it comes to revealing what is actually going on underneath it all. I've read through it three times now, and I'm still not sure I completely get what's going on, but I absolutely loved it, uh, to the point where this may have taken over as my favorite trade that I've ever reviewed on this segment. It's definitely up there with with Moon Knight and the first one I ever did, Monstrous, as my favorite trades of all time, and especially trades that I've done on this segment here. Now, that being said... I don't think going through the first issue, like I normally do, is the best way to convey what this book is about, uh, because it is such a slow burn when it comes to revealing that kind of stuff. So instead, I'm just going to try to give you a big overview of the story and try to do my best to give you an idea of what exactly is going on in this trade and what it's what it's about. For starters... It's about a group of bankers that make it big on Wall Street, uh, but there's a much more kind of sinister angle to it than just that. Uh, Some kind of pact was made with a being or an entity or a god uh, named Mammon. Uh, There are four families. There's the Bischoffs, the Rothschilds, the Dominics, and the Ackermans. There are also four positions on what they call the wheel. There's the Watcher the Ascendant, the Scales, and the Stone Chair. Uh, Whichever member of the families is is representing them holds one of these positions for three years at a time before they rotate. 
the watcher is described as a trader and a teacher. They sit back, observe, and try to measure the situations at all times. Uh, the ascendancy is the spear and the voice of Memon. Uh, they are kind of kind of in charge of the others. They, uh, if there's a tie and a vote, they get a second vote. Uh, but they're kind of in charge, and they're the voice of this being or this god. Uh, the scales work with the ascendant seat to observe the shifts in the market. They can perceive the balance in the market. Uh, and then there, here's the kicker: if the stock market crashes. Whoever is sitting in the stone chair position is put to death as something of a of a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice to Mammon. Uh, so that's how it was for a long time. And then in 1989, there was a merger between these four families. Uh, the four families make up Kaina, and then the Kankran Troika uh, is what came and, and the merger happened. When this happened, the Troika took over the stone chair permanently. So whichever member of the Kaina that was supposed to take that stone chair position when the rotation came uh, would instead go on a three-year sabbatical instead of taking up that stone chair position because it was permanently occupied by the Troika. Now, I don't know if that made any sense at all to you, but I tried to boil it down into something that's digestible in audio form. I personally think it's easier to pick up on that kind of stuff when I'm reading it myself and when it's right there in front of me, but hopefully that does some good for you. So basically, in this first first trade, Daniel Rothschild, who was holding the ascendant seat at the time, is murdered, and that breaks the wheel. Uh, they bring in his twin sister, Gregoria, to take over the seat, and then they're trying to figure out who killed Daniel. There's also an outsider trying to dig deep into the dark underworkings of the of this kind of Cancran Bank Corporation. Theo Dumas is a great detective, uh, and he's been tasked with solving this case, and he really wants to find out what exactly is happening. And really, I don't know what else I can tell you about this book, because that's basically what it's about. There's a lot of setup for the characters and the whole situation that they find themselves in, but the main story pretty much revolves around this murder and the dark workings of this giant banking corporation. And like I said at the beginning, I loved it. I don't mind being confused if it's at least intriguing, and I am most definitely intrigued by this book. I can't wait for March to come. I think that's when the second trade comes out is March. Anyway, I can't wait for March to come so I can check out the second trade. I think... I think Jonathan Hickman does a great job here of setting up this twisted story and creating these complex, interesting characters that match the complexity of the story perfectly. And Tom Coker's art is really, really good as well, especially for this type of of crypto-noir series. The lines in his art are pretty bold, and the dark colors from from Michael Garland work together really well uh, to make the art match the story being told. And I don't I don't talk about letters often, but Russ Wooten's lettering is great as well. I don't know if he came up with the font for the ancient Maman language or if it was Tom Coker's R or Jonathan Hickman came up with it, but it is really cool. I know it's just a font, but the way it looks with the dark text boxes and the shape of the symbols and everything, uh, the font gave it a sinister vibe just in the font itself. Uh, and that's something that I really appreciate just 
just that little change in the lettering can have an impact on the story and the way you feel while you're reading it. I really can't say enough about how much I enjoyed this book and how much I'm looking forward to continuing the series when the next trade comes out. I I can't say that this kind of slow burn noir type story is going to be for everyone out there, uh, but if the things I've talked about today sound interesting to you at all, definitely, definitely check this out. I can't in good cho- in good conscience give this trade as a whole a 10 out of 10, but it's damn close. So I guess since I said, trying to remember what exactly I gave Monstrous and Moon Knight, but since it's up there by them, I guess I'll have to go with like a 9.7 out of 10. Really the only thing that prevented this from being a perfect 10 out of 10 is that I would have liked just just a tiny bit more of an idea of what is going on at some points, but that's really the only thing. I really highly recommend picking this up and giving it a read or four reads. It's definitely worth it, especially if you really want to kind of dive into trying to figure out what exactly is going on and into this, this like I said, these dark dark underminings of this big, huge banking corporation and how they became so rich and powerful and what exactly is going on with Maman. I definitely recommend picking this up and giving it a trade. Or if you want, maybe wait until March when the second trade comes out and pick both trades up at the same time because I am very excited to see what exactly is going on when that second trade comes out and get a little bit more of the background and more of this story. I cannot wait for that to come out. Uh, but like I said, that's that's pretty much all that I can talk about here. Just because I think going through it, going through that first issue in detail, wouldn't really give that clear of an idea of the of the book as a whole. It would kind of just be me introducing characters uh, and mainly characters that I've already talked about, just different members of the families, um, and then Theo Demas, the detective. That's pretty much uh, what that first issue is, is is a lot of setup, and really this whole trade itself is set up, but I absolutely love what it's setting up, and I think it's done really, really well. So like I said, 9.7 out of 10, definitely, definitely recommend it. Uh, but that pretty much wraps things up here. I think it was a very quick, quick segment this week, um, but I'll be back next week for sure to bring you guys another trade. Uh, like I say, at the end of every segment, definitely go check out weird or patreon.com slash weird science. Uh, check out there. The, the guys over there on Patreon, they put out a lot of great, great content. Uh, and like I said a couple weeks ago, I'm not just saying this because I get any of the money. I don't get a cut. I don't want to cut. I don't put in nearly as much work into this, into this whole podcast and site as Jim and Eric and Reggie do. Um, so definitely go check them out, support them if you can. It is well worth the money just for the, the extra great shows and for this 8 to 12 hour podcast that they do every week. Definitely worth it. So go check it out, support them if you can. Uh, and I want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas. Hope everyone has a great holiday season. Um, I know I, I am hoping to have one myself, and I'm pretty sure I will, but definitely Merry Christmas to everyone out there. That wraps things up, so I'm going to send it on back to Jim and Eric. Thanks a lot, guys.
Hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good whatever time it is, whenever you are listening to this. I hope it's not the middle of the night and the demons are keeping you awake. We could all do without that, couldn't we? My name is Jeremy Dore and I'm here to introduce to you uh, some discussion of two uh, comics this week, uh, both of which are, uh, are good. Uh, one I would suggest is perhaps a bit better than the other, uh, for reasons which I'll get into in a moment. We're going to start with Wonder Woman and Conan, issue four, and later we'll be talking about the Wildstorm, issue ten. In, in terms of, of kind of structure, in terms of sort of like the overall structure of both the stories, of which these two issues are an ongoing part... They are doing very much the same thing, actually. Uh, it's just that one does it considerably better than the other. And uh, we'll start with Wonder Woman, Conan issue four. It is written, of course, by Gail Simone. Art is by Aaron Lepresti and Matt Ryan. Colours are by Wendy Broom and letters are by Saida Tamafonte. Um, it, it does, of course, cost $3.99 and is, of course, published by... Uh, DC Comics, and Dark Horse, who are the respective owners of the two properties. And I've got to be honest with you, if I hope this is selling well. I, I don't know. I, 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 don't, uh, I don't pay much attention uh, to uh, sales figures uh, other than when other people do, if you see, if you see, if you see what I mean. Uh, so I, I don't kind of go out looking to see how how well something is doing, but I am I do hope that this uh, this story is doing well because first of all Simone is a good writer and she deserves to be uh, to be acknowledged as such, uh, and secondly uh, it is a very enjoyable comic, even when it's being less satisfying than usual, which is uh, which is the case here. It is still there's still something to enjoy. There's still something to entertain there's something to make you think there's something to make you smile um yeah it, it is it's a, it's a it's a good comic book and uh, and i hope uh, that there are further uh installments of this tale or possibly seeing uh conan or possibly seeing conan team up with with other uh characters from from DC continuity, that that would be pretty cool. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, DC and Dark Horse have a history of collaboration. They they've they've collaborated in the past uh, with crossovers between their their characters, and um, I would imagine that will will continue in the future. I just hope this this pairing and this creative team can kind of come together again and 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 do something interesting and uh, and spectacular and wonderful and entertaining. Um, so, here we go. We've got our opening paragraph from the website, and this is it. This series has quickly become one I look forward to every month. Uh, just to clarify, uh, books that I review that I, I do look forward to are the main Wildstorm book, uh, this book. Uh, I do quite like Dastardly and Muttley as well. Uh, books that I'm a little so-so on would be uh, Michael Cray, and uh, the Shadow Batman uh, series, although that's been picking up lately. Uh, books that I actively do not like reviewing would be <laughs> would be the Rough and Ready show, which still which I still haven't actually done an audio on, uh, and I think I'm going to have to rectify that next time around. I, th I think I, I need to share my pain. That's what I need to do. 
Um, the decision by Gail Simone to supplement the main story featuring Conan and Diana with a developing flashback featuring a younger Conan and a girl called Yana who looks and acts an awful lot like our favourite Amazonian princess has proven to be an astute one. With an increased opportunity for mirroring and foreshadowing, it's added greater emotional depth to the narrative and indeed last month's cliffhanger emerged out of that flashback plot rather than the main one having finally brought our heroes into direct contact and conflict with the Corvidae, uh, the story's principal antagonists, we enter the second half of the story with a fairly clear idea of where the plot and our heroic duo is headed. Uh, I mean, ultimately, they have to head to Shamor, which is the, the city that they first met in. Uh, so there's a nice kind of geographical circularity to the plot uh, because it's about to be destroyed by... Uh, a slow-moving army of the undead, which is on its way uh, to uh, to wipe it out. What is less clear is how the action of the present ties in with the memories of Conan's past, and that is true. That that is a uh, a big question mark, and it's one that I I trust Simone uh, well enough to to kind of sort out. And we'll we'll get into that in a minute. Will we get some clarity this issue? Let's see. Uh, we start with um, as we have done. Uh, every issue we we start with the flashback and if you remember last time uh, if you remember uh, last issue uh, ended with uh, Yana deciding to uh, essentially kind of uh, shirk her destiny shirk her uh, well I say her destiny shirk the destiny that um, that tradition and her mother and and what have you had in store for her which was of course to become leader of the tribe in her mother's absence and she's kind of seen what her mother has to do to lead the tribe. And she's decided quite sensibly uh, that, that that's not something she wants to do. Um, she doesn't want to be kind of stuck leading a tribe of uh, of squabbling women, uh, sort of arguing and having to sort of resolve their disputes and what have you. So she, she wants adventure, which is, which is fair enough. All kids uh, that age uh, want adventure. So she decides to, to leave and uh, Conan decides that he's going to go with her. And, and, and Simone, you know, I, I will say this, because I'm going to say some stuff about Simone's writing, which is a bit critical later, but I, but I will say this. She does really know how to bring characters to life, and, and she does a fantastic job here of showing the young Conan being conflicted. He, he He's not just running away. He He is running to help a friend he's leaving his father to help a friend he would he there are there are regrets about leaving his father the way he's doing he you know the the, the narration says it, it feels like a betrayal and th- th- there's a nice kind of uh, roundedness uh, to Conan to the young Conan's character which does feed in actually into his uh, into his kind of adult counterpart later on um, and I like that um, and uh, again, you know, there's something tremendously engaging. This, you know, when you're dealing with kind of young characters and you're dealing with a young girl, a young boy, you know, it's sort a of preteen, teenage kind of age. There is that kind of temptation to to make it kind of overly sentimental, make it make it a little bit twee. And, and Simone very kind of adroitly avoids all that. She 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 just she just plays it absolutely perfectly and. Uh, it's a really engaging kind of opening, um, so that that's good. And then we get back to uh, Diana and Conan, who are, who are kind of 
Remember, they're, they're still at this point, they're chained together. They've been chained together for... Is this the third issue they've been chained together? I think, I think it is. They've been chained together for, for quite a while now. And they're, they're both kind of hanging on to a, a piece of wreckage from the boat uh, that sank at the beginning of last issue. They've been in the sea now for, for probably quite a while, I would have thought. And they're, they're kind of having a nice chat, <laughs> as, as you do when you're drifting aimlessly. And they're talking about the... I mean, you know, they're, they're talking about the the issue that that is kind of burning between them at the moment which is which is whether diana is yana or not conan basically says sorry diana basically says that she doesn't remember uh, any of what conan has told her the implication is is that the two pages that we just read have formed the basis for some kind of spoken conversation between conan and, and diana in the in the present so conan says well there's this one way there's one way you could prove it once and for all whether you are yana or not and you could show me your breast <laughs> it is one of the things i like about about the way simone writes diana diana is supremely confident in herself in her personhood it it's it's one of the uh one of the really good characteristics of diana diana is is you know wonder woman is not I mean, you know, so Greg Rucker's attempts to kind of undermine this a little bit in the previous run, notwithstanding. Diana is not somebody who who tends to kind of um, sort of mope about trying to figure out who she is and what have you. She is, she's, there's a very kind of tough sort of pragmatic core to, to Wonder Woman. And, and also, uh, you know, with that, there is also a great compassion for others, but, but she does not indulge in self-pity particularly um and and so when conan says stuff like that she doesn't kind of react in in a way how dare you kind of you know talk about my body in that way uh she's she she just says if i but excuse me but what does that even mean And, and and i kind of like the fact that that she sort of diffuses the the kind of inherent sexual tension uh of that of that phrase of that request then i mean it doesn't go anywhere and, and and later on we find out exactly why conan wants to see her breast and, and it's not he doesn't want to see her i mean he probably does want to see her boobs but that that's that's not the issue the issue is is that is that he wants to see her her chest area because of things that happen later on we'll we'll, we'll get to that in a minute so Basically, uh, they're interrupted because uh, out of I mean I mean to be honest with you, right? My understanding is is that land. I I, I know that that sort of you know the the uh, the light can play tricks on you when you're at sea, and I <laughs> I understand that I get that. Um, but it, it it is a little bit silly this because because they they go from sort of at the bottom of one page going you know. Uh, uh, it seems uh, this is Conan. It seems we're about to to cease being waterlogged nomads, Diana. Tell me, and then and then you turn over the page. He finishes off his his dialogue, which is we're nearly there. Shall I summon your royal coterie? Because uh, of course they've been talking about the fact that Diana's nickname is Princess or was Princess as a child, um, and 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 they're basically kind of in a harbour. And I'm like, I'm like, how would you not know this? <laughs> how would you not? How would you not have recognised that you were, you know, you were heading towards land, you know, if, 
you know, why, why would you not have recognised that? And, and, and you know, the, the harbour is quite developed and there are mountains in the background. They would have seen this at some point. They, 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 they would have seen it an hour, maybe two hours before they actually got to the point where they are now. Anyway, and it, it's a nice kind of dramatic moment. It, it's just a little bit silly. But uh, they do get out uh, of the water and they climb up um, the um, they, they climb up kind of the wooden sort of scaffolding that holds up one of the piers uh, and they enter the town. Now th- this is this is this is a, a part of the of the story that, that, that I just is it seems a little bit off to me uh, and I'll try and explain why. Um, Diana says to Conan, do you recognise it? Do you know where we are? And Conan makes the point, he says, I recognise the poverty. No wealthy merchants or fine temples here. We'll need to climb if we want to avoid questions. That's fine. All of that's fine. Except, on the very same page, what does Conan do? He steals some money off a merchant. Now, look, merchants are kind of... They're, they're a pretty much despised class in, in Conan fiction, really. Uh, merchants are, are, are generally um, what um, what Jim would call pieces of shit. They're, 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 they're kind of venal, self-serving. They, they're obviously, the, you know, they're, they're portrayed as, as sort of the bottom line being the most important thing. Um, and, and Conan often steals from, from merchants, obviously because they have money, uh, with impunity. But you, but you aren't, because Conan is the hero, um, you are kind of never really encouraged to, uh, to feel any kind of sympathy for, for, the, for the aforementioned merchant. Um, because it's clear that he has lots of money. It's clear that he probably got most of that money from, uh, from overcharging for his goods. Um, and you know you you, you kind of oh, okay well you know that's fair enough kind of thing. The problem with this is we have just literally heard Conan say oh this place is a bit poor and there are no wealthy merchants lying around. So when he takes the the coin purse from a merchant who who does look reasonably well off, but but. You know, it, 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 the, the point I'm trying to make is, is that there's a kind of weird disconnect between the dialogue and Conan's actions. Uh, and not only that, but, but Diana uh, voices her sort of ethical objections to, to Conan doing that in a fairly muted way. You know, she says that, 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 that didn't seem entirely ethical. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, OK, th- 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 there's... My feeling here is 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 that there could have been quite an interesting conversation there between Diana and Conan, but it it is sort of glossed over. That opportunity is is kind of shunned, if you like, in order to just advance the plot. Now, look, comics and stories they do this all the time, and in the grand scheme of things, it's not a major problem, except. Simone has made us care about these characters and care about the relationship between them so well over the last three issues that it does just feel a, a little bit off uh, at this point. Particularly because the thing that they do, I know, bearing in mind that you know, bear in mind that they do have a deadline to to, to reach the city of Shamur and uh, to save the city of Shamur. 
taking somebody's money in order to, I don't know, hire a horse, get to the city of Shamur, I, 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 that's fine. I, I guess that that's justifiable. Taking somebody else's money in order to piss it away in a tavern, though, um, I'm not so sure about that. I mean, okay, to be fair, they, they do acquire horses at the end. That, that's that's fair enough. But there is a lot of money being spent in this in this tavern, and it's not really theirs to spend. Also, what happens in this tavern is is again kind of off to me. The, 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 there, are, there are basically sort of two subplots going on, in, or, or two sort of main storylines going on in this tavern. One storyline is to do with unwanted sexual advances, right? So uh, Conan and, and Wonder Woman are both sat at the table, and they're ordering um, they're ordering their beer. Uh, Diana gets drunk, which is actually funny, to be fair. Although personally, I would, I, I always thought that if Diana got drunk, she'd be, a, a, she'd be one for dancing on tables. Uh, I'd like to have seen a bit of table dancing going on with Diana, but never mind. She just gets, she just gets horribly drunk, um, and passes out at one point. So, so you, you've got the kind of the sexual advances thing going on, where, where basically uh, Conan gets, uh, Conan gets uh, sort of spotted by a. a a buxom waitress, or of the, or buxom maid, I suppose we, we should we should call her, uh, of of the kind that one does find uh, quite regularly in Conan novels. Uh, by the way, if if you if you want some some truly sort of buxom uh, Conan action, you should probably check out the Robert Jordan Conan novels. They they are there's there's quite a lot of stuff going on in there. Um, Anyway, the the point is is that she's trying to kind of sort of signal to Conan that she's sort of available, as it were. Uh, she calls him handsome one, and she says, "I serve at your pleasure." This is this is not exactly subtle stuff. And he goes, "No, nah, it's all right. I'm just after beer, just just ale. Uh, give as much as you can bring, and the fattest piece of burly cooked meat you can carry." So then they get into this kind of. Diana and Conan get into this kind of drinking thing. Then, uh, and they drink for two hours, according to the narration. And after two hours, Diana has had enough. Now, okay, again, I'm kind of wondering here. I'm wondering if that's canonical. Whether whether Diana can only hold her her simmer not simmerian. Uh, Hyperborean ale uh, for two hours. That's, that doesn't seem very long to me. I don't. I don't know. But anyway, the serving maid comes over again, uh, and she kind of says, "You know, your your partner's kind of out of it. So do you want to, you know, hook up with me?" Kind of thing. And he says no. And and, it, and it's at this point where he kind of remembers that they they're on a mission, uh, which I kind of wish he'd remembered two hours ago. So she and I have a mission. When her reason returns, we have a city to, to protect. You see, a fool's errand in all ways, with death a certainty. But she does have a heart set on it. I'm afraid. Um, and and this is kind of you know it's it's played for laughs, and and Diana's kind of feeling quite rough, and and the dialogue is quite funny here. Then uh, the fat bartender comes over and he kind of starts 
uh, sort of making advances to uh, to Diana. And now bearing in mind that Diana is very drunk at this point, uh, so that, that that is decidedly kind of dodgy and is, and is how shall I put it, less palatable than the serving girl coming on to Conan. And and it, it basically this is all about sort of like women's roles and women's responsibilities and all this kind of stuff. Um, during the course of the and again, you know, none of this actually phases. You know, Diana doesn't get outraged or upset. This is because obviously, you know, she can handle herself. Even drunk, she can handle herself. Um, but but it's all about sort of you know uh, the barkeeper uh, Udo is is kind of coming up with all these things that he could have Diana do while she's while she's married to him um and uh you know because obviously that's that's what women are good for they they're good for just you know uh cleaning up and uh there is a nice kind of uh exchange actually between Diana and this barkeep who says uh he says uh, Diana says oh, I just got the world's worst wedding proposal from Udo the flatulent and he goes, uh, it's triumphant, sweetest of lambs. It's it's me brother who's cursed of gas, which I, I quite like. During the end of the of, of that sort of section um, of that that part of this section, the uh, they get interrupted by a soldier who is also drinking at the bar. who seems to recognise Conan or thinks where he recognises Conan, and Conan assures him that he doesn't. Um, and that's kind of it for that bit. Then we go back to Delos and uh, the city of Shamar. Um, Delos is talking to Kian. Uh, Kian is the um, Kian is the guy that, that got Conan into this situation in the first place. He's the guy who is about to get killed and um, for welching on a debt, and Conan kind of saves him on the promise of of. Uh, Kian's winnings. Uh, Kian, of course, was going to bet against Diana in the uh, in the arena, which was a stupid thing to do. But anyway, never mind. So Delos and Kian are kind of talking to one another, and th- there's some stuff about sort of Kian wanting to buy the freedom of Conan and Wonder Woman. That that, that sort of Kian is uh, is kind of undergoing a change of heart here. That he. You know, it wants to sort of mend his ways, kind of thing. Um, so, uh, and Delos kind of says, "Look, you know, the, these two are dead. You know, they 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 were put on a slave ship. They're they're dead. Uh, the slave ship is sunk. There's no survivors." So Kian looks kind of crestfallen and what have you. Delos, Delos kind of then goes into his room where one of the Corvidae is. Uh, we find out their names actually. Um, Leela and Anive. Nice fantasy names there. And um, it turns out that Delos has been kind of working for the Corvidae all this time. Now, um, okay, there's there's nothing within the story so far to contradict that, but at the same time, it does seem to come a little bit out of left field. It it makes sense. It makes sense in terms of the overall plot. Remember, we know Delos has something of Diana's, uh, something that she says is uh, is her memories, her past, or whatever. Um, so what that is exactly, we don't know at this point. But um, it, it makes sense, I guess, that the Corvidae 
are involved in this because of course the Corvidae are responsible for bringing Diana to this world in the first place so okay it, it's just all a little bit kind of quick and perfunctory and then we see the other sister and Diana's still drunk and she uh, thinks that she sees her mother in a mirror. Well, first of all, she sees kind of herself as Wonder Woman. That's the first thing. And that, that that's kind of a big moment because, you know, she sees herself in her full outfit with the lasso of truth and all this kind of stuff in the... Um, and the tiara and, and what have you. And then he, she sees uh, Hippolyta. Um, except it's, it's actually kind of obvious now, now you look at it, that it's one of the core... It's the other Corvidae kind of pretending to be Hippolyta um, because the, the the eyes are kind of very similar. So she... And, and this, this Corvidae pretend, pretending to be Hippolyta says, Do not trust the barbarian. Even now he speaks of selling your body for money. Which is true. That that is what Conan and and the bartender are talking about. But Conan isn't isn't up for that. They're they're just talking about it. Um, and so Diana, now that she knows that that because she's seen it in the in the mirror that that it's Delos that has got her lasso. Um, she kind of returns to wakefulness feeling quite sort of vengeful which 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 is probably a good thing actually because conan is about to get into it with with a bunch of what i can only describe as misogynist soldiers uh, and again th- this is this is all a little bit crap uh, no, I, yeah it kind of is We've already we, we've had different types of sort of misogyny being presented in this story so far and particularly in this issue now we get an argument that that is basically is about how Conan is allowing himself to be unduly influenced by the will of a woman, which is Diana. He says, I thought you were Conan, the legendary fighter I rode with against the Aquilonians, but you couldn't be him. He was a man. He would never be tamed by a female. This is... This is stupid dialogue. It really is. I, I, and I'm like, first of all, if he if he rode with Conan, he would know that Conan is a formidable warrior, and he wouldn't be picking a fight with him. Even although, admittedly, there are like four or five of of them, and only one of Conan. Um. And and basically, Conan sort of tries to defend Diana's honor, and and you know he could because that this. This guy, this soldier, this Aquilonian—he's uh, not an Aquilonian, sorry—but this this soldier is touching kind of Diana's hair while she's asleep, and and he, she's passed out because of the drink and what have you. And and basically, it he ends up being killed by by Conan, who stabs him in the neck because because misogyny, <laughs> basically. So, um. I don't know. I it, it it just it 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 just rang a little bit false to me. This. I mean, I mean, it, it, the the action is done very very well. Lepresti is a phenomenal artist, and I didn't realize this actually. But Lepresti and and uh, Simone have worked together before. Um, I can't remember what on, but I, but I, I I seem to remember that they have worked together before. I want to say on something like Secret Six, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, his art is really good here, uh, and they end up. Uh, the 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 four men become a lot more because other men in the in the tavern kind of join in the fighting, 
and um you know conan says come on then come on and see the tamed beast and then uh, which is he's kind of rather undermining his argument actually um sort of diana lifts up the table and throws it at the men and kind of um levels the playing field really and again sort of diana Diana's good here. Now, she uses her bracelets to fend off a blow from a particularly large chap's sword. The sword breaks. Uh, she punches him in the face. Um, Conan then gets involved with, um, you know, sort of the, the, the brawl as well. At some point during the fight there, um, the chain holding them together uh, breaks so that they're set free of one another. Um, Diana um, deflects an arrow aimed at um, uh, aimed at Conan's head with her with her bracelet. Um, the, the issue here is is that I mean it, it's it's a good fight. It's an unnecessary fight. It's a silly fight. It's a fight that that didn't have to happen. The the reasons for the fight seem to seem to ring not particularly true to me. I I know that you know the world of Conan is a is a male dominated world. I get that. Um, I know that you know the, 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 there are sort of genuine and and you know kind of important political points that you can make about the treatment of women um, in, in situations like this, and I, and I get that too. I just think this whole thing just seemed a little bit forced. And you essentially have uh, a middle section here of the comic book. I, I would say we're, we're looking at half the comic book is taken up with um, with this with this sort of drinking and fighting, and it doesn't really get them any closer to where they want to be. It doesn't tell us all that much more than we already know. It's entertaining enough, and 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 look, let's be honest, you know that that is very often as good a reason as any for doing anything in comic books. It just struck me as being a little bit forced, a little bit, a little bit unnecessary, if if that's the right way of putting it. I mean, it does end with with kind of them riding off into the distance on somebody else's horses. Um. With with the two uh, people who who have kind of fallen for Conan and Diana, which is the the barkeep and the barmaid, kind of kind of sort of resting against one or leaning against one another as as they as Conan and Diana head off on horseback, and they're both kind of <sighs> sighing with a sort of with a kind of sappy, wistful expression on their faces, it, it, which is which again is is kind of funny. Then we end the issue, um, and again, okay, I, I will give Simone this. There's a nice kind of tonal contrast, right, between between what we've just seen and what we get now, which is which is Yana and the young Conan uh, negotiating their way through the Sumerian mountains, and they come across uh, some bandits who look particularly unpleasant, and unlike, uh, say, the uh, the bar the the, uh, the barkeep. Uh, in the in the previous section, these guys look vicious. They look they look distinctly unpleasant, and um, 
you know, these these two are still kids at the end of the day, and and they they try and uh, defend themselves. Yana does actually kill one of them. She shoots she shoots one of them in the eye uh, with her bow. Uh, Conan uh, sort of leaps into action as well. Uh, but during the course of the battle, I mean, they are outnumbered. They're outnumbered about five to two, six to two, something like that. Um, during the course of the battle, um, the leader of the bandits uh, stabs Yana uh, in the chest. Uh, I would say actually kind of just below the, the, the shoulder blade. And uh, the force of that impact um, pushes her off a precipice and she falls down and it looks like she's dead and we end with uh the young conan kind of screaming into the dark and it's raining and it's very kind of bleak um and that's that's kind of it you know that he's failed this yana he doesn't you know he doesn't uh, save her I gave this story uh, seven point two on the uh, on the site. I, I think that's reasonable. I, Dancing Mike and I have usually very similar uh, opinions about uh, about these issues. I get the impression that he's he's enjoying it a lot, which is good actually. I, I'm glad that somebody else is is kind of getting a lot out of it. Um, he was quite he was quite pleased with this issue. Uh, probably more pleased than than I am. Um, I, I think yeah the 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 bar stuff was was entertaining enough. It just it, it felt like a bit of filler to me. It felt unnecessary. Uh, it felt a little forced. Uh, some of the kind of interactions just didn't. I mean, look in the grand scheme of things, you know, Simone is a really good writer, and I, and, I, and I'm not dissing Simone at all. I mean, Anne Nascenti, she isn't. You know, you know what I'm saying? She she can write. She can write really well. I I just. I just thought here there was just a little bit less subtlety than we've had in other issues, and and as a result of that, um, I I would say, um, as I said, seven point two for this issue. It's still a comic book worth checking out, and uh, certainly if you haven't uh, checked it out yet, I really really advise you to do so. It is it is a lot of fun. Uh, the the correlationship between Diana and Conan and between Yana and the young Conan actually are done really well. The, the, those two relationships are done so so well. There's a real warmth there. There's a real love there. It not not I mean there's undertones of romantic love, but but love in the sense of kind of deep friendship and, and respect for one another. And I I love it. I I love that aspect of it. I just this this issue seemed a little bit like a placeholder issue to me while while we get other things in place um so it's just that's the way it is but i mean weirdly enough like i said last uh the next issue that we're going to talk about which is the wildstorm issue 10 does pretty much exactly the same it just does it a hell of a lot better and we'll we'll, we'll get to that in a minute we're going to have a short musical interlude do not go away because we've got more excitement to come. Yes, we do. See you in a minute.
And we're back, and this time we're talking about uh, the Wildstorm issue 10. The Wildstorm hits double figures. Hooray! Isn't that great? Uh, 10 issues of uh, comic storytelling fabulousness. Is fabulousness a word? I don't know. It is now. Right. The Wildstorm issue 10 is written, of course, by Warren Ellis. Uh, Art is by John Davis Hunt. Colours are by Steve Bucciolato. Letters are by Simon Boland. It's published by DC Comics, and the price is $3.99. And we start with this possibly pretentious opening to my review on the site. It goes like this. Why do we love comics so much? I know I'm assuming here, but you've just started reading a comic book review, so I'm reasonably sure there's some comic love going on in that heart of yours. I would imagine that there are as many answers as there are comic book fans, but for me, it's the coming together of a number of different factors. First, there's the whole extended universe thing. The excitement you get from being plunged into a world that is rich and varied and capable of expanding in often surprisingly new directions. Then, there's the fact that it's a hybrid medium, a unique combination of image and text. Much has been made of comics' increasingly filmic qualities, and I get excited about that too, but a page of comic art can be studied in ways that a film scene can't. That each figure is drawn, is deliberately posed, gives the artist greater control and potentially subtlety when it comes to conveying meaning, and yes, we'll be getting to some specific examples of that in a moment. Although... Like film and television, the comic is a collaborative medium. The creative aspects of that collaboration are smaller scale, meaning that the story can be created more precisely. Plus, comics are fun. Their potential to surprise, to play with narrative form and structure is exciting. Anything can happen in comics. Anything at all. Or anything cannot happen or be about to happen, as the case may be. We've been here before with the Wildstorm. I've lost count of the times I've pointed out, either on this site or in interactions with friends and readers online, that this series is essentially one long-form story, and we're not even halfway through it yet. But let me have one more go, and try to explain why the Wildstorm issue 10 might well be the best issue of characters talking to one another and not doing very much, you'll ever read well um yeah th- there's not an awful lot of action going on here um what what there is I, I i would say that this is something almost like a kind of a slice of life issue uh in the sense that we we see uh various characters kind of going about the the sort of more mundane things that they do but actually, there's more going on than that. I, I, I titled my review on the site uh, Plates Spinning Beautifully, which I think is, it kind of sums up what I feel is happening here, which is which is that you've got several disparate elements that have been put into play. Ellis and Davis Hunt are just keeping the momentum going for, for each of these different elements. Uh, not quite ready to bring them together yet. We'll we'll, we'll bring them together in, a, in an issue or two, and and I, and I believe that will happen. I, I I think you know, twenty-four issues means that issue twelve, I suppose, is uh, our kind of our mid-season finale, if you like. I I think there is going to be some quite sort of dramatic action take place in in the next couple of issues. But this issue is is all about character, and it's all about how characters interact with one another. It's all about 
it's all about conveying that and uh, and conveying it in a in a fairly kind of interesting and creative way we start this issue with Jacob Marlowe's wildcat uh his covert action team uh this is John Colt uh Grifter Colt Cash uh Kenesha and Void and they're talking about what to do uh, about this IO facility called High Tower. This is the facility that John Colt had been infiltrating, and of course we first saw him in issue seven. Uh, it's the IO are doing something to do with uh, machine telepathy, which is, is a bizarre kind of concept if you think about it. Uh, but obviously, uh, the Wild Cat have. Um, have issues with that, shall we say. And they want to do something about it. And they're, they're discussing what they should be doing. Uh, and so they have this discussion. And uh, Kanisha wants to blow the thing up. Cole is not happy about that. Grifter's not happy about that. Uh, he's not happy about the collateral damage. He's not happy about the fact that innocent, relatively innocent people may end up getting killed as a result of this. So they're having this kind of back and forth. Uh, Adriana... Uh, sort of intervenes as well and and basically says look I'm not going to be used as a as a bomb delivery system uh, Colt is there uh, primarily to provide some kind of technical expertise because obviously he's been in the facility so he he kind of knows his way around it a bit um, and so they're, they're looking to kind of get past um, a series of, of kind of shields um, that that sort of would prevent Adriana kind of uh, teleporting in there so she she would have to kind of teleport up uh a few levels and then and then they'd have to f- presumably fight their way into the wherever it is they 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 want to go in the base so so they they're, they're kind of talking about this and and eventually uh Cole Cash, uh, as i said Kanisha wants to wants to blow the thing up uh Cole is dead against this uh, but essentially what happens is 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 that Cole gets struck by an idea where he thinks, okay, well, maybe we can use an explosion, but as kind of a distraction, and maybe we can sort of sneak it into the facility. Maybe we can sneak in uh, some explosive into the facility using um, Angie Speaker's remote drones that she deployed way back in, I think, issue three, during the firefight with the Razor Cat. So there's... There's this big conversation with with these four characters, and they, they eventually get they eventually get hold of Angie. They they retrieve her from her sort of hidden lab, uh, talk to her about it, and she's quite up for it. She's quite up for kind of adapting these these drones to do this particular job, and and she's she's got no problem whatsoever about blowing up an IO facility. Um, this is the kind of thing that I I guess in a different kind of comic would probably take about three pages uh, and you have the characters kind of arguing flat you know arguing about the the kind of finer details of it but essentially it would be there as 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 a kind of a setup of information uh for the uh the the, the next part of the story which would then happen in that issue most likely right that's not what happens here um it is set up, and we are going to see it play out. And I'm, I'm guessing it will play out next issue, and probably come to some kind of resolution in issue twelve. But uh, 
there's so much more going on in this. Um, Ellis and Davis Hunt are in no hurry whatsoever to to tell this story. They 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 want us to uh, to kind of understand and empathize with these characters, and you do get here. Uh, some wonderful kind of interplay between these four characters. One of the wonderful things that comes across in this uh, section is that they are obviously very comfortable with one another. And it's not just about the dialogue. It is about the way Davis Hunt draws the characters. Now, that they are wearing a, a weird kind of variety of, of, of clothing. Cash and Kanisha are probably uh, clothed the most similar. Kanisha's probably a little bit more stylish than than Cole. Cole's kind of slumming it in a in a shirt and jeans, basically. Um, Adriana's still wearing her her kind of cosmonaut outfit. Uh, John Colt is wearing his three piece suit and is drinking a bottle of champagne. So 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 you, you've got already you've got you've got a fairly kind of distinct characterization going on just through the clothing. But there's more to it than that. It it's it's about the way they stand and the way they um they they interact with one another. So so Adriana is standing quite rigidly, um whereas uh Colt is leaning against uh, against the filing cabinet with the with the bottle of champagne perched on it and he's he's quite he's quite relaxed um cole is carrying a mug of coffee uh and the very first thing that we actually hear them talking about is not the plan but the fact that Kanisha's annoyed that colt uh has put the cup of coffee or the mug of coffee on this sort of computer table they've got they've got this sort of table with it looks like a kind of a flat screen sort of as as the the table surface uh, which presumably they can then use to kind of run various programs and display various information on and 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 Cole is kind of like yeah it's a table I'll put my coffee mug where I where I want and, and what's really fascinating is is that is that sort of Davis Hunt, and I'll 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 try and do this. I it, it's 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 kind of tricky actually. But I, Davis Hunt uses the coffee mug as a uh, as a sort of metaphor for um, Cole and Kanisha working out their differences, um, and it it it's really subtly done, and it's it's cleverly done. And by the time, by the end of the conversation, uh, it's Kanisha who's left holding the mug uh, because Cole has has kind of reconciled himself to Kanisha's way of looking at the problem. Uh, he's adapted her idea. So, so, so what you get is you get this. This the coffee mug starts out in in Cole's hand. He's holding it kind of. He's not holding it by the handle. He's holding it kind of you know by the mug itself. He puts it down on the table. Uh, he, there's a little bit of dialogue where he kind of talks about, um, you know, what's going on with this IO Hightower, uh project. He's still talking when he leans on the table, and um, in behind him, Kanisha is moving the mug off the uh, the screen section of the table and off to the table's edge. So she's taking kind of charge of the mug at that point. Then um, Cole picks it back up again. He's drinking with it again. Um, in the background, Colt, uh, John Colt is still 
holding his champagne flute, which it never leaves his hand. In un, unlike unlike, if you remember last last issue, uh, Colt had this conversation with Kanisha where he sort of revealed that he was kind of at the he was essentially the lowest of the low, or almost like sort of the the Caribbean kind of version of the Untouchables. You know, he, he's sort of in, in their caste system. Um, he he's the lowest of the low so he he's he's determined to to enjoy uh the finer things in life and that it's very again it's subtly done but but that comes across in the fact that whenever we see him he's holding the champagne flute so 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 it's like he's not prepared to let it go he's not prepared to put it down He's always holding it. He's he's sort of airily waving his round to make a point. He's uh, he's drinking from it. He's just holding it casually in his hand, but he never puts it down. In marked contrast to to Cole, uh, who does put the coffee mug down at different at different points and then picks it back up again. Um, during the course of the conversation, as I said, um, he is uh, talking to Kanisha about the whole issue of kind of blowing this Hightower facility up. That's what Kanisha wants to do. He's dead against it because he just doesn't think it, it will... It, it will. Uh, he's dead against it basically because um, because of the collateral damage issue and obviously it will also draw attention to the Wildcat's existence and that wouldn't be good either. Um, but there is a moment where um, he is... It's just a, uh, a silent panel of him thinking... And then he kind of he he makes the decision that yes maybe we can use a bomb but it has to be smaller and we'll use it as a distraction. When the time comes for him to uh, be taken by Adriana to see uh, Angie Speaker in her laboratory and ask her if she's okay with this, he has drunk the coffee. You see, you see him swig the last of the dregs of the coffee, and he tosses it over his shoulder. Uh, towards Kanisha, who looks a little bit startled by it, but is clearly you know ready to to kind of catch it, almost as if to kind of punctuate his decision that yeah okay Kanisha yeah we'll 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 do things your way, but at the same time I I'm I'm modifying your plan kind of thing. Oh yeah, and here's this this mug you're not happy about, and and it, and it, it it's a, again it's a really nicely played out bit of character interaction and it the way it's developed the way it's portrayed in this is absolutely fantastic and um other things as well like the fact that he clearly does not enjoy uh cold cash clearly does not enjoy going into the bleed uh and adriana kind of takes him there and there's a there's a wonderful panel actually sort of in the middle of this page where he's got his eyes closed, and, he's, and his eyes are closed in, in it because he obviously feels uncomfortable. He's he's not particularly happy about it. Uh, Adriana's eyes are wide open and kind of staring blankly and kind of glowing, uh, sort of inhumanly. As these, uh, I've described them before as as, as sort of like um, sort of antibodies, um, phagocytes. I think they're known as uh, sort of. Um, sort of in 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 somebody's bloodstream and um, sort of white blood cells kind of thing uh, and they they look a little bit like that and and he's and he's got his eyes close to all that but she's just kind of stirring impassively forward who you almost get the get the impression that looking at her uh her face 
that she's kind of not really there uh, actually which is which is kind of interesting anyway um they then talk to angie angie's fine with it is this an opportunity for me to say that Angie Speaker is the most beautiful woman in comics today? Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, top right-hand uh, uh, panel of... What page are we on here? Just hold on. Uh, I think it's probably page five, uh, six, if you're including the cover. Uh, the re- review copies obviously come without the ads. But, yeah, it's top top right-hand panel at page five. She's kind of putting on a backpack. She's looking up at Cole as he's talking to her. And she she's kind of very casual in her kind of t-shirt and what have you, but she just looks stunning, looks absolutely stunning. Uh, so there we go. And uh, she's quite happy to to help them out, uh, which which they which she does. I I do love the the kind of the whole teleporting bleed effect because when they come through, uh, they teleport from one from from the bleed to to another place, or they teleport from the bleed to. To our reality, and they come through, and uh, they kind of coalesce out of thin air. But but the, the sort of bits of sort of bleed energy and matter that that, that are kind of uh, floating around them a little bit, like sort of blood, kind of spurting out. It, it is it is darned impressive. Uh, anyway, they basically decide to um, to go ahead with this plan. Um, which is essentially to uh, distract the IO security uh, by using Angie's drones to place some kind of explosive device, which will then uh, cause some kind of security issue, security alert, uh, which will necessitate the facility being evacuated, and then that should hopefully allow Adriana to uh, teleport in without too much difficulty. That That is the plan. Uh, we head uh, up now uh, to Henry Bendix, uh, who we last saw a couple of issues ago, I think. It's been a while since we've seen Henry. Uh, Lauren Pennington comes in. Uh, Ellis does this effortlessly, this whole kind of portraying Bendix as kind of like a mad old man uh, who kind of knows he's a mad old man. He's 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 playing a part to a certain extent. Uh, Pennington is kind of partly humouring him uh, by going along with it, partly there to kind of keep him stable or stable-ish, um, and they do have this kind of interesting rapport, which is, it's it's not friendship. I don't know what it is. It's 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 a it's a really interesting kind of relationship that they have. Um, so basically, they're, they're talking about uh, well, there's a number of things that are kind of mentioned here. They mentioned Michael Cray. Uh, Michael Cray's brain tumor, um, which Bendix says quite, quite sort of assertively, isn't a tumor at, at all, um, and he puts it down to sort of space aliens, reptilians. We're into kind of David Icke territory here, really, which is which is quite interesting. Um, so, and of course, he's kind. Of, I think he's probably referring to the demonites, actually, which who, who of course do exist. Um. But Pennington doesn't believe it. Pennington kind of says, "Right, you know, I can't believe you're going on about this." <laughs> you know, <laughs> again, you know, this mad conspiracy theory. Um, and and basically, they they kind of have this conversation, and and they, Lauren says, "You know, what are we going to do about Io having our old stealth tech, Henry?" 
Um, and he basically says, um, you increase surveillance on IO analysis. And she says, Lucy Blaze is on it. Now, Lucy Blaze is Lucy Blaze is zealot. Now, we see Zella, actually, on the front cover, but she's not in this issue, which is a bit disappointing, really. She, of all the Wildstorm characters, she's the one we probably see the least, we've seen the least of so far. But uh, anyway, I'm, I'm assuming she'll make an appearance sooner rather than later, but we will see. We see Henry Bendix inject himself with something that, that sends him a bit sort of manic and and sort of high, really. So, 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 so Bendix... Bendix is is kind of prepared to sort of take, you know, take literal charge of Skywatch operations while he's high on some kind of drug, and you do see him um, sort of assume his position as weatherman, uh, which of course is is what uh, is what the character was called in Stormwatch. Now, of course, Stormwatch was it was a different. I mean, we're not we're not talking about the DC Stormwatch. We're talking about. Um, Talking about the proper, st- proper Stormwatch, um, yeah. The, the, back in the day, when it was all kind of superheroes working for the UN, I mean, I mean that essentially was was the idea of Stormwatch. Bendix is a, is a, is obviously a character in that, and he he's portrayed as in a very kind of austere sort of Jean Luc Picard kind of way to begin with, and and of course the the, the Stormwatch uh, satellite. Back in those days, very sort of gleaming high tech. Uh, that isn't the case here, and so so the, the creative team do an interesting thing here. They they, they kind of show him sort of uh, assuming his position in this in this kind of solitary pulpit high above the um, the control room. What's really interesting is is that there's it's very very low tech i mean it has like i mean it is in space obviously but but it, it has ceiling tiles it ha you know you, you see the uh the the sort of the the steel construction that it you know the the steel material that it's been made out of it's all very kind of solid and uh as i as i said in in the review it's very low tech uh, compared to what we the, the sort of more gleaming kind of futuristic stuff that we got in the in the nineties iteration, uh, the, the thing that, uh, that 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 amuses me is he's wearing a suit a suit and tie. He's got there's no sort of technology technology around him at all. He's just there as as a kind of watching over his domain, and presumably if he needs to say anything. Uh, he will have to. He will have to shout it. He will have to shout it sort of verbally uh, to his subordinates who are working hard below him. It's a. It's a very kind of. It, it, it sort of. It's a homage or it's a, an echo, perhaps, would be a better way of putting it, of of the earlier series. But it's a very low. It's a resolutely kind of low tech uh, and and sort of um, a bit sort of grubby kind of version of it. Which which I which I quite like. Uh, the next thing we get, um, the next section. This is the third of the of the four sections in this in this issue. Uh, we see uh, Jenny May Sparks in London, and Shen uh, has followed her. If you remember from last issue, uh, Shen and no, it wasn't last issue. Was it last issue or the issue before? It was the issue before. Um, issue eight it was we see 
uh, Shen uh, track sort of May, uh, Jenny May Sparks down. Uh, she just wants to talk to her, and, and and she Shen is a magician, and and she basically prevents uh, Jenny May Sparks from um, from escaping. Uh, by uh, as she puts it, she says, "I just turned every communication signal in a fifty-meter radius into music, so you're not escaping, Jenny May Sparks, and you owe me a proper conversation." And uh, when Shen uh, manifests her sort of magic power, she does so with these kind of almost sort of like Aztec wings. If that's the that, that sort of manifest behind her, sort of glowing uh, symbolically, I think, to kind of suggest that she's using her power. And of course, Jenny sort of, uh, and of course, uh, back in the Authority days and early Stormwatch days, Shen did have wings. Um, but yeah, so the, the, they're talking and they go back to Jenny May Sparks's uh, flat. We see the wall again, which was, was the last time we saw that was in issue three, where all these things are kind of linked together. She's got pictures of IO and all those other kind of things. Uh, and uh, Shen thinks she's a bit bonkers uh, for having that. Uh, but Jenny May Sparks kind of says, yeah, no, I, I, I kind of, you know, this is all from experience. I've seen these things. And she says that she's 120 years old, which would kind of fit with, obviously, uh, the Jenny Sparks that we uh, the, we knew in the, in the other universe. Um, and Shen has some information for her. And the information that she has is that she has seen uh, Jenny's um, inception. She's She's seen... Uh, her creation at the hands of the demonites, which is quite kind of, and, and she kind of shows her an image of the demonite womb and what have you. And uh, so Jenny's prepared to listen, and and that it sounds like they're going to kind of sort of communicate with one another. They're, they're gonna they're gonna share information with one another, and uh, and so they're they're kind of coming together almost as a maybe not as a team but as a kind of like a, a kind of a loose partnership as it were um then we see kanisha uh who bumps into jack hawksmore without realizing who he is now this jack hawksmore is he looks a little bit like uh he looks a little bit like jared leto actually uh but it's a long hair unshaven unkempt um but kind of pleasant enough you know nice smile uh barefooted as jack hawksmore always is um kanisha goes into a corner shop and asks the owner who's that guy out there and and, and there's a nice little bit of interplay here because it, because the guy the the owner of the shop just says uh what him he's the mer he's harmless the mer yeah that's what everyone calls him spends all his days Spends all day walking around the city, checking into stores and asking if everything's going okay. Shows up a half dozen times a year. So you get this idea of kind of Hawksmoor. Hawksmoor's sort of abilities are always obviously to do with with cities and he can speak to cities and he derives his power from cities and uh, and what have you. Um, And here we get this kind of sense of of community that, that... the hawks more sort of checking in on people and and making sure that everything's okay and and kind of there's a kind of corrective sort of almost sort of pastoral if that's the word I'm looking for quality to to what Hawksmore is doing that he's 
you're kind of looking out for people and, and, and looking after the city um which is which is kind of interesting and then we see him uh disappear uh he just sort of climbs up the perpendicular wall of a building and then plunges into into the road uh heading towards Copen Copenhagen which is where he wants to go which is fair enough the last page is of Priscilla uh, voodoo getting out of her car a uh, chauffeur driven car uh because she's just seen Hawksmore uh do his disappearing act and this is a revelation to her she's she's finally seen evidence that as she puts it i saw it just like in my dreams and my daydreams so it's like she has been having uh, some kind of premonition or some kind of sort of revelation about the uh, about the existence of superpowered beings and all this kind of stuff, uh, and she looks quite freaked out by this. That 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 she's finally had this confirmed to her, uh, and the the issue ends with. Uh, if he's real, then it's all real. And if it's all real, oh God, if it's all real, then there's a war coming. And she looks absolutely kind of terrified. And that's a pretty decent way, actually, to to end the issue. Uh, as I said in, uh, as I said earlier, th- there's, there's not a lot going on here. <laughs> what we are getting, though, is some beautiful writing and, and some truly spectacular art. I gave this 9 out of 10. I think it continues... Uh, a strong trend with this series this series is just one of the best ongoing series that you can buy right now it is consistently excellent quality it is telling uh, an involved complicated sophisticated story with engaging characters that you feel a great deal of sympathy for and whose pre-existing relationships with one another are beautifully uh, and very engagingly portrayed. I, I I think, yeah, there's not a lot happening in this issue. I don't care anymore. I really don't. I, I said this in in the in the review. They are taking their time uh, telling this story. They really, really are. But it's a hell of a story, and I think over the last uh, few issues they have earned the reader's trust or something they've earned this reader's trust at any rate um and i do trust them i i, I trust them to deliver on this um and uh, i just think they're they're doing a fantastic job all the characters are interesting on, on some level most of them are extremely sympathetic and uh, there is a kind of an intriguing sort of, you know, secret history of the world kind of plot unfolding at the same time as there is a a kind of superpowered espionage plot unfolding. Um, it, it's all in the mix and it's uh, it's riveting stuff. It really, really is. Even when nothing seems to be happening, it's still very very impressive so my advice to you uh is to jump on board if you have not done so already uh, the first trade is out 
Um, it's and that's worth checking out. And I mean, I personally, I'm enjoying reading the single issues. And I, I, I'm not sure I'd I'd like to wait for trade. To be honest with you, there, there is something quite nice actually about kind of having this story drip fed to you uh, month by month. But however you choose to consume the Wild Storm, uh, you do need to read it if you are at all interested in. Uh, in superhero comic books with a kind of a more realistic, slightly more sort of grounded take on things, slightly more adult, mature take on things. If you want to read some witty, snappy dialogue, uh, if you want to see some glorious artwork, this is the book for you. Uh, anyhow, that's me done for this week. Uh, two pretty decent books, really. Um, I hope you've enjoyed yourselves. Um, do come back next week. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what we've got next week. Uh, might not have anything, actually. It might be. I don't know. We'll see. Um, in any case, um, I hope you're, uh, you're having a great Christmas break. Uh, I hope you're enjoying yourselves uh i wish you a very merry christmas and a very happy new year and i will see you next week take care and bye bye so when i'm talking to my wife and shaming people who are lame i always mention eric shay Some people like to hear the news Some people love all the reviews The thing that I look forward to It's mail, it's mail, it's mail Mail with Jim Mail with Jim All the nonsense we think of Stories of the things we do Everything that we send in We love that All right, Eric, we have one last mail section left, and we're going to start with a man by the name of Greg Cap. Greg Cap, Eric. Is that he Andy Cap's brother? He says, Mr. Werner, Mr. Stray, Mr. Reshi, allow me to introduce myself. I'm the Capullo, bruh. Huh. Yeah, you read that right. Your inbox is being graced by a comic god, me, Greg Capullo. First things first, bruh. For, fuck you, Eric Stray. Yeah, I was listening to your little mealy mouth podcast, and I heard what you said, bruh. Saying that Brett Foam Booth and Norm Rapture is your favorite art team at DC right now? Have you not been looking at Dark Knight's Metal, bruh? 
Been a while. <laughs> I wish I could do the the accent. Has drool not uh, fallen from your mouth as you turn every page, festering your eyes upon what is the greatest comic art? Now I, I I can't do it. There no, ever was, Keep it up. or ever will be, bro. Yeah. Speaking of dark knots metal, did you, did you two fool see the news this week? People camping out for days to be the first in line. Line stretching as far as you can see. Law enforcement being called in for crowd control. These people weren't lining up for the new Star Walker movie, bruh. Or that new Jason Facebook Swap Man book. They were lining up to be the first to get their hands on a copy of Dark Knight's Metal Issue 4, bruh. That's ridiculous. That's right, brother. Snyder and I have returned to continue this epic tale of Dark and Knights and, uh, Metal, bruh. So ah. the internet can shut up about what Stephen King is doing to Batman and Catwoman, or that doomsday really clock nonsense, or Christmas pastor. <laughs> oh shit! Right. What's he doing? Christmas pastor writing Justice League. That's right, bro. We are back with metal. So Jamie and I are gonna sit back and listen to your little mealy mouth review there on the weird sky, whatever, whatever the fuck this podcast is called, <laughs> and wait for that ten out of ten rating, bro. Capullo, out. Uh, I can't do him justice. I cannot do him justice. Uh, I need some more uh, of that. I need to hear Jamie singing. Wait, what was it? Na, 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 with Jim. I love that one when she just bebopping along. Oh, yes. I made you some cream candies, Greg. You get the pop. What the fuck you say? <laughs> That's right. See, now I, I can get in the voice if I can remember some of the greatest hits. I, like, I made you cream candies. And then, okay, I'll eat those later, bitch. Now get the fuck out of here. Oh, I love it. I love it, Eric. I love that sort of thing. Actually, oh, it's wow. funny you said at the beginning, does act a little like Andy Cap, doesn't he? <laughs> He's not too nice. Mad Marty's oh. next. And thank you, bruh. Mad Marty's Rock. next, and Mad Marty says, Good day, Jim, Eric, and the rest of the Get Fresh Crew. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Good day, Marty. Happy holiday season, everyone. Isn't it, isn't it weird to you that just to think that if we moved to Australia, we would be celebrating Christmas in the, in the middle of summer? Isn't that just – isn't that wacky? I don't really stuff. like to think of such things. Like I was telling Wacky Mad Marty in the Slack check, he's like, I'll try to get the movie night, but I'm like, you know, yeah, that's what I'm helping my sister it. set up a pool. I'm like, set up a pool? It's 9.30 on freaking in winter. What are you doing? Man, I'm thinking pool. What? Super Bowl's not for a while. That's yeah. the only pool I was thinking. I was like, what's going on? But he says, I may start my day uh, by watching the sunrise from the beach at Warrabee South, which is a 15-minute drive from my place. Believe me, though, it isn't nearly as glamorous as it sounds. And I'm telling you, Warrabee South, the, you don't get much more glamorous sounding, Eric. Warrabee South. There you go. The beach at Warrabee South likes to collect seaweed and big jellyfish. My dad and I used to fish That's for flathead. My, my dad and I used to fish for flathead not too far off the shore when I was in my teens, though, which was fun. Did you ever try to fish for flathead, Eric? Only screwdrivers in my toolbox. You know, well, I'm telling you, it's funny because he's like, I'll include a picture of a flathead so you know what it looks like. I'm telling you, you, you have not seen an uglier fish in quite some time. These things are like one of those fish that looks like they're just laying on the bottom of the fucking ocean, and you might step on them, and they'll move and scare the shit out of you because you thought it was a rock. Yeah, I'm not my, going in the ocean. Yeah, my real, oh, I hate it. My is that recent one of those are like Australian ocean fish that, like, you know, you think it's a rock and then it poisons you and kills no, you? you? You think it's a rock. It's actually a, a transformer that turns into a plane that then turns into one of those gigantic spiders. 
Actually, I think, you know, I'm telling you, Australia, these things, you think it's a rock, and then the next thing, you're riding on the back of it like you're in the fucking, what's it called? Never-ending story? Never-ending story. A fucking rock dragon. Going around, you're like, what the fuck happened to me? It's a kooky place. It is very kooky. Very, very kooky. My recent experience with reading comics have been pretty rough. Just like everyone else, my girlfriend and I cut back on our books, and I spent $150 less in December than I did in November. Now, that is Australian money. $150 in Australian is about 73 cents here, Eric, is what I heard. That's what I heard the exchange rate was. That's what it is. And actually, also, you, you give an Australian a dollar, he gives you back 20 cents, and then somehow a spider is there to eat you. Why, it's crazy. Why is our spiders always a part of currency? I, hate I it. don't know. Also, a dingo may possibly show up. But all right, for this week in books, Dark Knight's Metal Number 4. How long ago did this issue 3 come out? I was collecting every book for this event, but when the storyline that interrupted Flash, Justice League, and Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, happened, I only bothered to read The Flash. It feels like this event ended months ago, so I'm not excited for issue 4 at all. How unfortunate. I think that that's one of the problems. You know what one of my favorite quotes is? I love on Seinfeld when Elaine keeps yelling the dingo age your baby it's the best you ever see that one when she keeps saying it oh it's so funny the wild storm number 10 this title is still great but i'm not sure if i like the book as much as i like jeremy's reviews when i'm listening to this segment on the podcast i often find myself nodding my head and agreeing with this profound interpretation of warren ellis's storytelling when in reality as i'm reading the book i'm thinking oh look at the pretty picture so he's saying that jeremy adds to it unlike when we talk when we talk it isn't they're like, why is he talking about uh, disgusting sandwiches? That's what we talk about. When the new – and it's like, yeah, this is where you have people like they listen to Jeremy like, yep, you know what? He knows what it's going. And, and then when they listen up, it's like, yep, this is the last episode of this I'm listening to. <laughs> when the news released that the DC Young Animal books were returning, I almost jumped for joy. Now if I can get Gerard Almost. Way to keep a schedule like the other creative teams can, it will be heaven on earth. Uh, he's the boss of the thing. Why does he have to keep a schedule? Milk Wars. I, I really well know. This is the new books then. Eric, oh, the new, new an, books. Yeah. Yeah, the, the new new. They ended up in the new solicits. There's a new run. Uh, they altered them up a bit. I believe it's like Shade the Changing Woman now eric and also i think mother panic is set in the future and things of like some sort of time issue has gone by or whatever i really do feel sorry some kind of flashpoint maybe 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 even could could you say possibly must be superman reborn i don't think you no, can say can, that no, i don't know why he no. said that i re- could you say you better fasten up your doomsday clock is going to be a bumpy ride could you say that that guy gets left behind at grocery stores you can't listen he to anything does. he says you know you know who would leave him behind like american sweetheart i like tamatziskin <laughs> now am i leaving him behind or tamatziskin's going to leave him behind i got to hear that one again <laughs> Like American sweetheart, I like Tamatziskin. <laughs> That's a classic. Oh yes. Segregation. Oh yes. I think the one that he sounds the most happy is this one. It's time for meat and cheese. Oh yeah, he knows what meat and cheese are. Yes. Oh, he loves. Uh, if there's any time, if you ever want to catch a wrong turn, you know, if there's a, a wild wrong turn in your area, all you have to do, you get a stick. Catch and release, a, brother. You get a stick and a cardboard Don't take box. Them home. You set that. You prop up that, and then put a ham and cheese sandwich in there. You're gonna catch yourself a wrong turn. That man 
loves ham and cheese more than anybody I've ever heard. He will go anywhere he goes. If he leaves the house for any sort of meal, if he goes to a diner, if he goes to a restaurant, if he goes anywhere, and I, uh, it, it's ham and cheese. That's all he wants. Ham and, I'm and cheese. You, I think ham and cheese hoagie. He packs some ham and cheese sandwiches in case he goes yes. to a diner and they yes. don't have ham and cheese sandwiches. And, yeah, and when he came into uh, work, when he used to bring lunch, ham and cheese. He actually, I think, makes a ham and cheese sandwich with a ham and cheese sandwich. I, I don't even know how that works. It implodes the whole goddamn universe in and of itself. He makes ham and cheese out of another ham and cheese that makes a ham and cheese. He loves it. He told me the one day that is his favorite thing. And where we've learned he doesn't he he doesn't expand much in no. his eating and really no from the get-go just says everything that he doesn't eat is awful and it'll just stay with his ham and cheese. That's how that whole oh, everything uh, that he cheese doesn't steak like deal. is everything that he has never tried. Yeah, that's why he kept saying that the cheesesteaks were the worst sandwiches ever. Then all you have to do it's so funny. We we do you sit there. And if you yes, if you would want to see what me and Eric do, Sometimes I would say is okay. It's not bullying. I would say that we act very much like a uh, prosecuting attorney, and he is on the stand because, boy, we grill him so much that his head spins. And he's one of those guys, too. I realize also he is a guy who doesn't talk very well but really wants to go – he thinks that everybody does small talk. So he'll hear other people talk nonsense small talk. He doesn't realize that there's one thing that me and you get infuriated with uh, the most, and it's small talk. So yeah. he'll come back, and he's like, yep. Uh, I, I, he said something the other day. It was like one of those, like, he'll come back and go, yeah, the one guy at work, this one guy everybody hates. So ooh, he ooh, comes – he no, no, uh, different, the pissing uh, out the back. He comes, okay. in, uh, he comes in the back and goes, yeah – I won't even say it. I, I, fuck it. I'm saying it. Yeah, Terry was mad at me because I was in the stall that he goes to the bathroom, and then he got mad at me, and then he's a dick, isn't he? What a dick. And he basically around the shop, uh, people will just say to him, or they'll, he'll hear him badmouth this guy. The problem is what he's yelling about and want us to join in the small talk, wrong turns wrong. He yep. is the biggest piece of shit. When you go into the bathroom, you got to go to the bathroom, and he's in meowing right there. Why doesn't that work for him if it works for Catwoman? I hear more meowing when I'm going to the bathroom. The next thing I do, I might have to go and, and service him or something with that oh meowing. I'm telling you that if he has the power of Catwoman, I will be. I, I, he sits there. You go into the bathroom. Also, he can't stay silent whatsoever. So there's two people in the bathroom. All I want to do is get the hell out of the bathroom without conversating with somebody who's also taking a shit. So we're there, and I hear this. Meow, meow. What the fuck is going on over there? It's got the petting zoo. Uh, right, and two stalls over. He's nonsense. I'm so telling then, you, every time I have to hear it, I try to punish him in some yes. way to make him know that I have to do this. Well, so and this when is I what leave, that Terry did. I make sure did. to turn out the light. Yeah, this is what that Terry did. Told him to, you know, say. Also, he, he tends to kind of, you know, disappear for a while. So they go to look for him. There he is, meowing. And then they yell at him. And then he gets mad and wants to blame it on him. But he all he wants it as small talk. He wants it to be like we're standing around the cooler, like, oh yeah, he is an asshole. Oh my goodness gracious, everything he says is nonsense. So we get mad and then we grill him. And I mean, we grill him to the Hard. point where he doesn't even remember what he fucking just said. And then he'll go. 
within two minutes, he'll already be, you know, warping around his story to the, the exact opposite. Oh, my goodness. It's so fun. Uh, yes, he says, uh, I hear we're going to yeah. watch a fun Christmas film for the movie night this month. I will hopefully be there to disappoint, to be disappointed yet again. Psych, he says. I think the short list of films sounds pretty good, so I'm looking forward to it. And he says, I hope they get fresh crew as a safe and fun time over the holidays, and everyone gets that certain trade they've been eyeing as a present. And that's cheers from Mad Marty, and I is the end of the mail. And that is it. We're going to go off to our last three books of the night. Listening to the podcast. Listen all day. I just want to hear Jim's voice. And not hear Eric Shea. Here we are. We have three more books. Not a lot of books this week. Not uh, at all. It's not really reprieve, though. I was going to say we, we have a reprieve, but we do not because we still have a lot of time uh, in this whole nonsense that we call life, Eric. That's what I call it, life. Are you talking about killing ourselves? <laughs> What's going on now? I actually, said this, I actually said this morning to my wife, I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of getting sick of this thing called life. <laughs> and she's like, what do you mean? I'm like... I'm just getting depressed. Like nothing works out. It's just it's an endless stream. The the worst part about life is every day is followed by another shitty day. It just doesn't end. I feel like I'm about to go fucking postal and oh, shoot up my my own house here. I, I don't know what I'm saying. Jesus. I am a little. I have been a little depressed lately. I will tell you. Uh, you got the I holiday just want, blues? No. I, well, it is, but it's nothing for me. To me, really, I say all this. To me, there, there's no and maybe. This is the problem. There's no difference between a Monday and a Wednesday for me and no difference between a December 25th and an October 10th. It's all just another day, another day in the life, Eric. I just one of the reasons is we do record almost every day. So Very when much. people are like, "Man, all oh, right, I'm working for the weekend," I'm like, "I'm trying to stay away from that weekend for now because I know I'm going to be up <laughs> until 3 a.m." Yeah, that's when the work really starts. But we're going to end it. This is going to be the last three books of the night. Did we save the best for last, Eric? Is that what we usually do for this no, last I, section? I don't think that's what we did at all. Or no, we don't. What is the first book? Green Lanterns, number 37, written by Tim Seeley, with art by Carlo Barbary, Matt Santarelli, Ulysses Ariola, and Dave Sharp. Simon and Jessica head back to Ungar to get to the bottom of who killed Commander Sight, and to our surprise, the podfather of the Molites confesses to the murder. Even though it's bullshit, I guess it's all well that ends well, but Simon, after having some sexy time with Lois Vach, she reveals that she knows the real killer because she's a part of her, her because he's a part of her supremacist organization, which she is the leader of. Yes. 
There's a really weird part in that end with the with the Podfather, Eric. Oh, when the I was Podfather? reading that, yeah, the Podfather really seems like he has the solution to kind of get out of a lot of nonsense, a lot of trouble, and a lot of this, you know, strife between the Molites and but yeah, and what are the uh, the Angarans? Angarans, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then he's he taking just, the bullet for his people. Yeah, but he is obviously he is, but. That doesn't, at the end, I sit there, and when we get to it, I'm going to be like, okay, I see you're taking the bullet, but you're taking the bullet as if you know who actually did it, and you're trying to protect them. The bullet that he takes is if, you know, look at me, Eric, I'm an old guy, I just told you, I'm depressed, I'm ready to check out, I'm ready to check my ticket out. Uh, You, you are full of life, you love life, all of a sudden you do something wrong. And they're going to take you to jail for life. Oh, you might get the the electric chair. And I sit I there and I think to myself, with the I, well, I'm, yeah, I'm like, hey, look at Eric. He, he has so much to live for. I, I fool myself. I pretend that. So I say, no, no, no. It was me so that I get the – and all is free and clear and everything ends up okay. The problem is when he says this at the end, he is you – know, the Molites are the bad guys here the, in, according to the Ungarans. They want them out. For the Podfather to just say – it was me. That does not solve the major issue Lousy that is going on. Lousy our planet, killing our yeah. people. I don't yeah. care if it was that one. And, I and, hate and them that, all. And in fact, by the end of it, I would think they're like, look, even their leader, the Podfather, can't even stop his nonsense. They bet it starts more more problems than it would ever solve. And in fact, it even goes against. Probably one of the best things that anybody in this book, or at least this issue, has done, which is the Podfather has protected some Ungarans who did some awful things. But don't he thinks that they shouldn't be straight up murdered, really? Yeah. And he he actually takes them in to help him. So when he turns, I really hope that if they're playing with something like he's mind control, which I can't see that happening I can't see it because it doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. But it starts off uh, kind of fun. I actually had a little chuckle here because you see that simon he's a sad sack he is so he is so lonely up in his uh, sector house that he's playing strip poker with with a construct oh, look, i'm telling you this is why i can never be a green lantern because i'm supposed to be out there doing you know you know po- space police work or whatever. Yeah. i'm just hanging in my place with a freak it's playing strip poker with a construct yeah look at that sexy construct it's funny too uh, i think that where again i think that uh, tim seeley is very funny doing this though because he it is they're playing strip poker there is simon bass playing strip poker with a sexy construct why why is he losing I'm telling you, you also are making he the cards. Yeah, but but you have the construct here. You want to see a, a naked lady. You would think if you're Simon. Instead, he's losing. He's yep. making the cards, Eric. He's the cards are constructs. The thing Just, is, Jim, you might want to see a naked lady, but what we don't know in this whole situation that before Simon became a Green Lantern, he was a flasher out in like strip. He might have like been. He just likes he that. Did, well, he just wants to see, show people what he's got packing. Well, here's the other. It, it may be that, but cut to the chase, buddy. Just make the construct and I'm running through the room nude. Yeah, I'm telling you, all of this is like there. It makes me laugh so much. Is there? I'm in the I'm in the sector house. I'm like, boy, it's getting pretty lonely up here. Haven't had a lot of ladies lately. So why even bother with strip poker? Like you're you're setting up too many roadblocks to what you really want to go do. It made me laugh though because it is a comic, so you don't have to. You can't have you know craziness. And this is so they a have superhero. And but they, it's just funny to me that. 
he actually constructs of naked ladies. As this opens, he's about to go nude. He he has yeah. lost that final round. He he's only still got has... socks on. That's no, the next well, event. yeah, socks. I don't even think he's going that way because usually, you know, the socks are the first two things off. I'm telling you, nonsense. But yeah, he gets a call uh, from uh, Lizeth Locke, and uh, he has to. It's funny because he's trying to dissipate the woman construct get as he's here, trying to get here. his uniform on. The other thing is too, how many hands they play because the the uniform is pretty much a onesie. <laughs> it's almost like he, he was only on his second hand uh but yeah they go and and also i i hope that as we go on we see what simon if he gets his uh the next time he gets his uh, green lantern outfit off he better be on those briefs eric unless i guess you can have other times other downtimes to get maybe dressed he underneath. got dressed and then garn attire maybe maybe but yeah but yeah he gets this call and she just basically says listen Please, my mother told yeah. me of the years of the wars and disasters when so much blood was shed it tinted the oceans i need you here simon shit has yeah. gone down yeah and and i'm not i'm not exactly thrilled with this issue i'll tell you i don't think it's a great issue no i will say one thing though I'm glad that Tim Celius finally just said, listen, we're going to go and deal with this uh, full issue because Thank we were God. jumping in and out. We were getting like two pages, then oh, a we, panel. We were dealing with Bull Funga for two yeah, issues. Yeah, yeah. So, we had to jump back on guard to see what was going yeah. on there. So at least you have the whole thing going on. And, and in you know behind it all, there is kind of an interesting story. It's kind of like a, a social justice warrior thing, you know, almost like ripped from the headlines of today no, no, where it, you it have – it could have been very interesting yeah. with the approach he took here. Just, no, that's the problem. nothing for me at all. Especially I'm when with we you. finally, we have the Green Lantern show up in Ungar, and we got to talk to Lisa Fox, you know, adopted mother, the regent yep. of the planet. And as she's laying down what has been going on on Gar, she's got a sword fight. Because that's, yeah. so that's how she thinks. That's how she thinks on her feet. That's yeah. what she does. And then yeah. on top of it, you know, not only fighting a robot, she destroys that. I got to think some more. Please pull out some swords. I need to fight you now while I continue thinking and telling you what's yeah. going on in the situation. Yep. It's, it's the oddest goddamn scene ever. And, and really, uh, can you give them credit or do you not? Because it, they are going to give you a lot of exposition here. So at least it's interesting enough to look at, but it's nonsense. It it's is nonsense. It never really – and the fighting that they're doing really doesn't amount to anything even like a, hey, man, you're you're pretty tough or whatever. It's it's just nonsense. But they well, end we up – down, we talk about the whole Ungarn being killed, yeah. Commander Sight, and how everybody believes that the Molites did it because there was evidence left behind that pointed to their direction. And on yes. top of all the unrest, now the people want the filthy Molites off their planet – some of the teenagers have gone missing, and they believe the Molites have taken them hostage. Yeah, and what they say is, and it's kind of a funny thing, too, because she even admits that they think, the, you know, oh, those young guys. And she really says, listen, the Ungarans, we don't like violence. We, we, we're we done with that, even though After it seems the like they're always ended, at no, war. No Ungaran can ever <laughs> yeah. shed Ungaran blood again. Yeah, so they, they don't want to do anything like that, So, which we see is, is complete and utter bullshit from what ends up happening. But uh, these pe- And these people look very violent in their protests. But the youngins, the the those teens, Eric, they they they'll never listen. Lousy skateboarding. Uh, yeah, teenagers. The, those those teenagers must have skateboarded in. But yeah, they went into the Molite camp and ended up getting kidnapped. To me, that's not really kidnapping. You have, no. I know that you're on the Ungarans planet, so you can't say that you know. Oh, you went in their land, or you went in this because they are kind of refugees still, I guess. But you still have to have some rules, right? Yeah. You still have to kind of respect. Yeah, you have to respect their deal. So with these kids going in, I'm telling you, all bets should have been off 
we find out then that even even more so that the teens were pieces of crap. I mean, exactly. they really ended up, they should be tried for mass murder, is what I they agree. should be. And uh, But, in the meantime, we'll get to that because in the most ridiculous bit of this book, you even told me about it, and usually when we're at work and we tell each other about like some real goofy things, it tends to kind of Make it not as goofy when you actually read it. You know what right. I mean? I'll say to you, like, oh, wait till you get to this point. I, I, I often think of JLA. Like, oh, man, wait till you see what Steve Orlando does oh, here. By the time you get done telling me all the stuff about your books and I go and read it, I have a specific, you know, idea of yeah. what shit's going to happen going on. And you're in. well prepared. Oh, this, you're well yeah, prepared is, for nonsense. Not at all. I don't know what he's yeah. talking about. And, and even so, you're you're just like, it does take off the, you know, a little bit of the, you know, nonsense of it and the shock. Yeah. Uh, this didn't because you told me what happens. They're like, listen, uh, she says, listen, you, you Greenlanders, you got to go into the Mullite deal, find out what's going, rescue the hostages before anybody else gets hurt. And they're like, okay, we're Greenlanders. We'll go do it. And she goes, oh, no, no, no. You can't let you, you can't let them see your uniforms or the light of your rings. Now, number one, I understand what they're saying here. They're basically, she says, you can't because the Angarans blame you guys for bringing yeah. these Molites here. The problem is, by the time of what they're going to do, there's not going to be Angarans there. There's going to be Molites. So number one, it's it's a complete nutter nonsense. Well, I, I but, think they have to walk throughout the town at that point and be in disguise to get to like yeah, you know. No, the, the, sewer the entrance. problem is though. He says Simon says we'll just waltz right in, and that's when she's like, no, 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 you can't. Why not go a step further there and say, don't waltz in. Like, we have ways to get there that you won't be seen. When you end up seeing where these people are protesting, first off, you have Elizabeth there, who is kind of a distraction anyway. Yeah. But where you see, it's just kind of a, a secluded area. I think they could have gotten in another way, but it makes it worse. That's not the ridiculous part. The, the ridiculous part is they can't be seen as Green Lanterns. So they end up making construct clothing to look like, just you know, overalls and freaking, just you know, overalls like school boxes that to are make them look like workers in the sewer. But that their rings are right there glowing, which she said, you, you got to get rid of that glowing ring as well. But they have construct clothes. I, I'm telling you that, yeah, they don't have Green Lantern symbols on there. But they certainly would There's be, a you know, green glowing clothes. Glowing clothes. People would be like, why? Why couldn't they have given them clothes? <laughs> why couldn't they have given them some and, worker and the uniform? Part about this as well is they have to go like, besides for the clothing disguises, they actually tint their skin to be on garn color. And but because of the way but the it colors doesn't are, really like, make it. It, yeah. it doesn't work out in my mind because I thought it was just a color's choice. They're like, you yeah. know, okay, they're darker skinned, they're darker skinned than this. And when they say, okay, lose the disguise, I'm like. Holy shit, that was a disguise you had on? Yeah, I had no idea yeah. because it's odd. It's a weird like thing to even do because it's like everybody is pink skin, like bright pink. This is just kind of like a darker tone, and I never yeah. saw them going for that when we first go. I'm like, when they drop, I'm like, holy shit, that was a thing you were doing. This is the worst disguise ever because you're still yeah. glowing green. So what you're telling me is you can't tell the difference between Simon and Jessica and Ungarans. That is awful, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just, I'm just looking at it though. Why would you make construct overalls? And they glow. She even said you can't have the glow, the green glow. They're glowing so much right now. And they go, they go through the sewers. They're talking a, a little about what's happening with Lissa. And like, oh, you know, you have 
uh, Jessica's like, oh, you know, she's probably going to end up singing one of those awful pop songs of hers. And Simon, which is funny to me, I like this progression because usually she would be something that Jessica would be into and Simon would throw the shade at. Yeah. But Simon's kind of soft for her. So he's like, no, 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 or hard for her. Says, uh, uh, no, 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 she's strong. And you know what? Y- you can't say this. I healed her. I have a connection. Me and her have a connection that's way beyond physical. It's more of a setup for what happens uh, at the you, end. But this, it, I healed her and I brought her from the brink of death this that made a connection between us I'm like then why you've been fighting with your brother-in-law for all the, like last yeah. of the arc before i'm like where's this connection there all of a sudden now you have a connection yeah, what yeah they have shit? a connection he because he wants to he says she's a total smoke show eric i, I don't a know that show. Term. a smoke show but I'm yeah they go they go down and as they're in this uh sewers they get attacked they get attacked oh, baby, by these small lights total smoke show you, you a smoke show floor? baby but yeah, they get attacked by these molt lights and they start doing scans. And it's funny to me because they have to get to the solution quick. So basically, it's like the scans. I, I've never seen a scan like this that immediately starts scanning, you know, their their levels of their hormones and things like that, and why that would even come up. But they I'm end sorry, up th- figuring it out. This scan is so ridiculous in our yeah. mind because we're going through it, and it's almost like the jargon we got from Barry Allen in the Justice League yeah. book. Yeah, so it like is. it's like this: uh, pigmentation decrease in skin and increased productions of mucus, progesterone up thirty percent. We're going through this all of a sudden. It's like. Uh, estrogen up 200%. When we got to this point here, I'm like, they, they made little baby constructs of the molites. I'm like, I have no idea what the no, fuck you're going to If I was a Green Lantern, I would have been dead. Just the whole deal is then when they hear the estrogen and with the rest, like I'm telling you, the edema in legs, ankles, and feet is kind of like, oh, they got cankles, Eric. And then you yeah. go, the estrogen and the uh, progesterone, they, they were pregnant. They they had just given birth of those eggs. That that points it out. The But it, I'm telling you, this you. would well, this would be the same as if all of a sudden I was down there and I was going nuts. Boom, boom. And they're like, oh, let's look. And it would scan and go, okay, uh, testosterone testosterone up uh, 300%. He's on steroids. That's roid rage. The the scan is so specific to the solution here that there is nothing to it. It just goes from one page of just scanning this. Why are they scanning that when I've seen them scan other aliens that don't come up with that? That is not the first step of any scan that goes on. It's just there to force the fact that they had recently uh, given birth. And then because of that, that's why Jessica's like, oh, I get it. This is what they want. They're new mothers. Uh, Here's some baby constructs. And I'm like, okay, they're new mothers. And they're also retarded because why would they, you know, they they might as well just get stuffed animals. No, these women in this, these molites are going nuts because what we find out in a couple more pages is they had given birth to eggs that were all smashed. That's what uh, the the problem is. father gives us a whole detailed thing. When one of our eggs is destroyed, the Tad Child's last act is to unleash a scent that makes the destroyer, like, you know, that marks the destroyer. The scent drives a pod mother to blind rage. They are known to track murderers through tunnels and streams from the ends of the mall to the other. I'm like, yeah, all right, but I just imagine the rage they're going to have when those constructs disappear. Well, that's the thing. To me, this is what the nonsense is. The the constructs aren't doing anything that's going to stop that rage. So, yeah, they they have a construct. No, what they're raging about and they're doing, they're trying to find the 
the people who have that scent on them and they can't find them because then the podfather says that these teens that came in and even as they're walking, they're like, oh my God, Simon and Jessica are like, oh my God, these, these eggs have been smashed and look, size nine must be those teens. <laughs> like, all right. Uh, but they go and uh, they go with this. And it's so funny when he says that. They're like, yep, teens, size nine. Uh, the podfather comes out and then says, these teens, Simon they came in. Simon has a thing for feet. Yes, he does. That the pod, the teens came in. The podfather said they came in and smashed up the thing, and they got that scent on them. So these molite, you know, mothers are going. They're in mad rage to try to find, you know, these teens. He knows that they will kill them. He doesn't want that to happen. First no off, I think that. Guard, yeah, yeah. First off, I think he knows that if they do, they're in big trouble. But I do also think that it would have been that podfather would have went and said, "Listen, this is what these kids did. I don't want them to get murdered by the." This blind rage these mothers they can't stop they they don't know what they're doing they're blind with rage but please you know we need justice though you know what i mean it would have been something like that but in, he so he locked them up so that they wouldn't be killed they're there in his but own why quarters, which they yeah, why wouldn't he immediately then contact the Angarans and say, listen, this is what's happened because now the word on the street is they've been kidnapped. So now it, it's almost too late to even go that route. And then he just tries to stop all of this by saying, oh, you know what? I'm the one who did the murder. You know, arrest me, take me, they'll get rid of it. But like I said at the beginning, that doesn't end the conflict between Ungarans and Molites. If all no. of a sudden people were saying that, you know, we had, uh, you know, I hate to bring up 9-11, but 9-11 happens. And all of a sudden I say, you know, it, it was me. It, it, it's not going to stop. They're just going to still be mad well, that why a man. Now it's going to switch to another fight. And, we're just comparing this to our own culture. And this one, yeah. the Ungarans just might be looking for whoever was responsible for the murder. And if they're brought to justice, they're okay then. Yeah, but it seems like they're not okay as they're protesting. These protests, no. there's signs off our Ungara planet. Angara for Ungarans. That's what I'm saying. This does not seem like one of those, you know, okay, this guy's done and we're, we're clean slate. They are wanting these lights off the planet and now you're going to say that the leader was the one involved but what like i said who is he protecting usually when somebody steps up and goes okay it's me you would think that there's something more it's his son it's this it's that i don't think he knows who it is he just no. wants to stop you know all this and again you could go with the idea because earlier when the people are like you know molites are assholes look they're singing songs to us now he realizes now he, it's yeah, funny he, because he did talk about i think yeah. the rest of the molites still think it's like a nice welcome he yeah. knows the truth he knows the difference down, but down maybe he is kind of going i don't think we're going to get too deep into this uh, yeah. going forward but maybe we can even go with how the molites deal with things is like you said that they the the person who's wrong and bad they're punished and everybody else is free and clear and maybe he's going with his idea of what should happen but it just it's too cut and dry to get to somewhere because it just doesn't make sense what's going on because we find out and we know right away the podfather did not do yeah, it. Yeah, we, we said, saw we saw freaking uh was a set uh, Kesh Kerr fucking yeah. kill commander like yeah. issues ago. Yeah, so and and in the meantime you did set up the thing at the beginning which made me laugh, uh, because we saw it earlier before anyway in other issues where they said these molites, oh, they like to grab trinkets and treasures and it doesn't even matter if they're theirs or whatever. They they call them what do they call them like garbage shirts or yeah, you know, I, scrap, what it was, yeah. I think it's scrap shirts. We call them scrap shirts. And this is what Podfather kinda goes into there of saying basically, you know, I saw 
all these trinkets that he had, and I had to get them. So I murdered him. I, uh, you know, I, I killed the Commodore. And so you go from that, and it's fun. The Green Lanterns, uh, Jessica and Simon, you would think that they'd be like, this is a little weird, but they're right with it. They're like, yeah. okay, you're Finally arrested. Found a killer. Good job. High five. Yeah. Yeah, and then we have, you know, you, you have a setup where uh, Jessica goes to talk uh, to, I, and again, this is one of my biggest problems the in region. this as well. The region. The, one of my biggest problems is you get names thrown at you oh, here, I'm telling you, me and they're not sticking for me. It's ridiculous yeah. for me to write just because, like you, these names like Lisseth Vok, Keshkur, Commander Sun, yeah. and I, got, I just, uh, the Podfather at least is easy, and like, you know, the, the main woman of the planet. They call yeah. her Regent. I go Regent. Regent. That's what yeah. I'm going with, too, because the problem is I don't know them. And, yeah, that's part of my fault, this, but it's I part of the story. I down to make sure that I, can, yeah. I knew what I was talking well, about. She's talking to, yeah, and she's talking to the Regent. There's a little bit of a, you know undertone of what they're saying that kind of brings out that, you know, you have the Regent kind of saying to Jessica, you may think that I have it all under control. Like, I don't get anxious or whatever. That's some of the things you have to push aside. But... I think maybe I might have done some, you know, maybe it wasn't the best way. And as you find out by the end, her, her daughter, you know, the uh, Lysith, uh, ends up being bad. So I think that that's pushing towards like, yeah, you know what? Sometimes I wonder if I did the right thing or the wrong thing because it, right under her nose, uh, she had well, her daughter become you, kind exactly. of a villain. Well, that's the problem as well is we do have the setup that was talked about one time, I believe, when Tim Seeley first came on where – she is a chimera. She is not even a pure yeah. Ungaran, and she is the adopted daughter of the yes. Regent. Now, apparently, this whole supremacist group, I have to understand because, like, it doesn't you really work that You would think that that wouldn't jive then. Well, it no, wouldn't jive with them taking her I'm in. I'm telling you, but we might have had it when Keshkur killed Commander Sight before. I don't remember, but after Simon goes and has a sexy time, and him and Lisseth Bach are just yeah. laying in bed, and they're talking about this, she's like, the Podfather didn't kill him. You know, I'm like, what? Yeah. He's like, yeah. The evidence is planted by a freelance vigil, like a Vigiles uh, forensic scientist named Kesh Kerr. Kerr killed Commander Sight for failing to sabotage the rescue mission and the uh, the like the uh, the Brinkman ship. Both mm-hmm. she goes on and on like, well, how do you know this? So like this because Simon Bad Bass, I'm the Red Tide, and I'm like. I don't know if I've ever heard the name Red Tide before, and if yeah, I did, I didn't this, connect it to anything that we were dealing just, with previously. It's just the so supremacist reveal, group. Yeah. I know she says, you know, the supremacist yeah. group, you know, on uh, uh, the native, like the native supremacist organization, Red Tide. Yeah. I am Red Tide. I'm like, I, that doesn't mean anything to me. All of a sudden, you just give a name to this thing, and like, okay, that's me. I'm like, I, I don't get it. Yeah, and not, like this reveal said, means nothing to me because and it's, it's so funny because she says her mom says I think sometimes my eyes are focused on the horizon. I think perhaps I ignored the details uh, in my pursuit of war and things like that. And I think that the other thing when they do say that it's like, hey, there's this red tide group and whatever. And it's weird because. You, you can take it one of two ways that all of a sudden you think that she's this personification of the red tide that I does things. I think it's she just, just have a tattoo. No, I just think she's like, I'm part of them because she does say I am red tide instead of I Somehow am the red mind, tide. She's the, she's the leader then. Yeah, well, she yeah, but she might even just be part of it or whatnot. But yeah, she wants those dirty foreigners off the planet, but she's one of a. I, I, I don't think the Ungarns are hip on chimeras. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it, it's it's just not much going on that I'm interested in. Uh, no. You know, like I said, the Podfather. That you make it seem they make it seem too as if when the Podfather's like, hey, there, you know. I'm the one who did it. You're supposed to be like, oh no, not you, Podfather. I, I love you. 
but you don't even have any connection, so it doesn't I, matter. Even I, with I, that, I, we were shown that he did yeah, do it. But I'm like, even if he if he gets executed next issue, you're gonna shed a tear. No, we're gonna be off this planet. We're gonna be off this planet soon. We're gonna be like, oh well. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. Now, the the big thing with the Green Lanterns are they do seem to kind of push that whole thing at them. Like uh, they're kind of they kind of feel guilty if they were the ones who brought murders, uh, you know, to Angara, and it would be their fault. Obviously, we know that's not true. And for some reason, I don't know why Lissa has to tell him exactly what's going on just to reveal that she is Red Tide. I, I don't know why she's giving up the whole plan. Like, no, no, you know, and really he. he he probably has the ring is recording everything as well. Uh. Well, even that it's like when she reveals like both men are members of the red tide, a nativist supremacist organization. Yeah. They want to keep aliens away for, and maintain Ungarn for Ungarns. They want to destroy the universalist green lantern Corps. All, yeah. all of a sudden, we're going to destroy the Green Lantern Corps as well? Yeah, Holy it's shit. Just, what, it's just what is ridiculous. going on here? It's ridiculous. It, it'd be funny because you have the Angarans. They've seen Simon and Jessica. Somehow they get the idea that's the only people in the Corps. Eh, we could beat these two guys. Next thing, the whole Corps comes down, freaking wipes them out. It's nonsense. I would like the uh, those Molite mothers. Uh, I'd like some time for one of them to get a red lantern ring. I think that would be pretty cool, Eric. That's just an aside. But what did you give this? I gave this issue a 5.3 out of 10 because while I did like the art a lot in this issue, I thought the coloring was off for that whole disguise bit. And, you know, like the story is just not doing it for me. This is like, you know, we have this reveal that yeah. means nothing at the end. We had this weird setup to find out that, you know, the Angaran mothers are are roid raging out because their eggs were destroyed. I'm like, I didn't even know they laid eggs up until this issue. It all, all everything we get really doesn't mean anything to me in the long run. And I'm still not jiving on the whole name thing. Maybe after this, now that I've written it down and said it over and over again, maybe I will remember, but I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm telling you, I will try to. St- it's just, it's so. A non-story to me. I, I, I'm trying to be interested in it, and I just am not. And when we get done with it, I'll never think of. Remember that story with the Molites and when they had those green overalls on? I just uh. won't be thinking about it. So I, I am going to go a little bit higher than you because I did like the art. Uh, I know that, like you said, it is a confusing bit there uh, when they had the disguises. But I'm well, still. Well, I'm telling you, the reason I think it upset me so much is because they did this thing. I had no idea. So then it just makes me feel like a piece of shit. Yeah. You can't tell the yeah. difference between that. I know, that's what I thought when you told me. I'm like, boy, he can't tell the difference. No, I'm only a 5'5", though. I don't need to think that about myself. 5'5", for me. I'm not going much higher, so it's not like I loved it or anything. But we're going to move on to the next book, which is going to be Sam Humphreys on Nightwing, Eric. A big big to-do, Nightwing number 35, written by Sam Humphreys, art by Bernard Cheng, Marcella Maialo, and Carlos M. Manguel. Sam Humphreys takes over Nightwing, and while I don't think there is anything glaringly wrong with this book, the direction he took doesn't really set it apart from anything Tim Seeley did in his previous run. I know it's only one issue, and I'm kind of glad we stayed in Bloodhaven, but to set a big part of this plot in a casino just felt like the wrong foot to get off on. I do love the art, and I'm hoping hoping that after a couple issues, Humphreys gets his footing and gives us something that feels a little more fresh. Uh, obviously, the, it, you have this weird deal where you have a new writer and a new creative team. And we talk about this you know, occasionally when this pops yeah. up. Usually when you have a new creative team, it really is a pure cut. And it, what's weird about it is... 
Tim Seeley, when he jumped on the Green Lanterns, very similar to this. Like they did not – there was no clear-cut deal where I could say, hey, you know, you you won't have any problems jumping in and, and this because really this one really relies a lot on what we've had in Tim yeah. Seeley's run. And it just doesn't seem like the new start that I always hope when we get a new creative team. Now, I will say I think that possibly it's because – these are a weird creative team change. Usually when we see creative team changes, it's because the books are failing miserably and it's a last-ditch effort. I don't think that DC went into these changes thinking that. Now, Green Lanterns is an odd one, that, a, but I don't think they ever thought Nightwing was having a problem. No. I just think they wanted to switch up creative teams. So if you go in, you're not going to have this, oh, you know what, it hasn't been working, uh, change it all up, go here, go there, whatever. So it is continuing. The problem is... Me and you haven't really been that big a fan. We, we've had bits of Tim Seeley that we like, but yeah. overall, I haven't been a huge fan of the book. So, you know, a continuation here, I actually was hoping I'd get more of a feeling like, oh, man, you know, Sam Humphreys, he knows what's going down. Like, he knows this. This just felt like just a continuation of the Tim Seeley run with a lot better art. I mean, the I'm art is way, great. Way better art. And the thing is, you know, T Tim Seeley really pulled a lot of stuff together in my mind for his last arc with Raptors Revenge, yeah. you know, tying everything together. And one of my biggest things that I enjoyed from his arc was going to Bloodhaven. So when we start out this, it does feel like very similar to what we're dealing with. Yeah. But for some reason, which I, I don't mind, but for some reason, Sam Humphreys now has taken the whole thing. All right, well, I'm going to take what we have here and I'm going to make it silly. And yeah. that's a problem in my mind because I don't want it to be silly. Yeah, I didn't even – to me, it, it just wasn't the, the, even just the league, silly. I the just, League of Limousine Assassins and yeah. the Guffy, I'm like, what are you doing to me? Yeah, the League of Limousine Assassins is pretty much one page, so I can deal with it. But it is stupid. I, the problem is is when you get a progression of what we had, uh, I can't see where – if you had the League of, of Limousine Assassins, whatever the fuck, if there was this – like you got the idea that Roland Desmond, Blockbuster, since he's not Blockbuster, anymore there's this like power outage and you're gonna have the most ridiculous people trying to gain power but we don't even you don't even get oh, that a power here. vacuum i got yeah you. yeah you don't even get that here no you, you no don't even, you know what i mean if you had the league of uh <laughs> limousine assassins i hate saying it but if you oh, had yeah. them coming in and the first thing they're like yeah you know you what know, i heard LA. after this and that and you know this is gonna be our turn we we had this a bit in flash when you did have, oh, the rogues are captured. All right, it's our time. We're going to step it up. Or you had paper cut. You know, a stupid deal. But uh, at that point, Joshua Williamson made it like, okay, the rogues, who are kind of ridiculous anyway, they're in, in uh, Iron Heights. So now all these other, you know, B, not even B, H-list characters are trying to step up. This is just, to me, I think that my biggest problem with this is you have Bernard Chang on art, so he has some very big pages, very big panels and things like that. But when you have the League of Limousine Assassins, it makes me think that you didn't have much to say in this issue. You say goofy, I just say filler. And you can't have filler in your first issue. This this yep. is an issue. You're supposed to be, you know, coming out, you know, full bore, and you have the the tree, you, you the know, justice the justice tree. tree. 
Look, that to me was even more infuriating than the League of Limousine Assassins. The the Justice Tree, Jim. Yeah, even that you have where the Limousine Assassins show up and Dick Grayson saves a kid uh, that's on his phone and stuff like that. It's it's so disjointed of what's going on. Plus, I do like the League of Limousine Assassins. It looks like one of them's a dwarf. (laughs) He he can't touch the ground with them feet. Uh, But it's just, it is silly. But to me, it's just, it's all filler because you start off. have a limousine and you're a and you're in height. height yeah, you're in height. Matter. Height ain't. It's ne- there's never a must be this tall to assassinate sign. That's you right. don't have to do that because the there's Dick, assassin. Yeah, yeah, there's Dick Grayson there, and you're getting a narration that isn't from him. It's going to end up being the judge, Eric, but we don't know that at this point. But it's going, uh, and as this is going, you see Dick Grayson. He's flying through Bloodhaven, uh, and you go into a casino. And I just thought to myself, like, we just dealt with just casinos for the, that last arc of Tim Seeley. Why go right in a casino? And when you go in there, all of a sudden I'm thinking that that guy who's the dealer, it's a possibility that it's Nightwing or they Dick Grayson been. because that's what he was. But he doesn't look like him. They make yeah. it show like right. But really right away I thought that's what, oh, Dick kept that job, I guess. Uh, and you have this guy. He looks like a hipster. He's there with Guppy, uh, a shark guy. Uh, and this yeah. old lady and, a shark man in a bomber jacket yeah yeah and it's just this you know this lady's there and he's like hey i i forget her name a little bit hey ma'am you here you know why are you here oh i'm here with my friends but they don't want to have fun huh looks like you want to have them be afraid of you huh and then what? he whispers in her yeah i'm telling you and then he whispers and she even goes what and then he whispers in her ear and then she attacks the the uh the, uh, the what's it called the dealer and I'm just led to believe, like, why? What, what do I care? What, what do I care about this going on? I, it's just weird. That goes to the limousine assassins who really only you, end even, up almost running over a kid. It's even odder later on when Sabota comes out. I guess they are her friends are afraid of yes. her now. I'm like, how do you She know uses that? that same line. And it, it, it really threw me off there. And they say, we had surveillance. I don't think that surveillance has audio everywhere they're going. It would just be a t- standard uh, you know, casino surveillance that you're, you're basically making sure nobody's ripping you off. You're not yeah. there eavesdropping on conversations. Dick Grayson saves you know, this kid from getting run over by the limousine assassins. The league and of he busts in. And he busts in. There's three. I guess that's a league. Or maybe the rest of them are, are off in their other limousines. No, no. There, there's three, and there's the driver because he's still yeah. he, he's still part of the limousine assassins. I don't. I actually. I didn't get the idea that he might not be part of the league, Eric. I think he might be a hired hand. I, he still, was dressed like him. He kind. I, yeah, he kind of was. I, but then again, they're just dressed like limousine drivers. But yeah, he has those goggles. But it's still the the funny thing to me is you are the league of limousine assassins. That poor guy's the only one who has to drive, though. The rest are in the back, you know, drinking it up, and that's where the well, dialogue I'm comes from. The, the whole chauffeur aspect. I imagine it's chauffeur duty, like monitor duty for the league of Ju- yeah, the Justice League. So. The cyborg. You got to swap things out. Yeah, he's the it's cyborg not, of the group. It's, it is nonsense, and uh, the nonsense to me though it is, is it's it's a bunch of pages of filler because then yeah. there's you know then we have Dick Grace and he's singing you know scenes from an Italian restaurant by freaking Billy Joel. He's like, you want a rosé, a rosé instead? Boom, and he's hit champagne. Yeah, and all of a sudden Billy Joel's singing it away, and then they run in the justice tree, and I'm like, we are halfway through this first issue, Sam Humphries. What are you doing? 
you're not giving me anything. Then you go, and they're at the justice tree, and, you know, we get this backstory where this is something that Dick Grayson learned when he was Robin. This is the setup that what's happening here is something that would tie into his Robin days. It's nonsense. And Swoboda comes in, says, and we have this time between and whatever since the last deal. But even so, she's like, they are seem to be better friends now. And they're yeah. really working together. But the mayor, he's really against uh, Nightwing. And I do, like, I do like this idea. And I don't know if I've ever seen it as much as I think they should. It's not that the mayor is against Nightwing. The mayor is against Nightwing because having a vigilante spells out that there's crime for that vigilante to fight. And that's where his problem is. Is like, listen, we don't need vigilantes. There's no crime in Bloodhaven. Yeah. That's why he's against Nightwing. I actually like that little twist, Eric. It, you know what I mean? That do, it's do not you like just a twist on top of that. That there's something wrong with the leaf at the Justice. Tree? No, I don't. That's the problem. That I was like, really? This is what we're gonna. This is what the because judge is doing. There's a single leaf. He's like, there's yes. something wrong with this leaf. It doesn't look right. I'm like, could it be from the burning vehicle you just? That's what into I thought. It? That, that's the whole thing is I'm reading this. It took me to the second time where he's uh, – Nightwing's there and he's like, hey, Swoboda, can you look into this? There's something wrong with the, the justice tree. Look at this leaf. I'm like, leaf? There's a huge vehicle that's burning. right? <laughs> and this looks like a leaf that he picked up off the ground of the burning wreckage. I'm like, yeah, I, I think that I could use o- Occam's razor here and do the simplest thing. It caught on fire with the car. Yeah, yeah, you're nonsense. But yeah, they're going to end up that something's going to tie into this goddamn justice tree. Uh, but yeah, then you have Dick go back, and now we're going to have the setup, which we have to have the setup. He was going to work with the runoffs before. Uh, they want him to have a job in this book, obviously. So which he I ends do enjoy. And yeah. now he's not working for Roland Desmond's casino. Nope, casino now he's not on the casino either. So he ends up, and it's funny, I said to you, that was one of my favorite things where he's talking to himself. And he's like, oh, this is home now. And Bloodhaven, the best place to hide is behind a neon sign. And uh, he's like, I can't be like Bruce. I need to do something normal. And an infinite stream of Wayne Tech money just makes me all Nightwing, no Dick Grayson. I'm telling you, you, you give me an endless supply of Wayne Tech money, I'm still Jim. I'll be Jim all you want. I'll be whatever you want if I have that. But then he says it's so funny because they want to do this. This is what happened when Kyle Higgins sent him to Chicago in the New 52. He went to Chicago and said, listen, I'm going to make a clean break. So that means no money. No money yep. from Bruce. I'm going to have nothing. to live on my own. Just he ended up living on a couch. I had from selling Haley's Circus. Yeah, he ended up living on a couch of a friend. Yeah. And so this is kind Not of even getting a, a guy he took yeah. an ad yeah. out in a paper. Yeah, that yeah. They, I remember we were yelling. I think that they, we were yelling about apps and things or something. There, but well, yeah. I was pissed at this whole thing because the guy put an ad, an ad out in the paper for it, and he went in, and it turns out his roommate had come back, so he didn't even get the room. He had to sleep yeah. on the goddamn he couch slept, and yep, pay he rent. Slept, he slept on the couch and paid rent. Well, he's trying. Sam Humphries is trying to kind of go that route, but it's funny. He's like, listen, I do not want this Wayne Tech money. I don't want anything about it. After this, because I need to buy this thing, because he says, I used the last of it on this place in my new business. So this whole thing of like, you know, pulling up the bootstraps and getting going, he he used Wayne Tech money to do it. So it's not as impressive. This is my last million. I'm cutting myself off. Yeah, and you know, he's an addict. When that million's done, he's like, hey, I thought you said you could quit. I can. Just one last million. I, I got some other plans here. I, I hear Haley Circus can be bought again. But yeah, he makes a, a cross train, cross train studio, the Grayson cross this, train. This is studio. my favorite part of the book because yeah. I actually really love the idea of Dick Grayson having a job and having to keep the Dick Grayson persona going. Like it's not a, it's his real identity, obviously. Yeah. But- 
I, I'm telling you, we argue about this. I love heroes who have day jobs yeah, and I have to be it. responsible for it. I, I actually, with with uh, Dick Grayson, they've done it better than most. You know, yeah, Green Lantern having a job is just nonsense. You have a whole goddamn sector that you have to go at the drop of a dime. You have a Dick Grayson here, and you know he's it having his cross you. train. He also it also ties into the fact that you know he he's not a meta. He has to train. So this lets him train as well. So I can go with it. And he's a he's an acrobat and shit like yeah. that. So he can do it. But it's just again, it's padded though, because it starts off and he's like, you know, word of mouth. I thought I'd have more than three customers. Huh? And there's this lady there at the very beginning, he's like, Hey, you're ten minutes late, buddy, and by the way, what are they, what are these schmucks doing here? I thought I was gonna have a personal private class. He's like, No, no, this this is an open class. Like, where is she getting the idea that this is a private class? It's the first day. He didn't advertise it as that. So she's like, Well, how about this? And there's this whole wad of money, and you know, Dick Grayson's a good guy. And he's like, no, 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 uh, you know, I, I'm not going to take that, everybody. And she storms off. She's going to go on Yelp and give him a bad review. And he's up. Oh, there goes the word of mouth. Uh, but with that, it's so funny because he does end up and he's like, the one guy's like, hey, it's called gratuity, bro. Everyone does it in Bloodhaven. And he's like, not me. Then you must be new around here. And then we go, boom, right away. He throws a fucking plate. At this guy, like he could kill this man if this guy wasn't paying attention. Who throws plates at guys? I, I've saying, been not, at not gyms. Only that, not paying attention, I couldn't see. So if somebody threw some, I don't yeah. see You would be dead. That he would have just activated your goddamn dental plan. And the, the, and it's funny too. He says to this guy who ends up being kid delicious. He well, says like, "Hey, you got a pretty bad upper body." And you look at the guy. The guy has a very good upper body. He's got fucking chicken legs. Why, why isn't he working those legs? He's like, you don't get a good upper body. I'm like, you you don't. I think he has legs your sight. Worst, I think he has your sight. And he, he's like, why are you here? And the kid's like, I'm an exotic dancer. Kid delicious. But call me Wallace. I'm just looking to get the body fat out. Uh, and the best thing is he's like, just always looking to crush that last body fat. Whew, this is hardcore. And Dick Grayson, after a minute of class, goes, you don't pay me to go easy on you. Nobody's paid, paid any, you nobody's paid anybody yet. Like, what is going on? And then he says to this other lady, your turn. You work out your arms. I'm like, I'd, I'd say right now, is this, is this the first time you've had a class like this? Because I've never heard of any trainer and, and like just yes. saying that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just love it. And he, she says, like, whatever. But even so, he says to that one guy, why are you here? And then badmouths him about his upper body. And I just – I just, I said to you, it would be like I go in and I'm like, hey, you know what? Uh, or he goes, hey, why are you here there, flab muffin I'm like, well, kind of because uh, people call me a flab muffin <laughs> That's number one. <laughs> it's just a weird – That's a mean thing to say. A flab muffin It's just, you know. And I, But I do like – I actually said I, in my review I liked and I hope that these uh, two actually stick it out. I hope that they're like the only I, people I like the, who I stay at the really class. I really like the idea of the Grayson CrossFit class. Yeah. I just, I studio. I just – I don't know why. I really enjoy it's the just ridiculous. Even when he was a gym teacher in like the Grayson Yeah, in Grayson. Series, I said in my I review. I like that aspect yeah. as well. I, I just – it would have been cool too. He has the – also he used uh, Bruce's money to get that fancy uh, shirt that he wears, the Grayson. It would be funny if he would have had uh, the Grayson shirt, the Academy shirt there. But uh, when, when they're doing this though and then he starts you know, lifting things, I do think that that lady leaving pissed and you know, giving a bad review, I think that is set up that these two will be the only people in the class with them. And I kind of like that. Good word of mouth? 
No, I, I actually hope not because I want him – because he, No, everywhere? you have 20 people. Now all of a sudden you don't have interaction. You're just going to have him in the front of the class kick and pull. I'd rather have him you know, talk about these people and learn what's going on. I, just I don't want know. I to be successful. Is it, is it possible that you, know, you have old Kid Delicious here? It's probably going to lead to at least one fun issue where Dick has to fill in when, and be <laughs> a exotic dancer for the night because I think that that's full-out setup for that. I do think that we're going to get down the line an issue of Dick at the strip club, you know, doing his uh, deal there Don't and being a big money hit. Maker, Dick. Oh, I think that, yeah, I think that that's what's going to happen. You can't keep Dick off the pole. But while they're doing this, uh, he gets a call from Swoboda. We do go over, and they they've been tracking Guppy. There's a really weird transition here of just them going, uh, Dick Grayson going under the dock and seeing Guppy there trying to start a fire because he's cold. And he asked about this guy, and he's like, you know what? with this guy and and guppy is is a little scatterbrained whether or not it's the guy who kind of scrambled his brains when he did this but he can't remember a lot of the things but then he does you you have a weird combination of that like i don't know nothing here does this you know give him five dollars does this uh yeah you know what i remember a little now but it's very weird don't know the guppy yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's very weird uh, the way it goes back and forth with this. I, I thought that it wasn't played out particularly well. Uh, but, yeah, you end up that he, he kind of realizes who it is. He says the guy said a couple names. These are names of judges. And then, uh, like a Batman 66, somehow Dick Grayson figures it out right away. Oh, no, it's judge. the judge. And it really, from step A to B to C, it didn't really flow very well. It was very forced to get to this judge. Uh, and he calls to a Yeah, well, yeah, and it it wasn't fun. Like I said, if you have the whole thing like a naked gun where you're like, hey, would $10 make you remember? Yeah, yeah, I I remember some. I might uh, remember if you give me more. Hey, I'm out of money. Can I borrow ten bucks? Hey, here's ten bucks. <laughs> Go back and forth like that. Then I'll laugh. Uh, but yeah, it all leads to this fucking chip, th- this golden chip that ends up that Swoboda has from the crime scene that may or may not be controlling her. I don't know what happened. I'm telling you, it has to be controlling her. At the yeah, end, but I don't even know if it's the one from the crime scene or if it's a new one. Like the judge is gone because he I knows know. that Swoboda's working with Nightwing. Well, he says Swoboda. Did she have a chip, a gold chip on her, one that doesn't belong to any casino? And she's like, How did you? know that but yeah he may have given her a new one but she's Swoboda she ain't gonna yeah. just talk to this guy and take a chip it's just very weird and he's I like hey be, I think it'd be odder for her to take it from evidence yeah yeah I know but it's even weird like maybe she picked it up at the crime scene and then it maybe. started to man- manipulate her there and that's why she even called him but she called him about Guppy it's it yeah. just so weird and then and then out and of I'm nowhere you, the like, whole thing too I don't know how it activated because before we saw the judge had to whisper in that old lady's ear and here it's just Sabota out of nowhere pulls out of a gun and shoots Nightwing in the fucking chest yeah I'm well like, yeah. Did, what was our progression from I don't like, know you, because you it's weird you showed us this one why is the one desire that Sabota yeah. has is to shoot Nightwing yeah and it's even weird though because if you go back to that whole thing and maybe that's why she knows uh oh you know what i guess she was too dangerous for her friends or whatever what's weird is she didn't the the lady didn't say that he said it to her at the table and she was like what and then all of a sudden she was killing people she just said i'm from south dakota these fucking you know they don't want to do anything it's nonsense but yeah there's weird dialogue she's like it's not about her, is it? There's something you're not telling me. Do you know who he is and how to stop him? As if he's controlling her right there and wants to know if he knows. But he's been taunting through narration through the whole thing. Yeah. 
And then, yeah, it's like, I know what's in your heart. I know what you'll try to do and all this stuff. It's just so weird. And, yeah, she pulls out a gun and shoots him. Uh, and that's the cliffhanger. It's a classic comic cliffhanger yeah. of her shooting Dick Grayson. And it does look like he gets shot right in the and chest. And he's falling There's off blood. a goddamn like, yeah, high-rise. falling off a high-rise. I mean, I, I don't see And then she's there. And, of course, that last panel there, she's there with the smoking gun. And they definitely want you to see that chip that she's that holding in chip, her hand. Yeah. yeah, so we'll have to see. And, and really... The whole thing, yeah, the gold chip kind of seemed like something that was a calling card before when he was going through when – because he does. We kind of skipped over it. He does say that this judge character, twice he's actually tried to stop him and he he's slipped through him, his yeah. fingers both times. Uh, but it was never like he mind controls people with the golden chip or anything. So you're left to wonder what's going on. I thought it was just a calling card. It, it was fucked up setup because I'm telling you, by the end I was just confused about what they've been like trying to tell me about the judge yes. and about yeah. – you know, even the guppy. They have a free – this backstory of the guppy about who his father is like yeah i don't like you guppy no. you dirty goddamn well and mustache. this is the thing is and it's funny to say i don't like the villain i don't mean like oh man he's evil or whatever i just i'm not that interested in him not the yet. judge Hopefully the next issue does the, ju- for the judge who just walks around and whispers judges names to people that's how he called him because he's like, hey, Guppy, did he say anything else? Yeah, there were names. I remember now. And he's like, uh, where does he say? Elms Ginsburg, Marshall, Ellison. Huh, they're all judges. Holy shit, it's the judge. Like, really? It's Aaron Judge, Eric. But, and all uh, I can think of, though, too, is like when he said the judge, I went back to the, in my mind to this Batman animated series episode where yeah. there, there was this vigilante going around calling himself the judge. Please tell me that vigilante had a full-out powder wig. Did he yeah, have a powder? He had a full out powder wig. And the Damn right he off, would. He went after Two Face. Then uh, did like, he fight with the all... gavel? Did they, did uh, he yes. use the get? Yes. He had a giant Harley Quinn like gavel. Yeah. But, and he had a sword, a sword of justice. But the thing okay. is, at the end, it was a really great episode because at the end, he was going after Two Face, and Batman was trying to protect him. At the end, you saw that Harvey Dent had actually, you know, to combat against the Two Face persona, had created a third persona of the Judge. Of the Judge. So That's pretty actually, cool. It was Har- Har- Harvey Quinn. Harvey Quinn. Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> Harvey Dent has the judge. It was a very cool episode. And all I could think about when they kept saying the judge, like, I hope we get that because that was cool. Yeah, that was. Now you're, now you're talking, Eric. Now, at any point, did he get Harvey into a Quinn. ball? Did he ever roll up almost like a like a bug, one of those bugs that gets in the ball and says, it's time for me to parole out of here and then roll oh, out? Did he ever oh, do that? Oh. Did he say, I sentence you to a beat up? <laughs> a beat up. I'm telling you, I want the judge to have some catchphrases like this. He never said that. I sentence you to a killing. Does he do that? And then he tries to kill him. Does he say no, he, that? No, he does. I sentence you to death. And does he like ever he throw the break. book at him? Does he ever have like a big book and threw you know the what? book he at should. him? I don't recall if he does. See, but they should now I'm book. getting there right now. <laughs> Just that he has a powder wig is perfect. That's that's what I this judge is, is a, a hipster guy. A powder wig. Yeah. That's what you need. And then he's like, listen, and, and his hideout would be his chambers. Did he have that? That'd be awesome, no, too. That's that what he'd call the hideout. Episode. The chambers, Eric. That's what he'd do. You know? and, and then at one point did he yell, you know what? I may be the judge, but I'm the judge, jury, and executioner. Did he say that? Maybe. He might have he gone disorder have. in the court as well. Ooh, that would have been good. That would have been good. And then when they're like, you're going, I'm going to stop you now. Overruled. And then punches him. Oh, it's good stuff. See, that? that's fun. 
That's what I want. Not this judge who who looks like what that he's like Zach Galifianakis or whatever he pronounces his name. I always say it wrong. Galifianakis in the goddamn Hangover. That's what he reminds me of. Nonsense, Eric. But uh, I gave it a six out of ten. I love the art. I think the art's great. The art's amazing on this. It's it's been sorely needed to have good art on this book, so I really really appreciate that. Uh, the story's okay enough for me not to get completely upset, but it didn't. It, it, this was nothing where I'm a I'm a Dick Grayson fan. That's why we ended up switching books. Uh, I can't say that I'd read this and go to everybody. Hey, you got to get on the board. Oh, it's great. Oh, go there and it sucks because that's what I want to say. Uh, but what would you give it? I would give it a 5.5 out of 10 because yeah. I, I, while I did love the art, I hated the introduction of these new characters, the Judge and the Guppy. And the yeah. only thing I really enjoyed about the issue, like story-wise, was the introduction of Grayson CrossFit Studios. I really liked that aspect, but everything him. dealing with Nightwing I thought was ridiculous. You, you think that the, – does the Judge look like Zach Galifianakis at that Piscus? I always get him mixed up for, uh, with uh, – what's his name from uh, Gremlins too? The, Is that the Galligan? Name. Yeah, Galligan. I always want to just combine all their names together. I talked to him last night. I'm not sure you're Shut aware up. of that, Eric. I'm not sure if you realize that me and him had a dialogue why, going Why do you got to plunge a knife night. in my heart? Uh, yes, well, I'm going to plunge a knife in your heart with this last book. Uh, I would say that if anybody's been were listening to us for a while, like a lot of people jumped in and rebirth, uh, they would not be aware of a certain thing that we used to call flash reviews where if a book was so bad we wouldn't talk about it we would actually have a flash review which was basically we'd give our blurb like we do at the start of every review and then kind of say you know what this wasn't that good i like this done this book should be a flash review and and i'm gonna apologize ahead of time if you like this book and are really looking for some in-depth talk about it uh, you you might want to keep looking uh because i don't think this is going to be very long and it's why it's the last book of the podcast it is batwoman number 10 written by marguerite benet art by fernando blanco john rausch and adiron bennett and i i also say uh if you go dan does it on the site i i think that we should apologize to him Poor dan. For, for making him do this and we did and he really is, wanted to he but wanted boy to because he's a fan but this is one of those scenarios be careful what you wish for dan. yeah and, and really uh it's so funny because i sit there sometimes and i i'm like Boy, it, it really is. This is like he's he's almost like we we're we're torturing him. And I think he I don't want him to have to keep dealing with this, so I'm just gonna tell him that I'll do it the next issue until I read that next issue. And then I don't want any parts of it. So I'm telling you, I, I I hope if anything happens, I have to say, unfortunately, if Dan just says to me, I've had enough. I can't do it. It's torture. It's my I don't know that we're going to have Batwoman on the site or the podcast because it, we'll do like a thing what Reggie did with Hellblazer. And he just had made a stand. But it is Batwoman number 10. Batwoman continues, and this book needs something different. Stat, Eric. I consider myself a bit of a Batwoman fan. I'm, I'm not a, a huge fan. I'm not. That's She is you not like one of enough. my top five characters, but I do like her, and I usually do read her books. I read all the New 52, uh, and I liked it. And I even liked it when people were bailing, when Mark and Draco jumped on. It was hey, I thought it was fun. So that's all I need. Books like this, I, I really wish that people would realize that some books, you know, you have Batwoman. There are big Batwoman fans, but if you want to get more people involved, just have a 
little bit of fun. Uh, that's all you need to do. And there's None not of much this of that. Has been fun yet. There's not much of that going around in general. But what we get here is an unnecessary. Uh, what we get here is continuation of unnecessary recap uh, and setup of story that I don't even know what's going on. The art is good. But I am pretty much done with this book, and we continue on with this whole Scarecrow thing. Now, you would not be aware of this, but on the Patreon D, uh, comic book news uh, podcast that I did with Ryan this morning, uh-huh. I did mention how much of a Scarecrow fan you are to the point where you think that he should get involved with some other books. Like he'd be yeah. an interesting character in Cyborg, or he'd be an interesting character. The problem is every time we get him, he's not that interesting. I also At said all. that if anybody wants to get wants you to get triggered say hey i want scarecrow in a book but give me the arkham game scarecrow <laughs> he said you, you'll get upset but that's kind of what like we have here in the arkham game universe here this is not yeah, a scarecrow but that's what yeah and, and really you have the scarecrow here and we know what the scarecrow does he has this fear toxin. He does all this stuff. So you're going to end up with your worst nightmares. And really, by the end of it all, he ends up – this is why I don't think that they have him a lot in a lot of books because he is so one-dimensional the way they use him every time. You can mix it up a bit. Here, it's again, it's just to show Batwoman her greatest fears along with the readers. So we can and the see thing this. Is, we see this, and I had the same issue last issue where we have – you know. The hellscape of Kate Kane's mind, Wonderland, where she's a gigantic bat-wolf monster going after Scarecrow, who's just his normal self. And for some reason, this is scaring the hell out of him, and I don't understand the whole thing. Yeah, that's the problem. There's no rules. They go in later and say, okay, it was just Kate Kane. They were fighting in the lab, and everything was just normal. It was just the hellscape of their minds, (laughs) but it is never relayed that in the the art form because at one point, she is biting into freaking Scarecrow's shoulder. I'm like, is she really doing that in real life? She must be doing it. I don't uh, know uh, why he is the so funny scared thing, of the fucking monster. That I know. Well, exist. that's that's the weird thing. The funny thing about it is when the reveal is they weren't really like. Here's the reveal, Kate. You weren't really a wolf monster. You oh. weren't really in Wonderland. You were where you were before. Oh, oh my goodness, what a twist! No, we know that. We know how this works. The problem is, is when we don't know how it works is what you're throwing in here. Why is Scarecrow scared? You never had a point where you, you would think that Batwoman would have found something where, okay, she's going to turn the tide. She's going to reverse the issue here with something that happens. She doesn't. Plus, even in here, like, who is – are we seeing this through Scarecrow's vision? Because he's the only one who hasn't changed. Even Fatima is a fucking many-armed monster, almost like a personification of the, the many-armed deal. Yeah. And, and Kate is there. I can only believe that we must be seeing it through Scarecrow, though we're not because we're told we're not. And then you have Colony Prime who – you had that deal where he was going through this the whole time before. And he's like, oh, I see a video game and I see my daughter and I see this and that. There's still going to play with that later but that was just shoved aside because they realized you know what it's really tough to show both things going on at once so let's just concentrate on kate now at the end all this is is to show that kate is strong and that kate her worst nightmares are her only 
you know, she doesn't have dreams. She only has nightmares. She's her Eric. own, not worse nightmare. Yes. Yeah, and that's all that we get. And she's here. dealt with it already. And so again, it's not a big you're deal. Al- yeah, and you're almost led to believe that that's what wins the day against Scarecrow. Like, is that what they're trying to pull? Like, if you don't have fears or nightmares, that you are your own worst nightmare, then you become Scarecrow's worst nightmare because he wants to give you a nightmare. And then he's afraid that the nightmare isn't a nightmare of a nightmare. I'm telling you, as convoluted as what I just said as a joke, it's worse in this book. Because it just goes on and on, and it goes on and on. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I don't know if reading these ten issues now, including this one, uh, I don't know if you realized, Eric, that uh, she doesn't like her father. And I don't know if you realize that she's mad that her father uh, lied about her about her uh, her sister, sister Beth. Stuff like that, yep. And I don't know that you uh, don't realize that she had a love of Seraphina. All of this is Sophia. yes, yeah, yeah, Sophia. I told you every time I see it, I say that. But you know what I mean that she has this love of Sophia. All of this we know. So oh, we're I not know. getting I'm anything. I'm telling you though. When uh, Jacob Kane comes in then later on and is discussing everything that, you know, he has done and about the idea of being yeah. a parent and shit like that, and the art decides, okay, now we're going to show that in a weird way where as the she conversation starts goes on, she, she becomes a child, yeah. and, and then it's all over. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? You are- Yeah, because they get saved. They end up getting saved by Colony. And yeah, and that's the thing is you're almost getting like when he's ta- – also, he's talking to her. And I got the idea, you know, you get the full idea that he can't just come out and say, hey, Kate, you know, my daughter here, Beth. But it skirts this issue between also where Kate's uh, or uh, Jacob's talking to her. The dialogue is not subtle at all. So I don't know if people didn't know. If somebody just joined in, they would think that Jacob didn't know who she was until he did. And it makes no sense. But like you said, what he's saying to her and she is turning into a little child, this would be something that we should have seen in the dreamscape. I know. And it should have been something where he is talking to her like a piece of shit, like she still is a little girl. But he's not. He's actually trying to tell her why he did what he did and basically why he lied about Beth, her sister and stuff. And he says, if you want me to say I lied, then I lied. If you want me to say I did a terrible thing, then I did a terrible thing. You say you made peace with becoming the thing you never wanted to be, and so did I. Uh, deep down, if you were in my shoes, in your father's shoes, and it's weird, like in your like I'm sitting there, are you still playing with that? You don't know who this is, but you would have never done any different than I'm doing now. We are fighting for a better world. Like This isn't like, listen, little girl, you're not smart you. enough. You haven't seen the world. You think you've seen the world? It's not like I, that. I, could, I can tell you, I could really see the artist sitting there, I'm like, this will be a cool progression to do this whole thing when like you know i could see that as an artist take but as a reader when we've already come out of the whole fearscape the dream the wonderland fearscape we're out of that now and then we go to this whole weird progression where she becomes a little girl all that you would need though to actually make this better like you know not on an artist standpoint i would have to think but a dialogue balloon or a, a caption block a box where it says every time he talks to me like this it makes me feel like a child yeah 
Why does it? Why he's my father, but he always seems to want to talk down to me like I'm still a child. And then he he they even throw in Marguerite Benet throws in the deal where uh, if you're not reading Detective, if you just joined in. He throws in that line: Ask those kids you think you're training. Ask them in ten years if they survive. Ask them what they think of you. If you're not even reading, I mean, at least they're put, see Detective Comics? Because yeah. nobody's going to know. Kids. And all of a sudden, you're wondering, you can only think he means Julia or something. That one person, and she's not a kid. You're, you're missing a better story than what you're getting here. <laughs> That's right. They don't want to put an editor's note. You might uh, put, you know, bail on it, jump ship. But yeah, and then it goes away, and that's where – then all of a sudden, Kate's like, children turn on their parents. Creations turn on their creator. Oh, my God. That's what Scarecrow said. And then you get this whole thing. Prime, you will never keep a sick animal like Scarecrow in a cage. Vials break. Viruses get out. You won't be able to contain him. Like, Kate, what, what, what happened to the dialogue? Like what happened to the dialogue in this book? It used to be like that was never the problem. I, if I remember, it just was the story was going nowhere. Now the dialogue is catching up with that. There it is. Break the chain. That's what Dan used for his header. You want my advice? Pour cement in this entire bunker. Break the chain. Oh God. Yeah, and then the but you in have the end just... we find out that you know Sophia, what she saw before in her Wonder Wonderland nightmare dreamscape. She actually, was actually happened there. there. She was actually and she's there. Like, oh my god! And she runs out to see that she's already left the facility and she's gone. Yeah, because she looks at the camera. She looks at the camera. I don't know why. I guess she we would see look we at see that. a we see a fox and a wolf, which just really means Sophia. Yeah, yeah. And then they, they go, and you know, after all these years, she can still make you come running, my lady of the island. <laughs> What is going on? And then she goes, now we're going to have more foxes and roses, Eric, like we had before. Why won't this end? And then it's, uh, you know, my dearest siren, all the damage we have done and all the damage we have left to do, heed my warning. If you want to save your sister, go home. I'm like, I, I don't know where this started with the sister. I know that we always say about Beth and, you know, we we know all about her and things like yeah. that. But this book just, it, it just throws things out there for no reason. You have now no idea what's Red going Alice, on. I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's where we're going with that. Yeah, and it's just very odd, but what, what would you give it? I'm depressed now. I got, I'm gonna, well, you tell me this. I'm going to get ready to load my app so I can no, talk about saying, what we're going to talk know, about next the time. Not, the art's not bad, but it's not something I really think like you know makes the book put it, like, put it on a pedestal or anything like that. It, it's yeah. decent art. It does what it has to do. I think there are some odd choices in making you know, yeah, I like become art. a child, but – the story's just nonsense, and on top of the nonsense, it's just boring, and I'm like, it doesn't yeah. make any sense to me in the long run. I want us to move on and have some fun with Kate Kane. Just get her to a better place where people can, you know, jump on, like, I like this Batwoman because the story makes sense, and it actually, you know, goes with the whole idea, too, about – Remember when we were looking for monster venom, Jim? Remember yeah, that? Yeah, she does say that at the I one know. point. where the, the worst is I'm going through because I actually uh, wanted to bring up the one thing to you to kind of see what you thought. At one point, out of nowhere, they actually named those twins. Oh, there oh, it is. Elder and Younger. Elder and younger. I, yeah, I, I, was that, I don't remember that being spelled out before, but you have that. Uh, it, but it might be. It might have maybe. been. And the whole thing, it just adds to the ridiculousness of it because we have the many hands of death. The people behind it are the twins who are twins from different mothers who were born yeah. at different parts of the country at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And what is called younger and what is called elder. Yeah, so I'm sure that it wasn't the same time. Anymore. No, no so I'm sure that the joke is the one's uh, second minute 
older. I bet you that's, you know, how twins are. Oh, I'm the oldest because they were born like they were ripped out like 30 seconds before or whatever. Different mothers. Yeah. Well, even so, I was going back and then I saw one of the other things I wanted to bring up just real quick because I don't want to spend too much time. This is where the dialogue that I was talking to you about that all of a sudden the dialogue has gone completely off. And you also have a weird art thing. It's when uh, Jacob shows up and Jacob says, listen, I'm taking the scarecrow alias the needle. You know, it's funny. He's like, I'm bringing Jonathan Crane alias scarecrow alias the needle into our custody. And Kate's like, no, 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 you can't do that. That's nonsense. And that's where Jacob starts yelling at her and now they are with the personification of a bulldog or a pit bull and a, and a, a freaking fox or a, something behind them that's supposed to like show you what they act like it's nonsense and he's like listen you're all anger you're raw wound fire and broken glass chaos disguised as a commander you pride yourself on order on discipline as if you don't crumble down inside a whiskey glass I'm like i don't remember seeing her be a, a total full-out drunk she it, was it really, back in the wall yeah, but, she, but that wasn't. But it seemed like that was just her partying. You know what I mean? This makes him seem like now, where he thinks that she is all this order and stuff, and then she just goes every night and keeps drinking. It's just nonsense. It's just complete and utter nonsense. And then she, he says, "I read Prime's report on the finale in this little matinee to use some vile poison like fear toxin on yourself to give into it and to embrace it." Like, what are you talking about? It's just nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense. Did I say I give it a 3 out of 10? I think that's what you said because that's what I'm going to give it a three out of ten, and that three's for art. I, I just I I know that Marguerite Benet so Marguerite Benet has said that if you don't give her a positive review, don't talk to her. I, I don't think I'm ever going to talk to her no. Erica, at least about this book because I I do think that it's just it's not good. It's really not a good book, and really the the biggest sin of any comic this does it's boring. It's yeah. very boring. A comic is made to not be boring. But uh, you want to uh, what's our what's your book of the <laughs> I'm all out of, out of sorts now. I, I What's your book of the week? Book of the week is anymore. Mine Jesus is metal. Christ. Mine is Dark Knight's metal. Uh, I know you didn't like it as much. I would say that yours was. Mine is uh, Superman yours is weird. It is Superman that, yeah. 37, but yet yeah. then you kind of seem to like Super Sons a little more. But you gave that a seven. But uh, we like both of those. I actually yeah. those were very close to being my books of the week as well. I, and if you're wondering, we do have that on the Patreon account. So if you want to hear us talk about those and actually talk about books we really like you can go over to our patreon account i'll say it this last time patreon.com slash weird science and join in on all the fun become part of the get fresh crew eric boop, boop. Boop, boop. but here's what we're going to talk about next week on the podcast we're going to talk about and i'll uh, tell you next week eric str- strap in because oh, it's going to be a bumpy ride where's wrong turn action comics number 994 Batgirl number 18. There's so many books I'm just going to go through these. Uh, Batman Beyond number 15. Batman Creature of the Night number 2. Blue Beetle number 16. You have Demon Hell is Earth number 2. Detective Comics number 971. Doomsday Clock number 2. Oh, wait a minute, Eric. I have to at least. Better fasten up. Your Doomsday Clock is going to be a bumpy ride. It will. We have Flash number 37. Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps number 35. You, you, you ready for me to be done, Eric? Because we're still only halfway Hurry through. Up. Hawkman found one. 
Hellblazer number 17, Just League of America number 21, The Commodity Challenge number 12, Nightwing the New Order number 5, Suicide Squad number 32, Teen Titans number 15, and Wonder Woman number 37. So uh, two of those books will definitely be on the Patreon that will be picked by the badass of the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop, boop. boop. And also remember that from now on, our Spotlight podcast that comes out every Thursday night on our regular feed uh, will only be as its own spotlight we will not have that one in the podcast again we're not going to double we're going to stop double dipping that and just having that as its own thing so if you want to listen to that this week it was trinity if you want to listen to that just it'll be on your feed if you get this on the feed it'll be on that as well so you can uh, some people i i just some people it would go up on thursday and like oh i really wanted to listen to it but i wanted to wait and this just allows you to full out just listen to it or when they it comes did out. listen to it and when the big podcast and then they come skip. Out, just fast forward through yeah it and then they fast they'd forward. already listened yeah, I think this will be on easier on everyone. But, Eric, we're done. We are done All with right. the podcast. What do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. Happy week. holidays. Holidays. See you in seven. See you in seven. Oh, Eric.